Annuals week is upon us, boys and girls, and what that means is we don't have a lot of books to talk about, but I'm sure it's still going to be a lengthy show because this is the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I am Jim Werner. And what what episode is this, Eric? You're currently listening to episode number 126. Yes, I, I just wanted to introduce Reggie because Reggie is here. I was going to introduce him, but I forgot that you didn't say the episode yet. 126, huh? Hooey. Hey, Reggie, how you doing? Hi! How you doing? Howdy ho, fellas! Hey, everybody! Hey there! Uh, Reggie is going to be with us for a big part of the podcast because uh, he doesn't have any books this week. That motherfucker Whoa. sat home eating bonbons and who Delicious. knows what else. Skittles, Skittles mainly. Skittles. Skittles. Mainly, yeah. Gross. Yeah. Yeah, in the meantime, we did have a uh, little podcast that we did last night. We got together last night and did something that's going to be like a Patreon-only type thing later on. And it was about candy. And Reggie, you got me all inspired. I did go and get a Swedish Fish because that's one of Reggie's favorites. And I went and got them, and we verified. Of course, man, damn. Uh, we, but, but, yeah, they don't know what this thing is that I'm talking <laughs> about. And half the people are going to be paying for it anyway, so they'll never hear it. Uh, but yeah, uh, the thing was Reggie had claimed that some Swedish Fish fish uh they were different if you got them in the big bag he was yeah. correct we verified oh, that today and boy i forgot how much i like swedish fish i was eating mm-hmm. those things but uh, you end up getting that taste like really sticks with you after a while Definitely. oh yeah it's very like yeah, a it, chalky very like yeah you yeah, know and, and also like you know when you pump yourself with about you know half a pound of them it, they'll wear on you after a while yeah or two and a half pounds like the last time i did it yeah, yeah, there this you go. was a big bag, and we we had the choice between either the Swedish Fish five pound bag or the uh, sour. Uh, what's it called? The uh, what are those patch guys kids. things? Yeah, sour patch kids. Oh, and I hate those. My kids all well, it was two to two, but I said I I couldn't eat those sour patch kids would just rip my mouth apart. Uh, there was a thing where you could get a combo bag of Swedish Fish and the sour patch kids. The problem is Whoa. they were they were all in like these little like you know fun size things, but they weren't so fun size. It looked like uh, yeah, when we were feeling them, we were kind of getting there. It looked like three Swedish fish per bite. What the fuck? Yeah, any any system where they give you a smaller package inside of a larger package, you know, it's, yeah, they're just ripping fun. you off. That's yeah, it. You're, they're just. I you agree. Know. I agree. But hello and welcome, one and all, the official and official podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for the week of June third. 2017 as we record we are in june but of course these books all fell on the 31st and that made it a fifth week which makes it annuals week and it's funny too because uh when we first started the rebirth we had already been doing the podcast but a lot of people jumped on with rebirth and that first annuals month really hit a lot of people hard like they had no idea what was going on (laughs) everybody seems to be up to speed now like last week they you already were seeing messages and things like hey i'll see you in two weeks see you in 14 because (laughs) there's not much going on now they did try to make this a little more uh important by ending the lazarus contract uh, on this, and uh, yeah, you, you'll hear later. We weren't so impressed. And throwing the flash in to catch us up for our regular freaking And they had regular, the flash. Like that was just, that was lucky that they had that for right, them. Right, because the other they one really was delayed. Did. Otherwise, yeah. it would have had just three books, right? That's yeah, it. yeah. 
Yep, and, and the weird Crazy. thing is, and we talk at the end, next week we get the uh, DK3, Dark Knight 3, Master Ooh. Race, it ends. Supposedly. That was something, yeah, that was something that always ended up on annuals week. It would have been just, perfect. You'd have yeah, really it would have been. The, uh, you know. I, I, mean, the I problem, had a the theory. The annuals week is you got to look at it from the retailer's point of view, is like his, his business went from, or her business Went from right. whatever full one hundred percent to like ten yeah. percent that week. You know, I mean, it drops, and yeah, it is yeah. an extra week. But why do you why do you have to be an well, extra week? And, of and, like, well, thank uh, God we had Wonder Woman Day to freaking bring everybody to the comic yes. shop. Oh well, yeah, and, and comic, here you the go. Comic shop was packed, of course. On oh Wonder yeah. Woman. Well, we don't we Not don't the have. Movie well, obviously we don't we don't sell comics, but you see that whole thing on the site as well because all of a sudden you have numbers that just plummet because nobody wants to you know head to see these four books and a lot of people did bail. We saw a lot of people uh, you know give us their tweets of their pull list and it got a little thin. Uh, this got really lot, thin. Yeah, a lot of people. And again, though, it, it kind of lets you reset your batteries. Reggie, you got to relax. Like, I think Trevitt still things. picked up like 30 fucking books. Though. I know. Uh, no. it was a, he said it was a light week for him. Yeah. Four it was pages. a light week. They ha- they only pulled up three vans to the door <laughs> and, and gave him his goddamn books. But yes. I don't uh, even know where we, the hell he got some of those yeah, books from. Who knows? <laughs> I'm telling you, though, he is one of the last people that I talk to that will support every and any book that, that Marvel puts out as well. And if, yeah. if you did take notice, Marvel isn't going with this fucking nonsense. They they put out pretty much a full-scale attack of books this yeah. week. They they had a lot out. So And really, if DC is going to pull back and do this quote-unquote annual week, Marvel's smart to throw some shit out there because people will go and have a couple extra bucks and check some things well, out. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's very it's fascinating you bring this up because this is something that Chris and I are going to talk about on this very program later for our Young Animal segment that has no Young Animal books in it. Yeah. We talk about fifth weeks at different events that comic companies used to have during fifth weeks. They used to launch, like, alternate universes. You know, there was yeah. a whole thing. The Tangent Universe yeah. DC Comics launched then, and Amalgam Comics happened on fifth weeks. Uh, they used to use that to sort of even like they would they would have more books that week to try to really get to juice some money out of oh, yeah. people basically I, and to get people excited. Is, you, now, did you say real... juice? Yeah. Okay. What was your? <laughs> no, yeah, ju- juice. Yeah, they yeah. juice. I said yeah, the yeah, thing. Not... The thing about it is we've Whatever, said it. Whatever, man, it's cool. We've said it on past. Uh, uh, annuals week it didn't come to play this week as much but there were times where they had an annuals week and then the next week they put out a number one uh you know uh-huh. a rebirth number one and we me and eric both said what why the hell you have this open space where like you said people go they have a weekly amount they're going to pay for comics introduce some things you know throw some things out there like that have some events like you said now they did it like again they did end the lazarus contract uh and they had that wonder what woman annual they? that kind of tied into <laughs> well and it kind of tied into the wonder no woman movie but hey we are proud members of the comics podcast network the weebie geeks Crap. network the batman Crap. podcast network and the tangent Crap. bound podcast network Crap. uh here's where you can find us on the internet we're on facebook you can like us at weird science dc comics on podbean weird science dc comics at podbean.com where you can go and subscribe to our podcast that's where the feed is located we're on twitter at weird science dc 
And, of course, we have an award-winning website that the three of us like to throw out there with our flowery reviews at weirdsciencedccomics.com. And you can email us as well at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. I'll mention that again because if you do email the podcast, we will read every single email. Whether you like to fly, you know, give us some nice things like Brandon does every week or if you want to throw some shade like Jed. And Jed, you know, he kind of threw some shade. But we're also on iTunes where you can subscribe, rate, and review us. And we got a review this week, and it is a right. five-star right. review. Five stars from OpenNoMe50, and I hope I'm saying that right. Basically, he says that me and Eric are fantastic, even if the supporting cast is uneven. Like, Ooh-wee! Throwing the shade. Doesn't say cast. who. Doesn't say who. But we'll, yeah. we'll have to find that out. But we do have a rant and rave they line mean, as they well. They mean Brandon. Yeah. Yes. Now, Ch- Trevitt. <laughs> who knows who knows uh you could call us at 641-715-3900 enter extension 452-328 followed by the pound sign it's just that easy folks it is just now, that now listen, easy I, I got i gotta break in oh, here no. for a minute i gotta i gotta break cafe as they uh-huh. say in wrestling are uh, you turning heel is that what you're I, doing <laughs> I, I might be the heel although i think you guys are the heels really yes, you know we, i listened we to last week's be. episode and I listened to the mail, and at the end of section one was that mail from Jed, the the, okay. the one yes. where he said he hated you guys, and yes. his name was his, we assumed was or you assumed was Jedediah, and wasn't he from Alabama? Did I imagine? I don't that? think I, just, he, I, I don't think he ever said. I think maybe I said it. I think I always uh, go with Mississippi, but you know, maybe I don't know. Even, yeah, and and you know, uh, and that, and that was fine. You know, you got you attacked him, and that was right. That was righteous because you know people that hate the show are obviously assholes, but. I really think you went over the line when you imitated Dancing Mike. I, uh, I, 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 I don't think that that was that that was so, right. So I mean, he he's a friend. He was not nice drunk. He's a, I mean, do, I mean, do you have those clips, Jim? Or, I, I do. And in fact, I, Reggie, I do. So well, I'll basically, be. what you're telling me is <laughs> what you're telling me is this. Fine-sounding man that like. So I'm calling you from our ninth and current capital of these United States, Washington no, no, D.C. Play, play, uh, play Nancy Mike one, not the Jedediah one. Uh, okay, well, yeah, <laughs> you, so, <laughs> so what you're saying is this might have been me imitating Dancing Mike. Hello, guys. I know you should know your names, but <laughs> I really don't want to get to know you. Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was really over. I mean, I mean, Dancing Mike has done a lot for the show. Last week, he's a friend of the show, you <laughs> no. know, and I don't think I think wait, he's a member wait. of the Get Fresh crew. That is I don't true. Think, I really don't think you should have done that. I think you should apologize to. I was really kind of hoping he you would mean here you tonight. mean apologize for this one again because I, I want to hear it again because I don't even recognize who who was this crazy fella at two a.m. screaming and waking up his family. <laughs> Hello, guys. I know you should know your names, but <laughs> I really don't want to get to know you. Exactly like Dancing Mike. I don't uh, know why I, I I apologize, and it, this is not Dancing Mike either. Tarnation! Oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah, that, no, that, that, that sounds like Dancing Mike there, too. That, that sounds no. just like... <laughs> but, but this is Jed, you're saying. So I'm calling you from our ninth and current <laughs> that, that's right. Jed. United States, yeah, Washington, that's D.C. That's you doing Jedediah right that's there. I mean, I, know, I think the whole dying. thing is tasteless because he's a friend of the show, and I just that's all. I just wanted to say that. I just Put that I'll, out there for you. I just want to listen to that one again because I, I sound like I was having a grand old time. I barely uh, remember that. 
See, this well, is what were, happens there. You were we furious. Do. That was like, what it really was. You were fucking so mad. Yeah, I guess I was mad. I, I was getting all fucking fired up. But you know what? We'll, we'll hear from actually Jed and not from Dancing Mike, it seems tonight. Weird. I think Dancing Uh-oh. Mike might have got lost in Washington, Maybe he was DC. offended. Maybe he, he was offended. He may have been. Your, I guess I'm, I'm sorry, Mike. I'm, I'm sorry that I said you sounded like Hello, this. Hello, guys. I know you should know the names, <laughs> but <laughs> I really don't want to get to know you. Well, wait. <laughs> I think I woke everybody up at that point. People were getting oh, mad. Boy. You woke uh, me yes, up, that's for sure. We're going to start <laughs> off this rant rave. Uh, hopefully it doesn't get that crazy, but I don't know. I don't know. I've never talked to you, Reggie. Uh, do you enjoy the calls from uh, uh, Guy Big Tony? Is there a possibility? Do you enjoy his his way that he, he talks to you like that? He really, he really he kind of sounds like an idiot if you ask I me. Think I think he does as well. Sounds like yeah. a real asshole, this guy. But, real boorish, you know, kind, kind, kind of muscle head. But, yeah, you know, like yeah. But it like, takes all types. That's fine. It does take all types. And, and like we said, with the emails, we also – I do go by that policy as well. Any rant and raves we will play in almost in its entirety – Possibly, they sometimes uh-huh. dancing. Mike has to get his, you know, cut in half a little. That one point, he had the twenty-minute rent rave. We have to do a little something about that. But we're going to start off with Big Tony. And while this is playing, I am going to mute my mic because I'm going to go off and see if Dancing Mike might have. Uh, sent us an, a rant rave because it's odd not to hear from him, but it's also yeah. uh, me and Eric were actually doing a bunch of things before here, and I may have missed it. So I'm going to check that out while we listen to Big Tony. Yeah, bro. Hello, this is uh, Big Tony from Goni yeah, Island. Tony. I'm calling the guys at the uh, with Zion's DC Gummies dot com podcast. You got to do a terrific job. I, I love what you're Ooh. doing. I just got to go. You know, you know, just uh, just the other day, uh, Wonder Woman came out. You know, everyone's been waiting for it's the true. Wonder Woman movie. Very excited. I seen a lot of pictures. Little girls in their Wonder Woman costumes it was very touching. But then I seen that this uh, theater over there, the Alamo Draft House Theater, they got oh, one day. in Brooklyn. Don't you throw shade at the Alamo. Uh, I've never been to it myself. I pretty much stay to the south end of the island. I don't really go up there to buy the uh, hipsters, but, you know, I know it is a Alamo Theater over there, and they got over in uh, Austin and probably L.A. or whatever the hell else you got it's over there. It's a well-known chain. They were going to have women's only show women's of only. Uh, Wonder Woman. Which or is, women's you know, what only. That's because the uh, ladies are <laughs> waiting for a little representation in theater in the superhero genre. Not to mention in the theater in general for a long time. And that's really fine because, you know, if you want to have a private showing, it's just a matter of running out of theater. Anybody could do it. You could have a weird science I've done private it. showing if you wanted to shell out a couple thousand dollars. It really ain't a thing. You could, you know, the Kiwanis Club, whatever it is. You know, you want to have the, uh, the Freemasons, they, they have a private showing. You have a little party, you do a little toot. That's how, that's how it goes down in a private show. Is that what it goes on? The blockbuster movie. It's not like there's not enough theaters in New York that you, but you couldn't see it anywhere else over here. You know, people over in Times <laughs> Big Square. Big Tony always has like a problem with something. theaters showing the goddamn movie. Yeah. So I what the big deal is. So, but apparently there was a couple of guys that they they got their panties in a bunch. You know, no bun intended, because they, uh, <laughs> well, you know, felt like this was uh, disrespectful, or perhaps they were being excluded from seeing the movie in this women's only showing. Like, buddy, go see it in another in another theater. I don't see what the big deal is. One fella went and bought a digit. He bought a digit anyway and thought he was going to, like, buck the system. They'll just turn you around, kid. It ain't really a big don't thing. Don't buy that digit. You know what I mean? I don't know why, why <laughs> you think it was like a revolution. But to be honest, I was looking into it. I'm looking on the Facebook. I'm looking on Twitter. I don't really see that many people really that upset about this women's no. only showing. I no. see a lot of people. 
a, the blowback is ridiculous. It, yeah. There had to be fucking 400,000 comments about how many are, you know what I mean, cruel and <laughs> oh, there was a, yesterday they had one. I don't even see this happening, though. You know what I mean? If a, if a 13-year-old kid that his mom's a fucking asshole, he's going to get on the the, <laughs> uh, the internet and call people names or whatnot and be disrespectful to women. But what he needs is to get his mouth clocked. You know what I mean? That's really a That's big right. thing. You just call right me up, big Tony, head. or a couple of my friends. Tony we'll knows how it is. Son, and uh, that, that'll be that. Simple as that. You know what I mean? But as far as just go knock out your son, and, and not to mention, so it's a free service. It wasn't women Tony. really making a big yep. think about it. It was other men. Like, well, you know, take a back seat, kids. You know what I mean? Like, don't don't be outraged for women. Let them be outraged for themselves. Am I right? You know what I'm talking about? Right. Tony. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Chime in over there with your white knight bullshit. Just take a take a seat, relax. You know what I mean? If you, <laughs> I do if you're know what right, you were talking about, Big show, Tony. Just be all right with it and shut your goddamn mouth. No one wants to hear your bullshit on the internet. As simple as that. But to be dope. honest, I, I would have thought it was not a big thing, but then I see in the it's news yesterday that an attorney actually like, a brought a lawsuit thing. against Alamo Draft House Theater right. for these showings. I, you never heard so much bullshit in your life. You know this guy <laughs> they're going to lose because there's no precedence for this kind of thing. They can refuse service to anybody they want to. And if they're going to call a character witness, no asshole's going to be like, yeah, I think I, I should have been in the fucking women's only show. <laughs> yeah, and fuck them women, huh? Come on, what is, what is wrong people in this world? So well, that's basically my, my opinion on, on the matter. I think that if women's only showing, you want to have uh, Eric only showing just him in a theater by himself because of his social anxiety. I think that's That'd fine. Awesome. You know what I mean? You want to have uh, you know, that's the dream. men only showing and Wonder Women. The thing is, a lot of the movies you know, I've seen, it has been an Eric only showing. Only showing so that's probably a good yeah, idea. You don't, really, you don't really want them mingling with the general population. You understand what I'm talking about here? It really ain't a big I, thing. I do know people what you're talking about. That, <laughs> and furthermore, people <laughs> reacting to it becomes an even bigger thing than people was trying to make it in the beginning. And that's my two cents on the matter. You guys uh, keep it good and uh, love the podcast. And, uh, you know, Big Tony, can't, can't wait to hear more of that. <laughs> you know what you I'm go. saying? <laughs> Thank you, Big Tony. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, we do know what you're saying, <laughs> Big Tony. Ah, uh, yes. Thank you, Big Tony. And we're going to go on to the next rent and rave, which I know people love. Greg Capullo calls, right? You, you're a big, sure you're oh, a yeah. huge fan, right, Reggie? But also, people also like this. Get fresh, girl. Oh, yeah. Big fans, right? Big fan. Ship. Ship. All right, that's a setup for this next call, then, because this is Brian from Arkansas. Hey, guys, this is Brian from Arkansas. I just wanted to see if I could recapture the magic that I did a few months ago with my um, Get Fresh Crew whoop whoop soundbite, because I do hear you use it every once in a while, but then I hear you make fun of me because of the way I end it, and it kind of hurts my feelings, because I don't know why I said ship. But anyhow, I want to see if I can get it right. So It was right the first time, baby. If you can isolate this and use this on future broadcasts. That would be great. You ready? Yep. Three, two, one. Get fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Shit. S-H-I-P. Shit. I like shit better. There you go. Oh, he, he's God, so upset. I, I love them both. They're so yes, good. they're both just as good. I'm going to have both. It's going to be one and two, but he's so upset that we laugh at the ship that he had That's to correct hilarious, it. That's hilarious, though. It's great. 
He he actually it's funny that he actually had to go back and actually include the curse. Usually you're gonna, you know, edit the cursing out. He has made it the curse. The ship is what makes that, unfortunately. Yeah. But yes, that was Brian, and thank you, Brian. And thank next you, Brian. though. Next is from Jedediah. Now, if you remember, this is not Jedediah. Reggie says this. Hello, is... guys. I know you should know your names, but this, 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 I really don't want to get to know you. <laughs> I just think I'm like, boy, I had some energy going there. But this is Jedediah calling in to tell us a thing or two. Oh, Hey, you'll never believe who this is. <laughs> Guess who? Greg Kapoor? That's right, it's Jed. Oh. And you were right about one thing when I stuck around to read and hear my words coming out of your asshole mouth. <laughs> I get... <laughs> and guess what? I'm pretty pissed. Right. Figured I I'd there was a play problem. your little game and call <laughs> in and just give you a little piece of my mind. But you know what? You also said I was confused. Well, guess what? I know a little bit about comics myself. Try this one on for size. You want to know what my favorite comic is? Well, guess what? what? Just guess. What? Uh, Justice League. It's Hellblazer. That's right. Oh, oh you son of a... Book. That's right, it, Reggie. Huh, how confused am I now? Shots Must think fired. I'm this big southern dummy hopping around my straw hat. Well, guess what? You're wrong. I'm a learned up comic book reader. And that's why I love Constantine. And you know what else I love? Oh, here it comes. Swedish fish. Justice League. Oh, God. Pauses are killing me. shit of gods. It really it does build up attention. It. <laughs> it does. You must be some kind of dumb asshole. And don't fuck with Jed. That's right. Jed and I will strike. And all right. <laughs> I'll be back, boys. He'll be back. Sounds like old Jed and I might have a case of the gonorrhea going on. You think he might have the gonorrhea? <laughs> hey might be boy. in the fifth stage. <laughs> hey there, boys. You got to go on a reel with the tin ear. Maybe he'll mention the tin ear uh, next time. Uh, we'll see. But maybe he'll mention it this next because we have one last rent and rave, and it's, it's Jed again. Here we go. Hey, I guess I do got a rant and or rave for you. Uh, That's right. It's me. I'm back. And cool. I told you I would be. You just yep. didn't think you'd you ain't be no so liar. soon, did you? He ya? might be stupid, well, I got but he's not a liar. And no, it ain't to you, Tim and Derek. I'm talking oh. to your listeners. Y'all really want to download a show on your cellular phone? Well, you got a guy named Fairy Mike dancing and prancing and singing and booking. Jesus Christ. Well, that's all your loss, because the government tracks that shit. And guess That's right. <laughs> I believe They're going to have you lined up, written down on a list as some homo, because the government watches that shit. That's for so, sure. No, that, that is true. Now? And another thing, y'all probably think I'm some stupid motherfucker, don't know nothing about comics. Yeah. Well, you might be surprised <laughs> to know that I have... Been well entrenched in such classics as Gotham Academy, oh, Second gosh. Semester, 
Yeah. <laughs> Who's Come the on. moron? Go just man. throw your money away. That's what I thought. Jeez. And another thing. It's like all for I all books let too. my papa know all about you. <laughs> papa. So, be looking forward to a third strike <laughs> from the man who came before me. That's right. Papa. Get it, die. Papa. Strike again. Oh, goodness. Tony, i got to have kids now just in the hope that they have kids so I can be called Papaw one day. So you can be there called Papaw? Uh, I thought because you wanted to have a family feud, the uh, Shaz yeah. and the Jedediahs. Uh, now I'm worried that I missed I another be call because that, that was the last call. So I guess Papaw, he didn't call him. Well, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I almost fell off my chair. Let me tell you chair. something. Anyone that likes Hellblazer, I'm not mad at them. I just feel sorry for them because they, they obviously were hurt very deeply yes. in their lives. Yes, they were. But that is the Rent Rave. So thank you, Big Tony, Brian, and Jed, Jedediah. Uh, and before we go off, I do have something. We had done this before. I don't know that we've done it since Rebirth started. Me and Eric were trying to figure it out. Uh, but one thing that we used to like to do, we know that a lot of people download the podcast and listen to it during the work week. It gets them through the work week. Unfortunately, a uh, fucking wrong turn has made it, so I can't listen to podcasts at work, but most Asshole. people can. So they like to listen to this and get through the work week and i said one of the big things growing up that i always did love and i know a lot of people throw shade at them but i love the morning zoos uh you know in every city i actually like to download different programs and things i haven't done this in a long time but i used to like to hear like each iteration of a town's or a city's morning zoo but the one thing that you get from those guys is they always have that ready for the weekend pump up sure do where they play like you know lover boys working for the weekend and they always have the clips on my own damn couch yeah and on my own damn couch is a big one but then they always throw in all these happy freaking sound clips and stuff like that and because i love that so much i've occasionally i've done this but i make it the let's get pumped up for the week song so everybody can be all fired up and it gets you in the right mood going forward now we listen going to back jet. to work you gotta be in the right mindset yeah everybody's in a great mood now and you know but they're not because it's monday a lot of people at this point it's monday morning they're like god damn it my work week's just started i have five days in this fucking hell hole of a, a cardboard box factory and i like to do something to get them pumped up and and in a better spirit to go on with the rest of the podcast. So I'm going to play this before we head off to the first mail section, and I hope that it does the trick for everybody, including you, Eric, and you, Reggie, as well. I hope that it does the trick. So here we go. Hey, if this I got our... paid more, I could buy a gun and shoot myself. That is right. Which... This is our Get Ready and Get Pumped for the Week song for everybody out there in the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop. Boop, boop. You ever seen a grown man naked? Oh, righty then. Swing. Would you know my name? Yeah, baby. <laughs> if I saw you in heaven. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. Would it be the same? Oh, no more Yankee, my Winky. Get off my plane. What are you looking at, butthead? They're brain damn fighting. Nice beaver. 
Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Let me help you with that. No shirt, no shoes, no, no ties. <laughs> I want you guys to go out there and protect your balls at any cost. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. Uh, yes, everybody, you, you like that, Eric? You, you I want to die. Up. <laughs> you pumped up for the week. Let's go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How's that? <laughs> you had that Fast Times uh, sample. That was it. I'm pumped now. Yeah, you're pumped now. You're ready to kill sure. yourself. That's his all little boy you... is dead, Jim. Yeah, that, that, yeah, really. His little boy fell out of the window, and, and we're using it to get pumped up for the week. Really, if you want to go with that, uh, it's one of those, you know, how could they get any worse than that? <laughs> oh, God. So, really, you're sitting there in your cardboard so box sad. factory. You're just like, eh, at least I'm not that. But, yes, we're going to go off, and I hope everybody enjoyed the pump-up song. Uh, we're going to go. There's no news uh, this week. I think DC because it's the annuals week. They, you know, they laid yeah. low a and bit with the actual for the Wonder Woman movie in general. Yeah, and stuff like that. So we're gonna go off to a little break, and then we'll be back with mail section number one. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah! It's mail with Jim. Mail with Jim, also with Eric, and also with Reginald. And we have a bunch of mails tonight, which is good because it is annuals week and we don't have a lot of books. So, pad this uh, shit out. Come on now. Everything gets to breathe a little more. (laughs) And if you want to get in on the mail, you can always email us at uh, weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, just like brian from arkansas did and brian says hello jim verner and mr stray how are you guys jim tears were brought to my eyes this week when you made us relive the 9-11 of the weird science podcast that being the batman 44 review and how the situation (laughs) unfolded before our very eyes i remember it like it was yesterday i asked my wife the other day if she remembered what she was doing the morning of september 11 2001 (laughs) is it too soon of course she remembered we all do then I asked where she was when she learned of Eric Stray's Batman 44 review. Huh? Was all I got. Aww. On to comics talk. I've dropped so many DC books I should feel ashamed listening to a DC podcast. With a smiley face, he says. Trinity, Detective, All-Star, Batman, JLA, Supergirl, Titans, Batwoman, Birds of Prey, and Harley Quinn, just to name a few. Image Comics gets most of my money now. Jim, I've heard you say that you miss my rapid-fire comments and questions, so here we go. Speaking of Image Comics, they turned 25 this year, and in celebration of that, a lot of the monthly books have been a quarter. Not $4, not even 3 bucks, but $0.25. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Why did you guys not ever review Supergirl being super issue number three? Have you guys seen Logan? Supergirl, we'll, we'll just pass that Supergirl being super issue number three. Yeah, well, Basically, why, why, why didn't that happen, Jim? Why you know didn't why? we? Because Eric wasn't going to read it, and I barely read it. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys seen Logan? Yes, I have. No, I have not. I liked it. I have not. No, 
Not your son, Jim. Jim, but brilliantly <laughs> R-rated film Logan. Yes, I've seen it twice. I really, really enjoyed it. Seeing all these great reviews for the Wonder Woman movie, I'm predicting an opening weekend of 75 to 110 million, he says. I'm going to go... 125 is what I'm going to say. Comicsology Unlimited for $6 a month now features Marvel. Didn't know that. that that's yep. pretty interesting. I did uh, do the Comicsology Unlimited for a couple months and dropped it because I really wasn't using it that much. I, I do barely use the Marvel one now, but I like it so much that I keep paying. I, I do like it. Speaking of Marvel. You talked it up so much now you now, can't let it go. No, and I, I'll, <laughs> I'll use it just to read like two things a, a month, and I just it's, like it. It's I like a lot easier. To, the Comicsology one, which I also use, is a lot yeah. more difficult to navigate. Yeah, it is. The Marvel one is, is fairly easy, especially for a comics app. Yeah, especially to, once you get one. used to it once you get yeah. kind of the hang of what you're doing that comicsology one it was all over i'm it, telling you it's still I, a little, it's still a little crazy they do have a lot of stuff you can read but some yeah. of it you gotta borrow it, it, well a whole that's the thing, thing too and i don't like the downloading time it took too if, unless they've changed that since then like the marvel no, one is like pretty much same. streams and it, it's yeah. nice uh the hoopla I enjoy the free app from the libraries that has a lot of the DC stuff, that's and that's more on the line of the Comixology app than it is of the Marvel. Speaking of Marvel, I'm a big fan of the X-Men relaunch. Tony Daniel is absolutely killing it on Suicide Squad. Has there been a project announced for Joel Jones after being super raps? No, I no. don't know. I actually, if you wanted me to guess, you want me to guess? You want to hear my guess, guys? I think that once Shea Fontana and that uh, deal goes, I think that Joel Jones will be drawing Superwoman, or, uh, Wonder Woman, I mean. That is my prediction. You can mark my words. Kite Man, mm. hell yeah. No, I'm not really yeah. all that excited about Dark Knight's <laughs> Metal for some reason. I'm with him. I just, I just am waiting for it to get here, right? Plus, yeah. w- with our way, Dark Knight's Metal, I'm like, God damn it, who's reviewing that? Exactly. <laughs> I completely agree with your Batman 23 review. Yawn, Fashion. he says. I'm going to miss Rucka and Sharp on Wonder Woman. Eh. Batgirl has been getting worse. Yeah. Yep. Is yep. Gail Simone coming back to DC? I'm telling you. Know. You want to hear, hear my other prediction? Is she's going to be right in that Wonder Woman's now. And Wonder Woman's. I think it's oh, going to yeah? be Gail. So- I, I think it's going to be Gail Simone and Joel Jones. That's what is it going to be several? Be. Is it going to be several Wonder Womans? Is that why you? Yeah, you know? there's there's going to be six of them, all better nice. than the last. They're all better than the next one. But yeah, I, actually, that's just me. Uh, I was channeling wrong turn right there. I like them Wonder Womans. Yeah, Wonder but yeah, Womans I, is Wonder Woman. That's just going to be my prediction. Gail Simone writing. Joel Jones uh, drawing, and possibly they'll have one of those where Joel Jones even gets a credit as story by Gail oh, Simone they'll, yeah, they'll do. Jones. They might do some shared thing. You know, like that sort story, of deal. Story yeah. by Joel. Maybe that'll just be the credit story by Joel Jones. Yeah, you Jones know what I mean? They do that yeah. occasionally when they sure. have the artist in. And uh, You mark my words. Well, I'm pretty sure that's all I've got for now. Thanks for all your hard work and hours of entertainment, and thanks for keeping your ears to the pulse of the streets. And that's <laughs> later. Uh, Brian Weston from Conway, Arkansas. And I hope hey, right Brian. now he has a smile on his face and he's eating some of those cream candy bars. He <laughs> loves those cream candies. Uh, yeah. The next email caused me a little bit of trouble this week. It's not really – it didn't cause me trouble, but it's from Hugh. And Hugh, uh, I'll tell you, you have an enemy that you have made. Uh, from somebody in the weird science family because he says, Jimmy, I'm worried about you. How do you keep such a busy schedule? Late night shopping for lamps, cooking for the family. (laughs) 
isn't a job and 25 hours a week a job and 25 hours a week of podcasting enough stick your hands in your pants grab your sack and man the fuck up get your wife to do that shit and he mm-hmm. says michael prince chris cornell we can't lose another american icon all the best huge assault and i said I actually thought this was funny, so I read it to Tanya. You dumb bastard. Uh, on, I why think it why was would like, you do that? What is wrong with you? <laughs> I, listen, I don't think things through. That's this the last why, person you read this. This is why we have this 10-hour podcast. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not good at planning shit out. So I thought it was funny. So I read it to Tanya. Ooh, the, the words that came out of her mouth. I thought I was married to a teamster slash fucking sailor. She was yelling, what's this fucking guy's name? You should have heard her. Just screaming. Wow. I was on the phone when I read it to her, too. I actually didn't read it word for word. I was kind of paraphrasing it, but I was telling her this. She was fucking yelling. I got home. I had to calm her down. So, Hugh, you have made an enemy. I, I did not reveal your name. Uh, sometimes, though, she listens to the podcast, this one. And, yeah, you better watch it because she's fucking crazy. She'll she'll go after you. Oh, yeah. You don't, uh, you don't want her on your bad side, no, I'll tell you no, what. No, no. Unfortunately, somehow, uh, the things that I do, I'm always on the bad side, and I don't know. I must love yeah. to be on that bad side. I'd like Jim. to walk yeah. on the wild side. I don't know. But, yeah, the, thanks, Hugh. Uh, yeah. Thank you. And luckily, the, the best thing, though, is this sort of email. It only gets her mad at Hugh. She was not mad at me. And exactly, then maybe yeah. she even walked away and thought, you know what? He does do a lot. He does. <laughs> she doesn't yep. do that. She you, you, doesn't. Got, you, got to, you got to present it in a way like, can you believe this? Uh, yeah. Listen, oh, my goodness. Can you believe what this you is saying? I cannot believe that anybody would think of such things, even though I do go shopping at midnight after recording for six hours. Yeah. For lamps. Yeah, for lamps. We did get that lamp. I, I want to I wanna announce right now that lamp is broken already. There you yeah. go. Fucking lamp. This is why now you could say, Jim, but Jim. That lamp was only $12. Well, I'll say to you, that's the fucking why it's $12. I'm not buying any fancy lamp. Yeah, that lamp didn't last 12 hours. No. Though. I, I, everything <laughs> gets gets destroyed. I'm telling you, I, I probably will go down between some sort of break we have, and these goddamn fucking Swedish fish are probably kicked all over the goddamn floor. It's, <laughs> they're probably all over the place. There's probably something on fire, and somehow a baby that needs to be fucking changed, even though I have not had a young kid in <laughs> this house for from? 10 years. I'm just telling you, when all shit's going wrong like that, you always have that baby in the middle of the room yeah. crying with the diaper crying, on. Small somehow, shit. Yeah. somehow while we did... walk down your side of town. Yeah, I'm telling you, since we started recording... I think two of my kids have had children. I'm a grandfather. Congratulations. <laughs> it's a girl. Hopefully they'll but write yes. in. They'll, remember they'll call him with a rant and rave. And yeah, they know. will. Well, Congratulations, uh, Papa. In the meantime, uh, Logan was going to call in this week. He he threatened that he was going to call into the rant and rave line uh, to yell about how he doesn't get very good dinners. And I told him if he does, he ain't getting shit. So he uh. did. He didn't. But, I mean, just, again, uh, Hugh, I want to point out, this is my wife's deal. Today, uh, my my two youngest, Rafe and Logan, who I mention a lot because they kind of hang out with me a lot, uh, they decided to go to the park to play basketball. Tanya dropped them off, said, I'll be back in an hour to pick you up. She got back in an hour. They were not there. She doesn't look into anything. All of a sudden, they have been abducted. There is no other thing that could have possibly happened. They can't be at another part of the park. They can't be walking home. They're abducted. 
crying, screaming at me on the phone. I said, I guarantee you I'll walk up to the porch and I'll see them because the park is not that far away. Yeah. I said, I'll go out on the porch and I'll see them. It'll be fine. So I look out there. They're dribbling the basketball. I start yelling at them. They're fucking, oh, we just walked home. I said, your, your mom's crazy. She's going to fucking kill me because yeah, Keep your voice I'm down, you maniac. <laughs> she's asleep i actually went up she's already asleep so I, I may not i shouldn't wake her up though so i can't do any sort of a southern yell i, I gotta be quiet <laughs> no rebel uh, yell yes, i'm telling you no rebel yell but yeah she was screaming and then when i saw them then somehow it became i was the enemy then then it became like why am i so you know i'm not being me i'm, I'm not punishing them enough and what the fuck am i gonna punish them for i, I just went to him i'm saying i'm like no i said listen I, I'm all with you guys. Your mom, she's mean. I'm nice. You know, I'm already playing that game. I, who I don't wants need new it. bikes? Yeah, Recipe <laughs> for a great marriage. You, you know who. You know who does all the shopping. You better fucking get with me. But no, the next email's from Pete. He's going to continue the uh, trash talking because he says, What up, fella? And, and Reggie knows who Pete is. I know Reggie's already. He's like with his knuckles. Do you hear that crack in the knuckles? He's getting oh, ready. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What up, fellas? Great show as always, but you owe me too large. I hit the car in front of me this morning while listening to the latest podcast, costing me about 2000 in damage. Here's what happened. It, maybe, do you think he did this because he heard Eric's jerk-off voice and it caused him know. to swerve? I don't sure what happened. I was driving along half-listening, then realized Reggie had started a bullshit, whack-ass Camp Hiawatha parody. I scrambled. <laughs> was this the Hello Mudder? Was that the probably that one? Hello, mother, hello, hello, father, mother, yeah. hello, father. I scrambled for the 15-second skip forward button. I accidentally hit fast forward and got distracted, hitting the car in front of me, which had slowed down during my haste to get past the embarrassing singing. I was pissed off, but was even angrier when I went back and listened to the part I accidentally skipped over. I crashed my car just so I could hear Jim talk about Buddy Hackett. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love Buddy Hagen. I'm sorry, but Reggie's singing throws me off and I can't get past it. When I listened back to older podcasts pre-singing, I was able to appreciate his insight and chemistry with both you and Eric. How did this nonsense start in the first place? If the singing won't stop, at least give up. Reggie is about to break into song. Ten second warning. Keep killing it. I'm Audi 5000. Peace. Pete. It's, it's always it's always right after I say the, uh, the title. Yep. You know I mean? Actually, the here's comes... the deal. There, there's a, there is a progression. Reggie says the creative team, the credits, you hear yeah. Eric mute his mic, and then uh -huh. you know it's coming. There, there's Eric. You always hear the doom, and Eric's out. He's smoking away, standing like a badass. And then there's you singing and me laughing the whole time. I, and, I and possibly like Eric. Eric is muting his mic so that he can really – he doesn't affect the music. That you know, is true. I don't mind. You know what I am? I am the guy – I'm the old white guy who's sitting there at the New York basketball court, and I want somebody to let me into the game, and I yeah, never yeah. can find a way to get in. I keep trying. You want to come in and do backup all, every I do time, but... every time, but I can't bring myself to do it. I'm telling you, I'm waiting for somebody to fucking slap me in. <laughs> I'll go with hockey. I'm there. I'm a fourth line fucking left dutch. wing. I'm the fourth liner who never gets in. I'm at the end of the bench waiting to get on the ice. Nobody's ever letting me on the ice. And yeah, I just sit there. And then after everyone, I'm like, oh, I was going to join in there. I never can. I always feel. I, I, I never want to ruin it for you. And, yeah. and in that way, I mean Pete. I don't want to ruin the song for Pete. And, yeah, and we'll jump keep in. It as so. pure as possible. We want to keep I the do. artistic vision. 
Yes. As pure as we can, yeah. Yes. And now, I say that, and I'm surprised. I should have probably gotten a hold of you. We should, probably should have done some duets this week, just throwing them in uh, just to have some songs. But we'll do that coming up. But I think from now on, when you you know talk about the podcast you or promote it anywhere, you can say it also includes the car-crashing vocals of Reggie. Yes, uh, I also said, and, so that's, uh, you that's... know, I didn't mention it uh, tonight. I wasn't going to really go that into it. We did kind of allude to it at the beginning. But we are eventually, coming up in the next few weeks, we're going to have a Patreon uh, thing where people can subscribe. And I just, I didn't know if you were aware of this, Reggie, but if somebody goes to the $1,000 level, uh, they, then you can't sing anymore. That's the $1,000 oh, really? level. Right, at cool. the $10,000 level, uh, I'm out. So if you if you hate my guts, ten thousand dollars will get me the fuck out. I'll re- relax on the bed of ten thousand dollars. So a thousand dollars, and this isn't a this is not a thousand dollar tier. This is somebody legitimately themselves donating a thousand dollars to us, and uh, I'll go. You won't sing the songs for the next week. Then you'll be back. So the thousand dollars will be worth it for Pete to spend for one week reprieve. Is that okay for you? Thousand dollars. There you go. For a grand, for a grand, I can handle that. Yeah. For a grand, and only one week though. You'll be back, so there you go. Yeah. There you go. And actually, we'll just—you won't be Reggie. Then we'll just make up another name for you, and then we'll keep <laughs> our sorry, promise. Yeah. We'll yeah. Keep our promise. Reggie. You know. uh, what? What did? Uh, who out. was it? Who? What? What creator kept getting your name wrong? I can't even remember. Juan Ferrer, I think. Was it Juan? I thought it was somebody else. I thought it was like a, a color. Juan did call me Jeff one time. Did he? he? Called you Craig. Craig, it was, yes. Yes, Craig. Thanks, Craig. You'll be Craig then. You'll just sing as Craig and then come back to talk about the comics as Reggie again. But we have one last email in this first section. It is Josh. Keep it real. And Josh says, you guys don't suck. You're beautiful. You are gems and not a burden to society. Keep up the good work, fellas. Yeah, he's just because he didn't like what Jed said. So he's just giving us some words of encouragement. Uh, Unfortunately, Josh, uh, the words of uh, disrespect always stay with me, and the encouragement just goes washing right off of me. I I don't listen to that. I always dwell on the negative, just like everybody else. They never help. They don't. They always hurt. And I'm telling you, I always, you know, it's always the negative stuff that I'll remember. But that is the end of the first bit of mail. We're going to take a break right now, and then we're going to come back with the rebirth report card and the redo of our $25 pull list. Uh, but we'll be back in a second. No. Reviews. We can 
All right, and we are back. And because it's annuals week, we're going to do something a little bit different for this first section. Uh, Ray Ray had asked us a while back when he first started uh, mailing and talking to me, I think it was actually, uh, where he asked if we would go through the rebirth, number one, the special, and, you know, see how things have tied into and, and whatnot. And like I always do, I thought that was a great idea, but I like to uh, claim things as my own. So I twisted and turned it into a little bit different idea so I can say that I came up with it. Now, All actually, right. I, I did read the, uh, the rebirth special today. Going into this, and before that, we even decided we didn't want to go through the tit for tat of the rebirth again. It is the year; See, it's almost we did that a like year. Three times already, yeah, anniversary, and we did go through it a lot. Now, I, I understand what he wants to see. Like we go through it, we say, "Oh, we have this, and we got that." Uh, I said that what I'd rather do is kind of do that but work it into a report card of all the books and we'll mention some of the things like if a book comes up like oh well in the rebirth you saw the setup of that like you, when we get to JLA we'll say hey you know we we saw the setup of things or you know things right. like that whatever it may be um, but I did go back and read the rebirth uh, number one and I'll tell you they there's only a couple things in that rebirth special that they didn't really address since then uh one being the three jokers i kind of was telling eric about that and that's only because that the writers tom king in the batman book uh and also scott snyder doing all-star batman uh said that basically that's a jeff johns thing and it, to me it was like eric would yell not it Exactly. Uh, really, I mean, nobody wants to touch that shit. No, nobody so, wants to touch so that. It's already so convoluted. It's like, how am I going to yes. explain this shit? Fuck and off. And the funny with this. thing is, reading that rebirth again, I got the idea, especially because that's not the only thing. I mean, Jeff Johns wrote that rebirth special. There's a lot of jeff john's things like i'm telling you the saturn girl and the johnny thunder things are just as much a jeff john's thing because sure. it, but but they're at least letting you they're reminding you of those they we haven't got much and i said to eric you, you know he said we haven't gotten much but they are reminding us of it, especially during the button story but saturn girl especially during the batman run as well we uh -huh. saw her a couple times uh from there still yeah, don't let me, let me tell you if jeff johns told uh, scott snyder and tom king to write about three jokers yeah, they, they, would. Would they would have to write about yeah, three they'd jokers have to. he's the fucking president uh, and, and it's weird because that story seems like i just i don't know anything about the uh the doomsday clock that doesn't seem like that will be the time for the three jokers either. no not at all like man. if anything maybe they'll point to that you'll be reminded of that then and that'll be going into the next thing because it doesn't seem like that uh we're we're pretty much probably all in agreement that the johnny thunder thing will be a jsa book deal mm. and that will lead into maybe jeff john's writing the jsa uh the saturn girl maybe will get a legion book i don't know uh really we haven't seen much of that uh, I did go back and look, and she did. It was really spelled out that she wouldn't tell anybody her name because she claimed it was too dangerous. And it's weird because I think they've named her, you know, at least uh, Emerald Empress has named her by name in the Supergirl book when she said, and you know what I mean. But we haven't seen much. The other big thing. And Jane I, Doe and Archibald. 
Yeah, in that, but I'm sorry, Emerald Empress spelled her out completely, said, hey, I went and talked to to Saturn Girl about you, and she she said this, and it was just weird. Uh, But yeah, she still is unknown by the people. Uh, The other thing that I got, and Taylor even saw this as well, I believe, uh, when he he actually went through it again today as well, where you did have that death of Superman scene, and you had Firestorm there, which I was like, oh, Eric, there's Firestorm. And you also had uh, Captain Adam, but we do have that little many of them but shazam's there and a lot of people forget shazam was in the hellblazer book at the beginning of rebirth so he has been in rebirth and then just disappeared the other thing about this is you can't go by that scene anymore that's done. He never, Superman never died. So exactly. what you, Reborn what, has erased yeah, all that. Reborn has erased that. So anything you see, it's it's weird to say, but some of the Rebirth special has been erased. Uh, you don't know what really had happened. But the two big things that me and Eric keep yelling about that I did see in the Rebirth deal that we won't be talking about because they Jason haven't shown up since. Jason, not that Jason. Uh, I'm talking Jason, Wonder Woman's brother, is yeah. mentioned by name in that, and you saw Baby Darkseid. And we haven't and had, Grail. again, though, Jeff Johns thing. So who knows when or where we're going to see that. Jeff's got a lot on his plate, it seems like. Yes, but that's well, basically ooh, just baby my... Baby Darkseid could figure into all his Kirby one-shots somehow. Man. Who knows? That would might be a place to do Maybe. it. Maybe. Oh, I, I can't wait. <laughs> it, they might though who knows we i don't yeah, know and, the, and wonder woman having a brother jason me and eric have been all excited about that and that just keeps getting kicked around everywhere i'm telling you that might not be uh addressed for three more reboots it, it just yeah. keeps it keeps what going on and on obviously a lie now yeah it, well yeah well that's the thing and that could be the case as well we don't know uh, because you you did see him born. You didn't see her there with him, though, but we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, what we're going to do now is go through the books and just kind of give our grades, you know, A, B, C, D, F, uh, of the, the runs and maybe talk a little bit about them, but not much. We're just going to run through these, and then we'll give you our $25 pull list. But we will start with the Tom King Batman book. And me and Eric talk about this. And now, again, the big thing about this book, uh, you did have the button that dealt with it since Rebirth. Uh, you had a little Saturn Girl from Rebirth and Gotham and Gotham Girl. But really, to me, uh, Bane has been the dominant thing in the Batman book. And I don't know about you guys. I have not been that thrilled with it. And you'll hear no. later. I struggled. This is a book that when we did our $25 pull list the first time, this was my first book on there. Like this, to me, is supposed to be, along with you know a Superman and a Justice League, supposed to be these huge books that you should have. I have not been that impressed recently and everything is kind of out there and people keep telling me oh you have to wait you know tom king always you know uh, ties up everything it just hasn't been and we've been waiting for this tie up that we might get next week with the i am bane story but other than that it just it doesn't seem as big we're now he does that seem more. to like he likes to write these year-long arcs yeah, thing. he yeah. did it with omega men and he did it with the vision and he's gonna do it with uh whatever the hell mr miracle and yeah mr miracle that seems to be his thing and and but I, I, I do I feel the same way that you do that I worry that the wrap up it still is not gonna make everything no. make me and, like and, what's been going on. It's yeah. just kind of like and, I've and the problem treading with water it, for a long time. Do you agree that Batman like you just mentioned books that he did None of them are big like a Batman. He's he no. seems to be very good with the side, you know, not yeah. so important things where he can kinda have his own way and do things. I don't know that it's really hitting as well as I would want in Batman, but uh, yeah. my grade 
uh, would probably be a C plus is what I would go with Batman uh, coming out of what we've had, including the button story as a whole. I just I want more. I I'm not been I've not been happy with Batman. Even though you look at my scores, my scores are probably middle of the road. It's just as a whole, when you go and back and look, it's that I am suicide was terrible. I like the I am Goth, you know I am Gotham uh, mm. deal the first six issues, but the I am suicide was pretty bad. And the I Am Bane just didn't seem complete. It just didn't. And then with the button, you had that little deal that kind of threw things in. And also, you also had, I'm not even including the uh, Monster Man story in that because that wasn't no. Tom King's deal. But even that, if, you, if you're going to throw that in, it wasn't good. But what would you guys give it? What would you give it, Reggie? I'd go the same way. I'd give it a C plus. Uh, it's been uneven. Sometimes it has some heights, though. You know, it has a mm-hmm. lot of promising moments. And Tom King can still write some pretty good scenes, you know, that, uh, I am suicide. I thought it, I thought it wrapped up, you know, they kind of turned it on its ear a little bit at the end after it really seemed like a drag with that Catwoman stuff and whatever. And they, yeah. he made it made sense by the end. And I, I, I still feel optimistic about it, but I, uh, it has definitely been rough yeah. at, at points, you know? Yeah. How about you, Eric? I'm going C minus. I Ooh. thought that the I am Gotham arc was really good going in. It started out strong, and then we got into I am Suicide, which was garbage. We had the Monster Men thrown in there, and I am Bane wasn't much better in my opinion because it just kind of fizzled out to I am Batman head, but we are done, sir. Yeah, and like you know, I have you know, I look forward to the War of Jokes and Riddles, but besides that, I'm not really. I don't have a lot of faith in Tom King going forward with Batman. Yeah, I don't either. And the, the thing is, Reggie, you read Vision. You you were a fan yep. of that, right? Yep. And that I think this is the problem is when you you talk to people who are fans of Tom King, or even when you talk about Batman. I'm not even just not even just Tom King, but you even did it. When I'm sick of hearing people, and and I do it as well because I loved his Grayson. Uh, mm-hmm. I liked the beginning of a Mega Man. I, love I that thought too, it failed, yeah. but people just keep throwing these other books in to try to you know explain why Batman will get better. It, oh, he, you know, this is what he does and stuff. <laughs> I mean, it, never... it could get better, you know. That's what I mean, what I mean can, though. But that's know? it is like you said. You still have hope, but really, everything to me on this whole run is based on this hope that it'll get better. At least tie in and see. But the I am suicide. At the end, you're like, why was there punching Julie? And why? And even Eric said when we were talking about this, there was a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, and why were they getting names wrong and shit like that? Now that's editorial problems as well. But it's just the the whole thing seemed like crap. But we'll move on to the next book, which is the other Batman book, which I again I was so big on at the beginning. It's Detective Comics uh, and James Tynan, and you know we we're not going to mention artists because they're so various in the thing and. When this first started, you had Tim Drake, Stephanie Brown, Cassandra King, Clayface, Batwoman, and all this. Now Tim Drake's out. You don't have Stephanie Brown. She's causing trouble. They, I just – where James Tynan, where I was so excited about this diverse team, I don't think he did a very good job at continuing writing them all. Like Clayface has kind of been pushed For sure, aside. yeah. It's not uh, even a team. I, there's no, no real team action happening at all anymore. Yeah, that was yeah. one of the best parts of the book. Yeah, that was the reason why it was going to differentiate itself from the Batman book. Uh, but it again, it, it's almost the same as the Batman. Like I sit there and think, and, I, and even worse, I can't even say to you, like, what is the best part of the book? Was it that, you know, what arc 
really was great. I don't think there has been any. There's been stories that, you know, issues that I really, really liked, but it's been going downhill. And this is a book where I keep seeing people saying, like, I dropped it. I, I'm done with it. Yeah. Uh, even uh, uh, Brian from Arkansas, I think that was one of the ones that he mentioned that he just dropped. Uh, but, yeah, I'd probably give this a solid C uh, going forward. Again, where you say I am like Eric. The, the war of uh, jokes and riddles. I keep wanting to say shits and giggles. But the war <laughs> of jokes and riddles, I am kind of excited to see how that goes. But I'm. it's like one of those where if it goes bad, I'm going to be really mad quickly. Uh, but Detective Comics, I'm not even looking forward to anything going on in this. I, I'm not, I know, Reggie, you're probably a Zatanna fan. So that at uh-huh. least. But again, how he's dealt with the teams, I can't say that he, it's going to get better because he doesn't seem to be able to want to have a team. But we'll see. But yeah, I'll see. What would you give it, Reggie? Uh, I actually thought I liked the book better than, uh, than you and Eric. But my grade for it is, is a D right now. You know, I really, really think the only good arc was the opening arc. And I think that, uh, you know, there used to be some great team scenes. You know, it was all about, yeah. like, Clayface, you know, pretend to be people and, you know, spoiler, yeah. go over here and do whatever. And everyone did pulled their weight. And we have not seen that in months. You know, it's been a yeah. lot of dragging, slow stories. I, I What's funny is when I listen to you guys review it, I often tend to feel more positively about it. But I would give it a D right now. I'd say yeah. you got to pull your grade up, mister. What, you, what about um, you, Eric? I'm trying to think here because, you know, I don't think that any arc that we've had in Detective Comics has been, you know, successfully finished. You know, like nothing has seemed wrapped up. You know, we have been dealing with the same shit, it seems like, since Colony, just with different aspects of it. And even that does, is not wrapped up. They just flew off to come back another day. And, like, yeah. like, you know, I was all excited about the team aspect as well. I, you know, Detective Comics, you know, I was excited to a degree. But I was also a little wary because I wanted a Batman book, you know, but throwing this team in there, I'm like, oh, it's going to change the dynamic. It could be cool. But I was a little wary. And, you know, overall, we have this revolving door where we lose members, we gain members, but we have nothing for those new members to do. And it just, I don't know, it's not great, but it's not great in a different way that Batman is like, you know, Tom King's Batman is not great. They're both not great at this point, just at different reasons. And because of that, I think I have to give them an equal score of a C minus. Okay. And the next one's for Reggie. Reggie's going to love it. It is Batgirl and Uh written by Hope Larson. And, I, this book is it, nothing has done anything to change my opinion flounders, of it since Rebirth yeah. started. Uh, I was actually this amazingly was one of the books that I was kind of looking most forward to because I thought getting Barbara out of Gotha, well, out of Burnside and out of the U.S. and into Asia, mm-hmm. I thought it was going to change something up and it was going to be real fun and it was going to do something. That was awful. And now that she's back in Burnside, it's even worse. It, she is not portrayed as any bit of a smart hero to me. The art, I do like better now, uh, but even so, it's not the greatest. But the story, it's the story, and it's Barbara herself. You have a solo book where you have to have the character at least be good, and it has not been. It really hasn't, and because of that, I, I hate to give an F. I'm telling you, there are yeah. some Fs on here, and the Fs oh, yeah. to me are reserved for the most awful pretty much two or three books in this i think eric's going f with this one but i'm gonna go d minus and again 
I said to, to Eric, I, I would love to have this printed up because I love when you see the, the Hot 100 with the songs. And you probably would know of this, Reggie, too, where you see, like, something might be number 30, but it has the mm. hot arrow going up. Like, it's yep, th- yep. it's 30, but it's rising. Batgirl's yeah. a D minus and falling. It has the yeah. red arrow going down <laughs> because in a couple more issues, if we continue getting this garbage, it is a complete failure to me. It's one of those, though, that I hate to say that Barbara Gordon is in a book that's a failure because I do like the character. And I do mm-hmm. think that there's a lot of opportunity for her to have a good book. It just seems like the one of the worst things that ever happened to Batgirl, even though people will go and scream and yell, is that Burnside Batgirl in the right before the DCYOU going into the DCYOU. We need a clean break. We need somebody to get on this book. Hope Larson unfortunately seems to not want to step on toes or whatever and they're continuing that that Batgirl. We need somebody to come in that's completely, you know, not connected to this Burnside and give us a Batgirl that's good again. And I hope that happens soon because the, the book is is garbage. And if if you like the book, look at the sales. You're, you're in a, a very slim company. <laughs> you know what I mean? Batgirl should be a big book. Uh, you know, not huge, but should be doing better it's, than it, it should is. be doing a lot better. Yeah, yeah. doing like what forty would you grand give it, or something. Uh, I would give it a D minus, you know, uh, when I look back on it, the, uh, I hated the first arc. I hated the second arc. I hated every single arc. Uh, I think the last time us talking about the last issue, I had the most fun because yeah. it was so stupid and uh, yeah. we were laughing at all the stupid decisions she made. So, you know, I, I feel like though it could be better. I, I am recalcitrant to give it an F cause I don't think it's a total failure. I do think Chris wild goose was a good, yeah, I, uh, I like him better. I, I like his art. He seems to be f- settling into the characters more. But, uh, yeah, this book's pretty much junk. It's weird, too, because uh, Raphael Albuquerque is one of my favorite artists. It just it, it didn't jive when he was on the book. I think Christian Wild Goose does a better job. But what do you give it, Eric? F. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Fuck that book. It is total garbage. I don't care if they got a new goddamn artist on this. I'm more invested in the story than I am with the art. You can have shitty art and a great story, and I'm all happy with it. But... I'm still not even a fan of the art of this book. You know, the story is fucking garbage, and it's just an F all the way around. Okay, I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna change up the way we do this too. I'm gonna let the guy who does the reviews be the first one to talk about it. So the next one is Nightwing. Eric, start us off with Nightwing. Nightwing, I think I would have to give that a C. Uh, no, that's a D plus, possibly with an arrow pointing up, because I do look forward to the blockbuster story. Now that we're out of this whole Doctor Hurt nonsense, but. Yeah, I, I think I have to stick with a C, a D and Rising. I'm going to go D and Rising. D and Rising. Uh, I have not been a fan of that book so far. Yeah, and Dick Grayson's my favorite character, and I don't like this. Actually, it's it's weird. You, when Nightwing comes about and comes twice a month, it comes and it's like one of those where it just doesn't seem like anything important is really happening at the end of the day. Uh, freaking Tim well, Seeley wants to I just retell brief, crazy stories. When uh, we got to freaking Bloodhaven, we had the whole run yeah. story. I'm like, okay, we're doing so, like it's not exactly that's new. something going to new, Bloodhaven, but it was Tim Seeley doing his own thing in yeah. Bloodhaven. I was happy, but ever since then, it's just gone downhill. Again yeah, for because me. everything he's doing now, up until you know, you had the. The uh, residual effects of the Grayson series started off the whole deal. Then when he went to Bloodhaven, you had the runoffs, which was good. That seemed like his own story. Then all of a sudden, he wanted to be freaking Grant Morrison light. And everything that he did with Dr. Hurt and all that stuff and Professor Pig was all Grant Morrison stuff. It's just odd that he doesn't... 
I'm really just concerned that this whole blockbuster story coming forward, he's going to be Chuck Dixon light, and I yeah, don't want that. It seems like this is all he's doing. It's like it's the non greatest hits, but yeah, I, because of that, I'd probably give it a, I'd give it a, I'll give it a C minus. I, I I just like Dick Grayson. What a I soft really touch you are, jeez! I'm you telling know? you, it's it's weird. I I want to say D plus, but that seems too harsh. Uh, how about I just go D plus? <laughs> I don't like the art either. So Marcus Toes art, or no, it's Javi Fernandez's art that yeah. we're, we're not real big on. Uh, yeah, I, I'd I'd have to give it a D plus. But again, it, it has the arrow up because I'll always be hopeful that we'll get more. But we're not even getting a really good Dick Grayson. Uh, in this, and basically the last arc, he just threw Damien in. Just I, it, nothing is happening that it, it excites me. But yeah, it's even weird, Eric. You want the blockbuster story? I have no connection with blockbuster either, so I'm not even that excited. But I'll give it a D plus. Reggie, are you reading Lightwing at all? Uh, I read it in the beginning. I did read it uh, a couple of issues recently, but I don't read it regularly. It's probably not fair to give it a, a score, but if I did, it would be a D plus. Well, yeah, it's just not that great. Uh, the next one is All Star Batman, and it's probably one of the uh, most uh, up and down books for people. Either people seem to love it or hate it. I'm reviewing it now. Um, the new arc, I think, is a lot more fun already. This Alfred arc. Uh, but yeah, that first arc just kind of drug along. You didn't get the answers that you wanted to with uh, Duke at the end, and people are still mad, yeah. it seems, about that. I don't know if, if Scott Well, that's Snyder... our second arc, then, because we had the Two-Face arc first. Yeah, it's just I'm saying, what isn't the, well, the second arc, but that was that whole first arc, right? It, well, we had the fir- whole first arc is where we had the back. We got we had a different backup, but it was the two face arc, and then we went into the Mister Freeze, Poison Ivy, Mad Hatter, Ross, Al Gold yeah, freaking yeah. arc. Where but we even then, it seemed to continue on. I, I'm actually considering that as almost because it kind of led from one to the other. Yeah, I guess you have a couple arcs, but really, all in all, that first bit of story not that great. It really wasn't. It was up and down. I like some of it. Uh, I think that Scott Snyder is trying to be too clever with things, and this new story oh, I, isn't as clever. As always, as uh, it's actually just a, a pretty straightforward so far story and i like that last issue a lot more than any of the others but because of that i'm just gonna i'd give it a c minus i i like it enough uh but yeah i want more and it's a c minus with a, a arrow up because i think that that last issue was the best issue of the series and i'm looking forward to more of that but how about you eric well, I'm telling you, I think I'm right there with you with a C minus because I started reviewing this first and I was, you know, I liked it enough. But the problem is, like you said, he's trying to be too clever with it. He's trying to tell these big, powerful stories, but he loses his like, track halfway down and we never get a wrap up that really feels like it was worth it all at the end. And I, I really hope things change as we go forward, but it's a C minus right now for me. Yeah. How about you, Reggie? I'd go and I'd give this one a C plus. Uh, I like the second arc, I think, a lot better than you guys. And I like uh, the le- the most recent issue. The first arc had some good moments, but it definitely that was a disappointment at the end. Uh, partly because John Romita Jr.'s art is terrible, and yeah, uh, I will go on record saying that. But no, but really, the story just went like two issues too long. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I like I like Scott Snyder in general. Uh, I definitely think he tries to be too clever. That's kind of his thing. But uh, if you can get past that, I have hopes we can get a good couple of arcs out of this thing. Yeah. And what else do you want in the life? Yeah, really. And really, it, it looks like it might end uh, somewhere in the 20s. He did say that the one thing is going to be the end, but never really said how long that last arc would be. Um, yeah. But yeah, it seems like he's kind of announced that that's going to end uh, sometime sooner than later. But the next one is one of Eric's books, which is Batgirl and Birds of Prey. 
Bad Girls and Birds of Prey is a weird one because I really didn't like it when it started. I still liked it way better than Batgirl, but it's gotten a bit better. It's not, like I'm telling you, it's not great, but it's not terrible either. So it's right there in the middle. But even with that, I think I'd have to give it. Uh, I pro- I'd probably have to give it a C minus as well. Uh, because really? it's like, you know, I hate to say it's as good as Batman and Detective Comics and all these other, like, you know, more heavy hitters, but it is getting better as it's going, and Batman and uh, Detective Comics seem to be getting worse as it's going along, so it's weird. So maybe like a C- minus with an arrow up for Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. I'm going to say the same. I actually, since Claire Rowe went off the book and Raj Antonio. Oh, Raj is going off the book with those are. I like Raj a lot, and it, it's one of those weird things that I, I like Batgirl. I said it before, so I want to have a Batgirl. This Batgirl, I don't even care if she acts dumb or whatever because she doesn't act as dumb, but <laughs> this Batgirl's fun. At least this Birds of Prey, uh, the Bensons are starting to make it a little more fun. And, you know, it's once a month it comes out. It's not doing anything mind-bending or anything. You know, Mm. nobody's getting their mind blown from this. But I am having some fun. They are adding, like, you have Nightwing in it. You have a lot of, you know, Green Arrow showed up. So they know, somebody knows, hey, we better get some other characters in here. And and also, again, have some fun with it. Uh, It's not going to give you any rebirth answers ever, I don't think. Anything like that. No, but uh, it, it's one of those that it's it's like non-offensive now, at least, and I agree with you, Eric. It's getting better. I said it the last time we reviewed it on the podcast that I actually am having a little more fun with it and like it better than the actual background book. So I'd say C minus with a arrow up as well. How about Whoa. you, Reggie? I haven't read it since the first issue, so I'm not going to agree. <laughs> well, you could you could agree with us, but the next yeah, one is I'll say the next one is uh, the book that Dan. Uh, ends up reviewing but it's uh it's batwoman and i i'm not it, it's one of those is the jury's kind of still out we don't have a lot of issues but if we're going to review it you know give a grade for this i'm giving it a d minus it's almost at an f for me it is boring they're de- dealing with marguerite benet and james tyne and are dealing with stuff that i don't really care about they're not giving you anything good in my opinion though steve epting's art i'll agree with people who said when he was first announced on the book the art is really good oh, yeah. but it, it just it the art can't care carry it alone we're getting this lost year that i believe should have been lost uh you know Entirely. all this nonsense coming from there and you have ooh, knife ooh, ooh, ooh. i mean it's no, you know you, you have knife and things you have these characters that you don't know you don't care about and it's boring so until it gets better it's almost an f and it's a d minus with an arrow down that it's almost an f for me uh how about you Eric? d minus as well this book i'm telling you this is something that i dread reading which is terrible to think because when you're reading it, and we have to, our last review, we talked about it th- like over and over again. It's a book is terrible when you know that the thing you're looking forward to the most is the monster men showing up, and I'm like, because that is the most interesting interesting thing in the background of this story right now. Because everything else, I'm just bored with, and I don't want to read it anymore. Yeah, Are you reading it at all, Reg? Nope. That's it, you shouldn't. Uh, we'll tell no, you. I'm, we'll I'm tell no you when you should. reading it. Yeah. You know, you let, now, let me know if it gets good. Yeah, it's it's just boring. And that's the worst thing to have a book come right out of the gates boring. Yeah, uh, it's it's bad. But the next one is Eric's Action Comics. Action Comics. Right now, I'm telling you, it is a hard call because I had some problems with the Superman title when it was you know like in the middle of its run so far because it was had a lot of one shots, two shots, stuff that didn't seem to be going along with the rest of the story. Now we see that shits are actually tying up, which is pretty cool. But Action Comics was my go to book to begin with because. It was interesting, and we had a, there was a lot of fun to be had, in my opinion. And actually, it threw a lot of 90s stuff at me that I really liked as well. But continuing on with that, the great art, great story so far, stuff that keeps me interested, I'm going to give that a B, solid B. 
Uh, I'm going to be even more positive. I'm telling you, Action Comics, when it started with all the Doomsday stuff and before Mixie. Now, how do you pronounce it, Reggie? <laughs> The whole deal is I was very annoyed with Action Comics at one point. Uh, it has turned completely around for me. And this whole uh, Revenge Squad, the Superman Revenge Squad, is yeah. cool as hell. Uh, and even before that, with the Reborn stuff, once you got past the nonsense of Mixie, uh, it, it actually, to me... It's more of a solid story. Superman, like you said, has had a bunch of these back and forth, you know, these one or two shots that kind of threw the, the deal in. And you said, like, you had Frankenstein, but you also had the what was pretty much the intro of Super Sons thrown yeah, in there as Dinosaur well. Action. Island. Yeah, and, and Dinosaur Island. It just had a lot of crazy things. Action Comics to me, if I was just buying one Superman book, it would be Action Comics right now. And I'm going to give it a B plus. That's how um, much I am ooh. enjoying it. Uh, how about you, Reg? Uh, I'm enjoying it a lot. You know, I feel the same way the Doomsday arc was lame, but the Superman Reborn was good except for the last issue, basically. Yeah. I, I liked it otherwise, and I'm enjoying the heck out of it now. I think it's it's funny that it seems like Action Comics and Superman are never good at the same time. You know what I mean? It almost seems like yeah. they have to trade off uh, issue by issue. So it's a little uneven, but I'm right up there with Eric. I give it a B. Okay, and the next one is Superman for Eric. Uh, what do you think of that, Eric? Superman, I would say, is a solid. Um, I'm telling you, I was going to go B plus for this just because I have enjoyed a lot of the story, but like, it's been a lot of nonsense, and we're getting it tied up now. It seems like with the Hamilton County shit, but right now it's it's still a lot of it's out in the open, and I'm afraid that it's going to be forced in and not make a lot of sense in the long run. So. I have enjoyed a, a lot of it, though, and I love the art, so I'm going to give this a B as well. Yeah, I'm going to give it a solid B. Uh, I love the John stuff. I love the family stuff with Lois. Love that uh, dynamic. Clark and John. I love it. And basically, I, I love it better if she had two legs, though. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's got she trouble. Will. She, she will. She will. But yeah, even though, like, I, I was a huge That's not fan. I was a huge fan of the Lois and Clark book, which ended up going into this. I know that the whole Superman Reborn throws a lot of shit, you know, topsy-turvy, but they did an okay job with that. Uh, I'm glad that we only have one Superman. I'm glad it's this Superman, and I really do like this, but yeah, solid B for me. I just like it a little less than Action Comics, but uh, Reggie, what do you say? That's right. I like it just a little bit more than Action Comics, but I do I do find the two books to be comparable in like their kind of unevenness. Like I said, you know, they seem never to be hitting at the exact same time, Right. but uh, I do like them both overall, and I'd give it a B plus. Nice, nice. Uh, the next one is, and I freaking lost my notes, of course, the next one is <laughs> Wonder Woman, uh, which me and Eric both review. Uh, so it's weird uh, because I'll just start, but I'm telling you, if I was just going to rate the the year one story that I do, I'd yeah. probably give it an A. Uh, cool. I'm telling you, uh, from the almost close to the beginning, the truth and lies story threw me off a lot. And because of that, and even, to, you know, I can't say that I, I should put the idea that Greg Rucka quit and I'm still pissed off about that and then what he did. And none of my score is going to go with him throwing out shit from the new 52 or whatever. I'm just going by issues. But I do think that it has kind of tread some water near the end here. And we did get the end of the truth and lies story. And I, I was not that satisfied with that. I not thought it was a bunch of nonsense. Uh, so overall, though, I'd still give it a solid B. Uh, but yeah, I've liked my 
you know, year one Godwatch part a lot better than the present day stuff. And but I am again, it's a weird thing because this is one that you can't really have like a, a up or down arrow because he's leaving and we're starting yeah. brand new. So it's yeah. just a solid B to me. Uh, I would tell people to to read it if they were interested in Wonder Woman and see what's going on. But you know, I don't know. I guess if I had to though, it would be a, an arrow going down just because it started out so good, and I, I'm not that big a fan right now. But what about you, Art? See, I'm a little bit different because I really thought that like when it started, it was really rough for me, and it took me a while to get into it. But once I did, I started loving it. The year one stuff, especially like I got stuck reviewing the uh, lies and the truth. But even that in my mind picked up a bit as we went along. So uh, overall, I think I'd probably give this a C plus because really? it, it, like it was very uneven for me at the beginning, and then towards even towards the end here, I had some problems with the year one stuff. But overall, it's still a good book, and I'd give it a C plus. How about you, Reg? I'm right there with you that it, just by itself, year one, I would give that an A if that we were just doing that book. And I'd probably give the other one a C. Yeah. So if we have to uh, you know, average them, we're looking at like a B, I guess, a B minus maybe. Cool. Well, the next one, Reggie, is one of your books. And Uh-oh. I'll tell you, it's one uh, probably my highest rated book, just a spoiler. But it is New Superman. Um, oh, yeah. What you give that? New Superman is uh, a book that, you know, kind of a sleeper in the beginning. Eric didn't like it. Uh, Jim, I think you were real enthusiastic. I was kind of on the fence about it, but that's a book that we really have seen in one of the few cases in comic books today, like real character growth, uh, real expansion of a universe, you know, or like a, you know, localized, uh, you know, cast of characters and, and all the stuff, even the stuff we're learning about Chinese chi and stuff and, and, uh, putting in I Ching, just there's so many little things that detective comics nod. Remember at the end of that one issue, with the Uh, issue cover. And, and like and the implications of there being like a you know Chinese lanterns and oh, there's so much stuff in there that I love. It's absolutely my favorite book of Rebirth. I look forward to it and I give that an A all the way. Yep, so do I. I actually was even going to give it. I was thinking at one point. Me and Eric were kind of talking back and forth at work about this, and I think I might have said A minus at that point. But now already talking about the other books, this book has been solid through the whole deal. And, yeah. and like you said, Eric didn't like it at first i loved it from the beginning and only because i i just like the idea of keenan being a regular kid given superpowers mm-hmm. and he yeah he was a jerk but that is the thing that gives him the room to you know develop the character for gene luen yang to develop the character and i do and like you said that the big thing about it is just the promise of how cool we could get any sort of characters and things and even to, you have a, a book that for the most part would normally be like an elseworld story uh-huh. and yeah it is kind of taken away from the rest of the dcu but for some reason the way he writes it and he had Lex in it and stuff like that and people had shown up but it it still seems like it's part of the world it just because it's in China it it is the perfect deal to have it be separate but still included I I got you yeah and I do like it I (laughs) and I do I know that Eric doesn't like Asians so already he's gonna throw shade (laughs) at it but just just the fact though that you have this book and unfortunately (laughs) yeah and unfortunately it's not selling well so it doesn't look like it'll continue you forever but i do really like it i give it an a but what would you give it there i'm telling you i am right there with you guys uh i love this book it's something i look forward to every month but at the beginning i was not a fan and i'm still not a fan of that you know that asian door knocker to hell fucking story we had which depicted lex Luthor a little off from everything else we have of him and the rest of the dcu 
But even with that, I would still give it an A minus because I yeah. really look forward to this book. And it, it's one of those sleeper hits to me where it came out of nowhere and it shocked me how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's really good. The next one is Superwoman, which, again, it's a weird deal because if we were doing just a Phil Jimenez deal, it's an F. I, I would not Absolutely. even bat my eye with uh, giving this book an F. Uh, Kay Perkins has taken over. She really has a tough time trying to, you know, and she's trying. The first issue that she came back I thought was really, really good. Second one was a little was a little off just because yeah. she has to struggle to try to get Lana Lang. And if you aren't reading this, Lana Lang there, is Superwoman. You know? Yeah, there's promise. So I'm not going to completely give it an F just because there is promise, but it's a D minus. And I can't even say that I have the arrow going up because I need what Kay Perkins has done two issues. I need one more to kind of tip the scales either way. Yeah. Uh, I really hope that it gets better because I really like the idea of having Lana in a book with Steel and, you know, Natasha and all this and possibly having Lex show up. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities with this book. Uh, unfortunately, Phil Jimenez may have just fucking pounded this into the ground too may much. salted the earth. Yeah, he has. He, he just may have, and, and it's going to just disappear i i would say and we said this is another book that i always forget about we say that there is a progression of you know towards cancellation and the number one is if it's two times a month or twice monthly you're going to end up making it monthly the next deal is if it's monthly then it goes creative team change we're at that point so if they don't yeah. see any change and it gains soon, a buck too that's and I, yeah and it gains a buck and i just i don't see that kate perkins could possibly resurrect this book it, I, i'm not saying that she can't make it better but i don't think anybody's jumping on this book anyway and i think mm -hmm. it's gonna i think this is gonna be one of our next you know one of the first big cancellations will be this book but we'll see yeah. d minus what about you eric I would give it a D minus as well, but I will give it an arrow pointing up because I do look forward to what we might get from Kay Perkins when she you know, figures out how to you know, straighten the goddamn ship out a bit. Um, this is a book that I really looked forward to when it was originally announced for Rebirth, but fucking Phil Jimenez just fucking yeah, he dug he a goddamn it. hole and then buried oh this book God. in it. Yeah. But thank, hopefully, I'm, I still am hopeful that Kay Perkins can pull it out of the goddamn ground and make something of it. So that's why I have to give it that arrow up. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Reggie? If you remember, Eric and I actually really liked the first issue. We thought it was yeah. really a, a promising premise. You were you were heavily against it, but uh, we, yeah. we thought it was you know had had a possibility. And then boy, that first arc just uh, the whole time with Phil Jimenez, it was just an absolute nightmare. I stopped reviewing it at one point. Someone else picked it up, and uh, yeah, Dylan but, picked it up, and then he bailed. And then he <laughs> bailed on it, it which I didn't even and know. Nobody about, wants but, uh, it. It's the hot potato. But I, uh, you know. I've, I've read the last two issues, and I have liked them, uh, which is better than hating them, which is how Agreed. I felt about Superwoman before. Yeah. Uh, I'd go a little bit higher than you guys because I think that I really think it can be turned around, but I'd just give it a D. Okay. Uh, the next one is Steve Orlando's Supergirl, and I review it, and I'll tell you I don't like the art by Brian Ching. That's going to change coming up. He, I think somebody else is going to be on the, uh, the book. I can't remember which artist, but that might change things. But the problem is it's nonsense. This book has been nonsense since the beginning. Uh, I know that people want a Supergirl book. Just because you want a Supergirl book doesn't mean you have to pretend that this book is good. Uh, mm -hmm. The dialogue's terrible. You had pretty much a, what should have been a home run first story with uh, Cyborg Superman. Zorel, her dad, and that was just nonsense. It ended with, like, I'm telling you, when we talk about this book, me and her, you can find at least five things that are just completely goddamn ridiculous. 
just in your face and people still want to claim that this you know i see people giving tens and things like this i think it is garbage it doesn't feel big enough for a supergirl book it's see i don't know like eric says a lot of times in his thing and i what what was it recently eric that you said you don't know who the person's writing this book jla for. yeah jla i steve and orlando? Again, it's steve orlando that's i didn't even remember it yeah i don't know who he's writing this book for because I can tell you retarded five-year-olds yeah it seems that because that's what it seems to be based on. And like I said, people who are clamoring and just want a Supergirl book so bad, get angry and want a good Supergirl book. Just don't take for granted. Like, just don't say, okay, you know what, I'll settle for this because it's my favorite character. Demand something better because it sucks. I am I'll eat an, shit and like it just because yeah, it's an F. I'm giving it an F now. I actually had it as D minus. I wanted to show. It is nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense, this book. And I, I hate it. It's F. What do you give it, Aaron? F. Yep. How about you, Reggie? I I haven't read it since the first issue. Uh, I hated the first issue. That was that. Yeah, it's awful. The next one is Trinity, which I also reveal. We have an annual this week. Uh, It's Francis Manipal's book. I think it's been nonsense. Uh, There's been... this is a book, actually, too, that reminds me – it hasn't affected it as much, but it seems that the editorial bit and how this is is almost the same as the Secret Six books you you did, Reggie, yeah. with, uh, with Gail Simone. There are issues being grabbed out of here and others shoved in. Things are just going wonky. We have the, the current thing that the annual continues – the the issue for or the uh, story from issue seven and yeah. now it's not going to pick up until August again where you're going to have it's just nonsense. I it has problems. Big and time, the, yeah. the art usually is incredible in this book and for the most part. I'll even say for the most part the art has been great throughout. Uh, the story's been nonsense. That whole story with the you know the dark uh, fucking. The Black Mercy and the White Mercy and all this stuff, it was just nonsense. It was complete other nonsense. And I was looking forward to this book. So it was Probably, our last issue with the goddamn quarantine on the frickin' yeah, watchtower. and the quarantine. Oh, and man. then you, you kind of interrupt this. And I know this is an annual this week, but you're continuing a story. So it just kind of throws things around uh, as well. And even this annual ends up, you know... Grabbing a story and turning it into something else, it's just nonsense. It's its complete nonsense. And this was the book that it came out a little later than a lot of the other rebirths. So by this point, I already hated the Justice League, and I wanted this to be my my book that was my Justice League book, at oh, least yeah. with the Trinity. And it, it's almost as bad, but I, I'd give it a solid D. Maybe a D plus just because of the art, but because of the writing so bad, I would never recommend this book to anybody. And I hear people talking about how much they love it and that it is so good. And I just I don't know what they're reading because it's yeah. just it's never consistently good at all. And you've had so many different things. You had Francis Manipal supposed to be writer, writer and artist on this, and it's been back and forth and all this other stuff. You never know what you're going to get each each fucking issue. But yeah, I'd give it a D. What about you, Eric? D minus. Uh, the art, Francis Manipal's art, even though it's not something I really enjoy, it's 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 decent, and like I can see why people like it. But the stories have not made a goddamn lick of sense. And the my the best issue I think I've rated is that issue number seven. And this annual t- completely like takes away that fucking story yeah. of that issue completely and changes it to make it to be something else. Yeah. So I, I'm not happy with this book, and uh, I can't see myself getting happier with it going forward. 
And it, it's crazy because it's Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. This should be a big book. Look it really me. should be huge. And it just – the stories seem like Elseworld stories all the time. It doesn't even seem to be in the well, continuity. Well, it doesn't even matter anymore because no. Reborn changed all of it. Yeah, and it just – even then it just – yeah, the whole concept was to get the, the three of them together with this Superman yep. that they don't know. And then that was – and you know what? Maybe that's something Francis Menopause struggled to deal with because it did change his book a bit. Uh it's just nonsense. Have you read it all, Reggie? Yeah, I've, I've read it up until okay. recently because I, I really do like the way it looks a lot. Usually, yeah, I, do too. I think that the art in that first arc, especially, I think I've said like an unlettered, you know, version of just that, just mm-hmm. the art in that would make a pretty awesome like coffee table type yeah. book because the layouts are just unbelievable. That's I think the thing. Like That's a- why I love Francis Manipal. His layouts, uh, uh, you know, when he does like the one issue early, it might have even been the first issue when you had the page where each page was paneled in the symbol of the and the, the symbol Trinity of the character. Here, yeah. I, Fucking it just, incredible. It was yeah. really so good, but uh, the story sucks and it's yeah. disappointing. This is where we thought that like. Batman was going to become friends with Superman and to, you know, Reborn made that irrelevant, but it never really happened anyway. They all acted yeah. like, you know, the same to each other throughout. Uh, I'm giving it a D minus. Okay. And the next one's uh, one of your books, Reggie. It's Aquaman by Dan Abnett. Aquaman, the old solid standby, the old stalwart boy, uh, yes. you know, the old Ironside. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I really hated the way the first arc was, but really it was a length of it. It went on way too long, and I, that was one of my very rare fuck you fives on the site, uh, the last issue of that arc, which I think was yeah. seven or six. Since then, though, it's been up and down, but it's been sort of, and we say it every single time we review it, it's sort of in that, like, seven groove, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's you know, that seven, 7.5, sometimes a little bit better, sometimes a little bit worse, but... It's a solid book. I can't see anyone becoming an Aquaman fan from it. But if you already are an Aquaman fan, I can see you really enjoying it. And uh, I'd give it a C plus. Okay. I, I'd give it a C. It's a Dan Abnett C to me. It's mm-hmm. one of those books. It's not offensive. Uh, but we're not getting anything new. And I, I oh. argue with Trevor all the time. He's probably listening fucking ready to kill us. Uh, but <laughs> we haven't gotten anything new. This is all retread of things we have saw in, in freaking the beginning, Jeff John's run of Aquaman in the New 52. It's nothing different. You, you have this whole thing, and it just I, – I just want Aquaman – I really want him to just tell Atlantis to go fuck themselves and to go off and do something. But it seems like no writer knows what to do with him if he isn't fighting Atlantis and then yeah. in turn fighting the surface world. So, yeah, I think it's a disappointment but in that realm but it's not offensive i could still read it and be like okay you know what i don't get angry i'm doing this we had a couple issues like that that one issue which is the one you probably were talking about was when superman showed up and they were throwing tanks around and shit like that it's fucking nonsense but other than that you know it's okay but a c how about you are it's not great it's not terrible it is a solid c all the way yeah I, i agree the next one is flash by josh williamson and I, I mentioned to Eric that I do think that the Flash book is going to get a push since this button. There's a lot of people who are going to start saying that this Flash run has been great because this button story. For some reason, you get these big events going or crossovers, and then when you come out of it, people want to fucking paint the you know a rosy picture of what came before. Even though the button to me was 
a, a fucking disappointment too. But the Flash book, that beginning, that Godspeed story just never ended. It seemed like the, it went on forever. It made Barry look like a complete fucking moron. And, and since then, he's just been moping around, including the issue this week. And it's just nothing that I'm excited about. And again, I talked earlier, Dick Grayson's my favorite character. Barry Allen Flash is my second. And then there's a big drop-off. I love, I love Barry Allen Flash. And I just... It's not giving me anything, and it's another one. Carmine DG DeMonico does the art, you know, sometimes. It doesn't seem mm. like this book can keep a, an artist going because Carmine will come back, and then I like, like this week, he's back, and I love it. Uh, but it's just all over the place and everything. You had the rogues come back, and I was all excited for that. That ended terribly. And in fact, I'll just say the endings of, of Josh Williamson's stories just kind of fizzle out. You know, you have these big buildups to nothing. And yeah, I would probably give it a C minus. And it, it kills me because I want to love this book uh, as much as some other people seem to. And I just can't. I can't get that excited for it. But how about you, Eric? I, I was really sketchy about this book when the Godspeed stuff was going on in the beginning. But I want to say it was around Christmas time when we got that Christmas issue that I really started thinking, all right, things have changed now. Like after the Just League versus Suicide Squad, it seemed like Joshua Williamson's writing style had gotten a lot better for some reason to me. And he started writing The Flash a lot better too. But it's his boost uh, like, you know, six months ago that really, you know, put me over the edge because I was not liking the book. But I think I'd have to give it a C. Yeah, I'm not that big on it. Reggie, you reading it? I haven't read it since July. <laughs> yeah, it's just—it's not that exciting. I, but no. uh, we'll go to the next one, which at, at points I was fooled into thinking this book was going to be one of my favorites. It's Green Lanterns uh, mm. by Sam Humphreys. Eric, you review it. Oh yeah, I do review this one, don't I? Um, yeah, Sam Humphreys doesn't give a fuck about Green Lanterns. It was very apparent from the beginning arc with the Red Lanterns, and it's only gotten worse since then because he doesn't give a fuck about Cottonwood. He doesn't care about Lanterns or the space sector they're in. This is a D minus with an arrow down in my yeah, mind. Yeah, I, I really at one point when we revised our our list, I don't know if it was one that went live or me and Eric were talking at work, but this actually made my $25 pull list around the well, time right after the Red Lanterns arc. And I liked that a little more than Eric did. I actually seemed to be getting into the book, but then all of a sudden, not even just Sam Humphreys not even knowing the sector they're in, since that since the Red Lanterns arc, you have gotten all these weird little two shots and things, which, Reggie, you love those. You love little I arcs. Do often, yeah. The problem yeah. is if they don't tie together into a bigger story like you have this whole thing with rami and volthoom set up we're still fucking dealing with it that was ages ago and nothing has happened because they all of a sudden you get dr polaris thrown and you get jessica you know having a deal they're teaming up with batman and all these things are like almost like they're supposed to be cute and fun but get back to the goddamn story it drives listen i'm getting angry because i really want to like this book (laughs) i love simon bass he's one of my favorite characters characters and, and I, start, I, actually, I started to like jessica cruz there and i like there. jessica right yes after, right after the red and lantern arc they started to flesh her character yeah, out and it yeah. was like all right looks like there's some progress but then it goes right back to the same thing yeah, she's goes always back to the same shit having to it, do, it just, deal with that yeah. same shit 
And and then you throw on top of it that he completely didn't know what Volthum's you know backstory is. Now again, it's up to them to tell us and change it. So if they're going to change the it, they're going to change Green it. Mythos. The space yeah. sector, though, is nonsense. You can't at, at that. Yeah. Everybody that was involved with that issue, I don't say fired. They should be off the book, though. They should be sent to other books. There's got to be somebody that realizes that the wrong sector was there. In no, that I mean book. truly. I mean, you know, you got to put it on. You got to put it on the book, but that is a hundred percent an editorial yes. problem. Somebody should have seen this. It, but someone should have yeah. caught that. Yeah, ridiculous. somebody should have caught it. That's what I'm saying. I, Sam Mumphries, whatever. I'm saying if it went through three other hands before it got printed, those people should be off the book. Those editors yeah. and whoever checkers, whatever they have, should be off the book and on some other book that, you know, and maybe they'll mind their P's and Q's a little better. But because of that, what did you give it, Eric? D minus with an D minus. I think down. I'm going to just go D but with a down, and yeah, I just it it really it's getting to the point where when that pops up, I am just disappointed, and I don't even want to you know read it. But what would you give it, Reggie? I'm gonna give it a D, motherfucker. D, D. motherfucker. Ah. D. Yeah. The next one though, one of my surprise uh, ones, and I I talked a lot of crap on it throughout, but it's it's your book, Reggie. How Jordan the Green Lantern Corps. That's right. Hal Jordan has been kind of up and down. Also, that first arc went on, dragged too long. You know, with the member of the Green Lantern Corps, which is kind of yep. standing around doing nothing for like five issues. You know, yeah. Uh, been kind of waiting for this thing to get off the ground, and it, that sort of just happened with the most recent arc, which was also sort of a shorter arc. Uh, I do enjoy the books. As as I, what's funny is I often go through it and I review it and we talk about it. And we nitpick the shit out of it, but in the end, I can't help that my visceral feeling is that I was okay with what happened on the book. So I think I'm going to give this one a C plus. Yeah, uh, actually, I nitpick a, a lot C. with this. Okay, yeah. well, I'm telling you, I'm going C plus and with an arrow up, and it's it's weird. Now it's going to show you too because when we get to the twenty five dollar pull list, you know, spoilers, Eric. Uh, this is on my. $25 pull list and to, for me to even say that a C plus is on the list just shows you yeah, how really. down I am at the moment but this this book even though it drags and it still does it's like Robert Van Ditty does not want to give you a full issue of story ever but it has held Jordan in it it has you know it has Kyle my favorite guy, guys Kyle has Guy Gardner who's my favorite you know Green Lantern it has John Stewart it has the guys that I like, and also I know Eric's going to say it. Uh, I also think that eventually this is going to be an important book. Uh, right now, it's just kind of it still seems to be trying to catch up to the yeah. from the lost army edge of oblivion nonsense. So we're still going forward, but like you said, I, every time we read it, we may nitpick, we may say that the pacing's off, but at the end, when we're done, I kind of have a positive feeling about it. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'll give it a C plus. How about you, Eric? I'm giving a C plus as well. I love the Green Lantern core. Like the Green Lantern, like whoever you want to call it. Green Lantern is my favorite superhero, whether it's Hal Jordan, Kyle Rayner, whatever. I'm not getting anything I wanted out of Green Lanterns. And that was a book I was looking forward to the most when Rebirth was announced. And it's fucking garbage in my mind. So I need a Green Lantern fix. And I get it from this book. And I've been enjoying it pretty much. And I love the art. And so I give it a C plus as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next one, I... Uh... I review, and I have a feeling we're all going to be in agreement here. It's The Justice League by Brian Hitch and, you know, F. various artists. F. Uh, it's F. an F. I, I don't even uh, – do we even have to say he doesn't nope. know how to tell us? Say whatever you it's want. Terrible. It's junk. It's garbage. It's, it's junk. It's the worst it's, book. Yes, that this book should be – 
it should be one of the better books out there. It's garbage. It's complete and utter garbage. That's that. The next one is a book that Eric reviews, and Eric had told me over and over that this was going to be the most important book there was, and it's The Titans. Titans is something that's a bit of a it's a guilty pleasure of mine still because where I still think it might be an important book going forward, it has not lived up to the hype that I wanted it to have and or the hype I gave it. It's it's struggling to find its way, but right now, especially after we got done the Lazarus contract, like you know, crossover, I'm kind of faltering a bit in my mind where I don't I I am telling you, I love the Titans and I love all the characters involved, but I don't care about where we're going with the story. And I love the art though, and I still I still want it to be great, so I think I have to give it a C minus. Yeah, uh, it's just it's boring. There's nothing going on, and I, I'm not going to spoil the the end of the Lazarus contract until we get to the books. Uh, but even what happens at the end there makes this book even seem like it's yeah. in more of a shambles. Possible arrow going down on this one for me. Yeah, it, it. I just nothing is happening when it when it shows up. Now, first off, it seemed weird because it did seem with Wally West going into this that they wanted to make it important, but just having it as once a month already kind of pointed out the idea. Like, eh, they they don't really think it's that important. Uh, but other than that, it shows up, and it, it's one of those. It's a weird book because it has all of these heroes. It has my favorite dick grayson as wally west all these this ends up where i really know that i'm not really into a book is when all of a sudden titans comes out we get the review copies i'm like oh titans comes out this week i didn't (laughs) even know and that just shows i'm not even looking forward to it all and that's the thing this book going out of the rebirth and just tying into the rebirth discussion the rebirth special you had wally come back and the whole thing was he needed to you know have his lightning rod he thought it was linda so when we started out this series it seemed like that was going to work into doing that, Wally and Linda, and that has been completely thrown to the side. He, he mentions it, but you don't see shit. And also, they ended up, Dan Abden ended up trying to tie it too much, probably, into the Titans hunt, which I guess Eric appreciated. But throwing the abracadabra stuff in just made people, I'm sure, confuse people, and just it wasn't that exciting. And it didn't give you any real answers anyway. So going from there, I, I give it a C-, and it's a downswing. I, that arrow is way down. Uh, I just have not. Now, I love the art. Brett Booth's art is always great to me. Mm. Uh, the entire that, art team is amazing on that Yeah, book. it's great. Uh, but the, sto- the story just is doing nothing. Uh, Reggie, you read it all? Yeah, I've been reading it. Uh, you know, T- Titans Hunt was a kind of a sleeper for me because I, I read it after the fact, after okay. the New 52 and trade. I liked it a lot, and so I've been keeping up with this. But uh, it hasn't done anything. It's been pretty boring. Uh, I'd actually give it a C, but it definitely okay. on a da- downswing. And uh, I haven't even read the latest annual, so I don't know yeah. how this whole Lazarus contract ends. Ooh, you're going to have to find out. The next yeah. book is another one, Eric's, that actually I, I know my score. <laughs> Cyborg, Eric. Cyborg's an F. F from me. It's it's terrible. It's, I don't read it's it. It's been bad. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's really bad. And it, it nobody's buying it. It went from twice a month down to monthly. And I think this is another one with Superwoman that will be one of the first titles that are canceled. Uh, the next one Chris reviews is Teen Titans. Uh, Reggie, you gave it to Chris, mm-hmm. uh, and it it's weird. It's one of those we have a couple issues whatnot it just doesn't seem like there's been a complete story yet and i can't really get a grip on it i love damien uh i like the team but we haven't really gotten anything for me to say that it's good or bad uh john boy myers art was incredible before he quit 
Koi Farms is okay, so I, I, but I can't say that that's doing anything better. Uh, I just want to like the Teen Titans. We had so much shit Teen Titans in the New yep. 52 that I just I want to like the Teen Titans book. And if I'm going to throw in the Lazarus contract issues with this, then I, I'm going to go a little lower as well because that you know we haven't had that many issues. But I'd give it a D plus. And I, I'd like to put the arrow up just because I have just hope that it's going to get better. But really, it hasn't been great. Uh, what would you give it, Aaron? I have to give it a D plus as well. I love Young Heroes and was looking forward to this book so much, especially because I love Damian Wayne as well. Yeah. But especially after what we got with the Lazarus contract, I don't look forward to what's coming next. No. I, it made me hate Damian Wayne. And uh, Koi Fong's art, I don't really care for it all that much. So it's it's a D plus, but I'm not giving an arrow up or down because okay. I don't really think about it going forward because I don't care where they're going. Yeah. How about you, Reggie? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm right there with you that, you know, I've, I've said before that the Teen Titans were the most maligned property in all of the new 52. Yeah. We never got a good Teen Titans out of that. And I want to like this book still even now so much, uh, but it's not really doing much. Uh, it, and, uh, you know, the, lately it's been sort of on a downturn. I'd definitely give it a D. Yeah, and and just tying it in, the Rebirth special one, that did have Damien blowing the candles on his cake that he turned yeah. 13 so he'd be a teen. And Jackson Hyde. And Jackson up. Hyde. So actually the Rebirth special had a couple things leading into this Teen Titans book, and yeah, it, it hasn't been great. The next one is another one of Eric's, the Justice League of America. F. F for me, too. That book, it's I'm telling you, I, I was hoping we'd finally get a good Justice League book, and uh, Steve Orlando just can't tell a fucking story that keeps in continuity because all he's writing a story for is to get his goddamn preachy nonsense in, at the end, yeah. and the rest of the book doesn't matter to him. I don't know and who it, he's writing this for And it's either. weird because this is, again, this is just like Detective Comics where you have a crazy team. I mean, you have Lobo on the team, and you have yeah. you know guys like Vixen, who you don't get a lot of, and Killer Frost. And you I was have, hoping this was going to be like a bad Batman and the Outsiders. Yeah, which that's I, what it seemed I to be set up. Yeah, yeah, and that would like be that, great. But, uh, but yeah, and now the the one thing you did have Ryan Choi it was a big part of that Rebirth special, and you got that. But he even changed that up a little going into this. But even so, you have Ryan Choi who's there. You have uh, Ray Palmer stuck in the microverse, and Ryan Choi's just been kind of twiddling his thumbs going along with this. Now we are going to get to that coming up. But even so, it's just. You had that start where Steve Orlando had to push the powder keg of a team that didn't make sense. Now they're like, and because of that, now when they're saying, boy, we're really coming together, you don't have an impact. You have Lobo just yelling shit, and it's just nonsense. He, The characters are terrible, and the story, like Eric says, is just pushed towards getting social justice warrior stuff and what he wants to prove. But at the end of the day, it's nonsense, but I'd give it an F. How about you, Reggie? Uh, I think I might go a little bit, but I, I, nah, I might as well give it an F. I, I, I hate it. I want to like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I say, I like the idea of wacky teams, and uh, so do I. you yeah. know, I was, I was hoping we get, and, and it like the first issue seemed like that we might get something, and it's been crap ever since. You yeah, know? it has. And, and not uh, the first I, issue was even that great. It was just like okay. Yeah, like Eric said too. He just seems it's one of those things. It's weird. We have the guy who's the owner's son at work, and I say to to Eric all the time. The guy can do any sort of job, and no matter what, he will always find something to fuck up. And it's like something he doesn't even need to do for this job, 
but somehow he'll do it and he'll fuck it up. And that's Steve Orlando with with continuity. He can just the guy can always find something that doesn't need to be in the story that he'll add that does nothing for the story that throws continuity out the fucking window. Yeah. He always does it. He can always find something to mess up, and it drives me nuts. In any book, it's in Supergirl as well. Uh, but the next one's one I do. It's Green Arrow, Ben Percy, and uh, Otto Schmidt, and Juan Ferrer. And you know we've talked a million times. Juan Ferrer's art I love. Uh, this book is better than what we got in the new 52. It's been up and down, though. It, it hasn't been consistently good in the story-wise, but I do like it better than what we got before. So Ben Percy did kind of up his game a little. I like the story going on now. Well, it's I think just, he upped his game a lot from what yeah, we got it, in the It's kind of up and down, though. Like There'll be times when you have the Trans-Pacific Railway that I think is complete and utter yeah, nonsense. But... At least what he's done, and also you have to say, it's kind of been one long arc, even though it is separated in the stories. We have the basically the whole thing has been about the burned and the the ninth circle. So you keep going. Uh, there may be too many characters thrown in here at points, like the villains. You have Diggle off. You had a freaking Merlin show up out of nowhere and disappear with Diggle and stuff like that. But overall, I I don't get offended by it. I I don't get completely mad except that. That Trans-Pacific Railway nonsense. But other than that, I actually enjoy it. I like Green Arrow as a character, so I want to like him. And even Otto Schmidt and Juan Ferrer, both the art's been great in this book throughout. Uh, so I would give it I'd give it probably a C plus, uh, only because the story, again, and I'm not saying that's not uh, you know throwing shade at it. It's just it hasn't been as important as I hoped it would be, and it's been a little up and down the story-wise. But uh, what would you give it, Eric? I give a C plus as well. I really love the art all the way through with the uh, series, but you know it has had its up and downs. But recently, I don't know because if we're in it or not. If that's I'm biased because of that. Yeah. But I have been really enjoying the story lately, and I do. It's something I do yeah. look forward to reading. Yeah. How about you, uh, uh, Reggie? Are you reading it? No, I haven't read it since uh, okay. June. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's good. The next one's Deathstroke. Uh, it's one I had problems with at the beginning. I review it. I had a lot of problems, and I think it was just because I didn't get, you know, Christopher Priest, how he was telling the story and what he was going to come back to. I was a little confused, I'll admit it. Uh, but then all of a sudden, it's almost like a light went off, where all of a sudden I realized how good this book was, and I really do enjoy it. It's one of my favorite books that comes out now, which is crazy, oh. thinking about that going from the beginning, that I would actually give it telling you i'm between a b and a b plus for this i'd probably give it a b only because of how i didn't like it at the beginning but i said i'm almost thinking it was me not the story um but i've been really enjoying it and i hope that this goddamn lazarus contract doesn't throw like a speed bump into this whole thing and kind of throw it off i hope it continues as good as it was so yeah i'll give it a b how about you eric I give it a B as well. I'm telling you, I was really off on the series when it first started, but it has become, like you said, one of my favorite series that I look forward to every time it comes out. And uh, I look forward to where we're going after the Lazarus contract because it's the only story that like, yeah. I didn't hate completely going forward. Okay. Now, how about you, Reggie? You reading it? I haven't read it, but i got to say your latest reviews on the uh, site and podcast have made me say I'm going to go pick it's up the tree. It's pretty good. I think yeah. they should. It's really good. The next one is your book, Reggie. It's Harley Quinn. Uh, uh, yeah. What do you think of that? Uh, you know, Harley Quinn, I, I tell people that when I, you know, when I review Harley Quinn, I kind of put on my Harley Quinn hat. You know, you can't go into that just thinking it's, you know, hating it off the bat. So I, you know, 
for what it was, I liked a lot of the Harley Quinn before Rebirth, but it is just getting worse and worse. The latest stuff, now that they have the backup, seems to help the timing out a little bit. But uh, I would even say, like, even if you're a Harley fan, what are you getting out of it now? It just seems to be, like, aimless and meandering and and, and treading the same shit over and over. I'd give this one a D plus. Yeah, I'm with you, D plus, because like you said, it's just the same stuff over and over again. It's nothing new. It doesn't seem fresh at all, and it's weird. I I even uh, talked to Eric at one point, wondering who I would want on this book if uh, you know Jimmy Palmiotti and Mentor Connor stepped off it. I don't think I'd want anybody. I'd just no. want this book to go away for a while and maybe forever. I don't know. It's just it's weird. We got oversaturated with Harley, and now it's at a point it just doesn't seem fresh. But how about you, Eric? I give it a D plus as well. Yeah. There's nothing really here for me. I, I'm telling you, I got excited for it again once Rebirth happened, but it's it's treading water now for me. Yeah. The next one, I think we're all going to agree. It's the Hellblazer that you uh, review, Reggie. F. 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 It's terrible. I, there's yeah. nothing even to say. The next Possibly one's... the worst. If 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 Justice yeah, I think League it's the worst. Not the worst. This is the worst. No, I, I said there. Yeah, I said there this week. I said at least I can say that Brian Hitch and Justice League. I can see through a cloud of shit that there is a story <laughs> somewhere in there. It's just he doesn't know how to properly tell it. Maybe he's one of those guys that can tell somebody the story, and then somebody else could write the script based on that, and you'd get something good out of it. But Help! I don't even know what the fuck's going on half the time, and we are going to get it. Tim Seeley is going to jump on it uh, mm. again. I think that this is one of the uh, another one that's going to be one of the early cancellations. The yeah, next one, too. Eric. Eric reviews now is Red Hood and the Outlaws. Uh, go with it, Eric. Red Hood and the Outlaws. Right now, we have not been doing a lot recently, but it's a story that I love the art, and I look forward to it every time it comes out. So I would give this one a B plus. Yeah, I I actually think that it's kind of. It's stalling a little. That's why I ended up trading it with you. But even that, the art's really good. I love Jason Todd. I love Red Hood. I like Bizarro. I want more of them. Uh, the only thing that worries me is we have this Artemis story now, and then after that it looks like we're going to just have a full-out Bizarro story, and I just want them as a team. It doesn't seem that Scott Liddell wants to give us the Trinity, the Dark Trinity that's been promised. We've just uh-huh. been kind of having them separate all the time. So because of that, I still give it a B- Minus, uh, but it's on the downswing for me. It just hasn't been as fun lately, and it's just stalling. Uh, how about you, Reggie? At one time, this was my favorite book, even yeah. over New Superman. I think last time we did this, which was in like December or November of last year, but it has been falling down. I'd give it a B minus at this okay. point, but I still am interested. You know, I yeah. still like it. Yeah, same. And the next one, Suicide Squad, that I kind of have the opposite feeling yeah. of. And Reggie, you go first. You review it. Uh, this book has kind of been floundering a little bit that, you know, there's always little, little bits that seem interesting, like the, uh, you know, the Russian, the annihilation brigade or like what might happen with Zod, but just constantly lets us down over and over. Lately, it's been a little bit better now with Tony Daniel on the art and them not having these backups, you know, and John Romita not being on the book, which was fucking abominable. I mean, Uh. I I was just saying, if I was looking at the, uh, I, I was deleting some books off of my, uh, tablet. And I looked at some old covers, so like from the those, and I was like, "Wow, how did let, how did this get past the office?" Anybody. I mean, this looks awful. I mean, yeah. really, the worst shit. Um, but it does seem to be, uh, you know, I think I'm going to give it a D with an up arrow. Okay, 
I, I'm probably a little Maybe. more positive yeah, uh, because, yeah, because I really like the first couple issues. I'm telling you, John Romita should never be allowed to draw Harley again in his life. It was the worst. Uh, and that did throw it off. The whole thing with it started off crazy because Jim Lee could not keep a schedule. We knew this right away. They made concessions for him to have these half issues. It threw the pacing off of everything completely. Uh, but still at points where we I was having fun, Eric and me were having some fun with it. Uh, but yeah, then it became just garbage. But it does seem like it's getting back on track now. Rob Williams is, you know, able able to tell a full story because of Tony Daniels art, which looks great. Uh, so I would actually give it, I'm even going to go C minus and it's going up just because I think that it is a book that I enjoy and I'm enjoying more. So I'm going to be positive about something. How about you, Eric? <laughs> I'd give it a C minus as well. Okay. There was, you know, I liked the first arc a lot and then like it really fell because of the freaking, you know, the Just League versus Suicide Squad and then all the John Romita shit really threw things in a goddamn tizzy for me. Yeah. But I do think it is going to get better as we go along. Okay, well, we have a couple books left, and the next one is Eric's Blue Beetle. What do you say, Eric? Blue Beetle is a strange title for me because I love Blue Beetle. I love Jaime Reyes, and uh, this book started out as fucking garbage. Yeah. But now that JMD Mateus is on this thing, I kind of have high hopes. And plus, it seems like it's getting bigger than it should be because we have the inclusion of Dr. Fate, which we've had. But now we have the proper Dr. Fate, Kent Nelson. You know, he's taking the helm again proper. And I would have to give this a D with an arrow up. Yeah, and this is one of those where we did see this in the Rebirth special, where we saw Dr. Fate show up and tell uh, Ted that the Scarab wasn't alien tech, uh, that it was magic. And actually, the thing that I always forget about that is that he says, Dr. Fate tells Ted that it's not only that, but it was a lie of a powerful dark sorcerer. So I was like, huh, I wonder if that, you know, what's going that's on. that's Aryan or not. That's what I was wondering, if it was Aryan or not. It seemed weird that that was thrown out, and then we got Aryan, who is kind of a older dark sorcerer, but, sorcerer yeah yeah, yeah but uh I am with you. I'm enjoying it more, these last two issues. I want to like it. I, this was one of those books I wanted to like just because Eric likes it. I wanted us to have this book that we, you know, me and Eric would be the only ones who like it. But uh, it was garbage for so long. That's what, why I can't rate it too high. So I'd go D+, plus, but it is more positive now. I, I am enjoying it now, and I hope it just gets better. You, you can't be reading Blue Beetle, right, Reggie? No, I'm not reading it now. <laughs> I didn't think so. The next one, are you reading Batman Beyond? No, I haven't been reading no, that I didn't either. think so either. I, I read in the that... beginning of Rebirth, but okay. not, not for months. And that's Eric. Eric, what do you think of Batman Beyond? Batman Beyond's a weird one for me because it, since it picks up with Terry, you know, after Tim disappears after his, you know, Batman Beyond series in the DCYOU, yeah. but... I, I've liked it enough. It just seems to be stalling everything. You know, we have, you know, this new story arc is something that I've re- like, you know, I'm really interested in, but everything we've got before that it's, it wasn't much, you know, it, it's, it just kind of was spinning its wheels and didn't know what it wants to be, but I love the art and I hope it does get better, but I'll give it a C minus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I always, I say to you, I, every issue is one of those. I'm like, ah, I like it a little more, I think, and it's getting better. Uh, so yeah. What did you just, what did you give it? I gave it a C minus. Okay, I'm actually going to give it a solid C. I'm enjoying it enough. I think it's going to get better. Uh, I have have been enjoying it, but yeah, other than that, it's just a C. And the last book is Super Sons, which I review, and there hasn't been a lot of issues. Uh, It actually was going to be on my uh, next $25 pull list. It is not anymore because it's just kind of there. It's Mm -hmm. not – I love the characters. I love John. I love Damien. I love them together. But it just isn't 
as big as I thought it was going to be. It's just kind of them arguing with this Kid Amazo story. You you come out of the gates with that. It worries me that maybe that's, you know, there's not a lot to do with them. We'll see. I want more Lex in with them. I don't know that we're going to get that. I don't think we are from now on. So we'll see what's going on. But I'd give it a C plus. Uh, probably not even with any arrows. Just a solid C plus and see where it goes from there. What about you, Eric? I think I'd give that a C minus as well as Batman yeah. Beyond because, you know, I really had high hopes for this book, but it's just retreading the same jokes over and over again. And this whole Kid Amazo story never really jived for me, the, like the explanation about how everything was working. But I do have high hopes in the future. But this right now, it's just kind of not doing it for me the way I thought yeah. it would. Yeah. How about you, Reggie? You uh, reading uh, that? I, I'm enjoying a little bit more. Okay. Uh, you know, what you guys say rings true, but I just love the characters so much. And I love the, I think the interaction is a lot of fun. And uh, I do enjoy reading it every every week. I'm going to give it a good old B. Okay, and that yeah. are that's the books. And real quick, we'll just go through our twenty-five dollar pull list. We don't have to. We just explain why we like or don't like the books. I'll go first. <laughs> My twenty-five dollar pull list is Superman, which is six dollars uh, a month. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, which is six dollars. The Injustice book, but. This is where I get fancy. I'm going to go with the digital releases each week, so that only ends up being $4 total for the month. It's uh. a little sneaky. Uh, Deathstroke at $4 and New Superman at $4, which gives me $1 left at $24. Eric, what is your $25 pull list? Mine is Action Comics, and that is $6. Superman at $6. Howard Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps at $6. And Red Hood and the Outlaws at $4, giving me a total of $22. So I'm going to go to a freaking store and get a two-liter on the way home. Nice. And and I actually, I read mine wrong. Mine was Action Comics, not Superman, as my first one. I don't know what, I, I didn't even have it up. I thought I'd know it, but yes, it's Action Comics, Howard Jordan, and Justice, Deathstroke, and New Superman. Uh, Eric, yeah, you're not going to do what I said. At one point before I had the injustice digital as my one i had some extra money and i was going to use it to buy any sort of issue that started a new arc to see if i could continue with that but eric didn't absolutely not no you're buying a two liter how about you that's right uh assuming i'm making this list right now here on june 3rd 2017 yes my my list would be batman at six bucks new superman at four bucks all-star batman at five bucks Cave Carson at four bucks and Action Comics at six bucks. That's crazy. Now, if you were telling me I had to make a pull list for like the next few months, then I would sub out All Star Batman for Doom Patrol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. I was going to say that you didn't have Doom Patrol. Now, the other thing coming up, you have all those. You know, you have that Mister Miracle by Tom King. Uh You have all those one shots and stuff, but that's all coming up down the line. But yeah, that is it. I would say. If I was going to rate the whole rebirth up till now as a whole, I think I would go C minus as as a whole. I don't know if I you guys. I think that sounds right. Yeah, I, I would I go think, C. You know, we're, okay. we're all in the same wheelhouse, basically. Though, definitely, you know, compared to the way, and this is the only way you can compare it to the way the new Fifty Two DCYOU ended. Yeah, it's. I still think it's on an upswing from there, but it's definitely on a big downswing from where we started last June. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. But yeah, up until like at one point, if I was going to say like it was like a B plus to me, I was loving everything yeah. and it just oh, yeah. the excitement of it. I was, but I'm I'm kind of I don't know if it's that I've been burned out, but it's just there's no 
real I don't have a book anymore that I just have to read that I just oh I can't wait now you go back and forth with big stories and stuff like that but there's nothing that I just like have to get a hold of and even in the DCYOU for me it was Grayson when that would come out I had to read oh I can't wait and now I don't know if it's maybe the twice a month on some of these it kind of just it just keeps hitting you over the head with the books that all of a sudden you're just like eh you know what I just have to wait a couple weeks and I'll get another one Uh, but yeah we'll move on now to the next mail section i think that is all you're going to be doing with us tonight reggie right that's it i'm out of here folks thank you all for having me on and thanks everyone for listening all right and we'll be back and yeah just before you are going to have a young animal segment later though there is a young animal segment where we talk all about fifth weeks and comics and why they exist and some events that have happened on fifth weeks so yeah we'll be doing that you'll hear reggie's uh great voice later Understand why you just can't admit Jim is the man. The time on the podcast is here, the voice that we all want to hear. So here we go. Ah, uh, yes. Mail section number two. Mail with Jim. And That's right. Eric. Ooh. We're going to start off with Matty D. And Matty D is going to try to get me in trouble because he says, really enjoying this podcast, but I just have to say one thing. Don't be a re-re, which means retarded. Eric, you retards are just getting too retarded in here. Talk to you retards later. And then he says, did Tanya come downstairs yet? Here is a few more retards. Retarded mongoloid. Retard. (laughs) I got yelled at the other day because I called one of our cats retarded. And Tanya got really upset. But it was only because of the cat. It was, and the cat and is retarded. She, you, yeah, oh, you should. I think that it did one of those where it like jumped off of a bureau into a window. And then she's like, he doesn't know that it was a window. I'm like, so basically he was going to commit suicide. It's on the third floor. If he's jumping into the window and there, he thinks there's no glass there, then he was just going to die. And it really, she does treat them like they're fucking gods up there in that fucking attic of ours. That uh, tower. That, I'm telling you, she's up in their fucking ivory tower up there. Uh, but yeah, the, these cats... She overfeeds them, and she tells me all the time that she does, and I'm like, just look at these things. They're one year old. 
They're fucking humongous. The big fat silks. Big fat retarded cats. The one cat, it, it ends up licking all the blankets because it never suckled enough. And she's like, give me this whole thing. I'm like, no, nah, it just looks like a retard. Yep. There you go. But yes. Uh, licking windows. Just, yeah, jumping in the windows. Uh, licking blankets and jumping in the windows. Uh, fucking. Then she's like, I want to make this thing that with this catnip. I'm like, they do not need that. Th- these cats do not need to get high on catnip. They're already fucking gone. Uh, the one I told you, I don't like the, the name Declan. I told you no. I'd never say it. Uh, so now nobody really likes it except her. So they call it, this is the craziest thing. I don't even know. Decky Danish, they call him. Right. Uh, like, come here, Decky Danish. And the other one is, is Finn. But now his name is turned into Phineas P. And I'm like, what? what is he, some fancy guy with a fucking cane and a top hat and a monocle? Phineas, or Phineas J it is actually. I was even wrong. The one just sits there and looks under. I think it's Finn who sits there all night and he'll just sit there. You'll you'll walk down and say he just sits there and looks underneath the goddamn oven. That's all he does. There's there's no mice there. He seems to think there is. He just sits there looking under the oven like something's going to fucking jump out. I don't know if he thinks I'm making him something. That's not happening. And then she's like, she says, oh, can you get him this? Like, you ever go and you're walking down the, the food aisle? You, you have a cat, so you go down yeah. the cat food aisle. And you're like, okay, I'm going to get him some, uh, I don't know, what, what, is, what are some brands? The fucking, I have you no know, idea. It gets uh, the pink bag. Yeah, whatever. It's the Cats Ahoy. I, I don't even know what they, this nonsense. Well, then you get to that fucking refrigerated thing where they have those fancy fucking things. You ever see those where it's like fucking meat in a, in a tube? Shit's like $12 for I'm like one you, I, meal. I walk, I walk into that freaking Pets Plus. I know exactly where it is. I go to that aisle. I grab the bag. It's at the red Cats Ahoy, right? Isn't that one of the whiskers? Cats Ahoy. I, I don't know. Cats Ahoy. But there, there's che- these... Yeah, the Chewy Cats are yeah, they Yeah, the Chewy cat. There's the one place that's like a refrigerated deal, and it's almost like I'm telling you, Fancy this piece. is... Uh, no, this is refrigerated. This shit's more expensive than the fucking meat that I'm making for my family. I'm not giving it to no cat. Ay, ay, ay. And she's like, we should try that. No, no, we no. shouldn't. We're, we're not trying that. They're going to eat this. Oh, they like this. They like, uh, you know, uh, goddamn fucking, I don't know what. I'm like, no, you know what they're getting? They're getting that cat's ahoy. There you go. And she's like, they only like this. And then the other day, oh, they're mad at me. Oh, look at him. He's giving me a mean look. I, no, he's giving you a cat look. These cats don't know. Don't tell me. We have a dog that fucking... The dog's retarded, too. The fucking thing doesn't know what's going on. Fucking jumping around. <sighs> Thank you, Matty D. Don't be <laughs> upset about these cats. I'm telling you, I saw them when I went downstairs. They're just hanging out in the fucking kitchen. Like, they, you know, like they're nobody's business. Acting all fucking aloof. All New Dave is the next one. I believe All New Dave. Right now, we are recording live in the... The uh, Mixler, Mixler, and all yeah. new Dave is in the Mixler, so oh, he nice. gets to hear us talk about his mail live. And he says, hi, Jim, Eric, and the Get Fresh crew. Up, Dave? Annuals Week has given me a chance to take a break from comic buying and have to think about making a pull list. I've mostly just been listening to your podcast and getting the comics that stand out for the week. For example, I had to get Suicide Squad number 11 to see if J.R. Uh, Jr. really can't draw heads. Oh, and terrible. he probably found out he can't. I bought Green Arrow number 21 to see Jim and Eric die. Yes. Nice. Uh, we were very proud of that. 
As it stands, since I bought Superman number one a year ago, I have 149 mostly DC comics and eight trades in the attic. It's a bit of a mess. I want to cut down on the random comics and free some money up for some trades. I'll let you know how it gets on. And I, I've been buying more trades than I have ever had as well. Uh, a lot of the new 52 stuff I've gone back and gotten uh, pretty cheap, so I do like that. Thanks for the invite to the Slack chat. Good luck with the Patreon. You guys deserve something for all the time and labor you give up. That's right. I didn't even get to see the Penguins tonight. I think they lost, Eric. You can count on my support. Thanks again to Toby and Bobby at the Evening Zoo. I've been off work this week, so I've caught most of the shows. And that is the Mixler shows. If you want to go, it's at Mixler.com slash DC, And that's where we also do the live show, which we're doing now. I even managed to stay up late and catch Reggie Something Smells and F and Stefan and Brandon shows, which were awesome. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Uh, Please, I was having a bit to a P.S. I was having a bite to eat with my good friend Billy when she called someone a wrong turn. I said, where did you get that from? And she said, it was a movie. It blew my mind. I thought you guys said wrong turn to mean you literally took a wrong turn in work and I have to speak to the guy. Nope, maybe I'm a wrong turn. See you in seven. All new Dave. Nope, it's exactly from that. It's from the movies. Basically because wrong turn's favorite movies were the wrong turn movies. And he talked about, but he doesn't like wrong turn too, Eric. Nope. Memories like he's a big fan of wrong turn one and wrong turn three. Three. And Not also wrong turn two. I don't even know that he understands what went on in each of those. They kind of probably blend together for him. And also, he still thinks that there's a new Jaws movie coming out where Jaws gives birth to 15 sharks, it seems. 47 meters down. 47, yeah, 47 meters down, which he thinks it's called 47 Monsters. He was telling me the other day. Oh, no, when you corrected him, man, he came back to me and said 47 Monsters again. I'm like, meters, man, damn. Yeah, I never corrected him. I oh, let okay. him go with it. Fuck that. I'm not going to... You think he would know what a meter is? Hooey. There's no way he would know what a meter is. But yeah, wrong turns just from that. And we don't even... It's not even like those hillbillies in the movie. It's just that he likes that movie. but uh, Or movie series. Uh, I lifted the band only, Eric, so that you can tell him about that Leatherface movie because you seem very sad that there was nobody uh, I told to him about it. Can you put the band back on? Uh, no. The band is off. I felt better once we talked to him. He seemed so happy. I didn't. And now, the funny thing is, he hasn't talked to us in what? We didn't talk to him for probably almost a month, right? Yeah. And you would think he'd have something fucking to say to us. He comes back. Yeah. He has nothing to say. He, he's just, but he seems to want to talk to us just because we're talking to him. And what it ends up being is him probably about 50 feet away from us, staring at us with a weird look on his face. So creepy. Yeah. And then he'll wave. Like, after a while, he'll see that we see him and he'll wave. But he won't really come by because he doesn't have anything to talk about. So, yeah, the band's lifted, but really, all he does is stare at us creepy, uh, creepily. Uh, the next mail is from Brandon. He says, sup, fellas. Well, since up, it's Brandon? Wonder Woman week, let's discuss. Finally caught up on all things Wonder Woman, Ruck is run, comic-wise. Since I mostly lost so much interest, they've just been sitting there. I had five issues piled up, including the annual. All I can say is that was all pretty lackluster, and that is beginning, and that's being as polite as humanly possible. If I were to say it rudely, it would be something along the lines of I think Greg Ruck is a huge douchebag who throws professional temper tantrums when he doesn't get his way and is the worst kind of writer in comics. Ooh-wee. I remember at one point 
Brandon was reading them when they came out, and then he'd message me, what the fuck did I just read? And I'd try to explain <laughs> to him, and then I'd get confused. To elaborate further, Greggy Boy is the kind of writer that doesn't respect any work, but his own regardless of the quality he's putting out to the masses. Continuity before him be damned, because who could possibly know a fictional character better than some bitter old man? That son of a bitch just made us all read 24 issues to find out Diana could have wrapped the lasso around these clowns and said I loved you to them at any point, and they'd shrivel like bitches. Game over. All throughout labeling issues with years and timelines fucking up where Wonder Woman is placed in DC continuity to the point no other writer can do anything with her besides mention how uh, everything is a lie or question if everything going on that she sees is the truth. I understand more about young animal books than I do about one of DC's Trinity right now, which is fucking ridiculous after essentially reading what is two years worth of output. And these young animal books are only one trade deep, mind you. Next time, just release your one first, then her current story second, because this serves no literary purpose to read this series any other way. That's what I said at the end. It yeah. might have been better, sir. The only, it seemed neat at the beginning, though. The only, and and it, it did play together, off a couple it times. Really well, yeah. yeah, it came off a couple times. It was not a full-out coming together, though. The only positive thing I can say about the annual was at least it contained more action than the 23 issues that preceded. And that's uh, combined. And, and Brandon, that's his big thing. He's like, there is no action in these books. Which you go back, that's what Frank Cho was thro- throwing around. That He said that people at DC had told him that way back. But... In closing, here is what old curmudgeon Greggy accomplished on his run. One, I have no idea when Wonder Woman arrived here, when she met anybody, or when she started to be a member of the Justice League in DC's timeline. What is the truth, Greg Rucka, concerning Diana's purpose in the current DC universe? You never really cleared that up. Number two, Ares, his family, Veronica Kell and Dr. Cyber, all off the board as Wonder Woman villains forever. Number three, Wonder Woman walks around and is friends with the Buffalo Bills mascot who is able to prevent you from losing your mind completely. The opposite experience relationship I have with the actual Buffalo Bills. And, uh, yes, that is Ferdinand. And we, we wonder what's going to happen with Ferdinand going Seriously. forward. Nothing. How does that Number, play in the timeline? I don't know. Number four, I don't ever want to read any Wonder Woman comic by Rucka ever again. I was bored to tears. Don't, you know, at me. I don't care for indie books and old Wonder Woman doesn't interest me if it even remotely connects to this crap. Now he's going to go on. He's going to up his definitive freeze pop power rankings of 2017, Eric. Number one, pink. (sighs) Number two, red. Number three, blue. Number four, purple. Number five, orange. Number six, green. I'm telling you, blue should be the top six. No, uh, pink his, is good. Yeah, I don't like pink. Number 25, uh, $25 pull list. He has Batman for six, Superman for six, Action for six, Deathstroke for four. I binged this over the last two weeks, and I'm in love with the book up until the tight, Teen Titans, Titans nonsense. And then he has Red Hood and the Outlaws, uh, $4. And he says that equals $25.92. Suck it. That counts when you, you round down. He says, not count. who's rounding down round, 92 cents? Round down this, is this, this is what happened today. It's weird that he says this. We're at fucking – this is a little behind the scenes with the Werners. We all go shopping this morning. We didn't go midnight shopping. Me and you and Reggie got done recording last night. Everybody was asleep. So we get up early this morning, and actually Ethan went. So there's three kids, Logan, Rafe, and Ethan, and me. We go, and what we do – I'm sick of shotgun yell. You're not allowed to yell shotgun anymore to get the front seat because it has turned into a goddamn fucking mass brawl to get out the door because you have to be outside to say shotgun. 
I'm telling you, somebody's going to die. They end up, it, it is it is worse than the goal line stance uh, against the fucking 85 fucking Chicago fucking Bears. It's, it's okay. incredibly nonsense. So I said, we're not allowed to do that. So we've come up with these games. And one of the games is we get to the supermarket and we're, we go to three places. We go to Walmart, Aldi, and BJ's. And we're at Walmart and you have to guess. It's, it's the price is right. Yeah. You have to guess, and whoever is the closest to what the Without total is over. gets shotgun. No, that's the thing. I don't go that not going over uh-huh. only because it throws it. Then it gets arguments. So I said, it's just closest. So Ethan says $45. Uh, Logan says 46 The total comes out to $45.78. Somehow Ethan tells me that that's closer to 45 What Is are he you failing talking? math? No, he Probably. I think that's what he might have taken summer school last year. I'm telling you, no, it doesn't. That doesn't work. And then he tried, like, well, isn't it, you know, not going over? I said, no, I already said that. It's just closest. And Logan's there. Logan's the youngest. He's like, it, you know, it's this many cents. Don't you know this? You got them retard. Then we're having flights. And now it's a fucking scrum again. <laughs> now it's a rugby scrum out the door. Oh, nonsense. Nonsense. Also, at... Earlier than that, about two minutes earlier, I, I say to them, and this is the other problem with having so many goddamn kids, where they go, can we get a bag of chips? They always want a bag of chips because you know, Eric, the, the ride between Walmart and Aldi, it, it's at least 80 miles, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like two seconds. But They, they need a bag can, of chips for the road. Can we get a bag of chips between these places? Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Now you got three motherfuckers trying to fucking fight about what chips they're going to get. And nobody – like Logan wants the uh, salt and vinegar. Nobody wants those. Rafe wants the fucking, you know, the Doritos, those goddamn spicy Doritos. Nobody wants those. They're fucking fighting all around. They ended up getting – and usually what happens, and it did again – Two kids agree to one thing, and the other usually is Logan, and he starts crying. And I have oh, to geez. yell at him for crying, and it gets nonsense. And then, then I ended up, then I always end up, you know, going, okay, I'll fucking bite, and here you go. And he gets Funyuns. And then I start yelling at him about Funyuns. Like, who the fuck wants Funyuns? Ah, uh, yes. Funyuns. The next one is uh, Brandon continues with the books. He says Titans annual special. The care uh, the care put in this comic crossover summed up in two pages of this final issue. At one point, Dick Grayson mentions everyone before jumping in the time stream. Stick to the woods. Stay out of sight. Above all, avoid any contact with your past selves. Turn the page of this comic, and what happens? But the team coming face to face with themselves in the next fucking panel. Seriously, DC, hire me as an editor because whoever does the job now. Is so afraid to tell these writers there is literally anything wrong with their work. It's making your product seem poorly cared for. Then, hey, just to end things on the high note, let's give a pacemaker to the hero who single-handedly kicked the whole uh, rebirth event off. Why not? You can Damien... Damien written like a damn champ by oh you can get Damien written like a damn champ by Tom Taylor and Injustice then being shit all over written like Prince of Dicks over here almost killing fellow heroes get your shit together he says Flash so yeah Reverse Flash can never be killed even by God got it makes sense fuck you uh, <laughs> here's hoping for some good damn stories this summer from DC because oh, with Marvel now fully all in on the Secret Empire crap I need something to keep my mind occupied with something other than complete nonsense and mental abuse from my four-year-old i chance i'm out brandon at beam your 3660 we're gonna head off to brandon and trevor talking some book eric that i'm not sure what it is i i didn't God damn it. i think it might be cable number one does that sound right i i bet you it isn't i bet uh-huh. you that didn't win I, I never check i always forget i got so all this 
other shit that I'm doing. I would guess that it's a Marvel book, Eric. Is that possible? I, that, that sounds like something it might possibly be. It sounds be. like it might God be it, a Marvel book. why aren't you loading book. piece of shit? I am stalling as much as I can, Eric, and you're not getting to the page. Are you there yet? I am. I just have to scroll down a little bit, but you it won't let me. son of a bitch. I am looking, and I'm saying, and in the meantime, I see Reggie had sent a message to us. Uh, did you find it yet? No. It's not done loading. I had to cough there. Uh, Reggie sent that we forgot Gotham Academy. Old Man our... Logan number 24. Uh, really? I know. Have, it fucking came out of nowhere. from behind. But Reggie mentions on a, uh, while well, I was going to Twitter, that we forgot Gotham Academy in our fucking Rebirth deal. I say that it's canceled, so fuck it. Right? And it's not Rebirth. Yeah, it isn't. You're right. You are right, Eric. You are right. Uh, but what did we say, old man Logan? I'm about Number to fucking throw up or something. All right, so we'll go off while I cough up a storm. Good. And uh, then we'll be back with, actually, I think we're coming back probably with Teen Titans special. I don't know, Eric. I, this is very thrown together. And we'll see. Late, bitches. We'll see what's happening. See you later, Eric. Bye. Yes, sir, no signs of stopping. See, I stood up on the stool, contemplated dropping. Popping neck effects, so the pain would leave. Now I'm down on my knees. God, stop this, please. It's anything that's hurting me, surfacing with emergency. So urgent. All right, how are we doing, guys? This is Brandon. I'm coming at you with Trevin. This is the Marvel Minute. How are you doing today, man? That was that was the third take for a little how the sausage is made for everybody. I was holding back. We'll see. How my laughter. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to hear those other two. That's a, a hot mess. Uh, I'll edit that out. But anyway, this is uh, uh, Old Man Logan, number 24, we're doing this week for you. You guys voted and selected that over two number ones, which really surprised the hell out of me. How about you? Uh, yeah, it really did surprise me because uh, I think we've had – have we had it up before? I thought we yeah, had we it up had before. It up at least once or twice. I mean, uh, you know. I think it got beaten out by number ones. Yeah. So usually that's the case. And usually when you throw number ones up there, everyone wants to know how, how the new number ones are maybe before they they spend that dough and, and splurge on them. But that's not the case this week. We're on issue 24 of that series. Uh, and this is the conclusion uh, to basically the storyline written um, and started by Jeff Lemire back in all new, all different um, Marvel right after Secret Wars ended. So, so when Old Man Logan made the jump to the main Marvel universe, Lemire's written, uh, if I'm not mistaken, just about all those issues, all 24 of them, um, with the exception of the initial Old Man Logan series by Millar and the five issues Bendis did for Secret Wars. Yep. So, uh, I'm the veteran here in in regards to this series, and Trevit is still in the process of catching up. So you guys are spoiling the hell out of poor Trevit here. God damn it! <laughs> 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 issue twenty-four. <laughs> Trevit's skipping to the ending. He knows the twist. I guess you could say. Makes me but, want to. Uh, we, we got. Makes me want to catch up faster, like knowing where I'm going. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> it's really. It's not going to take you long, dude, because I'm telling you the. It is not a dialogue-heavy series in in any. Once you do start, you know, reading the trades and, and catching up, you will be burning through it pretty quickly. And, and the last four issues of this storyline, the the past lives have been the same way. Uh, and this is the conclusion to that storyline. And again, Jeff Lemire's in time with Old Man Logan. Most of the time, he's had 
Andrea Sorrentino as his artist, with, with the exception of a few issues. But this is Eric Nguyen and Andreas Mosa for this closing arc anyway, with the exception of covers, who Sorrentino did do. Those covers are pretty sweet. Like the series of covers, if you got all four of them in the story arc. Yeah, they do. Uh, it starts awesome. with, uh, yeah, the Weapon X. And then you have like all Weapon X issues in the background. Uh, and then it moves to like him in the, the brown, or no, the, the yellow costume, and then the brown costume, and then he's in the old man Logan at the end here. So that's the fourth issue. I like that they're colored. But enough things. of this. Yeah, I, I do too. That's the one thing about Sorrentino's art. Like usually how the background is done is how pages will be done. And it can really like take away from, from, you know, B when it's colored normally, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, oh, look at that. That's why he's got a colorist on that. That's why. Makes sense. Oh, is it? Yeah. Cause you know, like he normally does his own colors and he's got yeah, a colors. Yeah. He should get a colorist more often because his yeah. art would be incredible with regular yeah. colors. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, but anyway, let's get into our blurb here and then start spitting the bit on Old Man Logan 24, which again, you guys voted for over cable number one and, and uh, what was it? Secret Empire Uprising. Number one was that yep, other choice there. Uh, so, so that tells me a few things. Old Man Logan's more popular than maybe Secret Empire tie-ins at this point in time. <laughs> Which, uh, I don't know how bold of a statement that is. Um, but anyway, our blurb here. If you miss the badass mother who don't take no crap off nobody. Uh, cool Runnings reference there. Shout out. If you miss that version of, of Logan slash Wolverine. Um, well, the Old Man Logan series has been a well-put-together substitute for fans in the meantime. Uh, issue 24 again, for the third time I think I'm mentioning this, is the end of Lemire's run uh, with, with Old Man Logan, uh, as, as he is currently still hopping through time, uh, get back to where he's from, the, the time period he's from, uh, and basically get back to this baby Hulk that he... He, he rescued from the end of the initial Old Man Logan series. Um, for anybody that's read that, the one written by Millar. So so the, the cool thing about Old Man Logan is it's easy to catch up on. It's like, I don't know, five or four total trades at this point. Um, and the continuity would please Eric because it's all, it's all pretty tightly <laughs> woven together. <laughs> I think you're right. Uh, right. The fourth trade just came out on Wednesday, and the fifth one comes out uh, the first week of October, and that'll complete like the the Lemire collection of trades. The Lemire, yeah, the Lemire collection, and uh, the, there's the Bendish trade out from Secret Wars, and the Millar trade is always a hot seller. One of my probably Marvel's most popular graphic novels at this point. Oh yeah. Um. Anyway, let's get into this thing here. We'll talk about it. A little spoil Trevitt's fun. Uh, and tell him the ending to Lemire's story here. Uh, again, this is part four of past live storyline, and Logan has been traveling through the past, trying to get back to his future pop. This word, this is like continuity or uh, continuity to me. Apocalyptic. Yeah, I gotta say it real slow. Uh, apocalyptic future, and at the end of the last issue, he finally succeeded. Just leave our hero. Uh, 
he's he's been while hopping through time periods here uh in the present uh of this this cut rate magic villain named uh what's his name as Osmodeus. Osmodeus. so he's the one Asmodeus, there we go. I, I sound like you know I've never read a book in my life, but anyway, <laughs> uh, what happens is is Wolverine is just starts hopping through time with with the assistance of this amulet he has, and when he landed in the time he wanted to be, he smashed that uh, so he could stay there with with his family. You know, he he's currently waking up at the start of this issue with Maureen, his wife. Um, He's like just, you know, reminiscing in his mind about how, how lucky he is and how he can't believe he's back here. And that's kind of really the introduction to this this book anyway, this issue. Um, the two approached the kitchen for breakfast uh, where they got two of their kids, if you didn't know who they were, and they're waiting for them. Uh, he's got a son and a daughter. His son is uh, Scotty. Ironic because he would summers, you know, most of his damn life. He names his kid Scotty. And I then, laughed about that. I was yeah, like, oh, he, named son, he named his son after Cyclops. And, and then uh, his daughter's name. I always forget his daughter's name. Jade. Jade, right. I always want to say Jean. And I thought he would have done that, to be honest with you. I do. Uh, I thought so, too. Because he calls her Jady. So yeah, he always calls that's Jean That's pretty Jeannie. damn close to Jeannie. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? When he used to call Jean Grey Jeannie all the time. Um, so anyway, but beyond uh, Wolverine's perverted... Uh, psychosis here uh his son scotty kind of mentions how they got to fix the combine get the farm back up and running and uh his daughter is is kind of like busy busy with a crafts project um and and she's they don't really reveal what that is but it comes back around later on and we'll just say that for now uh old man logan again kind of continues soaking this all up you know uh enjoying the happiness um cherishing the good times that that he missed um, since everything had kind of come down collapsing yeah. on him. Uh-oh. Huh? She's not stuck. Where is she stuck? She just meows because she wants to go outside. That's all. Go check on her. You go. I'm doing something. I'll check on her later. She's fine. She's never gotten stuck before. Uh... So, yeah, Old Man Logan soaks up all the happiness he can absorb, you know, and the book goes on uh, to the present day where, help me out here with this dude's name. How do you pronounce it? Sounds better than the way I say it. Asmodeus. Uh, he, he is in a room full of Hydra and AIM dudes, which is weird because AIM is not bad anymore, but I think they're just kind of – Dealing with classic villains here. Maybe these are rogue AIM dudes. I don't yeah, know. Freelance AIM scientists. <laughs> yeah, and th these are like old school Hydra looking people too. Like this green and yellow motif, uh, with kind of like the the cheesy um the cheesy mask that that um Hydra Bob is always always has on. It's kind of like that outfit. Yeah, the dude Deadpool's always fucking with. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. Um, never, he was in the movie. Deadpool. He, he was in the movie. That that was that shout out in the movie where that random bad guy at the end, uh, he killed. He's like, oh, Bob. He's like, is that you? 
Oh yeah, yeah, They're talking yeah, about yeah. their family. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's from the comics. That's a shout out from the comics. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, Asmodeus is is bullshitting with these Hydra agents and these AIM dudes and this other random bad guy. I have no idea who it is. Is that uh Sabretooth? I don't know who they're trying to tell you that is. Yeah, I don't know um, who that is either. Yeah, it, and it's drawn a little sketchy, so it's tough to make it out. But uh, leaving until our business is conducted, because somebody tried to leave at the end of last issue, because they, they were tired of like all this magic bullshit, and Logan started getting a little crazy and feisty in there, you know? Um, he the, Asmodeus claims he can sell Logan to the highest bidder. His spirit is is off somewhere else, and... They can use him basically as just like, you know, a killer at their disposal. Like uh, a drone. Until Iceman, yeah, Iceman and Gene bust on in. Um, now, the, this this issue it really ties a lot into last issue. If you didn't read last issue, you're like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know? But Wolverine, was, while hopping through the past, like stopped in a 90s, you know, a 90s animation type X-Men team. Uh, Iceman, listen, this isn't going to make sense right now, but you need to help me on this date at this place. Uh, and, and that's what's going on in this scene, essentially. Iceman showing up, uh, fulfilling his promise he, he he was asked to do in the past. Um, cool part is Lemire wrote this in a way where, where I, I got that. You know what I mean? Like, even though yeah, I didn't read the, right. the issue where that happened, I still like got that it happened while reading yeah. this one, which was cool. Yeah. Issue 23 was uh Wolverine and, and I can never say this city, right? The repairman Jack is just going to rip me up on Twitter this week. Uh, <laughs> Madripoor. Was it Madripoor? Yeah. Yeah. There we go. I got it. I nailed That's it. That. Um, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> He was in Madripoor, and then he he teleported just back to New York while they were playing baseball, like in the middle of a baseball game. This ball comes whizzing by his face, and that's when he told Bobby this. And, and now Bobby's Thomas. He brought Jean along with him, and she's trying to you know get in Logan's mind, see see what's going on here. While Bobby essentially just freezes uh, freezes that shitty musician into place. <laughs> He's like, "Don't you dare move! I'll freeze your brain, you this, bastard!" Um... You know. This scene looks amazing too. Like the art looks great. I love the the ice claws, and he even put like a little like he did the beard on his face with ice to make himself yeah. look like Wolverine. Yeah, he's got chops, the chops <laughs> on the side, the ice chops. That's awesome. Uh, I love ice, man. Yeah, it is really cool. Um, we take another jump to the future. We're back in apocalyptic times with the hulking. Fast approaching Logan and his family, and now Logan is all starting to to put the pieces together about exactly when and where he got sent back to, because um, this is seen straight out of the pages of when he couldn't come up with the money to pay rent from first old man Logan story back uh, by Millar. It was like a flashback. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's you know it's not panel for panel uh like some some of the scenes in teen titans were from the deathstroke book but uh um it, it's you know the same story and wolverine's like well this is where i change things you know because he didn't fight back in the first graphic novel he's gonna fight back now 
because uh, he wouldn't pop his claws back then. He's trying to pop his claws, and he he comes to the conclusion like he's like, I can't, which means basically I can't change anything going on through all these time periods. He he's just kind of relived his life. Everything he's done's been the same, so he didn't fuck anything up. And That's now right. he's coming to the realization that to he can't, you know. So he's trying to fight back against these Hulk people, uh, can't pop his claws, and just takes a, a beating again like he did in the in the graphic novel. That's so uh, rough to be given the opportunity to go through your past mistakes and go through your life, but not be given the opportunity to change any change of it. it. So you just, yeah, you, you, you can just through. relive it. Oh. Yeah, that's fucked up. It's really fucked up, um, especially over like extremely tragic moments like this. Like, what's more, what's worse than your family? You know, essentially being taken from you, which oh, yeah. happens the next day in the graphic novel when he goes to town to try to get the money, uh, and that's the point in the story we're at right here, where he's recovering from his injuries and everyone's you know caring for him, and he's he's trying to play it off like I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, you know. Um, his daughter comes strolling out with that amulet that he smashed when he arrived here. <clears throat> um, and he's like, has to kind of make a split split decision. Does he smash this amulet and continue reliving the life? Like he knows how the story plays out in, uh, or does he just take that amulet and, you know, doesn't, uh, or to the next jump in time, like this uh, quantum leap type story is is taking him on, uh, and, and instead of basically seeing his family killed again and him doing nothing to change it, he takes the amulet, uh, wakes up in present day again with with the help of Gene. Gene was kind of like guiding him through this transition because her and Iceman are, are obviously in the present helping him. And he realizes that it's just not its not his life anymore, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, like go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, like, it's, it's a great gift to be able to relive through these memories, but it's over with, and, and there's nothing he could really do about it. Because even if he did stay, he would have to, you know, Hawkeye would show up, and they'd go on their mission, and so, because he couldn't change any of that, so he has to go back. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it like, the writing here is really uh you know it hits, hits the right emotional chords um you know it doesn't come off cheesy in any way and even though this is kind of scenes we've seen played out before between old man logan and his family like it's still uh it, the the way they play out doesn't change really but it's still you know just as emotional as it was really the first time it's not like you know beating a dead horse like you know, I can see how it might come off that way to some people if you've been following this story from the very beginning. But to me personally, you know, with someone with a family, it, it just, you know, it hit the right notes for me. And I, I think that's what he was going for, you know. I agree. Uh, really. So he wakes up in the present and, and you know, kind of realizes this is his life now. And, you know, he can't be stuck in the past. Uh I found it funny when he wakes up in the present, there's all these dudes frozen <laughs> in this room and he's just like, uh, all right, you two deal with this. I'm going to take a walk. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, dude, this is your, you broke the bad guy out of jail. Pull this whole goddamn stuff that kind of backfired on you. They saved your ass and you're like, yep, 
clean up my mess. Yeah, I'm gonna take a walk. You guys handle this. <laughs> like what? Yeah, it's crazy. I didn't know that. I was he like, broke what? Him, he broke him out of jail. He broke Asmodeus out. Yeah, yeah. He was on. He was in some. Uh, I forget what jail he was in, but he was in some high security jail. Like the first issue was him plowing through guards, not killing anybody, but like not being kind to them either, not asking yeah. nicely because nobody's like <laughs> letting this dude out, you know. <laughs> that dude out of jail and now he's like yep clean up my mess i don't i don't i'm a wanted criminal now i can't bring this guy back to jail you know i broke him out sorry i took a sip of coffee there but uh anyway you know uh two minutes mckenna he's he says as this issue concludes on his walk like just talking to himself like he's okay with where he's at in life He's glad he got to relive one more time, you know, some good memories with his family and, and just comes to the realization that's what he needs to hang on to and, and not their tragic death and, and relive, reliving misery every day because he can't change that, you know, um, and throws this amulet that, that started this whole disaster off into the, into the ocean and story over that's the end of lemire's run it even says the end at the uh there's no cliffhanger it says dedicated to mark millar and you know hope i treated it with respect which was pretty cool yeah that's really um, cool yeah so uh you know i was personally as far as you know how we do things and the buy borrow forget it all together uh route i can see how a lot of people would would be with this as a conclusion to, to the story and kind of feel like reliving moments of Wolverine's life they've already seen this kind of not really an interesting way to go as far as the conclusion goes but I, I personally with the way it hit emotional chords thought it was a good bookend to the Lemire run and you know paying tribute to how everything started in the first place with with uh, you know mentioning Millar and stuff and, and heavily influence uh ending by Lemire as a shout out to to Millar's run really um there there were some jarring choices like Logan has to make that decision about whether to go back to the present or stay in the apocalyptic future in literally like two panels and he decides <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying yeah. but other than that every everything in the story uh, happened and, and flowed smoothly, and it was a it was a great four issue run for me. Art wise, Nguyen, I think that's how you pronounce the name, does a great job of kind of mimicking the style uh, and way the old man Logan book has looked since all new, all different started. So this has just been a series I've personally loved, and I might up. <laughs> reading it here because the resurrection stuff personally has not impressed me. And, and I just want this to end like it's a nice ending for me. So I might stop, you know? Uh, yeah. It would just be a buy. Um, but I can see why people would say borrow or forget as far as this individual issue goes. But, but to me with, with my attachment to the character in the story, it's a buy. Uh, so I'm biased, but what about you? What do you think? As somebody right. who had to jump into the end of this. Yeah. Well, before I start, I had a question, right? So the, so the next issue, 25, by Brisson and Diodato, right? Um, I don't know that much about Maestro, that big, like, old Hulk from the future. Is that Bruce Banner, or is that a descendant of Banner? 
No, Maestro is Banner, but like a future version of Banner. He's not okay. any descendant or anything of All right. like was, Hulk on Bat, Dark Knight style. You know what I'm saying? I, I was always curious about that. Now I got my answer. All right. So I am not caught up on this series at all. Uh, this is the first. Um, it's not the first old man. I've, I've read the original Old Man Logan. I've read the War Zones. I. Um, I got a little bit into volume one, but I, I, you know, I got so much to read. I never got yeah. fully into it yet. <laughs> Quite the collection there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's so hard. Like sometimes I just feel so damn overwhelmed, but, um, but I really enjoyed this. Like from someone who didn't read the previous three issues, I, I thought I was going to be a little lost, a little confused, but I wasn't like, I, I, I kind of got what came before with this issue. So like, even if someone just jumped on and read this, like, I, I think you could still have a really good time with it and know where you, you know, not exactly what happened before, but you get a good idea. Um, I really the, enjoyed the, the art. summaries in the Marvel books really helped to like yeah, just refresh that, oh your memory God. real quick. I love and, that. And like, I read that that helped. Say what you so will about Marvel much. lately, but that's awesome. That really is yeah, awesome. It, it? it helped so much. Yeah. Like I, I would have been completely lost without that little paragraph in the beginning. Right. But um, yeah. I love this art. It, it's uh, it's it's kind of like uh, Sorrentino's, but not. You know, he tries to keep that style. I love the coloring. It's a lot different than Sorrentino's coloring. Um, it it was really good. I I had a good time with it. I really enjoyed it. It was it was nice being taken back to the Malar run with that that memory, and he got to live his his one perfect day before he you know he it's kind of like he was brought with the end of this. He was brought full circle, you know, like yeah. he um you know he always had you know regrets, and and he he still had like his past was still kind of picking at him, and and now he can move forward like having some closure. And I, I really like that. I, I like what Lemire did here, and I, I give it a buy. Even though I'm not caught up, I still give it a buy. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with your points there. And if you guys, for whatever reason, I don't. I mean, I hope it's still going on by the time you hear this. Like, uh, interested in those trades? Not that I shill for Amazon or anything, uh, <laughs> but those trades are on a super sale. Like, like I'm talking three dollars a piece. Oh yeah, uh, and, and some of them are even less. If you want just like uh, the comicsology editions, they're not hard copy editions, but digital editions. You can get the whole man, old man Logan series right now for less than probably twenty bucks. Oh yeah, I've seen trades for a dollar eighty, two dollars and twenty cents. Yeah, like it's crazy. I know it's crazy. So if you guys uh, like have been holding out on even some of the brand newer volume one trades of of certain characters, like they're super cheap. Uh, not on the Comixology website. You got to go to Amazon, buy the book on Amazon, and, and kind of link those accounts up, and those books will show up on your Comixology account. So a little finagling, and you can get some super cheap uh, Marvel trades this weekend. Um, really cool. So Marvel take advantage of that. And I don't know if it's a Marvel thing or an Amazon, Amazon thing. Uh, can they I know that? Marvel dudes have been advertising it, but. I don't know. I don't know how Amazon works. I'm really. I don't want to sound stupid and try to pretend like I know either. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's it for us, guys. Uh, we we both recommend you buy Old Man Logan 24, especially if it's a series you're following. My gr my girlfriend, my uh, daughter is screaming for me to go wipe her ass right now. So I have to go take off and do that. You guys have a good weekend. You know where to find us at Beamer3660. Trevor, where are you at? At Aphrodite.
Peace out, guys. We'll holler next weekend. Party's over. All right. We're here with Chris. Welcome, Chris. Hey, hey, hey guys. I-, I would love to say that uh, you have brought good tidings. Uh, but unfortunately, it doesn't seem that you have, uh, because no. Chris, what book are you here to talk about? Well, it is a, it's either an annual or a special. It's yes. <laughs> the Teen Titans uh, special number one. I don't even have a blurb for this. It's just it, so bad. It is bad. Uh, here's my blurb. The Lazarus contract ends, and I don't know what the hell is going on. How about that? There you uh, go. <laughs> Eric, you with that? Because God, Eric, nobody the first... has thrown out the goddamn There's, window. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's so bad. It's it's just that here's the thing. Continuity kid over here is, is gonna have a lot of problems, especially when they get to a uh, hat and corner or whatever. He he's gonna and I agree with him, but but the problem is, besides that, it's just not a well done story. It, oh. it has awful pacing. You don't know what's going on. It's almost like they're just throwing shit into this issue just to get out because it starts off with uh with what's his name? Grant with Hive. Yeah. And out of nowhere, you're like, you don't know what's going on. And I know maybe that's how they, they want to play it, that you're not sure, you know, how things are or whatever, and you're supposed to find out. But you never really find out anything. Like, Hive in this should be a little bit bigger because of what they did to Grant to cause all the problems. Basically, he's there with a bunch of assholes. It, uh, the mm-hmm. Hive kids, I don't know about you, Chris, they seem like hipster assholes to me. And I oh, don't absolutely. want any they're, parts they're of They're douchebags. Yeah. yeah, they're douchebags. That, that's all they are. And you get a couple pages of them talking about fucking French cuisine and how they're I, doing I'm this. Telling you, when they started talking, I had no idea what the hell they were talking I thought like I was stupid or struck retarded because <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't understand any of this. And usually when, when something's like this, you get the, you get the idea. You get the idea of okay uh we're supposed to be with grant kind of learning and oh they're talking crazy stuff but it goes back and forth they they mention nickelback which right there douchebag then then they go on and like mention jj abrams and have a moment of silence Uh, it's Uh. just it's awful and really does nothing here only to give you the idea they had been trying to find Grant all along, and in fact, Deathstroke has said before, and he's right, they just are grabbing Grant so that they can get Deathstroke well, in. It, uh, it's it's such a weird progression, though, because like when I came in, I had no idea, because all we get is, you know, uh, you know, uh, what is it, Linth- uh, Lithny? I can't even say this word, Linthicum <laughs> Heights, Maryland, years yeah, ago? Yeah, Linthicum Heights, yes. Linthicum yes. Heights. And we have, you know, Grant hanging out with these bunch of douchebags at a house. Yeah. I'm like, what, what the fuck did I-? Then I realized... These were the kids that hit him in the last issue with their yeah, car, and he got in to get away from Slade. And it's just such a weird progression because for how I understood the story, you know, we have Ravager, who seemed like he wanted to be, he became Ravager to take on his father because of how much he yes. hated him. And here it's all about, you know, he was a fanboy of Deathstroke. Yeah, Didn't know that his father was Deathstroke. I'm like, how do you know about the world's greatest assassin without knowing that it's your father? Well, and, this should and be a reason that you hate him in my mind. Here's the problem. Something to take him out. And, and where you're going with, I have a problem with that because in the actual Deathstroke book, they know – they never call out. Like you'll never see Grant say, hey, Deathstroke or whatever. But a couple times he said legitimately – and I think they even showed in a flashback maybe last issue, whatever last it issue. was, where he said, you like, yeah, hey, I hope you get your head blown off. Like he knew. They really were hinting huh. that he knew what was going on. That's like at least they knew. It. Yeah, at least they knew – that their dad, and also you had you had crazy things going on in their house. Where even in that one flashback before, where we had when at the Jericho beginning of the Deathstroke book, and Jericho, and when Wintergreen shows up to give them, you know.
know, hey, we got an assignment. It seemed very in the open. And even like, oh, yeah, you're going to go away for a while. I hope you get your head blown off. And it just seemed like they knew that at least their dad was a assassin, something along sure. the lines. Especially Maybe after they... Jericho was kidnapped and had his throat sliced and freaking Adeline blew fucking Slade's eye out. You know, all of this stuff leads up in my mind yeah. for it to be very open in the, the Wilson family. Yeah, it's just, father it's just fucking crazy. Terminator. It, it oh, just they actually make kept sense. that stuff? Yeah, yeah, they that actually, stuff's in. And it, that stuff. How the, about the that? best, yeah, the best part of this is is that the car just has the license plate hive. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. really, really, you're gonna have that. that <laughs> right that's our street. little, that's our little wink, wink, so that we know what's going on. Because everything else, like I said, they're douchebags. Yeah, they're douchebags. They're just trying to get. You know, we're supposed to think that. I don't even know what. I don't know what we're supposed to think here because you have. Grant, we know what's going to happen to them. We know that these people are bad, but they're trying to make them just seem more douchey or whatever. It's ridiculous. It it, it is all ridiculous. Then you see them give him his injection. They give him the whole deal that's going to turn him into Ravager and also pretty much die uh, coming up. Uh, But in the meantime, it's just nonsense. You see him fighting, you know, the Teen Titans. You see Deathstroke run into him, and that's where you have a thing. Now, I was thrown off at first. I don't know about you, Chris, or, or... Eric, because I didn't even see like the take three, and this when I first saw them, I'm like this isn't what happened, you know, the, the, <laughs> at the last issue, and then I realized this is his third attempt. Yeah, yeah. But, the yeah. take three, like, I rarely read the chapters on these things when, like, when we in a regular Deathstroke book. So, like, I don't even look at that when we went in. Yeah, and and what happens is eventually it does wrap around that you kind of get your bearings and go, okay, I see. But really, like you said, Deathstroke shows up. And Grant is, he's hugging him, even to a point where he might be a fanboy, but Jesus Christ, he's giving him no personal space. And if he's that much of a fanboy, I think he would know Deathstroke, probably isn't a (laughs) touchy, touchy guy like that. But yeah, then he pulls off his mask and says, hey, you know, I'm your father. And there's Grant like, no, this can't be. And like I said, from everything that we've seen in, in the Deathstroke book, at least, even if he didn't know Deathstroke was Deathstroke, I don't think it would be like, this can't be. It'd be like, oh, shit, you know what? This makes yeah. sense. It should have been more of like, this explains everything. Now, I, yeah. now I'm now i pissed. It, it could still end the same deal, but it just was thrown off. And then he punches him, and he knocks him out, and then he's got to do it again. He just keeps going over and over trying to get this connection right. Now, the, the main thing that I'll say about this, you have the Lazarus contract. And me and Eric have talked about where the Lazarus contract, we still believe that it's mm-hmm. the kill contract that has been put aside. If you do what you have to do, if if, if uh, Dick Grayson does what he says he was, it stays dead. If he doesn't, if he goes against the contract, it's brought back to life. The problem is everybody was thinking the Lazarus contract had to do something with Grant. And with the whole story them, right? should have to do with Grant. By the end of this story, pretty much nothing's happened with Grant. That's the <laughs> biggest thing. That's what throws me off the most. Like There really is no resolution to the quote-unquote Lazarus contract. In fact, we don't see Rose, which seemed to be a big part of the contract. Grant seemed to be something where people were pushing, oh, Grant's, you know, remember when this is Lazarus, and oh, Grant's Lazarus. Hey, who cares? Because that, that isn't even a thing anymore. Like, nothing has happened, and they're just tying it up here, and it's just complete nonsense. But you tell me about it, Chris. I'm already getting that sore throat yelling about <laughs> it because we go back, and then we see the Teen Titans. So you take it from there. So, so the, the Lazarus contract here, we learn it's a, it was, or the contract that was Lazarista. <laughs> it yeah. was a kill contract. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he wasn't just supposed to hand the Titans over to Hive. No, it seems like he was going to kill 
the teen to the teen titans because he says you know i'm not going to kill you i was supposed to kill you i'm not going to we're going to institute i've called hive we're turning into a lazarus contract and you do this which basically was dick grayson you make sure that rose becomes a good girl and and learns morals and things like that and if that goes this contract just stays on the books but never fulfilled as a but if you fuck around and fuck me then uh, it's on. It, it comes from the dead, and now we kill you. But you, they never point. They've only really from what me and Eric got from it. That was mm. probably what Eric two panels. Yeah, for the, for the whole thing. It really seemed soft, like yeah. yeah it, and, they and what's never, the last issue? Yeah, and it never even oh. comes into play. There's not even a point here where Deathstroke says like wh- where he sees Dick Grayson a point and says you better watch out you know there's uh, nothing that is totally swept away that at the point of this at the end if I said to somebody just you know regular reader reading and said so what was the Lazarus contract I, I don't think 99.9 percent of the people would even know and I may be wrong that that's the big big thing who knows but yeah other than that it, this is supposed to be a Teen Titans. Story, they're terrible. The Titans really don't do much anyway, and Deathstroke is just it, it, nothing. I just, but mm-hmm. they they go back uh, to the the Titans, and like you said, you go from here with the Teen Titans and Titans uh, going after. I guess you know they're trying to find Wally and Deathstroke and all that. But I'm telling you, the plan coming up, I have no idea what they're doing. So you explain. I, yeah, I'm not even sure because they the 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 main thing we get is that they're arguing, and that's yeah. what they've been doing for the past month. They're what do you get flashed down? Yeah, and and yeah, and as much as he deserves it, I mean, still. <laughs> yeah, and here's the thing: he he did give Deathstroke his powers. He gave him some mm-hmm. speed for steel. He is a little kid. Uh, you know, I yeah. know he's not little, but he doesn't know much about the Speed Force. They even pointed out later that he's never been, quote-unquote, in the Speed Force. And mm. uh, But still, yeah, they, they. I don't understand. I just He doesn't have powers at this point, you have to remember, because then he gets it back. But, yeah, they're just going to go off to where Wally said they were going to meet with Jericho, right? And, and I mean, it, what just, else? it just mm. makes the Teen Titans look terrible, especially Damian Wayne. I love Damian Wayne. I was happy as hell when we got this new Teen Titans book where he was going to be the head of the team. I'm like, all right, Damian's going to have time to shine. Yeah. And everything we've seen of him, he's just a little fucking prick. And when the Titans and the Teen Titans get together, they got to go to Hatton's Corner to meet up with Wally and Jericho. Yeah. And like it's the old Titans like freaking uh, headquarters back in the day. They just leave Kid Flash behind. Like you fucked up enough. And on top of that, they leave Jackson Hyde behind because they forget he's about him. in a puddle. Yeah, he's yeah. I thought Jackson Hyde like went off to take a leak, <laughs> and then he came back. Now I will say, basically, in this whole part. Uh, that's, you know, it just goes on is basically I can sum it up by Damien being a dick and saying, Wally, Kid Flash, fuck you. You're not coming along. And Dick just keep yelling, hey, we're a team here. You can't act like that. They, they just keep going back and forth with it. And it's just, it's nonsense. It's complete nonsense. Uh, but yeah, then you go, Chris. We're, we're keeping talking over. You, you tell good. us what happened. I, I just I gotta say I it's like uh, I, it feels like every writer has just discovered that the Titans' first story happened in Hatton Corner. Yeah, because we oh, haven't heard of Hatton Corner in hundred years. No, that's and now not, it's like I'm every saying, month. We had freaking Hatton Corner in the Titans Hunt story that led to the Titans book before Rebirth, and at that point it was still a little boathouse that said you know the Teen Titans and it with a little banner even though they had yep, forgotten the about house. all yep. of this. Yeah, they had the completely forgotten about it. And now I'm saying that must have been it couldn't have been more than six months ago, if that, from when we we're at this point. Now it's a fucking burger joint that looks run down as hell. Yeah, I don't understand sense. what happened. But yeah, it's like they, fa- they just keep citing it over and over. Yeah, yeah, and we yeah. went 20 years without a mention of Hatton Corners, yeah. and now it's every other month. It's like, well, oh, and, and we got to like, go to Hatton Corners again. Yeah, 
And like Eric said, in Titan's Hunt, it wasn't even that – What it, the importance of it was just we kind of so remember this. It seems yeah. right. That's basically mm-hmm. what it was at the one point was like they were drawn to it, you know, basically. But it just – like you said then, Eric's saying it's true. We saw it. It was just a rundown, you know, freaking boathouse, and now it is a burger joint that isn't even where <laughs> it should be, it seems. And it's just yeah. it's just nonsense. Uh, there was know. woods around that goddamn club. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It seemed very by itself. It's a small town. Yeah, Yeah, it just seems really odd. But yeah, again, I think, Chris, what what they're trying to do is just kind of give you the wink-wink. If you know what Hatton Corners is, you're in in tight with the story. You know what I mean? It just seems like that. But I am in tight with the story, and they're fucking it up. I know. I don't think they care about Titan. I told you before, that Titan's Hunt book is, is almost as bad as the Convergence book because it really does. They they got the, the abracadabra shit out of the way. I don't think they ever want to uh, you know reference that book again, but it's there. Uh, but yeah. yeah, in the meantime, you have just them fighting still. And they say, well, they go, they end up, well, they're with Jericho and he shows up and they're going to end up heading into the the time stream and i'm telling you it's not well laid out you know all no, of a sudden they just it wind just, up there all of a yeah, sudden yeah it just happens yeah. and the only thing they'll they'll hang their hat on is that the icon suit that jericho is wearing has a gravity sheath just like the one that deathstroke right. wears so they're going to say okay you can go that and, and in the meantime you know they're going to all get their consciousness it's nonsense it's complete nonsense but they go through the time stream and say immediately don't run into it we cannot deal with our past selves we're going to cause trouble and a page later, they, they run into themselves, <laughs> they do. and they don't even try to back off from it. No, uh, they don't. Yeah. Not at all. No. They, they're out there, large and loud, and you have, you have Damien, you know, uh, give like the five-figure death punch to yeah. a young Wally, or young yeah. real Wally. Uh, yeah, real Wally, and it, it's just crazy because what happens then is Damien comes up with this idea that if he can get the young – the original Kid Flash, Wally West, if he can actually give him a death punch, it'll cause a ripple or a stop in the time stream because it'll actually affect the present day Wally West. And somehow that will cause Deathstroke not to be able to, you know, it'll use cause the, the speed other force. Wally not to give the power Does to Deathstroke. Does it make sense? Somehow. I'm telling you. I oh don't my know. God. This fucking yeah. thing, this is not the way time works like this. No. You fucking don't do something in the past and instantaneously it is happening in the future. And then, you know, I'm telling you, then they bring Wally back to life right there and everything is still fucked up. I don't mm-hmm. understand the freaking methodology behind no, all this or why no. anybody would trust Damian Wayne after he goes to the Kid Flash and fucking kill, makes his goddamn him. heart stop. Yeah, kills him. <laughs> and the, the other thing is, is it makes it seem as if they're really pushing that the past original Kid Flash has some sort of connection with Deathstroke in the Speed Force, and he doesn't. And it doesn't. He no, doesn't have he any. got his powers from Kid Flash, like uh, the freaking, you know, the new Wally West. The new so Wally this whole West idea does in not the make present. Sense. That's what I'm saying. It's even he even got it in the present from the you know <laughs> new Kid Flash. Wally, so yeah. yeah, it's a different guy. I said, does this mean? But now in the meantime. The, the newer Kid Flash, the Black Wally West, he doesn't have power. So are we supposed to think that the being the mantle of Kid Flash is what you could grab? It doesn't make sense. No. It, it just makes no, no sense. The powers the, aren't connected at all. It's and and even force. in the even in the thing, you if you think to yourself, like say this was Barry Allen, and no, there was no other Flash, there was no Kid Flash. Wally West didn't come back from the Speed Force and Rebirth and all this. And you wanted to kind of play with the idea that if you stop 
Barry, all of a sudden that would shut down the Speed Force for an instant. I could go with it, but they're all sure. here. Barry's still there. He even gets a call because, uh, yep. you know, new Kid Flash calls up Barry, and that's the other thing. He gets a message. Hey, I'm not here, but I'll be back in a flash. In I'm a like, flash. You, you better Fuck. watch yourself, Barry. You, you don't know his game. What an <laughs> idiot. playing with fire. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is. He won't tell Iris his identity. He's just going to throw it around like a fucking willy-nilly as, a, as a cute all, message. All that time that new Wally West didn't know that Barry Allen was the Flash, and he always wanted to know who the Flash was. No. How many times do you think he called Barry? No. And heard, he he and left him like twenty messages, and now he's like, "You fucking <laughs> asshole!" Like it was it was there under my nose this whole time. But no, it's you know you have all this thing, and it's you have the Speed Force, which you know quite frankly it is. Kind it's of magic. magic. It's magic. So you can do whatever sure. you want, but you have to explain it in a way that makes sense. This doesn't make sense. All of a, yeah. yeah, and all of a sudden they're all in there. Uh, if if the original Kid Flash loses, you know, dies, all of a sudden that's going to cause a stop in the Speed Force. Even if they said if any speedster passes away, it gives a glitch in the Speed Even say that, but it's like Just Damien out of – and how does Damien know? How would yeah, Damien right? know that this would do anything to the Speed Force? What? He's no Speed Force fucking genius. I know it, that he's a it, genius. It really shouldn't do anything because no. it doesn't equal out because you killed, you stopped dude. the heart yep. of the original Wally so West. Bad. Somehow, Deathstroke, who got his powers from the new Wally West, doesn't have powers anymore, and the Kid Flash, our new Wally West, has his powers again. Yeah, he gets his powers back. I don't understand any of the shit you're throwing at me here. It's almost like Damien realizes we have to get, you know, a new Wally West powers back. Uh, you know, new Kid Flash God, powers back. So we have to go out of this book with that. And in the meantime, Deathstroke has to have some way to get they, – they have no way. It's like they painted themselves into a corner uh, with this. All you have to do for me uh, would be that the Speed Force burned up that goddamn icon suit gravity sheath, and he'd be out. He'd be out of the Speed Force. And then if you have that, then he's not siphoning off Speed Force. You say that that allows the new Kid Flash to get his powers back. It's it's not that hard to come up with something that makes sense. This It's so not making sense that I don't even know what's going. In the meantime, you have <laughs> Wally and Jackson with Wintergreen. And yep. Wintergreen's kind of telling him a little, you know, hey, Deathstroke, he, he's fucked up. But, you know, he does. He means well. He wants to get his kids, you know, back and all this stuff. But really, that's the other thing. And I've heard other podcasts, and I, I've, you know, through this whole event and even read reviews, if you're not reading the Deathstroke book, you don't care about that stuff. You don't care what – you don't even know – half the people are probably like, who's this cab driver? Because that that's a very <laughs> big character in the Deathstroke book, but he just kind of shows up like a goddamn pedophile, picks up two guys, and then heads off. It's just crazy. But yeah, when all of a sudden, Deathstroke doesn't have his powers, and You know what? Pissed. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. I, I We're saying he doesn't have his powers. That's not exactly true because when this happens, when they stop the old Wally West's heart and freaking stuff – this at this point, Deathstroke is back in time still, and he's like out on his fourth or fifth goddamn try trying to get Grant to fucking listen yeah. to reason. And it's during that time when he the glitch happens or whatever you want to call it, and Wally's heart stops. And like back in the old continuity, when like you know when Barry would go to the future, he would have to keep a certain vibration going to keep him there because if he stopped, he would go back to his present time. And that's what it seems like here because all of a sudden the freaking the time stream's fading. And, you know, Destro goes back to his normal present time. But the thing is, all at once when this happens, 
Grant just seems to die in front of him. Yeah, like, he just I don't dies. understand that at all. Like, how does nope. this lead to fucking him dying right here and, now? And here's the thing. In my nativity, and, uh, you know, I've read a lot of uh, the Flash books from the New 52 and on. Never once did I, I, and it may be an old thing of spelling it out, you have to hit the speed of light to enter the quote-unquote speed force. And I, I didn't know that like that beyond was Beyond the speed of light, I thought, or something yeah, like that. It was or, just, yeah. I never even knew that, you know, I never had seen that in anything that I read. And it was just, they kept pointing that out as like this thing that was supposed to maybe cause tension. Like, oh my God, Deathstroke's going to get there. Or, oh my God, Wally's going to get there and not be able to go but back or whatever. But they won't get out. Yeah. yeah, and it's just, yeah, and, and it just, but... We know that they will, number one. Nobody's scared that any of these – these books aren't ending, <laughs> so there's nothing there, uh, unfortunately. But yeah, and like you said, Eric, then Deathstroke does try still, and he tries to go. He tries to break the, the speed of light, and or the, yeah, the, he wants more power and more speed. He wants to save Grant, but then out of nowhere, Grant just dies. Uh, you yeah. know, he's just there and he dies. Uh, in the meantime, they have the thing, and this, this is the other thing. You have that whole bit where Raven – is she has a it is raven right or is it lilith is it raven that that has the connection that has the rope to them or is it is it's it all it's it's like you know what this care bear stares you want to which i actually kind of like um this is a part of the book i actually thought was pretty well thought out because they use raven's astral projection to yeah. take over jericho who uses you know that his mind powers to enter wally while you know uh, Lilith well, uses running. her telepathy to connect all of them like they she usually yeah, does I to actually, keep them up. I, you say it was well thought out. I think it's hokey and it's I, I thought it was a decent, it, it was a decent like, way to keep this whole tether system down because we have had this Wally West now. He's come back from the Speed Force. He's gotten sucked back in the Speed Force, and they he had to get back out again. We've done this over and over again since Rebirth has happened. I'm glad we have a system down now that will keep us from this ever happening again. Yeah, I just. Oh, it's gonna I happen think, every other issue. <laughs> yeah, I, I, this whole happen. tether thing is is nonsense to me. I'm telling you, you you haven't. Like you said, it might be well thought out uh, for what it is. I think it's hokey, and it only leads to Raven getting upset and almost losing. No, no, the that tether. was the hokey part of all this because yeah. out of nowhere we have to have this forced tension because you know as we saw in the last issue when Wally West ran from Destro because he was scared. Now he's feeling that fear again now that he's running after Deathstroke, and that is breaking, you know, Raven's yeah. connection to him because of the fear he's feeling. Like, Get the fuck out yeah, of here. The, the thing about before it. that, like I said, uh, like Chris said, now you have this tether, now they're going to be in the I actually liked it when they were like, you know what? We've got to th- figure out different things to happen because Wally really can't go back in or he'll get sucked. But yeah, you have this tether. He gets scared. Raven gets upset and almost breaks the tether until Damien comes over and's like, there, there, and pats her on the head. Oh. And and then out yeah, of, uh, I, I'm telling you, I really liked the concept of it, but the execution I thought like fell flat because we had this like a false sense of a te- uh, uh, like you know uh, I can't think of the word now, but we have this terrible like we think that something they're supposed to think yeah. that something terrible may happen. We know it's not going to, but it's not like it's not really. It's all feels hokey as hell when it comes down to it. It's so bad. Mm-hmm. And and then uh, like you said, then kid uh, Wally West comes out, uh, Kid Flash comes with him, and Deathstroke. They all come flying out of the speed force and then i was like i didn't even see is jericho there with him at the end yes i guess there he is i was like what where's he because he was following at one point i'm telling you i got so confused uh but yeah they all come spilling out deathstroke says you know what we all should die including me and i quit and goes Mm -hmm. off and you have the deathstroke no more which is the next 
arc as a sign in the background but he you know throws his mask down and walks away and this leads into the deathstroke book is where he's going to have this team deathstroke where it looked like he was going to try to be a good guy and we're going to see what happens with that uh basically the teen titans part of it because then you have these little epilogues done by each artist from the book and basically the teen titans just keeps making damien look like a dick and he fires Mm -hmm. Wally West, Kid Flash, uh, which makes sense because if you look at the solicits, he's with Deathstroke and that team Deathstroke. So I think he goes off, and it's going to be a whole tie deal. This whole thing, the explanation for this, because when uh, Deathstroke went in, the whole thing is going into the Speed Force to try to, like, you know, siphon off more power. He yeah. got trapped inside. And now that they pulled him out, he's like, you know, I've seen things inside the Speed Force that no man will ever see, things that no man should ever see, awareness of multiple planes all at once, and now it's gone, my higher consciousness making it difficult to be in tune with the Speed Force. I'm like, why? How? Yeah. You know, you yeah, had the Speed understand. Force. That, like, I can understand you, your memory of what you saw might be fading now, but this yeah. whole, your higher consciousness is fading because, you, and now you can't be in tune with the Speed I don't get it. And the the way it goes from here, that Deathstroke no more, supposedly he's, he has an epiphany that he shouldn't be a bad guy. Well, I get, so I'm telling it, you, the, the it, idea of seeing things, kind of like we saw in the button when Reverse Flash was in the Speed Force, yeah. and he saw all this shit, and he had this, he had knowledge now, and was going to go and do something. I could see that for Deathstroke. Like, he saw things, but saw, like, yeah. a better way. And But this whole thing, like, you know, Wally's memories of things started to fade when he came out of the Speed Force, it seems the same way here, but he's like, you know, my higher consciousness making it difficult, you know, like... That's weird. Yeah, you know, I, you should just I mean, be forgetting it no just, matter what at this yeah, point because everybody just, else has. It's just stupid. And then you you yeah. have Raven, you have the continuation of Raven and, and uh, Kid Flash and they you know, Raven's helping them. They get they look a little sexy eyes at each other and Damien shows up and basically says, You know what? Fuck you. Kid Flash, yeah. you're out. He fires him. And like I said, he seems to be going into the Deathstroke book for the near future. But then you go into what's gonna end up being for the Titans book, and they go Ugh. to our favorite uh doctor, Doctor Villain or Will Hain, and that's a that's <laughs> a running joke in the Deathstroke book. I just laugh because you have Wally there. And he's there with his shirt off, but he's got his mask still on. He looks ridiculous. Uh, but they're all there, and they they find out that when Damien did stop his heart back in the past, he must have gotten a pacemaker, and now he should be the throws Flash. Everything out of whack because everything we had at that point, he when he was kid, when he was kid Flash. He should never have gone on to fight Abracadabra and be Why would he from have... time and all this other yeah. shit that led us to where we are in Rebirth. Why would he have 10 minutes ago been running through the Speed Force? I mean, he, you yeah. know, if you go through the whole deal and go with the time, and the, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. It just doesn't make sense. And, yeah, he shouldn't have been any of this. He should have never have done anything. Uh, but, yeah, it's like, oh, now all of a sudden, like you said, Eric, earlier, this isn't how time travel should work. Like, all of a oh. sudden, because you, a doctor says, oh, you had a pacemaker, it's been in for years oh my goodness oh, like shit. why wouldn't he know this like mm-hmm. this is his past he was it's there not... for it yeah and if he's an anomaly <laughs> and something like that then i don't know that it's that, that like, should be one with and, it and that's the thing too because you know you like you know when we started rebirth in the titans book you know while he had been erased from existence because of abracadabra and he came back and he started touching people and the spark like from people he knew allowed them to remember like is this one of those things that it's never remembered now like yeah, oh yeah and, that pacemaker you got buddy i'm saying if he was a paradox or an anomaly <laughs> He could be like, whoa, 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 this doesn't make sense because, you know, my, you know, if he's beyond his timeline and it didn't have a, like, he wouldn't have it then, but he does. Yeah. I mean, he he should know this. 
They should have uh, talked about this at one point. So basically, he runs off like he's trying to kill himself. He's exactly. like, eh, fuck this, and runs off to try to kill himself. I don't know what the hell's going on. What, do you, so what do you think the, uh, the over-under is on every single issue of Titans for the next six months, ending with him clutching his chest? Oh, yeah, classic. And yeah. the other oh, my the God. characters standing around him gasping. He's going to be he, fucking Fred Sanford. I'm coming, <laughs> Elizabeth. He's, it's he, a big one. Every, fucking, every page. The outcome of this fucking uh, this crossover has really has just made me not want to read the rest of these series anymore. Yes. They've really yeah. taken this series down a notch from Deathstroke to Teen Titans to Titans. I'm like, every outcome we have here, like, I don't want to see that going forward. Yeah, that's forward. the problem. This is supposed to crossovers. I mean, legitimately, we know that crossovers – they're supposed to try to get people involved in other books that they normally sure. don't. So you're trying to push these other books and try to get the readership on all three up. And like you just said, Eric, I can't see anybody joining into this. And I, people would be like, this is nonsense. I'm Man, never I need to read see more of Damien being a dick to everybody's shit. Yeah, I want that. Or Yeah, you know what I, I love? I need a crippled Flash going yeah, forward. I was going to say, I love Wally West Flash. I need some of this with a pacemaker. I'm in. <laughs> It's just stupid. It's just well, like really. Stroke, maybe I could see still being. Yeah, I like actually. And, but actually, we know from the solicits what's coming up, and I actually yeah. am a little interested in that. Uh, just him walking away and say I quit, and then it says Deathstroke no more. I'd be like, okay, so you you start with this. You have a Teen Titans team that now doesn't have a Flash, so you're down a guy there. You and really Jackson Hyde at this point, I could you know say he might be off too because he's yeah. not doing anything. Then you he's have a, a Deathstroke right book. Now. You know, sure. I'm like, hey, I, I might be interested in Deathstroke. Oh, what? He's not going to be Deathstroke anymore. <laughs> Fuck that. Let's move on. Oh, Titans. I like. Oh, no Flash. I'm out. It's like yep. they have shortened up and, and killed and crippled every book that's involved, whether they can write a good story out of it. That's the other case. Like I said, I still am excited about the Team Deathstroke deal going, but uh, who knows? And it just someone... kind of angers me again because he's pissed off and just quits. He's like, yeah, oh, that's what I mean. It looks like he's just going to be. And then he quits. But I'm like, yeah. his whole story was about you being a better father. What about your Jericho, your son, Jericho? He's Jericho right even there. says at one point. Yeah, Jericho's chasing him like, listen, I'm your son too. And he, eh, I don't have time for you. He's like, listen, unless you can start talking, I don't want any parts of you. You fucking mute. What, what's I, I the don't deal know. with uh, what's the deal with Jericho having that uh, having a voice now? I mean, he maybe does that, all that the, device. Right? Yeah, they use it's, that it's all a, the time. Yeah, he, he makes yeah, it worthless. He, he can yeah, talk yeah. through your device, like any device you have on. He can talk through, like with his fucking tele- telepathy or fucking this digital so telepathy thing. What's even the point? Well, that, it, it seemed like they wanted to have that just so that he could complain <laughs> about Deathstroke <laughs> being a jerk. But it's also, either, it's either have him mute or don't have him mute. Yeah, you know what? Here's the that, I'm freaking reading. I was going back and reading Christ and Infinite Earth and all this other stuff of like the old Jericho. I hate the old Jericho so much because yeah. he's always just st- standing there and staring and looking stupid. I'm like, thank God they have him doing something <laughs> yeah. at least now. now. I'll tell you I, the I reason like why Jericho. they have him. They have him with that voice is because he he has a lot of scenes in the regular Deathstroke book uh, by himself or with other characters. He's rarely with Deathstroke, so I guess they wanted to have that so he could talk and you know talk things through with these other people but yeah since that began it was a big thing that he he was talking through equipment and things like that it's kind of nonsense when we had george perez doing it he he was able to put such body language and facial you know just facial structure on him where you knew what he was thinking and the other character was always a mopey face 
Well, he was he was observing. He, yeah. he was, yeah, he, he was he looking. His, 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 he had his throat slit. So I mean, yeah. hey, he, <laughs> he was, was he's he was very sober. I, I but, said uh, I liked him. Com- depicted I, as like very very artsy and oh uh, yeah. Very, yeah. Oh, I was uh, just gonna say musical. that the only the only thing I had yeah, with Jericho was, before was in Convergence, where every fucking issue you'd go and he'd be painting or playing a goddamn guitar. I was like, what is he doing? He's sitting there painting, looking up at the stars. They were, it's like they were trying to, I think they were playing off that he was gay during Yeah, they were kind of going with that too. Yeah, they Which were. Wasn't it was the way it was yeah, back yeah, in the day. He's gay yeah. in this. Yeah. Oh, is yeah, he? Yeah, he yeah. is. Bisexual, at least. You know. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, because the icon suit actually that he's wearing is from uh, Dr. Icon that he actually thought he had killed, who was his lover. So, yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff well, going while on. While he was engaged to another woman. Yeah, while he was engaged to a woman who happened to be uh, in the employ of Amanda Waller trying to raise. Oh, it was oh. nuts. Yeah, it was crazy. It was really <laughs> crazy. Crisscross applesauce. Yeah, it was crisscross <laughs> applesauce. But I'm telling you, that's why Jericho had to have some way to talk. Shit was going crazy. Uh, but yeah, that Deathstroke book. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's just this was nonsense. It I really was. Yeah, this special was was bad. Uh, Chris, what did you give it? I gave it uh, begrudgingly. I gave it a six point five, which was uh, okay. higher than I wanted to give it. But I okay. didn't want to. I didn't want to score too harshly because I don't have the context of the Deathstroke book. Gotcha. Um, yeah, also, you didn't want to. I yeah. hate the new Titans compared to what the Titans that I grew up with. So I yeah. think I might hold a bias towards it that isn't fair to it. Yeah. So, so you uh, want it to be. You want I it to be fair. This, yeah, I would have given this like a four. Yeah, but, uh, I, I'm going to be right around there because <laughs> I, I've read Deathstroke and I've read like you have. I don't have that bias with now. I, I recently did get the Judas contract and I, I'm going to mm-hmm. read that, but I haven't yet. So I, there's no bias. Uh, like mm-hmm. I said, my only real thing with any sort of the Titans of old would have been in Convergence and that really doesn't count. So I'm oh, going oh. with what we have now. Uh and this is garbage. This special is is hardly special. I, I am going with a 4.5. Uh, mainly, uh, Eric sealed the deal at the end where he kind of brought up that all three books are terrible now. And now it's actually gone to the point where I'm not looking forward to any of these books moving forward. Uh, and that's just awful. So, I, yeah, I'm going 4.5. I, uh, I like the art. And all of the sections of this book, so we have all the different titles of artists on this book as we like go through the different chapters and whatnot. And that's its only saving grace. But be, even though with that idea that I liked the art a lot throughout this, uh, the special, the story was so overpoweringly bad that I yeah. have to give it a 3.5 out of 10 yeah, because actually, it just yeah. did not make any goddamn sense. And by the end, I'm like, they, they're fucking up their own goddamn continuity and just yeah. throwing shit out there, whether it makes sense or not, and that infuriates me. And I'm I'm telling you, this issue to me is almost as bad, if not as bad, as any of those Monster Men deal and stuff like that. It's really – it's just things just happen to happen and then it just ends. And I would say like if we were going to rate the entire – thing i'd probably go i mean i'd go five and i'm not gonna go with the fuck you five i'm just i'd probably go yeah fuck you five i'll go with it because it's nonsense having to buy all these issues would have been nonsense but what would you give it overall chris if you had to rate all the issues together as the lazarus Um, contract i was scared that uh you guys are going to be talking me up but uh i would definitely go go with a five if not lower for the entire thing i'll tell you like you chris like 
I, I read a bunch of the Teen Titans, like, growing up and shit, like, the older Teen Titans, mm. but I am on board for, like, I have read every issue of the Teen Titans back in the New 52, yeah. and, like, you know, the Titans of this, I was so excited when the Titans was announced, yeah. because, all right, we get the proper Titans back together, we even might get some, like, oddball ones getting coming back into the group that you didn't expect to see, like, even in the Nark. Titans hunt, you had, like, you know, yeah, you yep. had Nark and freaking, like, Hawk and Dove and shit like that, yep. I don't want to see them, but you have the opportunity where you could throw these oddball characters in, and... This just makes me hate everything. Like, I don't have anything to look forward to anymore because, like, I love the Teen Titans. I love younger heroes or my favorite heroes in the DC universe. And this just made me hate them all by the end of this goddamn crossover. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually <laughs> mad that they just don't tell Damien to go fuck himself. Like, when when he says, listen, Kid Flash, you're fired. They, no, no, no. No, no. You're, you're fired. Fu- you you fucking yeah. asshole. Yeah, get the Starfire, fuck out of here. you're in charge. Yeah, and, and even then, like, you get this ending and you, you have this whole thing with Dick Grayson and Damien where you would hope that, like, throughout that, Dick keeps saying, like I said, hey, we all have to get along. You know, to be a leader, you have to get along, and then just disappears. Like, there's nothing at the end where Dick's like, yeah. you know, hey, you know, we should, yeah, I got to talk to you. Hey, do you have a moment? Let's go eat and discuss things. And, and you know what? I think you're being too harsh or you're not doing this. Not everybody's as great as you, Damien. You, you got to back off. Nope, they just go off to their own thing because it ends up with these like three-part epilogues where you don't even know what happened or whatever. It's just boom. They're, they're from one to the other. and that just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a done deal I, already. The, cra- the, yeah. the crazy part is I have no idea if we said this while we were recording or not, but the voice of reason in this entire thing was Beast Boy who kept yeah, telling everybody, this is, we're in over our head. We need to call the Justice League. I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah Garth. We yeah. need to do this. <laughs> yeah, and they keep like, oh, it doesn't matter. But it, the problem is, is like a Dick Grayson Nightwing, it, you know, this is – he should he should be on that too. He should have been yeah, like, yeah. you know what? He should have let's done get a hold of people. Yeah, he let's get a hold point. of somebody. Let's get you know. You'd have all these guys calling. You know, you'd have Arsenal possibly calling a Green Arrow at this point because you know he's kind of made up with him. And yeah, it's just nonsense. And then really, here you go. You have some pretty heavy hitters and say a Starfire. The fuck does mm-hmm. she do this whole time? The fuck she's does anybody do this? Yeah, you, you, she's just flying around doing nothing. Arsenal and, and, didn't need to be here. Nightwing didn't need to be here. Starfire no. didn't need to be here. No, th- this could have been like a this could have been a two parter in Deathstroke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just guest starring been. the Titans. That's what it, it should have just been. been. It shouldn't have been a full month of. And really, the whole Deathstroke book has been heading towards him wanting to try to do something to help. Uh, you know, uh, what's his name, Grant, and not mm-hmm. being able to, then yeah, you should have had a thing where he was trying to get the Speed Force. Have a couple issues of Deathstroke doing this because having all these other people in uh, these other teams was nonsense. But no. we're going to yeah. go off now uh, to some mail. And Chris, I thank you for coming aboard and talking this. I'm Thanks, sorry Chris. that it sucked. I always feel bad when your books and Reggie's book, like, you, you get to come on and it's like, this stuff sucks. But, yeah, we agree with you. It's at least, like, if you came on, you're like, I think it's a six. And we're like, no, it's a ten. And then we can start <laughs> fighting. I was now. afraid of. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, I didn't read this. And I had a bunch of people ask me, like, oh, what do you think? What do you think? And I'm like, I haven't read it. And I said, but yeah. Chris, I know he knows his stuff. So I'm going to go that he's probably right on. And, yeah, you were even a little more positive because, like you said, you didn't want to judge it too harshly because of the past bias. And, yeah, you you were a little more positive than I'd ever be because it, just the whole nonsense of it just It ruined my nuts. whole goddamn day, though. I had, it was a long yeah. day at work. I came home. I was yeah, tired right. of shit. So I took a goddamn nap. I woke up. I'm like, oh, man, it's getting late i better read this thinking yep. like I've, I've saved this up because this is gonna be the thing i've been looking forward to all goddamn week i'm with it i read it i'm like i should have stayed the fuck asleep 
Yeah, yeah. This was the last issue I had to read of this short week, and I actually was because some people were talking to me like I really liked it. It really explained things. I'm like, this is gonna be good. I'm, I'm gonna enjoy it. I even set out like even a longer time. I'm like, I'm gonna give it like an hour and ten minutes because it's a long. And I was done in like fucking fifteen minutes. Yeah. I'm like, I've had enough. I'm gonna go get a coffee, <laughs> and shake my head. But yeah, thank no, you, hit Chris, my for coming on. Yes, yes, <laughs> really. Gross. I do not uh, condone that, but uh, we'll. Be be back in a moment with some mail. If you would read my mail, Jim, wanna tell my words would tell. But if they tried to read it, we'd hear an epic fail. But when you reach the part. Where opinions come, the hero will be Jim, a hero to us all. And when you read the mail again, you'll see the nonsense never takes a break. Never takes a break, Eric. The nonsense... How could it ever take a break? And you know, that is a very uh, relevant song in annuals week, Eric, because no, the nonsense does not take a break. Uh, but we are on mail section number three. We start with her parent, Jack. He says, what's up, guys? So after hearing the last podcast and hearing you guys talk about how and the Green Lantern Corps and how it has dealt with the whole Rue, switcheroo thing, I wanted to chime in on it. Feels like the whole implementation of this was left out in some kind of limbo of either pointed to in too too much or not gone into detail enough, and it makes it just seem weird because of it. Usually, if it was just a small tidbit that could be missed, you would just assume that it will be all shown again later in more detail, and this was something you could go back to and see if it was ever shown before. And usually, if it was shown a little more, you would think it would follow up with it pretty soon, and yeah. it would be a primary focus. The way it is implemented throw feels uh, kind of feels like neither it just sort of sits there and will eventually show up again it almost seems like it was going to be the first case where it was just a small detail that could later later be looked back on but maybe missed by editors thought it the editors needed more emphasis or was afraid it would be missed entirely Uh, i don't know it's just weird it just is in the back i think that that's a story that they want to save well i'm uh, telling you i really think that's our next story arc in the green lantern how jordan the green lantern corps it all just seemed weird because where it's at, I feel like it was just not given enough attention and comes off as if it can almost be forgotten or like something in the writing plans changed. Besides that, though, I'd like to talk about the Teen Titans annual and the closing of the Lazarus contract conclusion. First, why the hell didn't Priest just write the entire crossover? I have a feeling you liked it more than us, Eric, this ending. His two issues probably had about 95% of this crossover's plot. Well, it was more of a Deathstroke uh, issue or, right. or crossover and seems to affect that book even more. But an action really felt like an actual crossover as opposed to the first two issues that mostly just felt like recap and setup. I really like Priest writing on the Teen Titans and thought his humor came across well with Wally and Jackson. Uh, we didn't even really talk about that part that much because it, just Not at was, all. it was kind of like nothing. 
Uh, it was just kind of setting up a friendship that we know nothing yeah, about so yeah. far. And, like, you know, Wally didn't even seem concerned with Jackson even being there. No. He had his own shit to do, and he did not want to deal with Jackson's fucking nonsense. And then he said, yes, by the end of the crossover, it really came off a lot smaller than you would think. It should be a follow-up to Judas' contract. It doesn't really feel important, but overall, these two issues by Priest really redeemed the whole event for me. I like things like Slade going back in order to stop Grant and having to keep going further back and further and further because he keeps failing. I, I don't mind that. I, I like that part. But in the end, nothing happens. He didn't stop him, and it really, it didn't even seem like, I, I don't know. Like, it was just thrown in there so he could blame somebody on himself. Just, it just Everything fell like apart nothing. for me at the end of that goddamn story. I even like to think that in the previous issue where Slade confronts him by the roadside is actually Slade from the future giving it another shot. I think that was the first shot. I, I said him when we too. talked about it, and then he did it a couple times, and it says, you know, third time's a charm or whatever. <laughs> Three times a lady. I don't think that's actually the truth or how it's supposed to be taken, but I like to think of it that way as it just makes it better in my mind. It ultimately doesn't really matter. I love that Jackson keeps getting forgotten by the team times as he is completely and nobody is used to used to him being there yet. I really like that Wintergreen picks up Wally and Jackson. I'm I'm telling you, the the Jackson thing I don't mind Damien forgetting about him, but everybody, it just seemed weird, especially like yeah. Beast Boy. And also, you don't, you have freaking Starfire doing nothing. At least have her remember so she has something to do. I, I don't know what she did in this whole story. Nothing. I really like that Wintergreen picks up Wally and Jackson. I don't know why he's there or how. That's why I didn't like it. And it seemed like he was a pedophile. But I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. And I really liked the exchange that comes from it. So it makes it worth it in my mind. It's all a lot of forgiveness of the book. In my mind, a lot of headcanon, but there, uh, these two issues are really good. Go a long way to make this crossover worth it for me. I'd give the whole crossover a 7-5. Wow. Mostly just the last two issues. I forget. Didn't I say like we were giving Didn't we give it a fuck you five? Sure did. <laughs> yeah, we did. I hated this issue. I hated this last one so much. Well, you, you would have already heard us talk about it. Uh, I just didn't like it. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Eric. I'm so sorry. It's not your fault, Eric. It's not your fault. The next mail Probably is, is from Taylor. Probably. Taylor says, hey, Jim, Eric, and Reggie, what's up? Yeah, A Taylor. big shout out to the wonderful people in the Get Fresh crew. I had a couple quick questions and thoughts from listening lately and felt annuals week would be the right week to say and ask. First, Jim, it cracks me up that you say you are one of those people that always wear shorts no matter what. I am the same way. I live in Colorado, so I get asked stupid questions like, why aren't you wearing pants? You must be freezing. Questions Fuck that off. I'm sure you get asked as well. Yeah, I do, and I just... You know, I, I used to, I'm, I haven't read his. I hope that he does the same thing. Uh, but he says in college I used to get the weirdest looks because I would be walking around campus in my uh, basketball shorts with a hoodie and a huge jacket. I love that's my look. There you go. I'm telling you, there were times when people would, and I, I do the weirdest things. Like all I have to do if somebody says, "Hey, why aren't you wearing pants? You must be freezing." And normally you could just say, "No, no, I, I don't get cold." Or you could get even like I'm sure Taylor's thought of it, and that you know you could say, "What? Because of the two and a half inches that aren't covered here, I'm gonna fucking freeze to death." No, in my mind, I, I make up crazy things. Oh, I moved from Alaska, and then the I, when this shit Jesus goes, it, it always goes wrong because the, or basically I used to say wasn't even Alaska. I should have went with that. But it's like, oh, you must be freezing. Oh, no, I moved from Minnesota. Oh, really? I'm from Minnesota. Where? I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> can I back out of this? What <laughs> can I remember from the movie Young yeah, Blood like, Real uh, Fast? St. Paul. 
And so, and, oh, I was from St. Paul. You, you from downtown? So, yeah, yeah. Which part of St. Paul's your favorite? All oh, of it. Shit. I love it all. I can't, I, you know, I don't get back much. Yeah. I am, I'm telling you, anytime I try to do that shit, tell, I told you one time that a guy recognized me from my old job and I didn't want to talk to him and made up a goddamn story that I was Jim's fucking uh, identical twin. And made I don't up know this why you go through this nonsense. I made up this whole thing about me. I, I don't know because I'm trying to get out of the conversation, but I don't realize I'm, I'm going into it more. Ignore them or just say, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah, because the guy's like, oh, man, Jim, what's going on? I didn't want to talk to him. So, oh, no, I'm Jim's identical twin brother. Jesus Christ. Tommy. <laughs> oh, Tommy. Fucking I didn't psychopath. know he had an identical twin. So what's Jim doing? Yeah, he died. He died in a, a propeller accident. He was on his on his motorboat. Autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> he, was, he was on his motorboat, Eric. <laughs> he died. Yeah, I, I don't know why I do shit like this. It I always, don't know either. I don't do it as much now. I've at least learned that lesson that it just gets you nowhere. I just like to be uh, uh, avoid people. Then I get people. Like I said, I get people. Then the guy I told you last uh, one of the episodes we did, he comes up to me. Hey, when does hockey start? I don't know. I don't play hockey anymore. No, the Stanley Cup, you fucking moron. I'm like, let me get out of here. This is why I don't talk to people. Uh, second, Eric, I know you love horror movies and hate burn victims, so I must ask you the it's question: true. What's your opinion on the greatest horror slasher, Freddy Krueger? The greatest, son, because I just, I just watched Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare last night at like 1.30 in the morning, and it made me question my entire goddamn life yeah. of why I've dedicated so much time and energy to the horror series, because I hate that goddamn movie so yeah. much. But I, overall, Freddy Krueger, he is a goddamn classic. He is a, a staple of the horror community, as you, I can put it. But um, I don't know. He's never been my favorite. He actually scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Like, you know, th- that probably affected me more than any other horror flick when I was growing up. Just because of the idea, I fall asleep, I'm going to die. Yeah. But uh, he's all right. Maybe my number two guy. Three, yeah. possibly. Now, a wrong term would tell you that he likes Freddy Cougar. Oh, uh, but it was one of the, the big three, which I do mean – uh, you know, Friday the 13th. Halloween uh, and Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, you ruined my joke. I was going to say a third one. I was going to, I couldn't come up with, I was thinking of like the worst one, which, which board I was going like to say or something. I was just going to throw in a third. I was going to keep Halloween out of it, but you ruined my joke, Eric. But uh-huh. yeah, of, of those three, I did see Nightmare on Elm Street in the theater. That's the only one I actually saw in the theater. So you didn't see uh, uh, I'm saying of the those three, yeah, you know what I did see. I'm saying then just Freddy Krueger movies, okay. the Nightmare, and I'm sure are the only ones. But yeah, now that you talk about it, I did see uh, Dream Warriors as well, and that was that, that had a big push yeah. when it came out. But yeah, it was I'm, a good movie. I'm, I'm telling you, I like three, one, three, and four. Even one has its problems. You okay. go back, it does not hold up very well. But overall, like Freddy Krueger just became this oversaturated joke, and he never recovered in my mind. Yeah, I I, I ended up. Uh, when I saw the first one, I saw it with my buddy Herb in the theater, and it, you know, it kind of scared me a little. I was a yeah. little older then, but uh, well, when I saw it, things were different back then when these movies came yeah. out. There was like, for some reason, they affected people more than they do now. Yeah, I told you, my my scariest one was Amityville Horror. It scared the right. shit out of me, uh, and I was a little kid then. But uh, when I saw Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street, it did get me. Like I even thought out right away, I'm like. Boy, this is like – it seems like the perfect thing because he attacks you in your dreams, and that's something that you always have to end up doing. No matter how much you, you oh, yeah. fight it, you're it's, it's always going to fall asleep. So it did – it actually impressed me a bit, but 
Uh, I tried to play it for my kids. I wanted to be like your dad and then, you know, affect my kids, and they got bored. It just it didn't hold up the first time. It does uh, not hold up. Up. I was watching uh, that documentary earlier this yeah. week, and then when they're showing clips from part one, I'm like, that just looks terrible. Yeah, now, yeah, I'm telling it you, does. that scene where Tina dies, though, and is crawling on the goddamn ceiling, I think that holds up. It still looks great. It even looks better than the one they yeah. had in the freaking remake. Yeah, That'll, that's the only thing, though. Everything else kind of falls uh, like yeah, apart. And third, to both you guys, what has been your absolute favorite and least favorite story arc? Thus far in Rebirth. For him, oh, it would be the first arc in Detective Comics, and the worst would have to be the second arc in All-Star Batman. Uh, I think that my best probably still go with uh, I Am Gotham. I really, really liked that story. I really liked uh, Gotham Girl. I liked how that was whole, all set up. Uh, my least favorite was probably anything in the Justice League because they were all garbage. Uh, how about you, Eric? Do you know of I'm, anything? I'm going to go with that least favorite with anything in the Justice League as well just because it's an easy goddamn yeah, out because yeah, I cannot yeah. think of what my favorite arc would be at this point. Really? Uh, I would have to say it must be something in Action Comics right now or Superman, but I had a lot of problem with different arts. It, it's Superman. funny, uh, Action so Comics. Something in Action Comics. Yeah, Action I Comics, I think right that now. this new one, the Outlaws. Yeah, this new uh, arc in Action Comics, I think, is really good, but it's not over, so I can't that say that. Red Hood and the Outlaws. I'm telling you, Red Hood and the Outlaws, it's just nothing really to me. I like me, that first arc. Yeah, but it just it. I can't say that that was the best art. That was the the black mask stuff. It yeah. got it. It got it. Fucking drug on at the one point. It was just nonsense. It just kept repeating itself for two issues. But yeah, I, so I couldn't. I could not throw that in. And even then, you didn't get the full team together ever in that. Uh, but yeah, last quick update of my twenty-five dollar pull list: Detective Comics, Hal Jordan, The Green Lantern Corps, Teen Titans, New Superman, and Super Sons. He's gonna—I was gonna say, uh, say Superman instead of Hal Jordan, but I was loving the Black Dawn arc so much until we found out that it was a bunch of alien things and Black ja- Black Jacket or whatever the hell his name was. Manchester, Manchester Black. Black. As always, thanks for everything you guys do, and have a great week. And then he emailed again and says, "So sorry for the second email. It goes against my rules, but I forgot to mention one thing with your Patreon." starting up and everything happening in Rebirth, I thought it'd be really cool if you did a podcast just going through Watchmen. Just an idea and have a great week. And yeah, we have something going on with that that we would be doing some trade paperbacks and events and things of the past. Uh, But that we're trying to figure out how to present that on our Patreon, but that is one of the shows that we want to bring people. Sure uh, they seem to like the new 52, and we want to go a little bit further back and do stuff like Watchmen or, you know, Death of Superman, stuff like that. So we'll see how that goes. The next mail, and thank you, Taylor. And the next one Thanks, is Jeff. Hussein. And Hussein says, hey, Eric, it's got fresh crew, and Jim, too. I hope you guys have a short podcast this week. Even you guys deserve a break every once in a while. I've got a few things that will make you prick up your fucking ears, he says. I've been living by the rule ever since young Wally became Kid Flash. Whenever I refer to this young Wally, I call him Kid Flash. Not other Wally, not younger Wally, not even African-American Wally. I call him Kid Flash, whether he is in costume or not. Conversely, I call normal Wally whatever seems appropriate. That's where it falls apart for me. It's it's Wally. Wally, Wally Flash, Ginger Flash, whatever works, Bat Flash, Eric. That way I can differentiate between the characters without any hassle. Maybe you guys can use this rule since I've noticed you guys sometimes get confused when you refer to either one of them. And I do use the rule of Kid Flash. I do that um, as well. The problem is, is what to call Wally when you kind of, you know, get involved. And it is tough. Because you don't want to say Flash. No. And it's weird because then you say Wally and you want to have some sort you, of You want to make sure qualifier. people know what you're talking about. Yeah, you want to make sure that people aren't thinking that you actually slipped and went back. Now, again, 
it's tough in this crossover. Once we get back to them in their own books and stuff, it's not that it's not that no. bad. It's this crossover that causes a lot of troubles. Uh, what do you guys think about the artist of the upcoming Underworld arc in Aquaman? His name is Stefan. I, I always get this uh, Sajek, and, and from what I've seen of his work, I really like it. And we've had him. I, I went meant to look up some other things. We've had him before because I can never pronounce his name right, and uh, he's okay. I can't say. I, Eric, you're probably like, I don't know what the fuck. I'm telling you, I, I'm trying to think because I have seen some stuff from the yeah. solicits and I don't know if he does the covers or not because and I, I, I'm really drawing a blank here because I don't know his work offhand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, I, I'm not familiar with what it was, but I know we had something and I just – I don't think that I hated it. So we'll have to see. The name he's doesn't also, ring a bell to me, though. He's also doing drawing. Uh, he's doing Suicide Squad number twenty, confirmed by Sajik himself as well as Rob Williams on Twitter. I researched his work recently, and I stumbled upon some naked lady work he's done. Nice. Do with this information what you will. And it's I like will. Philippe Barones. I think he has a lot of that triple X stuff going around. I was curious who your guy's favorite uh, DC character is. I've been listening to your podcast since Rebirth, so I'm not sure if you've answered this before. Uh, he says, I'd love to extend it uh, to Reggie as well, since I love to hear who he chooses. So I'm going to ask Reggie first. Reggie, who is your favorite uh, character in DC? Well, Jim, does that sound like him? Oh, yeah, classic <laughs> Reggie. Well, Jim, I think I really like Constantine. I don't know why he's fucking Southern now, but... I like myself some of that there Swamp Thing. I, I think he'd I like. say Swamp Thing. I think he'd say Constantine Swamp Thing. I think Swamp Thing might be his number one. I also like that robot man over there in the Doom Patrol, maybe. And uh, you know what? Whether people realize it or not, I'm still a big fan of the Batmans. There you go. That's classic Reggie. Thank you, Reggie. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's weird because Reggie ends up uh, telling me a lot of things of these like side characters. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, that he'll just say, you know what, I am a huge fan of Swamp Thing. I don't know what exactly would be his number one character. I'd say Swamp Thing. Though. I, I think so too, but I think he might surprise us and say, like, you know what, I've always been a huge Batman fan. I just don't get to say it a lot because everybody's asking me about these goddamn side books. Who's your favorite, Eric? Because I know who it is. Kyle Rayner. Yes, it is. That's who I was going to say. And you also know who my favorite is, which is? Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson. And, and really, I'll tell you, I'm one of the few. It's Dick Grayson. It's not Nightwing. It's not Robin. It's not great. It's Dick Grayson himself and every iteration, every iteration. of him. Uh, and I even said it earlier. Uh, Flash, Barry Allen Flash is uh, actually a little bit behind, and then there's a big drop-off from there. But yeah, I, you always love Kyle Rayner. That's your big deal. He says, my personal favorite is Superman, since he's probably the only character that actively made me want to make my life better. Uh, I've never met that character yet, Eric, that's going to make me want to make my life better, because I'm a fucking saint. And I have as a result of the inspiration he gave me. <laughs> All-Star Superman is such a seminal, perfect story to me, and I attribute a lot of my success and happiness to Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly's work on that story. I almost got that out of the library today. Nice. I'll tell you, too, uh, whether or not what I review or whatnot or what my pull list ever have been, I tend to kind of go as more of a Superman fan now uh, than a Batman fan. 
And I, again, I really, and this is where when, and we were talking about a little in the Slack chat today, where when we had Superman loses powers, I really thought that that was going to be the opportunity to make everybody see that Superman was super without them. And I think that that would have made a lot of people switch over to Superman as a character. Suicidal douchebag. It's funny, too, because now it, it seems like the hip thing now is definitely to say that Wonder Woman's your favorite character, and I love Wonder Woman, but... It just as favorite character, I think you and me go the same way. It's like almost like when I'm I'm a Penguins fan, and back in the '90s, I oh, who's your favorite Penguin? Well, of course, Mario Lemieux is the greatest yeah. Penguin of all time. So you tend to like Ron Francis as your favorite because Lemieux's above that. You know what I mean? That's the thing. It's honestly that's almost one of those things. Like you yell at me about it. It's a gimme. I know you, it is. That's what I'm it's saying. So, it's kind of. A I gimme. gravitate towards more of the B characters, yes. like yes. Firestorm. We I liked uh, just Robin in general, like more than Batman and friggin' you know Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern, not Hal Jordan. Uh, yeah. I just like yeah, Shazam. Even you know Shazam, I love more than I think Superman, but I do love Superman as well. It's just I always yeah. gravitate towards yeah, these they're, lesser they're like It's like one of those where the the Trinity, those are the best characters, exactly. and you got like I like I said, yeah, you, you have Lemieux, but no, Eric, I'm like an old Gretchen. Samuelson fan. I'm an old Samuelson fan. That's it for me, guys. Uh, <laughs> kick ass and take some names. Although I know which one of you will manage to do that better than the other. <laughs> he meets me, Eric. Oh. He doesn't think that. He thinks you're a pussy. He oh. writes for a website, does a podcast, and has the letter I in his first name. But my name's James. He also apparently had some issues with his father. Uh, you could say that. But you had issues with your father as well. And I have abandonment an I in my name issues. Too. You had your abandonment issues. I'm saying I, I have an had... I in my name as well. Yeah, you do. That's true. God damn it. My name's James, so it's it's not me. It's you. Nope. It's you. I, I, I don't think you had as many issues, father issues. You did have, like I said, you had abandonment issues. I think this is more about wanting to kill your dad, who happens to be dead, and I could never fulfill my greatest dream ever, Eric. It's already happened. Oh, God. I can't do it. I could still go after my mom. I'll go across town, slice her throat. I, I oh, can't good. stand her. I don't like her enough to do that. I want her to suffer over this. I, <laughs> I want her to suffer across town right now, bitch. All right, Eric. We're going to go off to something. Uh, some books. It's weird. You would think that with this annuals week, everything would be kind of tied down and so easy. It doesn't seem to be as far as kind of juggling things because I know there's probably all section. No, I know. I don't either. I think it was three. Uh, We also are going to have some segments of other people. Who knows? I don't know, Eric, but we'll see what's going on next. Wonder Woman Annual Number One, written by Greg Rucka, Avita Ayea, Michael Morrissey, Colin Kelly, Je- and Jackson Lansing. Art by Nicholas Scott with Rami Lafarda Jr., Jody Wynn, Claire Rowe, Jordi Belair, Josh Reed, Stephanie Hans, Dave Sharp, David LaFuente, and John Rauch. God yes. damn, there's a lot of people on this book. Yes, there are. For our first Wonder Woman Annual in this rebirth era of DC, we get ourselves an anthology issue that really means fuck all in the long run and even goes out of its way to fuck up the New 52 timeline in the process. Four stories that mean less and less as they go on until we have our hero playing fetch with a kaiju monster. 
Yes. Now, I, I will say right away, uh, kind of mention it at the beginning here of the uh, deal, but I want to mention it again because, Eric, that beginning won't be on the podcast. And now I'm saying this and it really won't make much Why? sense. Why are you doing this? <laughs> I always do this. I always step on. It's not even stepping on my toes. It's actually like not Shut stepping on my toes. I don't know. But the Wonder Woman movie's coming out. I think that that's number one why they put this out. I'm, I'm, we're no dummies, Eric. We know this. I'll give uh, DC props. They usually do not think that well ahead. Exactly. That's it why really, I think it's a happy accident. I'm telling you, a lot of times what will happen is you have the editors of the, the books and even like a Dan DeDio, like he's like, you know what would be great? If we put out a, a book during the week of the movie of Wonder Woman, they're like, it comes out tonight, Dan. Oh, shit. That came out we missed six it again. Ago, telling you, and if, if anybody wants to know what we're really talking about here, it happened with Supergirl. They had a show coming out. When Supergirl's show was first coming out, they didn't even have a Supergirl book at that point. Oh. And then they tried desperately to throw shit out that didn't make any sense. Now, I will also say that I think that this annual comes at a very odd time in this book's, uh, you know, the book's, I don't know what, timeline, because Greg Ruck is leaving. So you're not going to have an annual that's going to set up any story going forward because he ain't going to be here, and he is still on the book. You know what I mean? If this would have been time Greg Rucka had left, Two weeks ago, I think that maybe they would have done something with uh, uh, Shea Fontana where I do think there is a bit of a mistake there too. I wish that one of these stories – and Shea Fontana is the, art, or the writer who is going to continue the, the book after Greg Ruck is done and a couple more issues. I think that that was a miscue of them not having at least one of these stories by her so that we could kind of get a feeling of what she would be about and maybe even have that the last story that sets up her story going forward. Cool I think that that would have been a good idea. I should be Dan DiDio's right-hand man, Eric, and tell him things like that. But in the meantime. Time, like I ideas. said, at least they have a, like you said, a surprisingly great mistake. What did, what did you call it? A beautiful happy mistake? Accident. A happy accident. That's what you told uh, Jess what but happened the other night any in bed. Yes, no. No, accident, yes. Happy. Yes. Mm, uh, a little, you know, something not from column A and all from column B. Then, Eric. But, uh, yeah, with this, again, I don't know if it's because we're at the end of Greg Rucka's run with what's going on uh, where you do get this is kind of a standard annual for a lot of times that we get it. Uh, but it seemed like it should be bigger. That's That's the problem with me. But – I will agree with you before we even go into this that, yes, the first story is by Greg Rocca, and I do think it just continues the trend that he does not care what happened in and the New 52. And the thing is, this, in my mind, is the best story we have. Yeah, it is. And yet, oh, it's by far. things we've already established, yeah. and this makes me have yeah. more questions by the end of it. Now, where I want to tell people, because I, I talked to you about this, I said I hate the idea – that me and you seem to be the, uh, you know, the trumpeteers of the new 52. We're, you know, we're the, the ambassadors. We were just there, we remember. Yeah, that's, we're, we're not the ambassadors of the new 52. I don't want anybody. Now, we do have a new 52 podcast. A, a little, a little side uh, advertisement there. You know, we do have a new 52 review podcast that we do twice a month. Uh, the thing is, though, a lot of the new 52 sucked. I could never tell people that some books were my favorite. Some books I still haven't read. We're going to be doing that on the thing, but there was a lot of miscues, whatever. The reason why we keep bringing it up in Rebirth isn't because we loved it. It's because that is the continuity that we came into Rebirth for. They made it a point to tell you it's Rebirth, not a reboot. Yeah, exactly. and, I'm, and they kept pounding this into us. Oh, you got this. Yeah. 
And what happened in this Wonder Woman book, now other books will say are also as infuriating. Like yeah. Steve Orlando seems to be another guy who, who does doing. not care about breaking some eggs to make his omelet, Eric, because shit that he puts out just really seems like – but he, in his defense, it seems more of stupidity. <laughs> I don't mean to be mean, but a lot of times he throws and, – and Brian Hitch as well. They don't seem to just know. Nobody's told them, so they go with something. And Sam it seems Humphreys. to yeah, And Sam Humphreys. It seems to slap us in the face. I don't think that they're doing it on purpose. I think that that's just a story they're telling. They think they could, no, I'm telling you. They think <laughs> they could just grab a character that they've never heard of. I, I'm telling you, even to not the point where – They're not their fingers together. Wait till I get no, these fucking assholes. They're, they're not doing that. But yeah, even with the – like say uh, Brian Hitch in the Justice League, they re were really hinting of Shadow Thief and kept calling him a he. Well, the last time we saw in the New 52 it was a she. So yeah. it's stuff like that. It's just minor stuff like that. That's not what Greg Rucka is doing. Greg Rucka is sitting there with his fingers, you know, whoo, excellent. He he really seems to Mr. not Burns care. He seems to go out of his way to make sure things aren't the same. Now, the problem I have with this annual story as we go into this, and again, best story in this in this yeah. annual. Um, now he's going beyond Wonder Woman to fuck up other things. If you tell me, oh, you know what? He hated Azarello's run. In the new 52. Okay. okay. He's he's writing Wonder Woman. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. I, I mean, I can't tell him what to do. If he does it in a way that makes sense, which it kind of does. I've tried. He's not, he's not replying to my emails. Yeah, yeah, really. So <laughs> this is the thing. He can do that. I don't mind. He really fucks up the Justice League here. And yeah. the Justice League in the New 52, that was the first book that came out. It was the setting that basically set the whole New 52 going. It, it was one of the cornerstone books, and it really messes up what we just did in the New 52 review. And again, it's not because I love that trade and I love the beginning. It's just it, it's that's really not – this, this isn't how the they met. No. They didn't meet like this, and it's just very – very odd. And it also throws in the whole thing of when Wonder Woman showed up in the New 52, when the Justice League first started and they got her and seemed like the first time they met her, uh, she was very violent. She yeah. was very angry. And again, maybe this – that's not – that doesn't seem to be Greg Rucka's M.O. Not so I understand what he's doing. If you're going to do something like this, make it so you see that, that what happened in a different angle and can kind of – but no, this is completely different. And I'm telling you, that's the worst part we have now because now that we have Superman Reborn out and about and how universes, the universe has changed, the timeline has been altered and shit like that, and we have the lies and the truth thrown on top of that – you have no idea what's what, but the one thing you know you could be certain of in my mind is like, all right, the Justice League got together when the Dark Side, you know, they first met yeah. when Dark Side invasion happened, and we could go on from there. Yes, things might change here and there, but this core book, which started everything off with all the timeline we know for this continuity, that's at least there. No, nope. no, because in that. You know, they kind of like it was a trial by fire. They got together going. You already had seen like we saw how Batman and Superman got together. Batman had been studying them. Now you can even from there, I can go with like it, it's just weird because you can kind of go, OK, maybe Batman knew. But no, this is this is beyond that. Like it, it really seems that Batman and Superman are best of friends at this point, or at least they're, you know, comrade in arms already. And they end up seeing Wonder Woman and then invite her in. Now, this goes well with the continuity that we kind of were hinted at in the 
ruckus story because at the point when later on in that year one god watch story they do mention hey your friends on the justice league and all that stuff that makes sense but you're really throwing a lot out here that kind of goes screwy and you have superman looking different. there's a lot of and not issues only with- that it's the whole thing too is like when we the one of the last things we saw in the wonder woman when the god watch was catching up to our present story of the truth yeah it seemed like you know one of the furthest times in the future was about like eight and a half years since wonder woman came to man's world so Let's say that's our thing. Eight and a half yeah. years. Let's say the truth is a little bit beyond that. So maybe nine years she's been around, which is it already fucks up our timeline. Yeah. But when we jump into this, you know, it's Metropolis. When we first see that Wonder Woman took out those gunmen at the mall, you know, yeah. and they're like, you know, the world be, uh, was presented Wonder Woman. They first saw Wonder Woman for the first time. It's all over the news now. Lois and Clark are seeing it on the freaking big screen of yeah, Metropolis. Yeah, they're not together. And they do not appear to be together at all. No. I'm like, okay, but our new timeline, Wonder Woman helped give birth to John. Yeah, but John yeah. is 10 years old. 10 years and old. And I'm like, well, I, I don't understand any of this. Yeah, the timeline throws is off. so goddamn screwy. Uh, some people that uh, – I'm glad we're doing it this way. We'll get our nitpicks out of the way here because some people are like, I don't give a fuck. I, you know, This is the only Wonder Woman I'm reading. I don't care about the Justice League from the New 52. It's just that we get mad only because we were told that was the continuity going forward. Yeah, and I'm still uh, working on the continuity of the new continuity we have from Superman yeah, Reborn. And that's the problem is where you're going with this. That's what throws a lot of things in. Number one, you have Wonder Woman in the story who's uh, you know past or all lies. It's, you know, according to you know going to Themyscira so yeah. you don't know and Superman's whole thing's changed so it's all up in the air and it is upsetting but this is a good story and if if we can take the continuity out of the mix how dare you I really enjoy this it's just I'm with you though you're the continuity kid the new sheriff's in town That's Eric, right. and you have come in with guns drawn I can look past that as long as the story is good this is good the problem is it's just a little story for an annual, so it's not great to me. No. I, none of these stories, it's weird. Like, I see people with reviews of this just going on like, this is great. This is the best thing. I have uh, issues with the other ones as well that I'll tell you overall when we're going. Uh, but this story is really good. If it was expanded a little and you saw a little more, it could have been a great one shot of just this. Oh, and maybe if, even if work your continuity I'd be all in. about it. Yeah, maybe work your continuity into it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll go on to it because this is after Wonder Woman in the Greg Rucker run. It's after she had fought the uh, terrorist in the mall. And yeah. when, if you remember, there's the sexy Steve Trevor without a shirt. It's lifted right from there. So it's, they do a really good job. And that was a Nicholas Scott drawn uh you know thing in the year one deal so it's good that they got her back to do this as well uh but yeah they're all watching it this is worldwide news and if you remember in that story afterwards like everybody this is when she became a celebrity also when veronica kale became aware of her and started getting really upset that they were treating her as a celebrity so in the book this was a huge moment for the whole deal of what progressed on in the whole world yeah, and now you see, and that's what I like. Here you see the whole world was really into this, and you see Clark and Lois seeing this. Lois, of course, is the a classic bitchy reporter, which I love. I'm not saying yeah, that yeah. as any sort of shade being thrown. This is classic. Right there in this one little thing is a better Lois than we did get in all New 52. It's great because she's yeah. like, you know, Jimmy, she calls Jimmy right away. Grab your gear. We got to get this. And it's also basically like, Clark, you well, ain't you, getting this story. I'm exactly, surprised she doesn't that, trip as, him. As they're walking together, it's like, you seeing this? He's like, I am seeing it. Yes, Lois. Well, I saw it first. And it calls yeah. Jimmy right away to get on the scene. 
Yeah, it's awesome. It, that is like in one page. That's classic Lois. It's great. In the meantime, you see that Batman also sees it. He has been in some deep shit. Who knows yes, what was is. going on? Because the Batmobile comes in. That shit is smoking. Uh, fucking on fire. He comes up and, you know, Alfred's like, oh, I haven't stitched you in a couple of days. I'm glad, you know, you let me do this. But then says, hey, you might want to look at this. And Batman sits down at the back computer and the, the monitors come up and there's Wonder Woman in the same scene. So he's seeing it as well. Uh, and then you get the idea. You have a, pa- a panel where he's just thinking. He's doing the thinker, Eric. That's yeah. like me on the on the can. Uh, and you realize that, that when it goes forward, this is him thinking, yeah, I better call Clark and get. But again, that throws continuity and out. That, that's the thing is, I never got the idea that he called Clark in on this. I think they were both going off on their own if we could see who this Wonder Woman was. Yeah, like, it, you know, but they, they, they definitely know each other. He had, why would they end up in an undisclosed location in Nevada? I mean, the, the three of them gather in a place that nobody will find them. Somebody has gotten a hold of my one mind, or the other or both. In my They're mind, just... Batman has gone and done the detective work to get there, and Superman has flown over and listened into all the conversations well, to get, like, listened, to get the information they, you know, I of don't where know. He, and he would see Bruce as he goes. Well, here's the deal is because one, Lois is going to where Wonder Woman should be. Yeah, the San, San Diego. Diego base. Yeah, yeah, that's the San Diego base. There's no real reason, and this is where uh, you have uh, Superman go over there too. He's listening, and you see, like, there's never once that, like, she Edda says she's in a secure and secluded place. Never really says where, but yeah, at some point they had to have gotten a, a hold of Wonder Woman. You think because she just goes. And ends up and says, who are you men? Why do you spy upon me? I, I don't know. It just seems like somebody had to have gotten a hold of somebody. Maybe not. But uh, I the think way- they just all – like if Superman and Batman converged, like you know, Batman was already here watching where they're going to move yeah, Wonder Woman to. And Superman saw him and came down and then Wonder Woman realized that these two men were watching her and went to go investigate her. Yeah, maybe her you're own. right because it does say – it's like, hey, fancy meeting you here. That yeah. maybe just came in. And I guess that they all – like even Clark, they, they do. And actually, if that's the case, like you said, I actually like – it a little more because that shows that Clark's a bit of a reporter as well. That yeah. A lot of times writers forget all about that. Uh, it's just where they never really say where she is. I don't know where Clark is going to see, but he is looking in at Etta saying that, but she doesn't say where. But yeah, yeah, I like the one panel, though, is where Lois is there trying to get onto the base in San Diego. I thought, she, why, doesn't she throw her, why doesn't she throw her, her dad's name out? You know what I you mean? Know, you know a little guy named General Lane? General yeah, Lane? Girl. It'd be funny. It's like this is this is a uh, you know I don't know. I guess that isn't that a, it's a navy base though, right? At the San Diego base, I'm not even sure. But it'd be funny. It's like now nah, wrong service. But it's funny as she's doing this, you see Superman flying in, in, above her. He's yeah. going in to do this, and like you said, he listens in. I'll go with you then. He he finds out they both do their detective work. He shows up with Batman, but they know each other. This yeah, this uh, now now they don't know exactly like. Their names as much because Clark ends know, up saying Clark calls his. him Bruce. Yeah, I think he says it at the end to kind of throw it out that he has figured that out at the end. But also, I think he does it at the end after they have the the lasso of truth. I think he may have learned it from. I that. just think that at this point, it really comes off that they're both really chummy. Like in the Justice League, you know, New Fifty Two, like you know, first to like a arc. Like, Batman has looked in on this alien. You know, he sees him as a bit of a threat, but he knows he's going to need his help to get this done. Like, you know, whatever parademon invasion they're dealing with. And, you know, they, they don't know each other at all. They're not friends right away. Here, they no. seem chummy, and they've hung out together for a while, to me. 
Yeah, it's just weird, though, because he does say, you know, when it goes, but that's when he says Bruce. And I don't know if you're supposed to, because he gets mad. Like, he thinks it's ridiculous that Superman tells her the name. But they, they have the lasso of truth. And it's funny, because Batman kind of fights it there. He doesn't tell her oh, his yeah. real name. And really, you can go with the whole deal. He really, you know, Batman's who he really is. And, you know, what? You know that whole argument that Bruce Wayne is really the, the fake persona that he puts on. And you might right. be getting a little of that. But, yeah, as this goes, there's not much to it because wonder woman shows up she wants to know why they're you know why are you spying on me it's funny too because they're talking and batman is so serious and superman to me it's funny because he acts a lot like i think john does to damien in the super sons like he's the one like making jokes he's being very light because he does say she's very pretty isn't she (laughs) he's just standing there because batman says hey i thought you were lonely and he's like, I don't get lonely. Batman says that. And I think Clark would. I think Clark does get lonely because he's just sitting there and he keeps doing And you see he's getting bored. He's like Sonic when he stops because he's got his hands crossed. He's looking around. Then he just says <laughs> crazy shit. Seen her yet? No. Any theories? She's not from around here. Wow, you're good. <laughs> Superman. He's great, though. I really, really like it. It's like this is, to me, like such a classic young Superman. Uh, and we the timeline in this issue makes sense because him and Lois aren't together. This is yep. him just becoming Superman, obviously, because the Justice League is informed. But she does show up. She's talking. Obviously, they cannot understand her. This is very, uh, you know, it jives up with she the regular story. She has not assimilated story. the man's world yeah, yet. Yeah, it jives up because she had to do that before with everyone else including barbara and Edda, where they had to grab onto the lasso to be able to translate and understand but in the meantime when she does do that they she looks into her heart or their hearts and, and they, they look, look into, into, hers. into hers and that's what i'm saying like i said she's like hey i'm diana of themiscara donald of queen hippolyta and that's where clark's like uh clark kent kal-el Batman. He's like, seriously, <laughs> that's your name? And that's what I thought. I don't think the way he says that, he doesn't know at that point. And he's like, shut up. The right, It's not like, come on, Bruce, you can tell. I think that this is where we're supposed to believe that the lasso of truth actually sh- told uh, Clark what Bruce's real name and identity is. So it really pushes it. And again, if this was in the Trinity book where they were having a lot of problems getting the team together, especially before Reborn, I think this is a great way for them to know each other and yeah. to know because, yeah, he just says Batman. It's classic. And then she's just like, basically, you know what? You see my intentions. You see that I, you know, what you seek. I, I'm pure at heart, whatever, and keeps going that. And then she's just like, eh, we'll speak further. Then I'll go. You go now, too. And and just leaves. And then Superman says, I think we got interviewed. And Batman's like, yeah, we just got something. And then he says, I hate magic. And I thought Superman was going to be like, yeah, I do too, because that's one of his, uh, you know, things. That that's one of his classic to. go-to lines. Yeah, and I thought that that was pretty good. But yeah, Batman says it makes me laugh. And then again, there's Superman being the good guy. Hey, you want to left there? I have my own ride. Thanks. And then he, Clark. And I think he was like that. And then that's when he says Bruce. So it's a little off. But yeah, the whole thing ends up being. I don't know. For some reason, when when he said that, like, you know, my name's Clark Kent Kal-El. And then he's like, Batman. He's like, seriously, that's your name. I almost took it like the movie Weird Science or like a little bit altered, though, where it's Robert Downey Jr. Like, uh, and I can't remember the other actor's name, but it's like, you know, I'm Ian and this is Max. 
we call him Mad Max, you know, kind of thing. Like, oh. Yeah, it's just, I'm telling you, it really? just seemed weird name? because like, he's like, that's you your real name. Or like that I, I really to took it that, that, that yeah. I, I, I'm screaming Eric Shea. Screaming yes. Eric Shea, that's your name. Screaming Eric Shea. I don't but know. Yeah, like whichever it would be, but it, the whole thing of the thing is they looked into each other's hearts. They saw what's going on. And basically at the end, Batman's like, you know, I saw into her heart, you did too. We got a lot of catching up to do, and that's yeah. the last line because basically they saw that she was pure of heart. She means like there's nothing wrong She's with her. She's a pure hero. Yeah, and again, here you go. You have Batman who's avenging his dead parents. You have Superman that, again, he's the next step. He's very yeah. close to me to being like a Wonder Woman. He is an alien who has basically taken it upon himself to protect a planet that at points does not want him. And I think he's the next step. I think when Batman says, we got a lot of catch up, I think it means himself because he is like, what do you mean we? And there's Wonder Woman who basically gave up everything to come to man's world, quote unquote, to pretty much bring Steve Trevor back with her and to help everybody. And yeah, she, she is pure of heart. She's the, you know, she's a pure hero. And I, I do think that that's very well. And this is where I said earlier where some of the other stories I didn't like as well because basically Greg Rucka has given you a celebration of Wonder Woman being perfect. And, yeah. and I'm telling you, and it plays out just like that. It plays out great. And it's really like if you want to call this this annual a celebration of Wonder Woman, really this story and one coming up a little later that there's two stories story, in yeah. it that – yeah, the third story with Kikori. Is that how you say the name? Kikori, yeah, yeah. Kikori. That, those two to me – really show you how great Wonder Woman is. The others have, like, I just don't like, they have a tinge of, you know, meanness to them as the world towards Wonder Woman. I, I don't know that uh, something like this annual needed that, but... Uh, and even again, that last story with the meanness and stuff, I'm like, it was just plain silly as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was silly. Again, that actually, it was okay, but even just at the beginning, you always have to have something like, you don't always have to have somebody being pieces of shit to make Wonder Woman look good. You can do this where nobody's a piece of shit in this. Maybe maybe that first story Batman is a little, but he's right. not really. You know what I mean? You don't have to have somebody pure evil to show that Wonder Woman isn't. You, you can have her. She's great on her own, just like in that story. The next story, though, is the one that it really, to me, there's this. They're in uh, Markovia. Markovia. There's going to be the execution of King Shark. They have all this evidence. I, I'm telling you, we're not going to go fully through and I'm telling everyone. You, I, like right right we away, though, there. I'm happy to tell that we got the freaking New 52 King Shark, the Hammerhead yeah, King Shark, the, the Trixie, hammerhead King and it's Shark. my favorite. And you said even before we started talking that the even the – Continuity and the background and the yeah, origin the stuff and stuff like that. It's right squad, on. New Fifty, like the son of Camu, the freaking you know the shark yes. god type of shit in Hawaii. Like they 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 throw all this shit at the front. You know what? Cool, he did your goddamn well, research. Yes, and, and yeah, that's and this is Vida Allen. I did want to say. I just wanted to mention there was a reviewer out there that was throwing shade that none of the writers on this annual were women. And now I'll I'll tell you. You might have wanted a couple more, but there was Vida Ayala, who does this story, is a woman, and I'll give her full credit that she did, like you said. She did her research. They, yeah. She had some characters, whether or not, because she was one of the DC Workshop people, and whether or not they said, okay, you have one woman, you have King Shark, do something. She looked into it. You know, whatever the case may be, she looked into the background of her character, and I, I appreciate that, but the whole thing is basically a guy's ruling the country, his cousin is 
is the general. It seems like there's possibly another general who wanted to do things like a peaceful yeah, way. Yeah, General Lauren was executed who they believe – I mean yes. he was murdered by who they believe to be King Shark. And yes. this whole thing of General Jansen who wants to take his place and has taken his place, he's all about showing the people Markovia. We're going to execute this fucking monster for the yeah, murder yeah. of General Lauren. And basically Lauren, you know? the, the main reason is the execution seems to be to get rid of the evidence because King yeah. Shark didn't do it. So and apparently he's blaming- Markovia, they're all about the public execution. Oh, yeah, and the, he's blaming King Shark to get him out of the way, and now everything's you know hunky-dory, and everybody thinks he's a hero. At one point, they even hit fucking King Shark with a brick. He's there being put through. He's in chains, and they hit him over the head with a brick. There's a lady there who does not believe this is the case, and really, to, to the point, really just wants king shark to get a fair trial like this yeah. doesn't seem to be there captain any becker sort of is trial. the only one standing out and talking yes. you, know, you know the evidence like uh, king shark was one in one area and like while the other general was being murdered you know i wasn't there to see it personally but i that's where i left him he could not have gotten well yeah she said i knew where he was i know he couldn't have done it but unfortunately the surveillance equipment malfunctioned yeah and but there's no conceivable way this would happen Basically, the guy then goes. She's not a goddamn the, savage. She's yeah, like, and the you know, general. Fucking trial. And the general then goes off then and basically says, "Okay, now we're still gonna kill King Shark. Now you're gonna be executed later. Take her away. You know, seize her. It's like Darth Vader." And yeah. they do grab her. You're a you traitor. See, you see the lasso lasso come out, and then Wonder Woman shows up, and that's where you get pretty much you're going to get a fight because now this guy who claims all this stuff like I'm in the right, King Shark said, now he's basically you know now he's a cut and dry you know black and white he's the evil guy. Oh yeah, General Jensen immediately attacks. is become like Hitler at this point, where yeah. he's sitting at a podium just pointing and yelling the entire yeah. time. And the minute you attack Wonder Woman, you know you know you're guilty. Now in the meantime. They, they really have a weird thing here where they're shooting these guns that I don't know what these guns are, but yet Wonder Woman keeps yelling that they're wasting their bullets, and I'm wondering where these bullets are because it seems like they're well, shooting lasers the and a sonic shoot- rifle. At first, they're shooting these regular yeah. guns. Yeah. But, like, they have these goddamn, these things that they play, I guess they plan on using to execute yeah, King Shark. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's like weird. There's a corkscrew gun and liquid bat, like, stuff. Yeah. Things. I don't even know what the hell it is. Yeah, I don't what know. Kind of- future markovian weapon <laughs> it's crazy i don't know what they are so it threw me off a little where you have this I, weird thing, the and thing it, is we had this when i saw these guns these craziest come on i hope we get some more explanation about this because this is yeah. interesting I mean, yeah, it does, it does look crazy rifles I, I don't know what they are but yeah we never find out because yeah. wonder woman's just going around uh they don't really point it out but it kind of seems like at points where she might be lassoing some of the soldiers and they see the truth who yeah. knows because the one guy he looks very forlorn he looks like a wrong turn there when he i lifted the banner it looks very sad in the meantime the one woman's like yelling to the people to the crowd hey Captain those who are with markovia let's get going uh uh, let's you know support Wonder Woman, the the woman there, and they just go back and forth, and it really is just cut and dry with the deal. And we find out then that basically Wonder Woman lassoes King Shark. He says, "I didn't do it. That's good enough for her." They it, try to just, throw shade. It's all just at very it. strange to me. It almost comes off like that JLA issue, like you know the first uh, series of the JLA with the extremists. You know where we had that goddamn uh, that freedom fighter lady who just yeah. took charge. Like you know, let's rise up against our freaking oppressors. I'm like this Captain Becker 
Rivers, she's telling the people of Markovia, who were all about an execution five yeah, they seconds were. ago. They're very Everybody fickle in Markovia. Wonder Woman. Like, we Listen, don't know this Wonder Woman. Markovia, they want to do the right thing. They also enjoy a good execution. They don't have cable in Markovia. <laughs> they need their entertainment. Are you not entertained? They yell. <laughs> they want to be. Uh, Football but yeah. season's still a while away in Markovia. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's really, it's in, the, it's in between seasons. They have nothing <laughs> to do. They just want to have some fun. In the meantime, Wonder Woman says, listen, you know, the bad guys are taken away, uh, and she's going to take care of King Shark. Basically, at one point, King Shark even attacks her. Uh, yeah. she, he just wants to get free. He really is innocent of that crime. And she even yeah. says, listen, we're going to take him away. He's innocent of anything to do with Markovia. You guys just wait. Soccer season will be in three weeks. Just hold out. You'll be okay. Just, you know, look at some tabloids and stuff like that. <laughs> Have some fun. Listen to, you know, some crazy podcasts with some assholes who talk for 10 hours about right. comic books. Do something. But uh, I'm going to take King Shark away, but he is not actually, you know, I'm not letting him go. He is going to answer for some other things that he did. And, and I'm telling you, I don't Possibly know if this Possibly with the Teen leads. Titans, Eric. I don't know. You, you I don't never know. know if this leads, if this is in the past. What In my mind, this kind of seems like it almost leads to the Suicide Squad, where well, he's all it, about it redeeming may, himself. But here's the problem, is, and uh, not the problem, but here's my theory, Eric. And, you know, I'm not one to throw theories out. Oh, absolutely I, and I never do that. But he, she goes, she says, hey, I have somebody that you're going to have to answer answer to but you know you'll be tr treated fairly we're not going to do anything crazy and it's Aquaman he's waiting out there he's standing there sexy in the ways and he goes <laughs> off uh you would mention him what actually spurs me to say this if you remember uh before we started talking you said that this may have been a story that Vida Ayala maybe had worked on in that workshop because yeah. she was in the workshop the thing about it is if you remember the workshops always seem to end with a, a cliffhanger and sure not to fully finish the story, maybe that's what this was. Maybe it was one of those workshop things because they all had to end with a open-ended ending, which this does. And yeah. the way she does it, I'll tell you, I, I say that I didn't like the story as much. I like the beginning and the end. I, and everything with Wonder Woman and King Shark, I really do like. I like the way that she treats him fairly. I like how King Shark knows, hey, I, I'm trying not to be a bad guy, and this time I'm, I'm innocent, but I know I might be guilty. And actually, at the end, says thank you to Wonder Woman yeah. because at least she, you know – Gave him the benefit of the doubt, and I like that. She but treated yeah. him like something more than an yeah, animal. She treated him, and she even says that at points in this, there's parts where she says, you know what, I know you're an animal. I, I hate to say I'm treating you humanely because you're not human, but, you know, everybody deserves respect, and that's what she gives him, and I really do like that. Uh, I do like the idea, though. I love the way thank this you, ending Wonder is. Woman. Yeah, she I'm says gonna, thank I'm going to go off to, to San Francisco, release yeah. some, like, uh, some prisoners and turn exactly. them into sharp well, uh, people. That's what I'm getting at. I actually <laughs> like the way it's open-ended where he goes – Aquaman has shit to do with Atlantis. He goes back to oh, Atlantis with Aquaman. Aquaman, there's shit going down in Atlantis. King Shark just leaves and goes, you know what? He's wrong turn. He's like, you know what? I said that I'd be better. Eh, it's, it's me being me. King Shark needs to be King Shark. He goes off and does crazy shit again. I don't mind that. It actually, the ending makes me laugh that it could have been that. Uh, so I'm telling you, of that... That isn't my least favorite story. It, no, it it's might my be... second to least favorite story. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. My but third again, favorite. The next one is my second favorite, and there really isn't like, much. I did not like the art in the story. No, the art is is a little off. I'll agree with you there, but I like the story, and really this is a very classic uh, kung fu movie story. I'm oh, yeah. sure that people would even say it's more of a like an Asian literature type deal. 
I don't know that, Eric. I know kung fu I don't movies. Read, exactly. I don't read Asian literature. I do watch it's a, a shit perfect, kind of kung fu in my life, though. It's a perfect kung fu movie deal because a guy is uh, protecting a village where you he's basically... You give Kikori those long-ass fucking eyebrows, and I'm in. Yeah. Oh, and then all of a sudden, at one point, Wonder Woman goes standing to hit... Standing on her head? Yeah, standing on his head. Yeah, that's the perfect deal. Is She goes to swing, he's gone, and she looks up, and he's on one foot on her head. <laughs> It's like Kill Bill. Exactly. Even that, it's like that was even playing off of so many other, you know, uh, Wu, whatever, Wu Tang movies movies and stuff like that. But yeah, you have this where Wonder Woman's fighting. You don't know exactly. Like, it's set up by Steve Trevor, it seems, but it's like, it's a very loose setup where she's gone to see this guy who Steve Trevor said was the greatest fighter he ever saw. In the meantime, he said the same thing to uh, Corey. They're going, and it ends up as they're fighting, almost like at this point, it is a class. Like one of those classics where the movie has two guys going at it, a woman and a guy, whatever it be, they're fighting, and then at the end they respect each other. Like yeah, it's they, a they had a session. good time. It's just sparring. And then that's when Kokori says, you know, I had a lot to you know, I have taken in this curse. This village yeah, was cursed. My, like I, I am took the protector of this village, and the yeah. village became cursed. And as the protector, I took that curse upon myself, but I can't contain it anymore. Yeah. And I need you I, I need you, you here to kill me. To kill me. And what the the best thing about the story is, and I think does it the best in this annual, uh, and maybe I'm telling you, this is close to being my favorite story because this isn't a story that relies on the lasso, which seems to be like the go-to thing with everybody else. Like yeah. it really every story is based on that. This is something where uh, Wonder Woman has to kill a guy because he to be good. And that is against her. Like she really – you know what I'm saying is she has to do something that she would normally not do. But in the end, it's the best thing for everybody, including Kokori. That's what he wants. He wants to rest or whatever. That's all he especially I'm telling you. When he turns into a monster and Wonder Woman is trying to come up with another way to solve this problem other than killing him because now he's just full-on beast mode. She cannot reach Kokori on the inside. And it, he's attacking Wonder Woman something fierce. And once he get, knocks her down, he starts heading for the village. Yeah. And all Wonder Woman could do at this point is do as Kikori asked because yep. he, she knows that he would want nothing like, you know, the idea of him destroying his own village is the worst thing that could possibly yes. fucking happen. So yep. She has to fucking put him yeah, down. She has to stop it. And in fact, it goes back to the Kung Fu movie and stuff like that with honor and, yes. you know, dying with that and being at peace and things like that. But like I said, I think that the best thing of this is you see the lasso. It's there. Yeah. She, it, there's not one time that she's like, I have to see if you're telling the truth or whatever. No, she. I will show you the she, truth of the situation. Yeah, yeah, no, she is actually just using her heart. And things the truth like is, that. This and is going a fucked up it. situation that I yeah. can't do anything else. And, and the truth is, is that yeah, she ends up being forced into it by Kakori. Kind of, it seems like he may even be, you know, going towards that anyway to try because it doesn't look like she'll do it at first. Maybe this is like part of it that he knows he trusts her enough that if he does go crazy and do this, that she'll put him down and all this sort of deal. And she does, and then it ends up with her. It continues too because it could have just ended at the point when he's dying. And says now I'll know peace. It yeah. could have just ended right there. I like the continuation. So do where I. She goes to the village and says, "Listen, because she wants them to know what Kakori did, and also how uh, you know he was a person who defended you. He cared for you deeply. You know, he took he, on and, more than just yes. the curse to save the village. He took on your hopes, your dreams, you your know, your promise of a peaceful future. Like, yes, you know, this I is love really that. good writing for this and, thing. But yeah, and it's great. My biggest problem is that, like these little stories like this. I don't get enough, and like you no. know." 
I have no idea where any of this ties into our current story. Because no, I don't know I, if this again, is truth you say that it doesn't. Know, it, it doesn't me. tie into anything. It, this is just later. I'm telling you, this could be ten years from now. This is made to just be a, you know, sup, you know, out of wherever, wherever it could have happened. It's just her doing this, and you don't have to worry about it because basically, this is, again, this, this is a celebration of Wonder Woman to me. Yeah, there you go. That's all it is. Because I'm but telling even you, with that, it's just that we have this Wonder Woman thing. You know, we we have no connection to Kikori. I like the story. I think yeah. it's very well told, and I like you know this whole thing. He is the protector, and you know the stuff he will go, the lengths he will go to to protect his village. But in the end. Even with this being my second favorite story, you don't get a lot out of this. No, you don't. But again, there's four stories. So it yeah. has to be. But like I said, of a contained story that's supposed to show you how great Wonder Woman is and, and something. And also, y- you have this Asian backdrop that actually intrigues me because you don't really see that much with Wonder no. Woman either. So I really think that that's pretty cool. Like you said, I want to know. The only thing that really bothers me is like, how does Steve Trevor know this and set this up, and why did he know and stuff like that? It's it's kind oh, you of didn't know Steve Trevor was Kane. Yeah, really. It actually reminds me a lot of Wolverine when yeah. when he was in Asia and stuff like that. But I really liked it. And again, the reason why I really like it is kind of the reason why you give it a little bit of a flack is because I don't care when it happened. I like that I don't know, and it's just a story out of – that's like to me this is the perfect annual story if you're going to have an anthology. I don't need you know this person who's never going to write Wonder Woman again to give me some continuity that's going to fuck things up or change things or whatever it's just a story that shows how great wonder woman is and that it doesn't use the lasso it doesn't use anything but her like i said her heart and maybe her brain and stuff like that and it's at the just end, the thing she, you know because of how short these stories are like i i as soon as i feel like i'm getting into them they're already over and it's feel like sh- kind of short change and i'm that's like just, no that's the problem why... with these. I, I love anthology stories but like when we're dealing with this character we want to know more about especially yeah, since yeah. we most of everything we've read so far in the past six years is all wrong now. Yeah, I yeah. want to know more. And well, like, again, you know, the, the other thing is I looked up because I'm like, oh, here goes another one. Kikori must be eh, – it just no, looks like some name I, thrown I out up, there. Though, yeah. yeah, I looked it up. It's just like I'd rather have that than it's like, I was like Ooh, hey, I'm you, find out on my own. Nope. Firestorm. And then Firestorm <laughs> dies. You're like, you son of a bitch. But yeah, yeah, I liked it. I, I thought that this was a nice little say, story that fits I don't, well I, don't, in I think I might have like talked to everyone you were trying to get to the ending here. But Wonder Woman t- vows to the village that if they yeah. should ever need a protector again, she will offer her sword yes, and become that that's protector. The best. Like, that's the best. She said. That's great. And she says, and she kind of does the same thing in the last story to the individual kaiju that we, when we get to that. But I really like, and she says that the best that I, I think at the very end, it says, I'll be, it'll be my honor to serve in Kikori's name. So yeah. basically she's like, they really remember, like, no, she's not going to be like, oh, fuck Kikori. I'm your, your protector now. It's no, I'm going to be with you. And it's all for Kikori because he was a good guy. He actually ended up at fucking, you know, his whole life was sacrificed just to protect you guys. And so you. You aren't cursed, and you could have your hopes and dreams. Uh, he took that in, and I think Wonder Woman recognizes that and thought that was great. Now, the last story is a its a crazy story. I, I have it's a feeling bullshit. that – and it's Colin Kelly and, and Jackson Lansing who yeah. we, we had at the end of the Grayson and run fucking Batman Tom and Robin King and Eternal. Tim Seeley and Batman and Robin Eternal. And I'll tell you. I like these guys. I do, and I like the idea they're trying to have fun with this. It's just goofy. It really doesn't mean anything. It does show that Wonder Woman uh, – the one thing I can say is the rest of the stories – now, King Shark kind of goes with it as well. But it shows that Wonder Woman just doesn't protect people or whatever. It's like any living being. But this is a kaiju monster that comes out. It is straight out. from Pacific Rim. 
It is. It's exactly Pacific Rim. This kaiju monster is getting destroyed by the Navy, whatever. Argus, I believe, Argus, yeah. is, is after it. You know, at the least, they're going to capture it and do some tests on it. Crazy shit. Wonder Woman shows up, basically says, no, no, we got to figure out what's going on. Starts fighting this thing. And then when she goes to lasso it again, the lasso, uh, yeah. she realizes that it is it's smart. not a mindless beast. She yeah, can understand it's not mindless. It. And they can talk to each other just like we had. And it, it's kind of a neat bookend to the the beginning and the end because of the way that she can translate uh you know languages with the lasso so you had that in that first bit with uh batman and superman now you have it with a kaiju monster. i'm saying i'm looking at it it's so pacific rim yeah so pacific rim but it's basically he's like you know what i had problems and it shows he uh, you know this monster was born its mom had died it got born and then had nobody it's just started walking around exactly. looking for it, somebody it grew up on the side until it needed to be around something and it just walked into the ocean until it got to the yeah. pacific coast it's little of the eric States. shea it's it eric not. shea he is now moved to a new place he's just walking around unfortunately he got Start involved smoking. with the wrong crowd <laughs> you did you got a bunch of places it's like that was a common theme to you i don't know what it was but whatever crowd you got involved with you should have ran bad kids would accept yeah. me yeah, well, there you go. Nobody would accept this kaiju monster. It's a fucking hideous thing, but it's walking Wonder Woman realizes like basically. Eric Shea. But yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I can just imagine these fucking broken glasses on this monster. The thing's like, kid. all I want is my dad to take me for the weekend and watch watch fucking horror movies. No, <laughs> but basically, Wonder Woman's like, oh, I have a place for you. It takes it, Dinosaur Island. It takes it, Dinosaur Island. Says, listen, I'll leave you here. You're gonna have some friends. They're all. I'm, I wanted her to say they're all monstrosities like you. Nobody wants she, any. But she might as well have. I'm telling yeah. you, this whole thing. We have Dinosaur Island, which she should not have been able to get to in the first place for yeah. what we've seen with the, like the Superman continuity. She knows. Which the Again, truth, I'm throwing, Eric. I'm throwing the continuity out the there. It's a, it's a silly little story, but yeah. the whole thing, like, I'll come back and I'll, like, you know, I'll t- like I'll keep you company. I'll bring back checking yeah. on you, shit like that. And the whole thing is she is treating this monster like it's a person. I'm like, I'm okay with this in point. And at the end, it really kills me because, oh, and by the way, let me take this tree. Like, she she, <laughs> she kicks she it. karate kicks She karate kicks half, a tray. Grabs it and starts playing fetch with this fucking thing. Yeah, like, fetch. okay. Now it's a fucking doggy. You yeah, don't it's give a funny. Shit it's fetch too, and it's like you got a brontosaurus, you got a T Rex. Like everybody wants to play catch. I think and the, the basic thing, and also she that does say she does say dogs. one other thing is like, listen, if I ever find anyone like you, I'll bring it to you. You can have that, and also I'll I'll check in on you. Number one, she's never checking in. The me, she's no. she's leaving. Also, I wanted to see it reminded me this this fully remind yeah, it's, it's your dad. It fully reminded me of like those videos where you'll see somebody save a seal and then like mm-hmm. go seal you can live and then a shark comes and eats Fucking him orca comes yeah, and eats they're leaving she leaves this this thing is being eaten within three minutes because it doesn't know the I, rules i think it's that, killing everything on did, dinosaur I'm island d- i think dinosaur island's prison eric and they know prison rules dinosaur the fucking kaiju guy pacific rim he don't know the rules so they're gonna That's say the like mind of a child yeah they're gonna be like hey pacific rim what's going on oh you boom dead you can't let your guard down on dinosaur island or in prison and i think kaiju pacific rim is gonna let his guard down because wonder woman is treating him too much like a a person and now he thinks he means something that t-rex is eating him the second they leave it's done he's done so she'll come back uh you know she'll be like oh you know what it's three years i haven't checked in on they'll come his bones are gonna be there he's dead he's gone but it's a nice little it's story. a bullshit it's story this it's is just... my least favorite story in the whole fucking bunch i'll tell you i think that of all those at least you can give uh 
Jackson, uh, Lansing, and Colin Kelly the credit that they tried to have more fun than any of the others. The others seem to be like kind of trying to tell serious deals. This is pure out trying to have fun. It just it comes off I as goofy. Yeah. Uh, I think that even to the point where I would have, if it was me, I would have put this as that third uh, story or the second and put the Kokori one at the end and maybe well, and, you know, had that. Yeah, nice, it yeah. would have maybe, I mean, it doesn't change the story, but it would have, I think the pacing of the different stories would have been Morris, better. Michael Morris and freaking, you know, Stephanie Hans, you know, the art and writing team on yeah. that, I'm like, that was really well done for that yeah, Kokori story. Yeah, I actually, if, if we found out that they were going to do some other book, even if it wasn't Wonder Woman, if they I'm were going to do something, I'd be into it. I'd I really don't know, like that to see that. style is not something I'm usually into, the whole painted thing. I'm not but either. Like, it's, for this, I always for tell this little you. short we have, I mean, yeah. I really dug it. Yeah, you are. It's the thing that I always say, like, oh, I'm not into that, like, watercolor type yeah. style like that. I really like it. Plus, it fits the whole Asian motif and the kung fu thing. It really does well. But, but that's it. That's the whole thing. Uh, I, again, I think I'm a little more positive to, uh, this than you were just because at least we got something the week of the movie, but at least in general, it's a celebration of what makes Wonder Woman. I know that usually you like something to mean more. You want to have it like, where does this fit in and things like that. We were just given that whole, you know, the conclusion to the truth where she freaking, you know, is on her knees and shows love to freaking Phobos and Deimos and defeats him that way. But besides for that and the whole Ares thing at the beginning of the freaking uh, the year one story, I don't really know this Wonder Woman yet for what yeah. we have because well, that's I told changed. you. This is my problem of this coming out because really, if you really want to get into it, we have one more issue of Greg Rucka of the, the God year Watch. one God Watch. Then we have issue number twenty five, which is the epilogue, which is also an oversized issue. That's those quote unquote anniversary, anniversary issue. issues that are oversized. So this is a weird time for a Wonder Woman annual this week. Two issues before basically the guy's done with his run. So, yeah, we're learning very important things at this moment. And then you kind of – because the annual, it's not interrupting anything. This is not like one of those where you have a story going, it's interrupting, but it is still. You know yeah. what I mean? All of a sudden, it's annual week. It's, um, I just said, if this actually would have been next month and Greg Rucka was done with this thing and we got another Greg Rucka story, people would have been like, oh, it's so awesome. We get one last Greg Rucka story. We're going to find out. We know what happened. Uh, we can go from there, and this is just for fun. But they really, like I said, you said, you know, the beautiful mistake or, you know, whatever. Happy accident. Happy accident. I keep forgetting what you said. But the movie's coming out, and they wanted to get this out. So it does kind of get shoved in right before. For the end of his run, I think it's bad timing there. But again, I'll give him credit for the good timing of the movie and having this. Though I don't think anybody watching that movie, which obviously we haven't seen yet, would go into this and be like, "Oh, this is great," because this isn't like a jumping-on point either. No. Uh, it's just some stories for people who like Wonder Woman and whatnot. But I think it would have been better as the free comic book day issue, Eric. But what did you give it? I'm telling you, I had a lot of problems with this, this uh, annual, but I'm telling you, I liked the Greg Rucka story enough, even though it fucked up continuity, just because it was a, like, you know, continuity side, it was a decent story that I really, you know, yeah. I liked the characters in it, and I thought they were written very well. And the Kikori story I really liked, because I thought, it, you know, it was written well, and the, I liked the art, I liked the art in the freaking Greg Rucka with uh, Nicholas Scott as well, but the other two stories, I didn't like the art, and I didn't like the fucking stories at all, so because of this thing, I had to give it a 5.7 out of 10. Yeah, I, I'm definitely, and I, again, I can see what you're going at. Uh, I like it a little more, 
And I like some of the art. There's, you know, I love Nicholas Scott, but even like the Kokori story, I really liked. And I, I'm telling you, even the last Kaiju, they're having some fun, whatever. I am going to go a seven out of ten. Look at you being all positive. Once in every lifetime, Welcome back to the Young Animals segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And this week we have no Young Animal books. Mm-hmm. But it is, there are also not very many DC Comics books. This is a uh, fifth week. What, that's what we call it in, uh, in the industry, right, Chris? Is that the uh, yes. parlance? <laughs> so we, uh, we decided this might be a time to talk about the fifth week in comics, why it presents a problem, how comics publishers have dealt with it in the past, and uh, maybe it'll be entertaining, maybe it'll be informative, we'll see, but uh, just wanted to talk about it a little bit. So, uh, specifically to DC Comics, when we consider their bi-weekly schedule, uh, these would be months that have five Wednesdays, that would be a fifth week, you know, some usually it's four to, to a month, but sometimes it kind of slips out, uh, we'll talk about the math of it in a minute. Uh, the fifth week has been a problem for comics for a long time, even on a monthly schedule. You know, forget the bi-weekly. It's tough enough to uh, handle that on your monthlies. Uh, comics are, you know, often considered monthly periodicals. They're actually published in four-week cycles. So, you know, if you come out in the second week in April, you want to come out on the second week in May, you want to come out on the second week in June, so on and so forth. And if we multiply those four weeks by 12 months, we'd come up with a publishing shipping schedule which only includes 48 weeks. But since our year has 52 weeks, there are four times out of every year we have to deal with a sparsely populated fifth week. That's where that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you get paychecks out there, then you also know about the fifth week sometimes can uh, be a boon or it can mess you up. Uh, <laughs> uh, sufficient orders when you're making consistent orders at the uh, retail level, they're dependent on every week containing at least one big name comic or at least a comic you know to expect. Batman, Spider Man, X Men, etc. You know, you you don't want to have a week where there's none of those big comics in there because then you're just sort of grasping at straws. Like, what do I get? Sure, sure, and uh, you know those ramifications continue because you have uh, for the for the customers that are in the know, you've got less foot traffic. You know, you have the person who comes in and spends you know thirty, forty, fifty, hundred bucks a week, mm-hmm. and they're just not showing up that week. Yeah, and uh, and then also you have the customers who who don't know about the fifth week, and they are annoyed that they took the trip, they slept down, and. Uh, there's nothing to pick up. Mm-hmm. So uh, you have angry customers or you have uh, customers that didn't show up. Um, and also, you know, so many of us are creatures of habit. I mean, so many of my pull titles are habitual titles, sure. just stuff that I pick up because I've always picked it up. And uh, folks who make that weekly trip on a Wednesday after work or a Thursday morning or whenever they go to the comic store, if they miss one week, it'll probably become easier not to go back the following week, yeah, no I matter mean, how invested they I'm are. I'm sure you've heard uh, you know, a ton of stories about people that, that collected comics, collected comics, collected comics, 
Then they had to go to their aunt's funeral one week, and then suddenly they were out of it. Like literally, it, yep. it, it's one. They're one week away from just never going back to comics again. It really does happen like that. So exactly, it can be dicey. Yeah, that fifth week. Yeah, four times a year, you're risking (laughs) a nice chunk of your readership. Uh, Now, today, uh, the fifth week for DC, and to a lesser extent, Marvel, consists of a a smattering of one-off annual specials, uh, some forgettable inventory stories dragged out of the vaults. Uh, But was not always this way. If we go back to the halcyon days of the 1990s, (laughs) (laughs) DC Comics published four monthly Superman titles. We had Superman the Man of Steel. Adjectiveless Superman, Adventures of Superman, and Action Comics. The interlocking stories created a weekly narrative that continued throughout the year. But, you know, we, we as we said earlier, this publishing schedule only accounted for 48 out of those 52 weeks. So uh, for those weeks, we had nothing until DC introduced a fifth ongoing Superman title called Superman the Man of Tomorrow. Uh, this would run from 1995 through 1999, originally by Roger Stern and Tom Grummet. Uh, with uh, they they came on with uh, a bit of Ballyhoo too, yeah, and uh, yeah, and then you know then I think uh, Louise Simonson did some of it, and then I think it just became a rotating title. Uh, now this uh, this back in the uh, 90s, the Superman titles had something called the triangle numbering, where there was a triangle with a number in it, <laughs> and it uh, it told you the order to read your comics. Uh, yes, yeah, so there was the issue number, and then there was a yep. separate number that was like the number of because it was, it was truly an ongoing story that ran for years, yes. and, it, and it all counted. So it was pretty pretty incredible. Yeah, so you'd have like a triangle with the year in it, so it was like 1991, and then mm-hmm. under it would be whatever whatever number of that year it was going to be. And uh, you know, use of that triangle system made these issues must haves. I mean, these weren't just extra stories; these were part of the story. Right. So, uh, and these would actually make the ongoing adventures of Superman a true, never-ending battle. That's true. Yeah, it was. It was. I don't know why people talk about that. Possibly asking to go back to something like that, and uh, they never get any, you know, response from DC or Marvel, but. Uh... <laughs> Because they did uh, with uh, right before Rebirth, they had the the last days of Superman, and they used the triangle numbering. Oh and wow! I, I must have squeed like a girl. Yeah, you were like, <laughs> and then the new Fifty Two happened. Anyway, uh, across the street at Marvel, Spider Man and the X Men also had four big ongoings apiece. Spidey had Amazing Spider Man, Spectacular Spider Man, Web of, which was later Sensational Spider Man. And then plain old adjectiveless Spider-Man, later known as Peter Parker Spider-Man. Mutants had Uncanny X-Men, Adjectiveless X-Men, X-Factor, and X-Force. Uh, there was also second-tier and solo mutant books, but these were, you know, there, there was New Mutants, there was other stuff. But yeah, these were the big the big four, the, 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 the grown-up X-Men books, we'll call <laughs> them. Uh, most often get wrapped up in the crossovers and whatnot, and there were plenty of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also notable, maybe to our younger readers and listeners, maybe not, there were only two Avengers books at that time, and for the majority of the second half of the 90s, just one Avengers book, whereas yeah, now Avengers comprises three-quarters of Marvel's uh, output, so that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're lucky to get a week where there's just one. I know, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> now, to fill the fourth weeks for Spidey and the Mutants, Marvel introduced their quarterly Unlimited line. Uh, it would ultimately grow to include the Fantastic Four, the Midnight Suns, and 2099 or 2099. Mm-hmm. But the core books were Spider-Man Unlimited and X-Men Unlimited. They were oversized and priced higher than the regular titles, perhaps due to less, uh, you know, competition for the consumer dollar on those fifth weeks, mm-hmm. or 
or maybe just to fleece the fans. Um, <laughs> they launched with a That's bit true. of pomp and circumstance. Uh, X-Men Unlimited number one had to do with the return of Magneto, who doesn't even make, a, make an appearance, uh, though his presence is felt. Uh, this issue also featured the first X-Men art of one of my favorites, Chris Bocciolo. Wow. And, uh, yeah, this was his first uh, X-Men art. Um, and also we had Spider-Man Unlimited number one, which featured the first chapter of the Spidey spanning event, Maximum Garbage. Oh. Car- carnage. Carnage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. They gave you a little warning on the fifth week. Yes. Um, and, there were, you know, there were some nice uh, kind of... E- events, or I don't know what you want to call them, uh, little extras that DC and Marvel did. So, in the 1996 DC versus Marvel crossover, both companies co-published a series of titles under the Amalgam imprint during fifth weeks. These were mashups of Marvel and DC Comics characters. And actually, I, I didn't list them this way here, but they were, you know, one batch kind of handled by DC, one batch sort of handled by Marvel with some, yeah. uh, you know, fluidity between them as there is Anyway, in the industry. But anyway, uh, those titles were Amazons by John Byrne, Assassins by Dan Chichester and Scott McDaniel, Doctor Strange Fate by Ron's Mars, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, and Kevin Nolan. I wonder who those were a mixture of. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we had a JLX by Gerard Jones, Mark Wade, and Howard Porter. We had a, a version of uh, the, the animated, uh, I think this is the animated one, wasn't it? Or, or maybe that was Adventures of. But we had Legends of the Dark Claw, which was Batman and Wolverine together. Uh-huh. And that was by Larry Hammer and Jim Ballant. Super Soldier was Superman and Captain America by Mark Wade and Dave Gibbons. Bruce Wayne, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., self-explanatory by uh, Chuck Dixon and Carrie Nord. Yeah, I've heard something about that Bruce Wayne, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was a little, little silly. Yeah. Uh, bullets and Bracelets by John Ostrander and Gary Frank. There was Magneto and the Magnetic Men by Gerard Jones, Jeff Matsuda, and Art Fiber, Thurbert? Fiber. Fiber, very good. Speed, <laughs> Speed Demon by Howard Mackey, James Felder, Salvador La Roca, and Al Milgram. As in Spider Boy by Carl Kiesel and Mike Waringo, and X Patrol by Barbara, Barbara Kiesel, uh, Brian Hitch, and Paul Neary. And they liked that so much, they went back to, to the Amalgam brand for the fifth week the following year. And we start with Bat Thing by Larry Hama, Rodolfo <laughs> DiMaggio, and Bill Sienkiewicz. Uh, this is the one I was thinking of, Dark, Dark Claw Adventures. Adventures. yeah, okay. Yes, because it was drawn in the animated style right. with the uh, Amalgam of... And Templeton uh, was already doing the... The Regular Batman comic, yeah. animated series, yeah. Uh, so this is Ty Templeton and Rick Burchett. And then we had Generation Hex by Peter Milligan and Adam Polina. It's uh, JLX Unleashed by Christopher Priest, Oscar Jimenez, and Hannibal Rodriguez. Lobo the Duck by Alan Grant and Val Semeckis. Super Soldier Man of War by Dave Gibbons, Mark Wade, and Jimmy Palmiotti. Uh, Challenges of the Fantastic by Carl Kiesel and Tom Grummet. The Exciting X-Patrol by Barbara Kiesel, Brian Hitch, and Paul Neary. And Iron Lantern by Kurt Busiek and Paul Smith. And then the Magnetic Men featuring Magneto by Tom Pyre, Payer, Barry Kitson, and Dan Panosian. And Spider-Boy team-up by R.K. Sternsel. This was an amalgam of the names Roger Stern <laughs> and Carl Kiesel. Now they're really having fun here, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jose Ladron, Ladron, and Ladron. Juan Viasco, and Thorian of the New Ass Gods by Keith Giffen and John <laughs> Romita Jr. These all, you know, I gotta say, I've, I've never, I've never looked at these. I've seen them, you know, the covers. I've never looked inside. Some of them sound interesting, but I have a feeling I might be on a fool's errand. What do you say, Chris? 
You are correct, sir. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're fun for the novelty, mm-hmm. but uh, I remember uh, grabbing all of these because I was an idiot, and uh, I still am. But uh, <laughs> I, I tell you, I tell you what, the, they'll never be collected in trade paperback. Not anymore. So no, never if you, ever. Uh, if you want to read them, you're going to have to go get your fingers dirty, folks. Mm-hmm. Get in those inky, inky quarter bins. You're, you'll be good to go. Uh, now, for the fifth weeks in 1997 and 1998, DC Comics created an imprint called Tangent Comics, which uh, we saw revisited during Convergence. Convergence. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Tangent Gotham. Hey, it's other Tangent Gotham. Yeah. Uh, now, these were... <laughs> These were reimagined versions of DC Comics characters that kept their names intact. Uh, we'll start with 1997's Tangent. We have the Atom. This is the the grandson of the Tangent Earth's first superhero, the atomic an atomic veteran, uh, takes on the mantle and learns the horrible truth about his family. It was written and penciled by Dan Jurgens with finishes by Paul Ryan. And it's, it seems to me like Jurgens was kind of overseeing this whole thing. As am I wrong? He was kind of on point. Yeah, yeah. He, he was he was like the tangent guy, and he, he still talks about it. Uh, there was Doom Patrol. That was a, in this case a team from the future arriving to the present, warning of the impending destruction of the Earth. Team members included Doomsday, Star Sapphire, Firehawk, and Rampage, which resembled none of the actual heroes that you might be thinking of when I say those names. <laughs> Written by Jurgens, art by Sean Chen. Yeah, we have the Flash. This is the first baby born in space, grows up to become a teenage superhero with light-based powers. She can move at the speed of light and creates holographic constructs. It was written by Todd DeZago with art by Gary Frank. Green Lantern was a woman with a lantern which, when placed upon a grave, can bring the dead back to life just long enough to complete unfinished business. Written by James Robinson, art by J.H. Williams III. That might be the most fondest remembered one. Uh, I know she was she was either added to the Justice League or the Justice Society before uh, the New Fifty Two hit. I don't know. She's, um, in, I, she's a lot of these I have read, and yeah, most hmm. of them are you know not so great. But uh, I do remember that one being all right, and I kind of remember the the uh, Secret Six one being okay, but hmm, okay. just not really understanding this whole thing. Concept, be be yeah. honest with you, but that's okay. Now we got the uh, the Joker, a costumed anarchist in the city of New Atlantis that uses pranks to highlight the failings and hypocrisy of those in power. Written by Carl Kiesel with art by Matt Haley. The Metal Men were a covert military group so named because they came back from every mission unscathed. The members are nicknamed Hawkman, Lobo, Gravedigger, and Black Lightning, but they're just dudes. They're not any of these superheroes. Uh, <laughs> written by Ron Mars, art by Mike McCone. Uh, Nightwing, a group of agents from a mystical secret society that controls much of the world to go renegade. This is written by John Ostrander with art by Jan Dersema. Sea Devils was a society of murder people. They were created by the nuclear exchange that destroyed Cuba and Florida in 1962. I don't, did you remember that happened? I don't remember that. Uh, (laughs) Written by Kurt Busiak, art by Vince Girano. Uh, that Secret Six one you were talking about. They're the, a covert group of heroes who were formed when the Flash, Adam, Joker, Spectre, Plastic Man, and Manhunter joined forces to combat Dr. Aquatus, a living ocean. It was written by Chuck Dixon with art by Tom Grummet. Yeah, that one was sort of in feel to me like that JSA, uh, what is that, the Secret Files? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. That yeah. Elseworlds thing. It was sort of mm-hmm. like that. It was like the they, Liberty Files. The Liberty Files, yeah. yeah. And they, they were it was sort of like they were just a covert team of like garishly, weirdly dressed dudes, but it, it was okay. I wouldn't I really wouldn't recommend any of them, although they did they did collect <laughs> these at some point. Uh nineteen ninety eight, they came back, they said, Boy, that was fun, let's do it again. 
Let's do it again. And they came up with some uh, new characters. Power Girl, who's U.S. agents, uh, attempt to kidnap genetic China's genetically engineered superhuman, Power Girl, written by Ron Mars with art by Dusty Abel. And Nightwing Night Force, the rogue Nightwing agents, including Jade, Obsidian, Black Orchid, and Wildcat, Attempt to rescue the Doom Patrol, which we named all those people before. Uh, and again, they're just names. They do not resemble the people that we're naming <laughs> uh, from the Soviet Union, only to unleash the Ultra Humanite, who also is nothing like the Ultra Humanite, written by John Ostrander, art by Jan Dursema. We have the Superman, and this is the uh, like that bald black Superman. Yeah, right? this one was actually, I remember, kind of interesting. But... And he carried like a stick. Um, now, uh, an ordinary man finds himself evolving into something millions of years beyond human. It's written by Mark Miller with art by Jackson Geis. We have Tales of the Green Lantern. The Green Lantern tells three possible and contradictory stories of her origin. Uh, the framing sequence was written by James Robinson with art by J.H. Williams III and Mick Gray. The first two alternate origins were written by uh, Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning with art by Mike Mayhew and Wade Von Grobadger. I usually put a hyphen in that name so I can say it. One of the best uh, names in comics. We love it. Isn't it? <laughs> also, uh, Georges Ginty and Drew Garrisey. Uh, the third was written by John Ostrander with art by Ryan Sook. Uh, this this one's really weird. The Batman yes. is a knight who once fought King Arthur. He's forced to atone for his sins, seeking justice through an empty suit of armor for all eternity. I have no credits on that one. And Feels like the Phantom Stranger one. It's like totally, you know what I mean? Like why, what, what did you call him? The Knight, you know, or yes. the Fallen Knight? I, I can think of a million different better names for it, but. <laughs> Uh, the Joker's Wild. The, the story focuses on three mischievous but essentially good superheroines. They would be Madame Xanadu, Mary Marvel, and Laurie Lamaris, all masquerading as the Joker in the post-apocalyptic rebuilt city of New Atlantis. Written by Carl Kiesel and Tom Simmons, art by Joe Phillips. Uh, Trials of the Flash, which is probably playing off the uh, never-ending storyline of the early 80s, The Trial so, yeah. of the Flash. <laughs> now, the uh, Flash teams up with their friends in the Secret Six to rescue one of their own from Nightwing. Uh, it's written by Todd DeZago with art by Paul Pelletier. Uh, Wonder Woman, an alien warrior, meant to be a symbol of unity for her fractured world, is instead pursued to Earth. Uh, she battles her pursuers in Las Vegas all the while wondering about her role in the cosmos. This is written by Peter David, with art by Angel Unzueta, from designs by Gene Ha. And then there was JLA, who is another covert group of operatives formed to take out several <laughs> superhumans, namely the Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, and Superman. Eventually, the four targets come together and form their own Justice League, written by Dan Jurgens, with art by Daryl Banks and Norm Ratman. And you know, so I would you, would you rather read this or just imagine dot 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 Stan Lee creating? The I was I was just thinking that like, like <laughs> I, I've really never made the connection, but it's it's just the same type of thing where Stan Lee took the names of these characters and made totally new characters. You know what I mean? And yep. and I, I bet if you were to separate some of these some of these stories and characters from these names. They might end up being okay, but, you know, you keep seeing the Flash. You can't, yeah. You expect to see the Flash, you know, you keep seeing the name. Or a, a book called The Batman that's got, like, a knight in it, a and knight. it's not it's not Batman in a knight suit, as would have been common in the Silver Age. Uh, it's, it's, it kind of throws you off, you know. I, I know Jerkins is really proud of this, and sometimes I even think about going back. You know, like, I'm going to give it another look. Cause when I, I, at the time, I didn't read it right at the time, but I read it close to it, around 99, I think. Uh, yeah. 
and or not all of them, but a bunch of them. And I remember being like, "Nah, this is not yeah, for me." What? But uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe it's worth a another look. I will I will t- fall on that sword, though, listener. Don't uh, don't <laughs> run out there. I'll let you know what I find if I do get around to it. Uh, another another cool event or another existing event was uh, New Year's <laughs> Evil. This was a series of eight one shot specials released in late 1998. The focus of the specials was on the supervillains of the DC Universe. Several of the villains would go on to play a larger role in various storylines the following year. This all started with New Year's Eve Body Doubles, number one, by Dan Abnett, Annie Lanning, and Joe Phillips. And this was weird because these were characters from the title Resurrection Man. Yep. Was it really in the DCU? Sort of, but I guess. Yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a heavy hitter, but I, I remember... Uh, just like the uh, the Eclipso Darkness Within cover had that gem on it, yeah. The, uh, the first issue of Resurrection Man had like a holographic pog on mm. it that turned into a skull, and it, and it dents up whatever book you put in front of it in your long box. Oh, that's nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, we also have New Year's Evil Dark Nemesis number one by Dan Jurgens and Chris Cross, uh, a group of villains that that normally takes on the Teen Titans there. Uh, New Year's Evil Dark Side number one by John Byrne and Kieran Grant. Uh, you know, Dark Side, he's anti life. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> he's that guy. Uh, New Year's Evil Gog number one by Mark Wade and Jerry Ordway. This introduces Gog, uh, who's a villain resulting from the ev- effects of uh, Kingdom Come. Yeah, he's sort of like the, a young Magog or something like this. Yeah, he's yeah. like the either son or the pre- predecessor. Or he's somewhere. Something there, like yeah. that. I, I couldn't really remember exactly, but they're related some way. It was New Year's Evil, Mr. Mizzy's Pitlick, number one by Alan Grant and Tom Morgan. Uh, Mr. Mizzy's Pitlick is a mischievous imp with magical powers from another dimension. We just saw him recently in, I think, Action Comics, right? Reborn, yeah. Although now that I think about it, that was actually like five months ago, so never mind. <laughs> uh, this happened during the, the Electric Superman phase of Superman, and the cover does have Mr. Mizzy's Pitlick dressed in a similar fashion, which is cool. And I think it does play into the story some, that's a somewhat. Fun, that's a fun issue that really pokes fun at DC's uh, uh, publication. Yeah. Uh, just like all their, all their weird niche titles that were coming out at the time. Uh, and even some of the bigger ones, uh, they really take the piss out of them. It's I love I love stuff like that. That might be yeah. uh, worth worth it just for the uh, the the larfs. Then there was uh, yes. New Year's Evil Prometheus number one by Grant Morrison and Arnie Jorgensen. This was the first appearance of Prometheus, a character pretty much written only by Grant Morrison. Uh, <laughs> although actually he did figure into that War Games, that Batman War Games thing, right? Yeah. Uh, so he he did a little bit, but pretty much he's really only been handled by Grant Morrison uh, and. Uh, He'd be responsible for the death of Roy Harper's daughter, Leanne, during the Justice League cry for justice. So, yeah, so he, he got a little bit of play, but I can't help, in my mind, think of him as Grant Morrison's character. A Grant character, yeah. Uh, uh, New Year's Evil Rogues Number 1 by Brian Augustin and Ron Wagner. So the, the Rogues are blue-collar supervillains from Central City that mainly tackle the Flash. Yeah, we know all those guys. Yeah. Uh, New Year's Evil Scarecrow Number 1 by Peter Milligan and Duncan Fogretto. Uh, the scarecrow, he's this dude who uh, dresses yeah. like a scarecrow, <laughs> and uh, he he bugs Batman a lot. He bugs Batman. He has fear spray. We know we know his deal. That's yeah, it's his that's his gig. Uh, we we have another fifth week event called The Kingdom, which is a sort of kind of sequel to Kingdom Come, which introduced the concept of hypertime. Uh, there were a group of one-off books, which included The Kingdom, Son of the Bat, number one by Mark Wade and Brian Apthorpe. Uh, the Son of the Bat here is not Damian Wayne, but Iban al Jafesh. Mm-hmm. Jafesh. Very Jafesh. good. Sure. <laughs> now, he is still the Ill- illegitimate son of Bruce and Talia, though. 
Uh, we have The Kingdom Nightstar, number one by Mark Wade and Matt Haley. Uh, Nightstar would be the daughter of uh, Nightwing and Starfire. That's right, Nightwing and Starfire, yeah. Yes, equals Nightstar. <laughs> and uh, she's also the love interest to the aforementioned Son of the Bat. Next was The Kingdom Offspring, number one by Mark Wade and Frank Quitely. Offspring is Luke O'Brien, the son of Plastic Man. There was The Kingdom Kid Flash, number one by Mark Wade and, Mar- and Mark Pahayu. Pa- Pajarillo uh, stars Iris West, who is the daughter of Wally West, and The Kingdom Planet Krypton number one by Mark Wade and Barry Kitson. Only Mark Wade was allowed to write these, right? Is that the, that the rule? It was his gig. Yeah, yeah. well, and uh, The Kingdom Come is his thing, so I guess. Yep. Uh, Planet Krypton is a superhero themed restaurant in Metropolis owned by Booster Gold. Think Hard Rock Cafe, but with superheroes. Then stop thinking about Guy Gardner's Warriors Bar and think of this instead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sort of also feature at the end of Kingdom Come, right? This all, yeah, I think all so. eating in there, basically, same kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, another fifth week event, Girl Frenzy, exclamation point. This was uh, 1998. One uh, word consist- even, too, by the way. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, consisted of seven one-shot specials focusing on the female heroes of the DC universe. Uh, each issue was tangentially connected to the parent title, but were otherwise unrelated to one another. We got Batman Batgirl, volume two, number one, by Kelly Puckett and Jim Ballant. Uh, Birds of Prey, Ravens, number one, by Chuck Dixon and Nelson DeCastro. And JLA Tomorrow Woman, number one, by Tom Paya and Yannick Paquette. At Starman, The Mist, number one, by James Robinson and John Lucas. Superman, Lois Lane, number one, by Mike Carlin and Leonard Kirk. Wonder Woman, Donna Troy, number one, by Phil Jimenez. Young Justice, The Secret, number one, by Todd DeZago and Todd Nauk. This one shot actually predates both JLA World Without Grownups and the Young Justice ongoing series proper, but I guess they kind of considers maybe testing the waters very very early on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then there was JL question mark, also known as uh... this is also known as Justice Leagues, I've heard it. Yes. Uh, this was six one shots. And the thing is this seemed like this this is an idea that you is Could really so up my fun. alley, you know what I mean? Yep. Like such a, a fun, silly thing. Uh, but it, it didn't end up that way. Anyway, it was no. six one shots published on the fifth week in two thousand one playing with the acronym JLA. Started out with J- Justice League's JL question mark number one by Tom Payer and Ethan Van Skyver. And there was Justice League's Justice League of the Amazons number one by Len Kaminsky and, and Alur Amancio. And, I like uh, it. We're going to list these different Justice Leagues, and the problem is this is going to entice you to go out and read these books, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and I really strongly recommend you don't bother. But uh, the uh, Justice League of the Amazons was Wonder Woman, the leader, Supergirl, the Linda Danvers version written by Peter David primarily. Mm -hmm. Uh, Huntress was Helena Helena Bertinelli version, Big Barda, Zatanna, Power Girl, and Black Orchid. Yes, we also have uh, Justice League's Justice League of Atlantis, number one by Len Kaminsky and Javier Salteris. You had uh, clearly have Aquaman as the leader. Uh, team members included Mera, Tempest, which is, you know, Aqualad, mm-hmm. Arion, the Lord of Atlantis, Power Girl, who, at, you know, post-crisis was an Atlantean, uh, Lori Lamaris, uh, Superman's mermaid uh, crush, yeah. and uh, Devilfish. And then there was Justice League's Justice League of Arkham, number one, by Paul Grist and Coy Turnbull. Batman as the leader involved included Nightwing, the Joker, Catwoman, Riddler, Ventriloquist slash Scarface, we know, uh, mm-hmm. Poison Ivy. And I mean, this sounds like one, you know, I want to see an ongoing. Sure, that, that sounds like a real fun one. But... <laughs> it, it wasn't. 
Uh, Justice League, Justice League of Aliens, by number one by Judd Winnick and Mike S. Miller. A Martian Manhunter leads a team including Superman, Orion, Starfire, Lobo, Guy Gardner, and uh, the Blue Star Man, Miguel Tomas. That's right. And it all wrapped up in Justice League's JLA number one by Tom Payer and Justiniano. That last one sounds awesome, too. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a crazy starfire on the so same weird, team right? as Lobo and Martian Manhunter. Yep. But uh, yeah, it didn't work out that well. There were some other fun alternate, alternate leagues potentially in these issues. I just wanted to list them. There was the, another one that uh, it just sounds I want to read an ongoing. But, last, uh, yeah. Justice League of Anarchy was Plastic Man leading with Amazing Man, Ambush Bug, Creeper, Trickster, and Harley Quinn. And the uh, Justice League of Apostles was Zoriel, the leader, the, you know, the uh, former uh, uh, the angel. Angel, yep. Yeah. Uh, Phantom Stranger, Doctor Fate, the Hector Hall version, Dead Man, and Zatanna. And we have Justice League Adventure, which is uh, led by Wally West Flash, has uh, Mister Miracle, the Scott Free version, Adam Roy Palm, Ray Palmer, and uh, Beast Boy and Black Canary. Uh, the Justice League of Air is uh, Green Lantern, uh, Kyle Rayner is running the show. We got Black Condor, Ryan Kendall. This is the uh, the Native American dude with the wings yep. uh, who was briefly on the Justice League uh, post-Death of Superman. Uh, Captain Adam, The Ray, Firestorm, Dr. Light. This is the Kimi Ohoshi version, the, you know, the heroic version, yeah, not the, exactly. uh, not the, not the rapist. You know? And uh, <laughs> say villain. Tornado. They don't say rapist. <laughs> <laughs> Funny no Hawkman on that team, but I guess he was busy that's on another that's team That's odd, right? Something. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then there was another uh, good fifth week event. This one I remember being actually all right. Yeah. Uh, just the Justice Society returns May 1999 to lead up to the launch of the JF or kind of the relaunch in a way of the JSA. JSA all fe- title. Huh? JSA title. Yeah, it's right. Their own uh, new their new title, all featuring covers with a golden age style. Uh, there was JSA Returns Adventure Comics, featured Starman, uh, Ted Knight, and the Adam Al Pratt, the originals. JSA Returns that had an all-star comics look featuring the Justice Society of America. JSA Returns All-American Comics. This featured Green Lantern, Alan Scott, and Johnny Thunder. And JSA Returns uh, National Comics. This was the Jay Garrick Flash and Mr. Terrific, the Terry Sloan original uh, white dude version. Yes. (laughs) We have uh, JSA Returns Sensation Comics, which featured Wonder Woman and Hawk Girl. Uh, JSA Returns Smash Comics, featuring Owlman and Dr. Midnight. This is uh, mid-NITE night. Uh, JSA Returns Star Spangled Comics, featuring The Sandman, is Wesley Dodds and Star Spangled Kid. And JSA Returns Thrilling Comics, featuring Hawkman and Wildcat. Uh, another one. This is DC is really, really doing this here. Yeah. Uh, in, in July of 2000, uh, we had the Silver Age, which are stories told uh, with a very decidedly Silver Age feel. Uh, it started with Silver Age number one, which was overpriced. Uh, the Silver Age 80-page giant, which was also overpriced. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, Silver Age Brave and the Bold number one. It was uh, Silver Age Challenge of the Unknown number one. Silver Age Dial H for Hero number one, Silver Age Doom Patrol number one, and then Silver Age Flash number one. Yep, and Silver Age Green Lantern number one, Silver Age Justice League of America number one, Justice League Showcase number one. I'm, I'm sorry, Silver Age Showcase number one, and Silver Age Teen Titans number one. And, and I'm starting to figure something out here. What's that? That these fifth weeks were not going to be cheap. No, they they wanted they wanted you to buy a full <laughs> roster or even more than you would normally pull on your every yes. week. Yeah, they were trying to really really 
you know, juice those weeks. It's funny, the, mm-hmm. the attitude is so different now. That used to be seen as an opportunity, I think, to yep. squeeze a little extra money out of the consumer. And, sure. and this event right here, in my mind also, like we said, uh, Jurgens was sort of in charge of Tangent. Mark Wade was kind of in charge of this. This is Wade. He yeah. didn't write everything, but, you know, he, he was sort of... Uh, just the my impression thing. is he his yeah. his fingerprints are all over it, and it's sh- you know it should have been so good and it just is not that good. It really is it a little flat. There's a yeah. story that runs through the whole all of them, and uh, it's not that interesting. But whatever, um, yeah. it's out there. It exists. Then the power company in 2002. This was uh, something created by Kurt Busiek. This was a sort of heroes for hire for the DC universe. Uh, in order to properly introduce these new characters, the one-shots were released, pairing them with established DC heavy hitters. They were all cover dated March 2002 and included Power Company, Manhunter Number 1 by Kurt Busiek and Dan Jurgens. This was Manhunter and Nightwing paired up. Power Company, Striker Z Number 1, Kurt Busiek and Ramon Box. This was Striker Z and the Con-L Superboy. Yeah, Striker Z is one of my all-time favorites. Um, <laughs> power Company, Skyrocket number one. This is uh, Kurt Busiek and Joe Staten. This is Skyrocket uh, teaming up with Green Lantern. This is the Hal Jordan version. Uh, you got to remember, at this time, Kyle was the active uh, Green Lantern. Uh, these are flashbacks to establish that these characters have been around for a while. So this would have been something, um, too, for Hal Jordan fans who had to run out absolutely. and get this. Yeah, big yeah time. it's a big-time big, big time novelty for Hal fans because you weren't you weren't getting Hal in the, uh, in the Green Duds. No. Except, you know, the Spectre duds. Um, we have Green... I'm sorry. Power Company. <laughs> Sapphire, number one. This is Kurt Busiek and Mark Bagley with some extremely rare for the time non-Marvel work. Yeah. This is uh, Sapphire and the Justice League. Uh, Power Company, Bork. And if you could picture... Uh, Bork is basically like a Kilowog-looking dude. Uh, this is Kurt Busiek and Kieran Dwyer. And this is Bork, Batman, and the Flash, the Barry Allen version. Uh, just like we mentioned with Hal above, uh, Wally West was the Flash here. So Barry as Flash stories were still quite novel in 2002. Yeah. It was definitely a uh, throwback trying to pull, pull sure. people back Batched, to buying a yeah. comic. Uh, Power Company, Josiah Power, number one. That was Kurt Busiek and Keith Giffen. Uh, that was Josiah Power with Superman, and then Power Company, Witchfire number one, Kurt, Kurt Busiek and Matt Haley, that was Witchfire and Wonder Woman. They didn't think to put the uh, name of the, you know, known superhero in the title, huh? That was, no. not, that was not a good idea for them? I don't know. <laughs> no, and, and Power Company would run for about 18 issues. I, like a, like a moron, bought all of these. Of uh, they were underwhelming, and I made it two issues into the ongoing before I just realized that it wasn't, wasn't for me. It was, I mean, right around this time, you know, late nineties going right around now, I, I was, I got, I got a lot of the JSA returns, for example. So I was obviously somewhere in the middle. I don't remember this at all. Power company. Yeah, so it's it's, <laughs> it's funny because we're, we're right. We, you know, we're always writing scripts for the shows and uh, I haven't thought of this team in 15 years. And this week we had to cover them twice. Yeah, it came up it's twice. Like, what? Okay. Someone's got to do it. I guess that's us. That's us. Uh, now, back across the street at Marvel, we have a few fifth week events as well. First one we're going to talk about is Marvel Mangaverse. Uh, back around the turn of the century, manga was beginning to catch on in a very big way. Uh, many comic stores, especially, you know, I, I can speak for my neck of the woods, uh, these comic shops are starting to look like manga and anime stores. Oh, yeah. Big that part. happened to sell comics too. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Marvel attempted to cash in on this with a series of one-shots, which filled the fifth week in early 2002. These are mostly what-if-Marvel characters were soaked in Japanese historical and popular culture and were all rather uninspired. Yeah. Uh, the first one, it's The Punisher by Peter David with Leah Leah Hernandez on art. And I'm, I'll see if you get this. This is a female dominatrix Whoa. The Punisher. Oh, <laughs> very clever. Very uh, clever. Um, Fantastic Four by Adam Warren and Kieran Grant. This is, uh, Chris says, this is unmemorable. And I, yes. I'm willing to accept that. Uh, <laughs> Avengers Assemble by Udon Studios. The Avengers literally assemble. It's like a Voltron or, you know, the, whatever the, the Power Rangers run around in. You know, they, they come together, combine to form the giant robot. Oh, powers assemble. combined, yeah. yes. Uh, Spider-Man by Care Andrews. This is Spider-Man as a teenage non-mutant ninja guy. <laughs> <laughs> we have <laughs> we have Journey into Mystery by Chuck Austin uh, on writing and art. This uses like the Midnight Suns and the Marvel horror characters, uh, and actually makes them makes it as though they're all related. They're all literally sons of Satan. Ah. Uh, Yes, uh, we have uh, X-Men by C.B. Sobolski, uh, who was a name that was bandied around a lot back then. You don't hear much about it now. Uh, with art by Jeff Matsuda, was also rather unmemorable. Okay. Uh, we had another one uh, from Marvel called Marvel's Comics. Now, this event uh, sought to answer the question, what if Marvel Comics were produced and existed in the Marvel Universe? How would the heroes be depicted by regular Joe comic creator in the Marvel Universe? Uh, this launched with a freebie called The History of Marvels, Six Fabulous Decades of the World's Most Accurate Comics. Ugh. And this would tell us pretty much what we were in for. Now, did this did this come right around New Comic Book Day? Is that how, why it was free or just happened? They just left it out there? It was just a it was Just, a just freebie, an incentive, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so there was Marvel Comics Captain America written by Rick Jones with Peter David, art by Steve Rogers with other artists. There was the Marvel Comics Daredevil, Marvel Comics Fantastic Four, written by Carl Kiesel with art by Paul Smith and others. There was a Marvel Comics Spider-Man, a Marvel Comics Thor, and a Marvel's Comics, I've been saying it wrong, Marvel's Comics X-Men. Yeah. Uh, They're all pretty bad. I, it does, it's, this seems like a, uh, not a real idea, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> It's, it's just such a it's just such a throwaway. Like like why would you make comics uh about about you know, I, I think like I'm thinking like Watchmen in a in a world with superheroes, they made comics about pirates. Yeah, you know, comics afraid, are yeah. comics are escapism. Like why would you have <laughs> comics although they did used to have, you know, Jerry Lewis comics, so it's true. It's Maybe true. There, there's a place for that. But, you know, I tell you, going through all these, and as much as we did rag on some of these, and some of them are kind of grown-worthy in hindsight, I really wish they would do something like this again. Uh, do something, companies. yeah. Because it, get, it gets you jazzed for that extra week. And and it's a place where you can do stupid things like Marvel's comics mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, you know, whatever, Tangent, tangent uh, Universe, without... Annoying the fan base. You might annoy them that they spent money on a comic they didn't want, but they're not going to say that you're, you're messing with their continuity. Sure, uh, sure. And it's it's too bad. That's all. I I don't really have a whole long spiel on it except to say that I you know now the fifth week was four books right that we had this week something and, like that. And one and one of them was just because the because uh, of the shipping of the button got messed. That's up. right. That's so it was right. supposed to only be three. That's right. Flash came out exactly because of the, cause of the yep. delay, and then it was going to be three annuals plus. You know, it was going to be what the Wonder Woman, the Trinity, and Titans. And Titans. Titans. That's yeah. right. Uh, that's all they had for this week, which 
it's bad for the retailer, bad for the buyer. You know what I mean? Uh, it's I, bad for everybody. It, it would it would be cool if there was like whatever it is, you know, the you know a whole week of crime syndicate of America stories. Let's say, you know what I mean, like taking place they, on Earth three or whatever. Sure. Or they could have thrown in the uh, that Justice League versus the Suicide Squad as a fifth week event. That would be fun. Just, yeah, just throw that all in there. Considering it, the, it only it only was really four issues anyway with two times. Sure. So what you know, just bang it all out in one, but. Or all those uh those Justice Justice League of America rebirths like the Adam and uh, Killer Frost and stuff, throw all those in a in a fifth week because yeah. people are gonna want to see what's going on. It's just such a missed opportunity. It's too. That could be a whole week of just origins if you think about sure. it. They could do a whole Absolutely. like secret secret origin, you know, five yep. or five to eight titles, and that's it. Charge keep, four. Keep it regular price. <laughs> well, I was gonna say they probably charge four bucks for them, but at you know, least, yeah, I'm using least. I'm using my Dan DiDio, uh meant brain yeah. here. <laughs> Can't leave money on the table. No, nope, never, never. Anyway, uh, anyway, they don't do it anymore. Maybe they'll do it in the future. But we just thought that was interesting. Uh, sure. How fifth week used to be almost like a celebration of sorts or an opportunity to do something it was an event. new. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, next week we do have a Shade the Changing Girl number nine. Wow, I think we're almost that, into double digits. I think that's where we are with Shade. I think you're right. Uh, and I'm not sure what's happening the week after. I did not go into it, but you never know what's going to happen with Young Animal anyway. So next week we will have a comic to talk about. Uh, but for this week, I think that's all we got for him. Chris, you got anything else for him? Nope, that'll do it. Well, until next time, I want you to keep it uh, whatever, young and animal. Whatever. What the hell do I say? <laughs> well, because we're because we're doing some weird comics history right now. Which yeah. Is a throwback, but uh, I think we keep it young and animalistic. That's yeah. right. We got to keep it young and animalistic. I get so many tag lines. And then I say C. You're all over me. Can't deny it. You make the room. I think this is mail number four, Eric. Or is it, it is? mail number four? Maybe. 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 Ah, we're going to have Maybe, the start of this with Craig. Craig says, could you ask Mr. Shea if Darkman is a good film in his as yet untitled good film, bad film slot? I'm saying yes-ish, but the judgment of Shea is needed. Yours, Craig. What do you say? Come on. It's Sam Raimi. It's got Liam Neeson in it. And it's got a superhero flick who fucking ha- can make himself look like anybody else. Of course, it's a good flick. Yes, uh, he's a burn victim, but he covers that shit up with fucking bandages and shit like he should. I think it's a little boring, but that's me. Uh, I love go- that movie. Yeah, I, I think it's actually kind of boring. I actually think Darkman 2 is just as good. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan. Uh, but Craig, there is your answer. This is starting the segment called... Eric, good film, bad film, because we have the next one, which, Eric, I know you might be worried 
but not as much as this guy because this is from Don Williams. Don Williams says, ask Eric if Escape from L.A. is worthy of being an America's sweetheart approved flick. I'm worried it isn't, he says. Absolutely not. So he says he was worried it isn't. He's Don Williams. He worries. And you say that it is not. So he might be even more that worried That film now. has caused me so much pain because I couldn't get in the theater to see it as a kid when it came out because I wasn't fucking 17 yet. Yeah. And uh, I finally saw it like, you know, like maybe eight years ago or something like that. And I bought it and I watched it. I'm like, this is what I went through all that goddamn trouble for back in the goddamn day because it, it's a rehash of the first movie with terrible fucking effects. And but it's he, just but he surfs, Eric. He surfs. Oh, he surfs on a tsunami. And it's on a tsunami. Oh, and then plays basketball. Listen, Brody wanted to do just that, and everybody loved him for it, Eric. You Brody. know, Johnny Utah even let him attempt it, but n- nobody could do it except Snake. Chisanga is the next male. I'm the last male of this section. And Chisanga says, Sup, get fresh crew. Boop. Haven't written in a while, so I wanted to comment on some stuff that happened during May. Number one, I'm done with Stephanie. She's such a tone-deaf, self-righteous bitch who's pretty much being an annoyance for everyone, including the readers. There needs to be either a spoiler reborn or a War Games 2 to kill her off again, Eric. (laughs) War Games 2, baby. uh, Number two, C, uh, has Kyle and Sornik have been given each other sexy eyes since he came back to Mogo and they apparently have a kid doing his best Kylo Ren impression, which I said right away. I'm guessing Kyle and Carol are done, though I'm surprised that survived the time Kyle turned Carol into his dead girlfriend, Alex. That, and correct me if I'm wrong, was he getting some on the side from Callista in Omega Men? Kind of seemed that way. Uh, she was kind of playing him, though. Uh, you, basically, uh, Chisanga, you're mentioning Omega Men to Eric, and even though Kyle Rayner is his favorite character, he wants to wipe that off from the I fucking, fucking hated record. that book so goddamn yeah. much. And the thing is, the problem with me, I can wipe that from continuity, no problem. We had that writer's workshop where they had the Kyle Rayner, Carol Ferris story where it seemed like she was pregnant. I'd yeah. rather have that in, and I'm wondering what's going on with that. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. And yeah, I don't think that Kyle and uh, Carol are together anymore. And it, it is funny because people love to tell people how much uh, they love that Omega Men. I liked it at first. And I just tried to convince you so much of how good it was. And by the end, it, to me, it fell apart. It fell completely apart. And that last issue was a bunch of garbage. And I don't care. You can tell me, hey, Jim, but, the, you know, the DCYOU was ending. That whole thing had to kind of be tied up or whatever. I, it, still, it, it it was bad. It really was. Uh, but three, someone please – Please give the old yeller treatment to JLA and, J- and JL immediately. I agree. Someone should break Hitch's hands and ban Orlando from any continuity all willy-nilly to the DC Universe. Well, While I hope those book sales go down to the point that both Hitch and Orlando get kicked off, I don't want to risk the chance of them still writing them even if it became monthly. Uh, I believe that – I said, I've been saying it all along, Hitch's bad uh, you know, uh, deadline yeah, deal yeah. Uh, will be his undoing. Uh, Steve Orlando, the sales will kill him. That's the problem with Brian Hitch. He's on the Just League. It's always going to sell. Now, it, it's not great right now, but it will always be one of the top five books just because it's the Justice League. We have more of a chance because I'm not being able to hit deadlines. Steve Orlando, on the other hand, I believe all of his books will fail. I, the JLA is already going down. Supergirl is not selling well and is already monthly. So you're going to have some problems. I And again, they signed him. This is like – and I, I say all these sports deals or whatever. Steve Orlando is like they just gave the con- a contract, a fucking eight-year contract to a guy that can't even fucking get on the field. 
Exactly. Why are like you they, doing they gave this? him a first round draft pick for Steve I'm Orlando. You, but why, why did they sign him to this fucking crazy ass contract and he can't even do anything? It's like they, they had no idea that he was this bad. But yet the problem is, and Reggie said it originally, and uh, me and you keep saying it at work, the guy doesn't miss an issue. He Not puts out the issues and it seems that's more important than telling an actual good story. His dialogue is back. He had that crazy-ass shitty dialogue. It seemed like he was getting beyond that a little. He's right back. It's awful. And he can't tell a story. Like you said, everything is just forced to get his worldview out there. I don't care. Here's Save that for your goddamn Twitter account. Have your. I'm Steve Orlando. I write for DC and all my fucking opinions are my own. And you can talk all you want. I don't need it in my fucking comic books. God damn it, Penn City. Why isn't anybody saving this city? They have God weapons going off. Nobody seems to care. God damn you know, it. You know, the membrane to the multiverse is thin. No! I don't know it. I, I just, what does that mean? You, you have a multiverse because you have a multiverse. Don't make it that people are slipping in and out. Tell me how the extremists are slipping in and out of this multiverse. Especially after they died in fucking multiversity. Yes! You son of a bitch, Eric. Hey, how is Bloodlines from 1993? Don't you tell me that. I don't want to hear it. You're getting me angry now. Steve Orlando. <laughs> I, I, now. I started liking this guy at one point. I actually did. I was like, Midnight God damn it. was good. And then the Monster Men happened, and it all went down the tubes again. That, that was the, the end right there. I'm like, this is fucking garbage. And then, then you give him more. Then you sign him exclusive. It's like signing me exclusive to a goddamn modeling contract. Nobody's hiring me, Eric. I'm an ugly man. Hey, Jim, you know that the stag is an honest signal. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. (laughs) I've heard that, Eric. Honest signal. I'm an ugly man, Eric. Why would you I sign know. me? Why would you sign me exclusive? You, you're I afraid would. I don't want to lose money. You're afraid I'm going to be fucking, you know, on the the cover of GQ tomorrow or something? Am I going to fucking? Are they going to, you know, I don't know. J Crew going to hire me for their fucking? I don't new know. Catalog? I'm putting together a new line of clothes, especially for fucking Uggos. So I need somebody. Yeah, but at least you'd have that if you if you signed Steve Orlando because you're you're writing shitty books and that's that's my new imprint. No, shitty I, books. I just want to get you on my Uggo line. It's of clothes. SB. Yeah, I'm gonna get you in the fucking old ass, fucking pussy ass, <laughs> goddamn shit. Next time I see, you, I'm fucking smashing you right in the face. You'll, you'll see. You'll see. Your I face will. hurt because no, it's gonna in about see. two days. <laughs> Thank God Superman is getting a proper artist. While I understand fans wanting different art styles to not be all the house style, uh, Brian Ching's art, yeah, Ching's art hasn't helped the book at all and comes out too much like an unpolished cartoon book with the only decent drawing being Cat Grant looking like her uh, to counterpart. Uh, the, the thing about the uh, – I'll just – I'll point. Now, me and Eric, we're not, as we say, Eric, rocket surgeons. We're not. not at all. You are blind. Mm-hmm. You have a character in the Supergirl book that legitimately does not have half an arm, and it took us fucking oh my three God. months like to fucking, fucking realize this. Like? Because know. the last issue, they were walking around like they were goddamn praying mantises. Everybody had these sharp fucking pointed feet. Or not feet, just legs. I don't know what was it's going points. on there. Points. Stupid, Eric. I'm an God, ugly man, Eric. I know. My wife told me the, the yesterday, she said I was handsome, and my son Zach laughed at her. 
And I said, I'm going to kill him, too. <laughs> Number five, seeing as it has been a year since Rebirth started, Mr. DC gave you guys the power to change the creative teams for any one book. What would you pick? I've said it all along. I will Just stick with Tom it. I think Taylor. you will do Tom Taylor on Justice League. That's what I want. Tom Hart. Taylor, I always went on and on about how great Tom Taylor was. But unfortunately, in Rebirth, we nobody could you know there was no thing for them to grab onto thank god he came back for injustice Seriously. 2 and everybody who's reading it loves it and it, it is it's great it's my favorite book right now and i, I said earlier favorite book yeah, i said earlier when i was talking about the whole hey there's no book i get excited about with rebirth there is one a book it's not rebirth but it's injustice 2 and in fact me and brandon had a goddamn tizzy this week because it's supposed to come out on tuesday and it didn't it came out on wednesday it looks like they're going to have it on wednesday now which i think is a huge fucking mistake and it throws off my whole goddamn week because i like coming home <laughs> on tuesday when i'm doing reviews it actually that's the weirdest thing i say this because it actually helps me out review wise because i have tons on tuesday but i liked having that i liked that tuesday where before the big books came out i actually could actually have something i fucking like and i would read and review that and then do all the other garbage I'm an ugly man, Eric. I, I don't know if you know this. I, I'm an ugly fucking man, but you know what? I can't what? see, but I can see enough. No, that's the thing, though. People, you know, I'm a realist. I don't need to hear it from you, you fucking oh. jerk. You're supposed to be here. I am actually, this is a cry for help, Eric. I am upset. Look, I'm I can't man. afford a plastic I, I'm surgeon. telling you, everything I say, I, I say this. My kids are like, oh, Dad, this and that. And I'm like, I don't care what you say. I'm fucking, I'm an old beaten up, I'm beaten down. I didn't always look like this. I didn't always fucking, you know, go around like a sad sack that I am. I used to be a guy who thought I was going to change the world, Eric. And I realized, and I realized nobody's going to change the goddamn world. And really, the, you know, the best way to change the world, uh, unfortunately, is in a bad way. So fuck yep. it, Eric. I'm just doing this. I'm doing this goddamn podcast. You all right, baby? No. I, you want I, me to come that's over? the thing is, no, because then tomorrow I still got to wake up. I'm still me. <laughs> that's my biggest problem in life. I can't change. I, I'm not a body snatcher. I can't swap fucking lives. I'm stuck in this goddamn rut of a life. We're all on this fucking rocket ship called Earth. You are Eric. depressing the shit out of we're, all we're of us. Always, we're, always, we're just going through this play we call life, Eric. Unfortunately, I, I'm looking for stage left. Too bad. This, I'm a this may be the last podcast ever. You'll never hear from me again. Uh, yes. That, that's the thing, though. I'm one of those guys. I just want to make everybody as miserable as me, and then I'll leave, Eric. Then my life will be over. Ah, uh, yes. But that is the end of mail section number four. We're going to continue this podcast called Life, Eric. It was weird, too. When I was growing up, Eric, I always w I was dying to, to get to high school, and then I was dying to go to college, and then I was dying to have a family, and then I was dying to go to get a job. Eric, I woke up one day and I realized I haven't lived. <laughs> I have it turns out in this, in this play that we call life, Jim lived. is simply an understudy. It's weird. This there's this play we like to call life, Eric, and I uh, nobody's ever given me the script. I don't know how to play my role. Nobody gave, nobody gave you a part. No, I'm in the audience. I've only been an audience watching the play called Life go by. I want to get involved in this musical we like to call day-to-day -day living. But here I am, Eric, with not a tune in my soul. No. Nope. I'm just here. I, there's, not, there's no music playing for me to sing along to.
Uh, <laughs> I, I need Meatloaf to come and tell me what is the way to sing a very dramatic song for a guy who's ugly as hell with thinning hair and a fucking frilly shirt and yet be fucking number one. How did he, he do is, it, Eric? What he is, is amazing. The, what, I don't know. He what is Meatloaf's secret that a big fat guy with fucking uh, barely a hairline can fucking rule the world at one point? Barely a hell of a voice. I guess. I don't even think he has that great a voice. He has a dramatic sounding voice, but I just, I don't know. He's one of those that he really, a meatloaf, he, he grabbed lightning in a bottle. and It must be, there's sometimes where you have a guy who you think, oh my God, and I said about Chris Cornell, actually, who unfortunately just took his life uh, because he didn't want to live on this rocket ship we call Earth anymore. Uh, but I think that in, at least in rock history, that guy could have been any time. You could oh, have yeah. had him, in, you know, as long as rock music, you know, probably like 65 on, I'm saying. This guy's a great singer. He could be any time. Even old day, he would have just adjusted. Meatloaf, the, he, there was no other time. He no. came out at the perfect time. I think everybody was fucking high, and they liked him. But then they turned around, and, they, you know, there he goes, selling 17 million fucking albums there. Why does male section number four always end up going way off the rails? Because it's usually the last one before he called a night and didn't it, do the, it next, really the is, next day. Because I think last week was when we were doing and we were just talking about fucking nonsense. Just like now, meatloaf, Eric. I like a do you like a meatloaf that has uh, tomato sauce on it? Do, do you I like ketchup that? on it. Do you enjoy that ketchup? Yeah. I, you know, I'm not saying like you you make it and then you put the ketchup on. I'm talking. No, I'm talking about you, like you a ketchup glaze on top. Yeah. Okay. In that sense, ketchup. But uh, do you? I would probably if I'm going to put a ketchup glaze, then I'd probably actually include brown sugar in with that, mix it up a little, and put it on. I can see that. Um, do you actually prefer that over a brown gravy topping for a meatloaf? Because, I don't know if I've ever had a brown gravy on a really, meatloaf. Really, because that is the classic meatloaf. I don't have meatloaf very often. That's the classic meatloaf there, but I don't think it is anymore. That's what I was getting at. I don't think a lot of people even eat meatloaf anymore with a brown gravy. Where you see it a lot, though, is the buffet. Eric. If they have a meatloaf at the buffet, it's usually a brown gravy on that stuff. And in my mind, it, it becomes like a liver pate. steak at that point. What's that? In my, point, in my mind, it becomes a Salisbury steak at that point. Salisbury steak. I like myself a Salisbury steak, Eric. I'd have to say I'd fashion myself a Salisbury steak fan, but not the encore meal version because my mom made me eat. It's the only one I've ever had. Those. Yeah, yeah. I uh, the one buffet, not the good buffet I go to, but the one shitty one down here that we do like uh, every other Tuesday or whatever. My kids beg me to go. They have a, a usually have the meatloaf and it has a brown gravy. And I'm telling you, it tastes like cat food. It's terrible. I stay away from that. You should get some ketchup glaze for that. Yeah, well, I would like that. I like a ketchup glaze, but it can't just be ketchup. It has to have brown sugar. And Eric, that is mail section number four. Uh, awesome. That is for you, Chisanga, just so you know what uh, type of meatloaf we prefer on this the rocket singing ship kind. we call Earth. Yes, a singing kind with a frilly shirt. That's right. Uh, but yes, we're going to move on now back Great to some other stuff. book. I believe this would be moving on to The Flash. Uh, and we'll talk uh, later, Eric. We'll get together during mail section number five, and I will tell you what type of glazed chicken 
I prefer, and I say that and I will forget completely by the oh, yeah, time we definitely. get to mail section number five. So I'll tell you now. I enjoy and you'll bring a it up teriyaki next time and I have glaze. No idea what you're talking about. Teriyaki glaze, Eric. I'm just telling you now because I know I'll forget. But we'll go off now and listen to what we say about the Flash. Just want to hear Jim's voice and not hear Eric Shay reviews. I want to hear Jim's reviews. Hear Jim's reviews. We're back with Nick. Should I say we're back in a flash? Ooh, he's trying his puns out, boys and girls. Would that be using my puns for this? Yeah, we're almost done the podcast, Eric. It is a short podcast tonight. (laughs) Uh, We only talked a couple books already this week, so it's weird. It's odd to even. uh, We have these two last books that we have to do, and. It's like I, I these I did two of the four books. It's all upset. Like yep. when I get ready for the things, I'm like, oh, I got to read Eric's books and stuff like that. We already did that. That nonsense is over. And I have half of the books. And unfortunately, I didn't like them that much. Uh, I think maybe, I like yours I don't better know. than mine. What's that? I like I yours know. better than mine. I didn't. I I actually like well, yours. This one. Yeah. Well, this one we're going to do now is Flash, and uh, I'll give you a little spoiler alert. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was nonsense. Uh, I think it ruins the whole Button story completely until we see any different. And I really think that it's nothing but nonsense until page about 17 when they decide to give you some new story. Because all this is is a catch-up for everybody who got involved with the Button so that they can tell you everything that has happened up until now. And I just think it's nonsense. But we'll see what you think. Uh, I'm going to pull out my little intro here. It's Flash number 23, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Carmen D.G. DeMonico, Ivan Placencia, and Steve Wands. We get an odd regular issue of The Flash to get the books released back in order after the button delay, and while I like this issue enough, the hint of Eobard Thawne is back, one issue after dying for the second time in four weeks, really bothers me. Since it was the cliffhanger, I'll wait to see exactly what is going on, but until then, this issue made the button story almost meaningless, and Dr. Manhattan looked like a little bitch who can't even take care of a Flash villain. I'm going to be on my soapbox for this intro. These are the times when I'm allowed to talk to myself. Uh, Seriously, we are led to believe Dr. Manhattan can form and shape universes at will, but he can't beat Reverse Flash? Like I said, I hope all this is explained later. As for the rest, it was a nice bit of catch-up for new readers who jumped on with the Button story. It features Hal Jordan, but really, if you've been reading this book, you know everything that happens here. And uh, Barry has to stop being a sad sack. That's, that's Just got to stop being living in his own world, in his own mind. And he's a sad sack. And again, this is the problem is, this is exactly what we got before the Button. It's the same exact stuff of him wanting, oh, I think I should tell Iris. Oh, it's the same stuff. There is nothing new in this book except you see what you appear appears to be Eobard Thawne at the end, and we find out that Iris is stepping out with a villain, even though she knew he was a villain because she knows his secret identity. It's nonsense. I'm telling you, I thought it was a bunch of hooey, 
and we'll go into it though but even before that you have Eobard Thawne and I don't know what it is with uh, DC if this in fact just plays out completely that it's Eobard and he's not dead and he knows what happened in the button story which everybody seems to think everybody but me I don't know what you think, but if this is the Eobard who knows completely what just happened in the button and all that, I don't think he would go and, and talk to, to Iris unless he's going to grab them just to fuck with Barry. But he could really do whatever the hell he wants, and it just seems odd at the end. But uh, the thing about these deaths, uh, everybody says to me, and you know, I hear it all the time. Brett says it all the time. Nobody dies in comics. You, you, see, you hear it all the time. Yeah, you know, yeah. if you don't see it on panel, well, we saw it on panel. Oh, my God, one. we saw it twice on yeah, panel. And, yeah, like... twice. And the thing is, people will keep going. And, and I've had people say to me, why are you so mad if this is reverse flash? Barry died and came back. Yeah, 18 years later. Yeah, like Supergirl years died and like... came back 18 years later. Like, these deaths used to mean something. When you say to me, oh, you know what, Jim, deaths and comics, that's the whole shtick of it. It's a... No, this is the stuff that makes it goofy. The, the things that make it goofy are Tim Drake's dead, and then you see he isn't. You know, whether or not the people in the universe know it, we know right away. Uh, I said to you, just think now. Now that all the shitstorm would have settled, you have Tim Drake who's gone. You know, we all would have pretty much gone, okay, you know, I, I kind of agree now. He must be dead. Then when he comes back, it means something. When Bruce died at the end of the DC, uh, you know, DC, New 52 end of the DC right, right. YOU, he came back in a, in an issue. DC makes it the joke that deaths don't mean anything in comics. Uh, even when he died really, in Final don't... Crisis, we knew he was still alive, just trapped in the time stream, yeah, making but, his way yeah. back. And that that yeah, that's a little different thing. But he was gone out of the reg out of you know the regular universe for a while. But yeah, that seems to be when they started with the nonsense because deaths used to mean you could tell me all you want, but the Barry Allen death meant something. They didn't bring him back because it really meant something. You, I spent, it felt like my entire life without Barry Allen as the Flash, and Wally West was my Flash because of this. You know, what was that like 1986 is when he died? And I'm like, I was fucking four years old, if that, at that point. I'm like, until he came back, there was no Barry Allen in my mind. He was just this yeah. guy that everybody called the Flash. That and like, no, Wally West is the Flash. I don't know yeah. who the fuck is talking about. And then you graduated high school years later, and then yeah. he came back. Same with Supergirl. Supergirl left, and then she, her soul kind of came back in a couple issues. There was that one with Dead yeah, Man. Yeah, we, we had that freaking like that. That Matrix freaking Supergirl that took her place yeah, for a it, bit, it, though. That's the one I grew her, up though. with. That wasn't Supergirl, though. Oh, I know. Yeah, you know, and it was Supergirl, this, though. But it now you, don't, you don't get an issue anymore with people dead. If anybody big dies, you expect the next issue to show you exactly that they're not dead. And like I said, this is even a different deal. You've pretty much shown that Dr. Manhattan's the big bad, or at least was the big bad, uh, along the lines of Eobard, because he went and saw him and all that. Uh, having Reverse Flash just show up here, even if it's a little switcheroo, that it's a little mm -hmm. time loop, if it's, you know, if craziness happens, which I don't think it is, that it's Daniel West, I'm still holding I don't think it is. It doesn't look it. Uh, but the, the problem is, is then you're just like, Dr. Manhattan, well, fuck him, he's nothing. It, it, he's nothing now to me. Then, then just somebody, you know, why then couldn't Reverse Flash be the ultimate big bad of the whole DCU if he can't die, even from somebody who seems to be out of time, can kind of manipulate time and space and, and all See, that. The thing is, even with that, though, I have a problem just the way because, you know, time travel and all that shit. You know, we have Eobar Thawne who's dead. We saw him die, but that would be the end of his timeline right there. 
The one we see at the end of this issue, it could be earlier in his own time. Yeah, it could, but the thing is, when we get into it, all of a sudden the Speed Force glints in his eye on his yeah, dead body. Yeah, I don't know body. what that's about. That's what I'm saying. This is, why do this nonsense? Also, his his future, though, is changed, uh, the way it starts. And people seem to be so hyped up with the, you know, reverse flashes back, oh my god, and I don't know why they should be hyped. It, it's one issue. It, it's not even a page, it seems, uh, you know, since we last saw him, because as it opened up, that they do change it. But it does open up this issue in the 25th century, and they are, somebody is giving a tour, and they're giving it to someone. And they don't ever tell you who that yeah. is. So you would think that maybe it's Barry Allen getting the tour. We're, we're going to find out. But it is somebody giving a tour to somebody or, you know, a couple people maybe to figure out what's going on. And it's the Flash Museum in the 25th century. And you see crazy things. You see what appears to be a uh, new Wally West Kid Flash's thing there. Uh, you see the Daniel West reverse uh, reverse flash which almost looks exactly like when he died behind the one you see uh mina's uh, costume not just wally west's one no that the one where you go down and there's the reverse flash in the middle and then you go off to the right next to captain cold that's almost exactly what we saw when he died daniel west do you know what i'm talking oh, about not at the beginning I, I see that i for some reason i thought that was an ape flash yeah no it, it looks like exactly like when i, he I was know you say i, I can see uh, i blur my eyes i look at it, i'm like oh yeah that's the whole it you looks know, like that, the same that weird, Fred, but you, like you know dark face yeah, with a yeah. red outline. you also have that. a robot flash it looks like no that's and, that's the puppet flash oh uh, the puppet flash and you have like, mina you have yeah, Mina there. Good, uh, the black hole fla- yeah, flash. Yeah, the black costume. hole yeah, so, flash costume. Now, the one on the left-hand side next to me, and I was thinking, that looks a lot like Gentleman Ghost to me, but I'm not yeah, sure. In my mind, that might be a, a villain coming up in the future because yeah, maybe. all of these, it's like, you know, this is like you said, a catch-up for all new readers. So we're dealing with a lot of stuff, you know, we've seen so far. Yeah, you know, we have yeah. the Godspeed and shit like that. And I want to think that that, you know, that white suited, like the little cloak there, it could be somebody we all know. And yeah, I, I don't even do I don't. I have do you no recognize that red or that green and kind of yellowish green suit? I thought that was suit. Pied Piper. It might be. It might be. And if a lot of people don't remember, he's in this issue as well later. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they have this. And like I said, there's a private tour going and like, hey, you know, Off most to the people. the top, like, you don't see it. It looks like the top's there as well. Yeah, yeah. So you, you have the whole deal with uh, – you know, hey, you know, this is the tour. There's Eobard Thawne, the Reverse Flash, a.k.a. Professor Zoom. So they're kind of reminding you of both there. He was many things to many people, but to the I Flash he was. That. And then it's a partner, an ally, and his best friend. So Say shit what? is different. So stuff is different already. So already with the end and Reverse, like something has gone wrong, something has changed, or something's gone right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're running together in this museum in the 25th century. And so we'll have to figure out why and how that comes to be because we go to the present then. And you have, and even at the point where uh, Joshua Williamson does a good deal, uh, a good thing with the narration, because as this narration ends and we go off, it has that trailing narration. And then it says at the top, as we go to the present, and this is his story, which. I, I like the way he frames that because yeah. this, in fact, as it goes, really is a reverse Flash story, it seems. And we're going to find out what changes happen. Uh, even if reverse Flash isn't in it, Barry is obsessed with him still, even at the beginning with the dead body. But then as he goes on, that's all he keeps thinking of. He's kind of scared about it. But he says, hey, you know what? Uh, I know you're not dead. He's there with the body. He's there. Yeah. The Flash had brought the body to Star Labs. He's there looking at it, and he's whispering to it. And the, the doctors that show up later uh, throw shade at him. But And I was mad he at that guy, Jim. He's kind of creepy, though. He is. He's a little creepy. He's talking uh, to the dead body, and he says, you know, I know you're not dead. I know you're I not just, gone. It's like we talked about, though, and what was it, the freaking um – 
uh, the freaking the finale of Lazarus contract when Kid Flash calls Barry on up like oh you reached a f- cell phone of Barry on I'll be like yeah, I'm not here I'll but I'll get back. back to you in a flash. Yeah, flash him talking to the bo- dead body of Reverse yeah. Flash and these corners knowing that Barry Allen is friends with the Flash well that was the yeah. better watch himself. He, he's starting to, to really walk a tight you know a tightrope here between who would know and Iris who's that, friend. Uh, Iris is supposed to be you know. A reporter. She know well, Lane, that's she, sure. Yeah, she isn't. Why can't she figure this out? But uh, yeah, the whole thing is he's there talking to Bonnie and he says, hey, Bart, I know you're not really dead. I know that you're going to come back. You're going to fuck with me, all this stuff and, and all, you know, just keeps going with it. It sets you up for what happens as these other doctors come in. They're like, hey, you know, hey, Barry, get some rest. Uh, Flash brought the body in a couple days ago. Uh, you know, go and we'll, we'll let you know if something happens. And then the one guy, this gym guy, says, you know, what a weirdo. See yeah. you, weirdo. And the girl's like weird too because she's like, hey, you know what? That he Don't be mean. He's just doing this and it's cute. I'm like, no, it isn't. If you're going with that, he's whispering to a she dead body. She talked dead bodies too, Jim. Yeah, yeah. She found her soulmate. But, but the big thing is here is that Barry left about two seconds too early because as the dead body's there, all of a sudden, Eobard, you get some speed force in his eye socket. Just a little glint, a little there. spark. It's a and it, yeah, a little spark. But yeah, you have that. Well, what happens is Barry goes off, and the whole thing about being you know late for everything—he's late for his surprise birthday party, and they are having the birthday party. And I'm telling you, this birthday party is set up. For Barry to uh, show that he's still worried and to get everybody up to speed on who is in his life. And, you know, Forrest is there. Yeah. Uh, and Forrest is talking. But it, they Joshua Williamson goes back to something that we really liked earlier in the series where he wants to show you that Barry is very distracted. And he's talking to himself. He's lost in his own mind. And how he does it again is using the flash narration boxes over top the word bubbles of whoever's talking to him. And it's really, I really good. Dig that. Actually, the way they did it the first time was good i this is great i'm telling you this is a great device to show that he's just not because it's not it's funny too he's a terrible for, friend forrest no he's awful and forrest is just talking nonsense he doesn't know what to talk i'm telling you everybody barry just keeps himself so much everybody has nothing to say to him but he keeps doing this even does it to howl later i just imagine at the one point though he has all these friends and family around him you know it's this whole surprise birthday everybody's gathered and he's like you know just thinking of all these things as people are trying to talk to him i just yeah. imagine him turn around and put I don't even know any of you people. Yeah, really. He just starts screaming at him. But yeah, as he's going, he's thinking of everything that's happened. You get a little recap of the button. You see Jay Garrick uh, being, you know, and even get uh, thrown young back into the Jay speed force. Yeah, young as hell. Sexy. He looks, looks like a lot. Here's there. the thing. I think that a lot of people would be confused. I think that uh, Carmine did that a little too much like Barry. It does look a lot like him. Now, the other thing that got me, and I know it's just wording, it just... When he says that Jay Garrett got ripped back to wherever he was being held, yeah. it kind of threw me off a little. And I'm starting to think, like, are they kind of hinting that maybe Mr. Oz has these guys, like, has Jay Garrick and he kind of broke free using the Speed Force? Because before they were just kind of lost in the Speed Force and can sense things. Like, there was no time, I don't think, that Wally said, you know, I was being held. It was more of, you know, I couldn't get a grip. I was, I was lost in the Speed, in the speed like Force before. Yeah, but it's just weird how he got ripped back to being held. I, I'm telling you, just it, it seemed like a weird wording than what we had ever been told, even as Wally had uh, kind of explained how it went down. I, right. In fact, 
I read the Rebirth issue again today, and yeah, when you had the Rebirth special, he didn't say anything of the sort. He just said he was lost. Uh, it just seemed weird, but it goes on. Forrester's still talking, and that's when well, uh, Barry starts thinking about how Bruce is upset because Thomas Wayne's final message. Uh, yeah, then he looks over at Wally, and the best part of this is as he's going down, it, it, when we get out of all these things of him talking to himself or whatever – Forrest is gone, and Singh is there now talking to him. He has missed a complete conversation. I think Forrest just was like, fuck this guy, and walked away because he looks over at Wally, and he's like, oh, he doesn't talk to me. You know, he's angry at me. Iris is my girlfriend, and, you know, I didn't tell her. All this is is recap. It's all recap for anybody. You know, like Iris, you know, he's afraid to tell Iris that he's the Flash because he wants to keep his friends and family safe because he's had his mother taken away from him, and Zoom is one of these bad motherfuckers that you know yeah. people get close to Barry they die but again then all of a sudden out of nowhere there is a kind of a dream sequence here yeah. that really has a, it threw me off I, <laughs> I wonder if some people would just jumped on and like holy oh, shit reverse flash is killing everyone it doesn't even say all it says it goes and it's so weird he's like but that isn't the only reason about telling Iris about the secret identity and stuff uh, she's the greatest woman I know and I wouldn't want to lose her and then the next uh, dot 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 Thorn. And then she's like, ah, you know, and he's always been fast, faster than Wally. And you see him kill Wally. Uh, it is crazy. And it didn't, it was a weird progression. It like happened out of nowhere. And then like, hey, he kills my family and friends. You see Singh kind of get dead. F- poor Forrest gets killed. He didn't even like, but I'm telling you, he already <laughs> left the party. And he's like, I'm powerless to stop it completely. I'm all alone. That's what he can do. And then you realize he is I just daydreaming. I think Forrest might be okay from this little daydream massacre because that, the, the fingers are only going through his shoulders. So he, his, his shoulders will be fucked up, yeah, I, but I but think he'll even be okay. Then, it's just, you get the idea, they're, they're at a birthday party, and he's daydreaming of all the people around him getting killed by <laughs> Thorn. I'm like, I you, do whenever I have you to go are to a Forrest. creep. But yeah, that's, this is where I said that. All of a sudden, he snaps out of it. Forrest is gone. Singh has been talking to him about his new house with Hartley. And you have Hartley in the back, and this is where I said, that that's the Pied Piper. If people don't yeah. know, uh, Singh has been dating the Pied Piper in, in this kind of no-no. Yeah, so uh, I don't think, though, I think everybody jumping on the Rebirth, they really have not pushed this at all. And even here, they don't really say anything about it. I think they might have spelled it. it out maybe once about, you know, the whole thing. was. I don't even know if that, maybe even the New 52, I don't even think though, it was, I don't was think talking it was about, you know, him dating a freaking you know, reformed villain or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I actually think that know, was back in the DCYOU. Was it? I don't okay. think it was in Rebirth because every time, the only other time that we've seen him, I think we've only seen him once or twice. And yeah, you're right. That time, might have been when Barry was living with Singh for a little while. Yeah, yeah. And every time it happened, we always say, you always bring it up like, huh, you know what? That is a super villain. You, you know, Barry's villain there. That you're, But they are dating. It is the Pied Piper. But he has reformed and they're dating. But uh all of this is just basically Barry being a sad sack to me and just wondering – and recap. And we're already halfway through this issue with really nothing new. Then you get his dad even. His dad shows up. And this is where I think that – They said spell something out for us. Yeah, well, here's the thing. It's such a weird progression because they're there. Sings like, oh, Barry, you don't listen to us at all. His dad shows up and says, hey – Mind if I have a word with my son? It's the first time I've been to one of his birthdays since I got out of prison. And this is where we said before in the button, they said that when Barry's mom died from uh, Reverse Flash, that it was a quote-unquote cold case, but really it wasn't. They, They basically arrested Barry's dad. This Everybody knows this, and this 
points back to that, that there wasn't a cold case. Barry's dad got arrested. Barry, at the end of the New 52 again, uh, ended up freeing his dad, proving that his dad, and in, in, we didn't understand exactly yeah. the evidence, but it was, uh, you know, pulled out. That's how Eobard got arrested, all that. So his dad is out. But the, the thing about this, it's funny because he says, can I talk to my son? I haven't had, you know, been to one of his birthdays since I got out of prison. So... Singh goes, go ahead, uh, Henry. Yeah. Maybe you'll have better luck getting Barry to open up. And then his dad, Henry, says, Barry, you okay, son? Barry walks away. <laughs> All this was to set up that he has a dad that was in prison. They, they yeah. didn't have anything for him to do because he just walks away. And the dad doesn't – Henry doesn't even react. He's looking at – he's talking to Singh and Pied Piper now. And then Barry just walks away to go talk to Iris and then Hal shows up, and I'm telling you that now we are more than halfway through the issue, <laughs> and still nothing has happened. It, it hasn't happened. I'll we tell got you, Hal, back on Earth. What are you talking it, about? Uh, yeah, but I'm saying it's okay. I don't I mind this as much as some of the other it's issues. Not we've a had. bad recap set, set up. Recap set it's up. It's all recap, though. This is, is complete. This is this issue is definitely for anybody who read the button that decided to jump on the flash after this. This is yeah. not for anybody who's been reading up until now. It's all for them but you know Hal shows up you, you have Hal with his whole classic you know he's been off uh, you know earth and stuff like that it's classic Hal he's giving he's re-gifting a uh, you know an airplane a model, model airplane yeah. I, I actually wanted Barry to say uh, I'm 29 Hal I don't I don't want this shit but he's like hey this was really good it's also funny to me because to me Barry is too nice a guy to do what he does. Like, Barry's one of those guys, you could end up giving him, re-gifting a gift and accidentally giving it back to him, and he would pretend that that model is something I, I he's always wanted. I think normally he would, but because but it's how I think he's willing to throw it, it back at him like that. because he's like, hey, uh, I liked it, especially when I gave it to you on your birthday two years ago. He's like, you really, really? You sure? He's like, yeah, I, 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 like it. I like it too, because it's one of those things where in my mind, you know, Barry originally gave this to Hal two years ago for Hal's birthday, and I'm like, this is only a problem where, like, if you like something, people are like, oh, shit, he really oh, likes this one yeah. thing, and then that's all you get for your birthday is this one yep. thing. Like, there's He's many just aspects getting piled. people. He's getting planes. Exactly. And yeah. Like, I am tw- I am thirty years old too. Why did you give me a model it is airplane? Funny. It I goes fly back, real airplanes. And then and then Barry's like, "Why didn't you make the the thing? Why didn't you do the model?" And then Barry oh, well. Hal shows back. I, I'm fucking protecting the world, you motherfucker. I was a renegade. I'm not going to fucking right. stop to make a goddamn model, you stupid asshole. It is funny that it's a model, but it's nothing. It's just a cute <laughs> little thing. Uh, but yeah, there's Hal then, and model. he wants to you know, hey, and I'm telling you, Hal looks like he wants to step in on Iris. But he's got a model for it. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> he's so stupid. Uh, but he's like, hey, you know, are you you're uh, you're uh, uh, Barry's girlfriend? You're Barry's girlfriend. I've heard a lot about you. Or she says to him, Iris says, hey, I heard a lot about you. And then all of a sudden they start fighting, and, and you know they're talking because Barry. I, I got so mad at Iris. I'm like, it's his fucking birthday. I'll yep. let this go until at least yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, and Hal's great, but here's the thing: this does uh, point out a thing that had started a little bit before the button, where she knows he has a secret. He had told her, "Hey, I can't make it to dinner at this point. I'm working late." And oh yeah, I'm he... working a case. Oh, Barry's not on that case. Yeah, and then they said, "Oh, Barry's not at the case. He has off tonight." What do you? You know, it was like one of those. What are you guys doing tonight with Barry off? Barry 
off. He said he's working late. No, no, no. He hasn't been working, but he wasn't he wasn't doing anything bad. No. He was he was the flash. He was he doing was flash stuff. And uh it led to Iris now being a little suspicious and probably thinking the worst. And they stepping you know, they, out. Stepping out. And they start to kinda, you know, argue here and Hal's like whistling, looking up and he's like, Alien invasion right now? No, please. And it's funny. Uh but yeah, this is all interrupted then by D- Denton Black multiplex showing up and i like i like multiplex i think he's cool i love the way that he's presented here uh art wise but he is kind of a goofy villain who it's doesn't really do much here danton black he's a goddamn genius right yeah. and now he's just this whole point of this is he's shown up because he had one drink with a girl yeah. and now he's a goddamn stalker you are a super villain you should not be fucking you know relegated to stalker that's what level. i'm saying it, it actually here. and i like him and I, i'm telling you the visuals of him it was like I rap think, in that, fucking, oh, that detective comics issue like they just yeah. relegate him to this fucking little bad guy that's spoiler yep. and, like, and again black's he a big also deal in my mind at one point in this he, he's obsessed and it's one of those now you have a stalker that can be a trillion guys it's you know it's a crazy deal no, but yeah there, there's this whole deal it's somebody from the lab it's yeah. probably I don't know see you didn't see that lady with the smock on before I guess it was her but yeah they, they had a date and it's just ridiculous. I actually thought it was Iris for the whole time. I thought that it was oh, something geez. that Iris had dated. I thought, Jesus Christ, she's throwing shade here. She I'm is telling the you. worst reporter ever in your yeah. mind at that yeah, point. I'm, I'm not the only one. I already heard two freaking podcasts who thought the same exact thing. Really? So, yeah, they were ridiculous doing what they did because it does look like her. Uh, very, but yeah, They have very similar outfits. I'll give that. But they like that hairstyle. Like It, it was well, not Iris to me at all. Now, here's the thing, though. The, the, problem, the one thing I like is Dan, Danton says, yeah, I had a near-death experience at I don't know that they're pointing, but he did almost get killed by Midnighter in their in their book. So the I thing don't. Is, you went that way. I went there for the uh, the Legends Tomorrow Firestorm story. That's where I went with it. Legends of Tomorrow. That thing wasn't in continuity. That's I don't know that nonsense. It, when when did that that went it went <laughs> through over into Rebirth and wasn't Rebirth branded? So I'm not going with that. Uh, but yeah, they, they it was f- Midnighter. What's that? No, Midnighter was DCYOU. Yeah. It ended then. That's continuity. That's the D- new 52. Batman the continuity Beyond ended. went beyond. So. What's that? Batman no, Beyond no. went beyond Rebirth. But yeah, basically, it's nothing, though. It doesn't matter what his no. near-death experience. Maybe he had a goddamn panic attack. Who knows? I because this, uh, and I, when I was reading this, I'm like, ooh, I can tell Jim that Legend of Tomorrow's in continuity. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't go with that. And even so, it's probably nothing. No, because probably then not. they're, just, they're just fighting him. And, and it could nothing... just be the accident that caused him to become multiplex for all yeah. we know with this. Yeah, but it, like you said, it makes him a goofball. It makes him obsessed thing. Now, when there's the tidal wave of multiplexes, it's pretty goddamn cool. Oh, yeah, uh, but it. really, that's not even resolved. You don't even – we're going to nope. have to wait for that to be resolved. And it's this is where the only team-up you get are like, the, like three pages because they're fighting multiplex. As Barry tells Wally, hey, uh, grab – grab uh, Iris and head home and when they get home they're talking about how they kept secrets and Daniel West and all my dad this and that and then they open up the door and there's reverse flash sitting there and it's like there's only one reverse flash and there he is and it and seems like it's him. Excuse me sir could you please stop spreading ego on and my again, couch I don't want to look at your yeah, balls this and entire And the thing time. is if this is the case and what we saw in the future they're framing this I, this has to be what you would think is either a good reverse flash or he's going to do something to try to make it look like he was good i don't know because he's there looking evil i think that's just for the cliffhanger i, I think do it believe, is as well yeah i do now, believe the thing it's is, gonna... when i was thinking about that whole future thing where we were going through the flash museum it's very reminiscent to a degree of like reverses flash's origin story 
because you know he saw Flash in the in the Flash Museum of his time yeah. in the 25th century, and he found out that you know he was Flash's villain, and yeah. he became that. Then maybe in this original one, like this new origin tale for him, he is actually going back to be the best ally of the Flash. Yeah, well, and it looks like that's along what the way. Yes, that's what he seems to want to be. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're like you said, they're doing a tour with somebody. It seems like somebody special or whatever yeah. because it's closed that day, uh, and they're going, and he's an ally. So when this happens, I would guess that there he's sitting there, and if that's the case, he's probably going to go and help fight. You know, multiplex. That's just a, a throwout villain. And that's the no thing. Reason. At this point, though, you know, if he came back to be the, the the partner of the Flash, this is what he's always wanted to be. And at this point in the Flash's time, where Eobard has caused so much pain and fucking suffering and fucking Barry fears the shit yeah. out of him. Maybe Barry's the one that makes him become the reverse Flash yeah. just because of where he is in his own timeline. Well, line. again, and this is where uh, even when we were talking about the Teen Titans and the uh, the uh, Lazarus contract yeah. deal where you have what appears to be when Deathstroke, the Deathstroke no more story, supposedly the, the way it's set up is that when Deathstroke says, I give up, I don't want to be Deathstroke right. anymore – uh, the world can accept that. He's still looked at as a villain, and maybe it's like that as well. Maybe, like you said, maybe Barry will never be able to accept that Reverse Flash and is... And he creates his worst yeah, villain. Like, yeah, it, it's almost like, uh, you know, the uh, the Incredibles, where you have, you know, with... Uh, what's syndrome? His name? Yeah, Syndrome. That it basically, he wants to be a buddy of him, and he, he pushes him off enough for him to be a supervillain. It may be that. And then you get the whole deal where, like we always say, Batman creates his own villains, and Flash does. And also, Flash creates a lot of issues himself yeah. through the whole universe. And yeah, you can even say that at some point, maybe if he was just a good guy to him, maybe things would have stopped. But the weird thing is, again, with time travel, you're in this weird time loop of things that happened and didn't happen, and what would change. He's time kind of out of time. And especially with a guy who now they claim is a paradox. Like, he mm -hmm. can do anything, and who knows what it would affect. So, we, we don't know. But and this could also just lead to the whole thing, too, where we we talked about when, you know, Eobard first came back, and he was talking to Barry. He's like, I remember, you know, uh, you killing me by yeah. breaking my neck and all this stuff. Maybe this will lead to him breaking his neck, and that's what he remembers yeah. from the past. Yeah, maybe. And Because I thought again, it was though, out of continuity again, for how it even if, even if you do that, but I just thought that basically the breaking neck was to show you that he remembers every timeline Everything, now yeah. and everything, and that I like that. That's the thing. Having him here this quick, especially for people where you're setting up an issue where you definitely – you're with me, right? You're definitely setting this up for new readers, people yeah, jumping definitely. on. So you have new readers that they've just read the button. They may not have read any other Flash, and then you start with Reverse Flash coming back. And they're just like, what? I just saw him die. I'm confused. You have this. See, you start working with other things after this, you're just going to confuse people more. I think that it's a really big misstep to even have him, even if it is a paradox or some other way. It's just crazy. Now, I will say one thing, though. Like, where you're thinking that, you know, having Reverse Flash here right after he died, it takes away from the death of that character and just makes it silly. But I think what he might have been going for was the shock value of, oh, my God, I just saw this character die, but he's fucking here. Holy shit. Yeah, but but if he's here, all it's going to do is confuse people because now people are going to be like, oh, well, I guess it didn't matter. Plus, we saw him die twice in that and now come back twice, and people are just going to think. Now, all of a sudden, Barry snaps his neck. I'll, I'm betting you you'll see reviews and people talking like, eh, he'll be back next issue. And yeah. that's all. Nobody – it will not – the impact's gone. 
And I, I'm telling you, having it, Dr. Manhattan, where you have Dr. Manhattan's first big, huge reveal in Rebirth, and the one act that he does pretty much wiped away in one, one page. Uh, I think it's it's ridiculous. I think that they were stupid because now people are like, man, I heard that Dr. Man. I'm telling you, I'm not talking about people who are, you know, like you, Eric, who's read comics most of their lives. I'm telling yeah. you, people who jumped in maybe just with the button or just rebirth and you see this and you go, hi, I, I heard that Dr. Manhattan was this big bad. Uh, what's going on? He must not be that bad. He can't even kill this one guy that he did. And it, it's just weird to, to go that route. I, I just think it was a misstep. I, I don't think that they should have done it, but we'll see how it wraps around. But like I said, if, if the next issue, all of a sudden he's like, I don't know what's going on. I'm fading like like freaking uh, Back to the Future. And he disappears. Right. And you're like, oh, that's because he was – other people that people that just jumped on will have no idea what's going on. Absolutely we'll, not. We'll see. And that would piss me off. I'm telling you, if you have the whole thing, even like we said, that you say he snaps his neck now and that ties around to that or whatever, now you are dealing with a lot of crazy stuff that a lot of people would get confused again. And and like I said, then they'd be like, ah, he'll come back anyway. Why would Barry be able to kill him when Dr. Manhattan... Say, that could yeah. just be... And he would come back, as we saw anyway, because he does remember that yeah. happening. It could be the old continuity anyway. I was just trying to play off some ideas yeah, going I'm just forward. Saying, I, just, I wonder why they did this, uh, especially one issue after. And, you know, in an annuals week and, you know, to catch up where yeah. a lot of people probably did just buy this issue. And then they're like, what? I, I see a lot of people like, why are, why is reverse flash here? Is this in the past? Is this this? It just, it's confusing to people, but we'll see how they, they wrap it around. I love the art in it. I thought that how being there was fun, even though we didn't get a lot of it. And even yeah. like we said, I, I, I'm throwing a lot of shade at the whole reverse flash thing. That's only the beginning and the end. Uh, I like it. Like I said, there's there's bad ways you can recap a series. This was a good way. Is a good I, I kind of liked it. Uh, still, though, if you are reading the the whole series and the button and then you go into this, this is a waste of money. It's a complete waste of money. All I have to tell you is, hey, at the end, it looks like Reverse Flash is back. That's all you need. That's all the new information you got. You didn't get anything else new in this whole thing. And so I gave it a 6-9. Actually, I gave it a 7-9. I believe because I really like the art, uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was a lot of nonsense. So that's that's really high for a lot of nonsense. Yeah, no, it, it well because it's it's not bad, but it's just it's not great. I think no, I it's, it's not great. I freaking I'll tell you, I, one thing I do love about this story, like you know, just for no reason at all, it's like the the title of the arc, the color of fear. We have Hal Jordan in here, Reverse Flash being yellow, and how like you know, fearful Barry Allen is a Reverse Flash. Come back, that's a good ass title. I yeah, like that. I do, but no, I, I like stupid. I like it. You just, <laughs> I what the it. hell? No, I just thought it was just goofy. I just and really having Hal in here, everybody's like, oh, it's great because that's the legacy and stuff. To me, it's not, and it's just Hal doesn't need to be in here. You could have Batman in there. You could have anybody. Just Hal showing up at a birthday party is fucking nonsense. With where we're seeing Hal in the other books, there's too much Agreed. shit going not, on that he just shows up. It does not line up with the, with the other books. Yeah. So, you know, you, you never know when the timelines are taking place exactly, but. I like the story for what it was, you know, even with the recap, I thought it was well done that way. And I look forward to seeing what's up with the reverse flash because it was such a weird thing. I hate it when they kill characters off like that, but now you can't play with that character anymore, but I want to see what happens from it because I give it a seven out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the art a lot. Like I said, and I, it was fun enough. That's how I gave it a little higher. Uh, but yeah, the whole reverse flash and, and really, I think I even said in my score when I did it, I can't, 
give them that many bad marks for the reverse flash because I don't know what's going on with them. Yeah. I can't because I, I could say this is a two out of ten because this is bullshit. And, and then, then the next issue, next week, yeah. he takes off his thing and it's Daniel. And I'm like, okay, well, do I have to go back? So I'm leaving that up. But yeah, really, like I said, if uh, if you are already caught up on the stuff, you don't really have to read this. I'm looking at uh, looking at the reviews. There's a lot of people lower than me. Jesus really? Christ, people. Yeah, there's one guy who's like, this is the biggest cop-out I could ever imagine. Uh, <laughs> it cheapens everything that happened in the button. That's the same thing that I thought, but they went low, like 4 out of 10. Uh, but we'll move on. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars In other words, hold my hand How's it going, Weird Science? Vermillionaire here welcoming you guys back to this week's edition of Vermillion's Visions. Um, I know I did something a little bit different last week with not going into a whole lot of detail, um, and that's going to continue this week. I normally try to do a quote-unquote indie title for this, um, but this week I'm going with a Marvel title that has been one of my absolute favorite books ever since it started, um, and it just got canceled, unfortunately, although it wasn't it wasn't sales or, uh, you know, Marvel, it wasn't bad reviews or anything like that because this book has been performing pretty well for the character that it is and actually uh, has gotten pretty pretty good reviews from everything that I've seen on it. Um, and if anybody has read my reviews on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com site or has, you know, knows any, knows much about me, you'll know that uh, the book that I'm talking about right now is Moon Knight from Marvel Comics um, by Jeff Lemire and Greg Smallwood. Um, this has been, like I said, absolutely one of my favorite titles ever since it started. Um, it just wrapped up this week with issue number 14. Um, so, like I said, I'm not going to go too in-depth here. I really want to really want you guys to read this for yourself and if I went in depth on even the first trade let alone all 14 issues this would be like probably a 45 minute to hour long segment and you guys don't want to hear me drone on and on for that long um, so I'm just going to give you guys a little bit of a of a preview of what it is and why I think you guys should pick it up because like I said I absolutely really really love this book and I think that a bunch of you guys out there in the Get Fresh crew whoop whoop would like it too. Um, so it's not really that new of a concept. Um, Moon Knight or actually Mark Spector wakes up in a mental hospital and is told that everything up until that point hasn't been real um, and that he's never been Moon Knight. There is a Moon Knight out there, but it was never him. He's been in this insane asylum his entire life. Um, that's what he's told anyway by the doctor of this insane asylum. Um, but you know, the the book is all about his his journey to find out what's real and what's not. Um, just through the first issue, you already get at the end of the first issue. He tries to escape from this insane asylum, and he o opens up the door. Uh, to run out into New York City, and New York City is not what it was. It's all co completely covered in sand. Um, there are like 
Egyptian pyramids uh, all throughout New York City, and it's just it's very trippy and very weird. Um, so like I said, it's not exactly a new concept, uh, character waking up and thinking everything has been a lie up until this point, but when it's done well, um, it's really it can be really, really good, and Jeff Lemire does this very, very well. Um, also, something that's hard to pull off is the whole concept of what Moon Knight is. He's a character with multiple personalities. We see all of them throughout this, from Mark Spector, his his birth personality, to uh, Jake Lockley, the cab driver, to Stephen Grant, the billionaire film producer. Then, of course, you have Moon Knight and uh, kind of a separate separate hero that works with the police is Mr. Knight. Um, he's not so much of a vigilante as just an investigator. Um, you see all of those as well as a callback to his to Moon Knight's very first appearance in Werewolves by Night. Uh, a new persona shows up of him um, in a in a battle on the moon. He uh, flies he flies spaceships and fights werewolves from outer space that are trying to take over Earth. Um, so that's a new a new persona that pops up and hasn't been seen before, but Throughout the series, you get a lot of in the present. Like I said, it's a very trippy story. You don't ever really know what's real and what's not. Um, so it's just trying to figure out what's real, trying to figure out who's causing all of this, um, which Egyptian god um, is causing all this, whether it's Khonshu, um, the one that gives Moon Knight his powers and resurrected him um, and made him into Moon Knight, a protector of the Travelers of the Night. Um, or if it's some other Egyptian god like Kanju tells him, you don't really know who is orchestrating everything that's going on in Mark's head, but uh, just trying to figure out that throughout the entire book, as well as getting a peek into his past. Um, so it goes back to his past a few different times to kind of show where all these different personalities were formed, as well as um, his mercenary work that led up to him meeting Frenchie, meeting his other friends. Um, if you know anything about Moon Knight's history, you'll know that Frenchie is his his driver, I guess. He drives the moon copter, um, and he's kind of like the Alfred of, of the whole team, as well as you get to see where he met Marlene, his Mark's longtime lady friend, um, and, well, on and off again lady friend, I guess I should say. Um, so you get a see a peek into where he met all these people as well as where his different personalities were formed, uh, his mercenary work, what led to him uh, at the feet of Khonshu, the Temple of Khonshu, what led to him at the feet and Khonshu resurrecting him and making him into Moon Knight. You get to see all that, um, which is which really is a lot of stuff to throw into just 14 issues, but Jeff Lemire pulls it off so seamlessly. Um, it's like I said, it's a it's a great mystery, and it's not just a mystery because he doesn't tell you things uh, the way he shows you certain things, but you can kind of tell that they aren't real. Um, shows you other things that you think are real but aren't. He uh, throws a lot out there, and it's kind of up to you to decide what's real and what's not. Um, it does end with Mark Spector finally finally at peace with his with his personalities and with himself being Moon Knight. Um, and it's a really, really good trip of how he gets there. Um, so Jeff Lemire pulls this book off really, really well. 
Um, I've been a fan of Moon Knight for a long time, um, but this this book has really catapulted him into my my absolute favorite Marvel character without a question. Um, I don't know if there will ever be another run of Moon Knight that I like as well as this one, but I really hope that Marvel decides to bring Moon Knight back with his own solo series and the quality is this high because, like I said, he's my favorite Marvel character now and I I want to see him with a good book going forward. Um, especially the, the sales on this were higher than any Moon Knight book has ever been. Um, the, it was critically acclaimed. Everybody loved this book from what I have seen and heard. Um, everybody really seemed to enjoy this book and it just came down to Jeff Lemire having a 14-issue story to tell, and that's and he told his story. He got to tell his story without having to worry about cancellations or event tie-ins or anything like that. He just got to tell his story, which is great. And another thing really, really good about this book is the art by Greg Smallwood. He's not on it the whole time. Uh, you'll notice that as it goes through different Mark Spector personalities, there are different artists drawing different personalities and because the personalities have different views of the world so the art takes some dramatic changes but it's meant to and it works with the story uh, but when Greg Smallwood is on art do telling the telling the main story of the book it is it is fantastic um there's a lot of white space on every page which I could see might throw some people off that you but he uses the negative space uh, incorporates that into the panel layouts to kind of give hints throughout the story of where the story's going, and he uses that negative space better than anybody I've ever seen. Um, just the way he'll he'll leave most of a page white and just have small panels um, showing Mark's reactions, showing what's going on, maybe showing a fight. Uh, but a lot of it is white space, but you can still easily tell within the smaller panels what's going on. Um, it's just, it's great art, and I know, Reviewer 101, but it is a perfect mesh of art and story. Um, but I really, really enjoy it. Uh, Greg Smallwood, I would love to see him on on another book like this. I don't know how how well he would do with a big team book or something like that uh, where he has to draw a lot of different characters um, but some some dark gritty story kind of like the one that's going on here um, the mind-bending aspect he's really good at that but another dark gritty story whether that's for Marvel for one of their characters whether it's back on Moon Knight in a, in a year or two and if they decide to bring him back or whether that's for another company on a book kind of like this I think Greg Smallwood would do really well um, so like I said, this was a 14-issue series um, that just wrapped up this week. Um, it was a great wrap-up. You'll, you'll see my review on WeirdScienceDCComics.com uh, tomorrow for the Marvel Mondays, or if you're listening to this in the future, I guess it would have went up on Monday. Uh, but So if you want to check out more in-depth for the entire series, you can go check those out there. I've reviewed... I started at issue four, um, but the first three issues, I, I, I give a catch-up at the beginning of my review for issue four. So if you want more in-depth, you can check those out there. Otherwise, I, I really, really recommend that you guys pick this up. Um, I know the it gets expensive buying trades and everything, but uh, maybe 
you'll find this in the dollar bin at a local comic book store or anything like that. If you find this series by by Jeff Lemire and Greg Smallwood, I highly recommend that you pick it up because I think it, it's it's a quality book that any fan of comics, whatever kind of comics you you normally like, uh, you'll like this book. Um, just just the way it's told, fantastic storytelling, fantastic art. I think this is a good comic for anybody to read. Um, whether you're a new reader, experienced reader, anything, I think it's really a comic for everyone. Um, so I usually give a score for a trade at the end of my reviews. Um, so if I had to give a score for this entire 14-issue run, it would have to be around a 9.5 to 9.7. I won't say it was a perfect, perfect run by any means because... You know, no entire run can be perfect. No comic book can be truly perfect. Um, but I did give it a couple 10 out of 10s just for how much fun I had reading it, how interesting it was throughout the series. There were a couple times I would give it a 10 out of 10. But the entire series as a whole, I would have to say, is easily a 9.5, maybe even a 9.7 um, could go that high with it. So, like I said, I really, really enjoy it. Uh, but that brings me to the end of this week's Vermillion's Visions. Uh, so you guys can follow me on Twitter, at Vermillionaire3. Um, but otherwise, I'm going to send it back to Jim and Eric. At night when the stars light up my phone I sit by myself talking to the say it is mail with eric anymore because everybody wants to know what's on america's sweetheart's mind they they want to know all of what's going on with america's sweetheart and his movie uh loving self uh any movies there because we are doing this mail section on sunday uh we've had a reprieve gone to bed done a new 52 review podcast and now we're back to the mail have you watched any movies today i watched a movie as soon as we got done last night and you know what i have no idea what it was anymore I watched a lot of uh, South I, Park. Is what thing I is, I you know what? I watched a movie and then I started watching Dead Silence, which is a movie I think came out like 2007. It's not very good, but I started watching it again a little bit this morning because I went to bed. But I have no idea what the fuck I watched before that. Like yeah. after, I was in a haze when we got done last yeah, night. Yeah, I was, I was pretty tired. And I didn't want to go to bed, but I like you know I wasn't really paying attention to anything around me. 
Yes, uh, we actually left. It was a little too late to go get fast food. Uh, we found that out because we left to go get fast food, Eric. And I, I dawdled around too much, and most of the places had closed at 1. It was way past that when we went. And, yeah, we didn't get any of that. Came home. I made a sandwich for me and Rafe. By that uh, point, Logan had fallen asleep because he will not eat any bread unless it's toasted. And still, even at that point, he gets upset, and he decided that it was not uh, worth the wait to toast any bread. And Jesus he Christ. Yeah, he fell asleep, I and ju- me and Rafe had sandwiches. So. I just remember what I watched last night. It was Boogie Man 3, and what a piece of garbage that oh, was. Boogie Man Three. There was a movie that I was going to ask you about, and I I can't remember what it was called. It's a Nick Cage movie. I'm going to try to find it really quick. And I didn't know if you. It's Top Gun Two. It's basically what everybody claims it is. And I cannot find it. Uh, Colonel something's mandolin. No, it's like something like Fury. Fury Row. I don't know what it's called. I'm trying to nope, look. I'm saying I have uh, not seen it. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Basically, people were really upset about this movie. Uh, because I think maybe it's Dead. I'm looking at. It actually, goes way eight back. millimeter. Uh, it might be. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at a steel. I don't see it. Time to kill Wild at Heart. Maybe no Firebirds. Eric, have you ever uh, seen? No, I've not watched Firebirds. Fire. Birds. I don't even know why I, I went down this hole to talk about Firebirds, but when it came out, I just saw somebody like, you want to see Top Gun 2? You should watch this. And it's actually elite Apache helicopter pilots are tasked with destroying powerful armed drug cartels operating in South America. It says, a rousing rock'em sock'em aerial adventure. Somebody says, are you with me? It has like Sean Air Young the movie? in it. It actually has Danny Glover, it looks like. Or maybe not. Maybe that was uh, some other movie. It has Nicolas Cage, Tommy Lee Jones, Sean Young. Right there. Huh? Pretty good, right? Yeah. And Marshall R. Teague. Uh, oh, Marshall R. Teague? Yeah, Marshall R. Teague. The first review on IMDb says... Top Gun 2. <laughs> People really were throwing a lot of crap at this movie. Oh, with helicopters. It. Yeah, with helicopters. I, I think I'm going to try to watch this at some point. It sounds a lot of fun. Uh, but, Eric, that's not what we're here to talk not about. Obviously, we might get to you talking about movies because the first email is from Ben, who nope. started all of this trouble in the first place. Eric. <laughs> ben opened his mouth, and all of a sudden, everybody wants to know what America's Sweetheart thinks. Is a movie a good movie or not? That's basically all it is. Is yeah. Hey, does Eric think this is good or not? In the Thumbs meantime, up. everything that Eric reviews is skewed towards the good, especially in moviedom. You you like a lot. I of don't know movies. because I'm telling you, I watch a lot of shitty movies that I hate, and I actually go back and wa- rewatch them, knowing that I hate them. Yeah, but I, I'm saying um, we'll we'll hear we'll see this like Reanimator. I'm telling you, Reanimator, you love it, and it's not a great movie. I'm How telling you, this sir. is your thing. Is there is a, a a level where every movie gets to at some point? Like this, the Reanimator you say is great is almost like you say when people say it's a ten out of ten. Because then what do you say The Godfather Two is? You've already said great for Reanimator. I don't think there is an accolade that you can go up with uh, Godfather Two then from a great Reanimator. I'd rather watch Reanimator personally. Yeah, I know you would. I'm not saying – this isn't where I said before where if we reviewed stuff and you had the extra fun factor involved, I'm saying as a cinematic piece of art, I don't think Reanimator is a better movie. But you've you've put yourself – everything is great to you when you get to these things. But here we go. I wonder what movie 
Ben will throw out this week because he says, hey, Jim, and he may not. Hey, Jim Aragon. Of course, Ben is from Nerd Church Radio Podcast, so go and listen to him as well. And I'm going to write into him and, and bother him with movie fucking questions. How about <laughs> that? <laughs> hey, Jim Aragon, the rest of the Get Fresh crew. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get him a message from him. He's going to be like, please, please ask me that because uh, – but I don't like movies like you guys. I, I nope. am not a – I can't say I'm a movie lover. I do like pop culture involving movies but yeah i would not even off the top of my head be able to name a movie where i would think hey do you think this is a shitty movie or a not shitty movie because you know what i think for myself eric boom <laughs> now unlike you as well everybody wants to know everybody wants to know what eric shea thinks not me do i, I ever think walk... more of it is like you know they want to know so like when they hear the answer oh fuck this guy what a I, piece I, of well, shit what again a it's it's one or the other it's the oh man he thinks the same as me and you feel better we God, said when we review it. comics a lot of people go to see a comic review just hoping to you know solidify their idea yeah. that somebody else has and, and go with the flock eric. hey jim eric and the rest of the kept fresh crew boop, boop. First off, and I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at you or Ben or anybody else, or maybe I am. First off, I would be remiss if I didn't discuss the Reanimator incident for my last email. <laughs> I called Reanimator a shitty horror movie. I think I was phrasing, uh, the phrasing may have been way off. I don't think it was. Reanimator is definitely one of my favorite horror flicks. Jeffrey Combs played the mad scientist very well in the movie, which totally sold it. What's that? Herbert West. But after hearing Eric's response to my email, I went back and rewatched Reanimator to see if I'd remembered this movie wrong. Maybe what I should have said instead of shitty horror movie was, "What is your favorite horror movie with cheesy visual effects?" You're they, gonna they get mad great again. Visual effects in that I, movie. I'm telling you, this is the thing that I said to you the one day. I said, "Yeah, I was talking about trying to get my kids to watch uh, Nightmare on Elm Street," and I said, "When we went, when Freddy goes through the uh, the cell." The, the fucking bars. I'm like, yeah, it's the worst. And you're like, no way. It's awesome. And I, we talked about I this movie earlier. I thought it still kind of holds up a bit. I'm telling you, you didn't mention that earlier in the podcast when you did bring that up. You were talking about the scene on the ceiling. I, I'm telling you, it just looks bad. I'm telling you, that bad. scene too where freaking you see that like that guy, like the face and the hand stretch out and the wall over top of Nancy mm -hmm. right there. Um, yeah. That Classic is still, scene. That is still hold up. And the thing is. That looks better than the CGI fucking, like, in the remake yeah. of the fucking movie. Well, and that was just effects. a rubber wall where somebody poked yeah. their fucking head and hands yeah. through. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it looks almost animated or CGI because it looks so odd, but it looks well, so and, goddamn and good. Well, and again, we're going to have to preface all this and tell Ben that, number one, you are a practical effect man. Oh, yeah. If anything is done practical effect, especially now, you will really give it a pass. Like, you yeah, actually... To a degree, I'm telling you, because even in Freddy vs. Jason, let's say the... um. Oh, what the hell is the movie? Oh, the Hatchet series that freaking Adam Green does where he tried to bring back all the practical yeah. stuff. It is so over the top, though, because okay. he's doing this. Like, where you see the blood gushing out and the freaking air pushing it out, it is so overdone that well, it just that, looks yeah, silly, though. But I'm telling you, if you go back to an 80s movie with practical effects, uh, more than likely, all of it looks dated. It's just, it oh, is. Yeah. It's dated like the whole now. Thing when, uh, but you, know, you will overlook that. Terminator is fucking yeah. pulling his eyelid out, and you see yeah. that fake head. I'm like, it looks so bad now. Yeah, but I I'm telling you, even the, 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 you know what a big one is, too, is when Arnold takes off the fat lady mask type deal. In, oh, yeah, uh, that does not hold up. In Total Recall, it looks terrible. But you tend to, when we talk about these things, you tend to let it pass a little because it was the, you know, the sign of the times kind At of. At the time, it looked great. It. 
Yeah, Ted. Now you look at it, and it's like so awful. Like, what was I, I wrong love, with me back then? I love the lane. Well, it's like everything. I look at the Atari twenty six hundred things. I'm like, how could I have thought that this <laughs> combat involved anything but a dot shooting dots? But uh, like the time when a zombified cat leapt towards the camera, and it was very apparent that the cat was actually a plush doll with fake blood all that over. That was hilarious, it. though. Yes. See, there you go. You you always want to love it. You you always want to think back and like you do take into you know that the time you're like yeah. oh man and you know you have fun with it that's all you're a guy who loves it's a grown man acting with a goddamn cat that he's acting like it's attacking yeah. him and he's terrified of it it's just, it's so over the top though it is funny to watch yeah, but like you can take it. some fun away from it yeah anyway i fear that if i keep talking about reanimator eric will reanimate some corpses and send them after me so i'll move on since we're on the no, topic fuck of that shit. Movies, I'm the de-animator you keep talking Ooh, about this shit. Since we t- we're on the topic of shitty movies, let's talk about Big Trouble in Little China. What a piece of shit. That's what he said. What a piece of shit, Eric. Huh? <laughs> no. He, yeah, he says no, no. I'm actually kidding. Oh, I was Jesus just Christ. trying to rile Eric's feathers again. I actually have never seen the movie. That's even worse. Well, I know you were going to say that. I'm like, oh, no, Ben, don't go down there. He says he's never seen it front to back, so I can't really say one way or the other. Now you're making Eric Shea feel very old. because It's this, one of the best Kurt Russell roles. I'm telling you, this is one of the things in your mind. There are certain things that everybody should have seen, and that's one of them for you. I, I may not agree. I love the movie. Me and you both love Big Trouble in Little China. I can watch it all the time. My son, Ethan, a huge fan. Huge fan of that, and I could sit there and watch it. Me I had plans on writing the sequel at one point in my life. Yeah. Big Trouble in the Big Easy with zombies. Yeah, you, you had plans, all right. Anyway, not much to talk about with books this week, so I'll keep that bit short. Trinity was decent. No. Wonder Woman was kind of fun. And also a bit pointless. Yes. Ding. Yeah. Where's, where's my ding? I, I need the ding, Eric. Here we go. That was... There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, he says, uh, wait, I'm, now I'm uh, all over the place. I was not a fan. See what happens when I try to add a ding. <laughs> I was not a fan of Teen Titans, and I'm happy the story arc is over. I agree. I he was well. not a fan either. And I'm pissed that Reverse Flash showed up uh, back in the Flash, but the rest of the issue was kind of fun. I agree with that completely. Uh, okay, that's it. Have a good week, guys. Keep it weird. And that's Ben from Nerd Church Radio Podcast. Thank, Thank you, ben. ben. Hey, Ben, get your life right. Go watch some movies. He should. I'm telling you, at one point... You sh- we should just have a segment in the uh, podcast that we're just going to label movies, like the top ten movies that everybody who listens to you our podcast now. you think Ben's watched now. Lost Boys? No. No, I don't ah. think he has. Uh, I bet you he's watched Goonies, but hasn't watched Monster Squad, which is a big Oh, go watch pod. Monster Squad. Monster uh, pr- I'm telling you, we should have – each of us should pick ten different movies, though. We can't you know, overlap. So I was actually thinking about get watching t- Monster Squad when we yeah, get done well, this. No, I, I think we should have the 20 movies between us, maybe and get Reggie involved, that you must watch if you listen to our podcast. Because we said this at the beginning when we first started. We have a lot of fucking references from these goddamn movies that well, I don't think any. I mean, just the, half the time within Famous, people are probably in like, famous. nobody you know, knows Three famous? Amigos anymore. No, nobody's seen Three Amigos, so they're like, or we the say the jig is up talk. and gone. History of the yeah, World Part History One. History of the World Part One is the jig is up and gone. We, we Excuse me, while whip time. this out. Even when I say, I that. actually lead you into that 
half the time just to hear you say it. It's so good. Oh, it is. It is. And yeah, there's a lot of, uh, it's like when I say uh, death by stereo. I say that three times an episode, right? I don't think so. I don't. I know. But get off my plane. Get off my plane, we say a lot. And uh, how about if I say, I don't need a car. I already have a Mercedes. What would that be from, Eric? Do you remember? No, that is from that. License to Drive. Because okay. uh, Corey was talking yeah. about Mercedes, who happened to be Heather Graham, Eric, sure in one was. of her first roles. Uh, I, I recently watched Twins with Danny DeVito and uh, Arnold, and I didn't realize that when they had the scene where the mother of them, the Arnold and, and Danny DeVito's mother, mm-hmm. was getting together for that picture – that was Heather Graham, and she was very young at that point to be actually considered yeah. the mother. I think that some people might have been arrested, even though I guess it was artificial insemination. They kind of made the milkshake. Remember Danny yeah, DeVito? Like, in my That's mind, she's still not milkshake. old enough to consent to shit like that. Yeah, I think she was like 15. It was She was really young. I'd have to really look, but she was young. Uh, he then says, with annuals week, wait, 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 I, I'm going too far ahead. See, this is what happens. We, we get on a tangent, Eric, and I, I completely lose and I, I buried the lead because we have an email now to end the emails of the night. Brett. Brett is back, and of course, Brett's back, so I've got to queue up goddamn sound effects because he, he can't just have a regular Brett's email. Back Eric. When he comes back, you think he'd kind of come back, you know, ease himself in. He says, What's up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, Craig? And that other bag of donkey tits throwing shade. I only have one thing to say. I am back. And... Hello, motherfucker. There you go. Up, Seamless. Brett? Seamless, Eric. With annuals week, though he says annuals week, which I think uh. he meant on purpose. But I, I'm not that kind of guy. Uh, I thought I would share the best damn pull list out there. Mine. The mail has been light these past few weeks. One mail, a section. Eric must be loving that. Eric, have you been loving that? Yeah, to a degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he says, here's his poll ready. Number one, Flash at $6. He does go with me like the five ninety eight. Says why? Because he's the shit, Eric. He messes everything up. Oh. Flash is involved in so much shit, he would need adult diapers. For Pete's peepers, he's basically helped create all the problems in the DCU. And then he fixes them to the degree and messes them up again. He's kind of a big deal. Now for a side topic, but related. Now you say all that, Brett, and I don't agree that this book is worthy of a poll list. I, I think it's pretty much uh, probably a little below average to me the whole run of flash and whenever they're going to do anything important it seems that you get a crossover or a uh, goddamn event that they will fully explain anyway so i'll just tune in then if if it was me and the flash second favorite character i don't like what joshua williamson is doing with him at all i did have a little more fun this week but he's still a mope he just mopes around he really does it's just nonsense but the button regardless of what some of the get fresh crew says was a good story to read. Do you agree with that, Eric? No, no, I thought no, it was I pretty either. much nonsense. I understand we got no answers, and that pissed me off too. I expected something other than a blue hand, but as a four-shot story, it was fun and had kick-ass art. We got Easter eggs galore. That infuriated me even more when we did. Yeah, there was answers. no reason for that. A cosmic treadmill we haven't seen in forever. We saw it, you know, it didn't do anything. No. And it's gone. Flash and then it Flashpoint, apart. which I didn't need. Twice. Thomas, which I didn't need. And Bruce fighting side by side with Thomas, which was okay. 
Speed Force, Reverse Flash, Saturn Girl, which you got nothing. Johnny Thunder, which you got nothing. Jay Garrick, which you got nothing. nothing and we yeah. find out that Tim was probably in it as well. No, he didn't. They were fast-paced and easy to read. Yeah, they didn't let that Tim out, so that's not included. Now, yes, the story took us nowhere. We really didn't progress much, and we got no answers. But that still didn't stop, doesn't stop something from being a fun read with good art. I didn't think it was fun. I really and didn't. I didn't care I for half the arcs. I'm not a big fan was, of Howard yeah. Porter. I like Howard Porter. I like the art a lot. I thought the whole story was infuriating. Uh, a lot of it was just catch up from each issue. You had one issue, then the next issue was half catch up for that, and then one little bit. Basically, you had one big, you know, point of each. Oh, Thomas Wayne. Then the next one. Oh, Jay Garrick. But you never resolved anything. And the whole Flashpoint thing is a bunch of goddamn nonsense, Brett, because it doesn't make sense. And even so, it didn't do anything. And yes, again, I so uh, I say I too wanted answers, but it was the best damn crossover event we've had through Rebirth so far, and that's just again is that the tallest midget in the circus Seriously. because that's basically the less uh, awful taste. I, I don't know. Piece I think Reborn was a better crossover. I liked Reborn better, and we did get some answers, and it kind of made sense, but. Yeah, no, I would it didn't say the make reborn. a lot of sense, but it did give us one. No, Superman I'm saying it made freaking... sense why they did it. They, yeah. you know, they had reborn because they were trying to fix something that we didn't enjoy to Superman. Uh, the button was only a money grab. That's all it was. It was somebody. It was to keep you kind of anticipating some more answers down the line. It was only a setup, and it was a it money. Was a waitress grab. coming over giving you free bread, but still not taking your goddamn order? Yeah, that bitch or dude. <laughs> no doubt. Reborn just explained I said waitress. Uh, yes. Uh, Reborn just explained everything away with Magic and Justice League versus Suicide Squad was pure setup for a JLA. So that was bad an event. I'd rather watch Reanimator. What's that? That was an event. Yeah, but he'd rather watch Reanimator. He said crossover slash event. Oh, okay. So he's talking about both. So here are some examples of movies that were just fun, but the plot, story, and even acting to agree were utter shit. But we still come back for more. We still watch even though we don't understand the damn thing and get nothing explained. Same idea as the crossover. He says, I know I'm not going to agree with these. Almost every goddamn horror flick Eric Stray loves. And that's the problem. Uh, you're wrong. Because if, if he can explain at least th the stories within themselves do try to explain things. And so, Eric, you would you like him that way, right? If it's just complete nonsense, you will throw shade at it. Oh, I definitely and will. He says, to be honest, I love some of these too. Now, he says they're so – now, again, you are throwing out this thing. They're so bad, they're good. You just told me that the fucking button was great and with great art and fun. It just didn't give you answers. That's not the same as Plan 9 from Outer Space Absolutely that you're going to say. Uh, I'll tell you, you want to talk about that? And Ocenti's Catwoman is right there. It's yeah. so bad that no, I had I a lot of fun that. with that was, it. That was torture. What's that? Oh, I can't I go with that. That was torture. Katana. How about Katana? That was so good. That, that was all torture as well. They're so bad, they're good, like the Howling 2. Uh, the Howling 2 is so goddamn yeah, bad. But, I don't even enjoy watching that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I have never watched it. So there you go. Or Plan 9 from Outer Space. It's garbage. And I'm telling you, this whole thing with Plan 9 from Outer Space and the next one, he says, it's a bunch of garbage. And if there was no internet now, these things would have fucking faded away. Everybody likes to say Trolls 2 is the next one, he says. It's a fucking awful movie. It would have faded away. It's just that people want to, oh, look, I watched Trolls 2 because it's so bad. It's not good. It's not the button. The button is supposed to be a good movie. Trolls 2 is fucking, there's no trolls in it, Eric. <sighs> no, the goblins. Yeah. Bride of, Ch Bride of Chucky. Well, how about I don't that, like that movie. Maximum Overdrive. It's horrible. 
It's fucking I, terrible. Freddy versus know. Jason. I like aspects of that. Max How about Freddy versus soundtrack. Jason? Freddy versus Jason. I hate that fucking movie. Yeah, I mean, he's saying that it, these are things that we enjoy. I didn't like anyone on there. I hate them all. Uh, how about Roadhouse, a bouncer, pacifist, philosopher? Come on, man, but when this shit comes on, I'll watch it. You know what? You're alone. Uh, people might say it. That movie fucking sucks. I tried Tony, to go back and watch it. I haven't it. watched Roadhouse in probably 20 years now, and I don't yeah. think I ever will no. again. This this is not the same as, as these because, yeah, I think that Brett thought that we'd be a big fan of Roadhouse. I fucking hate it. Uh, it it's just nonsense. I'd rather watch uh, Stone Cold. Yeah, I would too. I like that movie. Maybe he should have thrown that out because Roadhouse, <laughs> you, you go fucking almost an hour before he fucking, you know, roundhouse kicks anybody. And then again, and the whole thing is, you know, just because it's on Family Guy, I'm telling you, that Family Guy little bit probably got everybody to go rewatch it. It's terrible. It's terrible. And God damn it, uh, Patrick Swayze, a gem, Eric. That's probably my least favorite movie with him. Uh, he says, third, let's go Sharknado. Sharknado. Sharknado, I finally just watched this, I think, last year, maybe. And it's this one of those things I just watched because everybody talked about it. I will never watch them again. And then he says, or Cobra with Stallone. I haven't watched Cobra in probably yeah. 25 years. I don't years. like it. Or even Commando. I do like Commando. So there I just watched one. Commando the other day. I didn't do enjoy yeah, that. Commando or Cobra all the time. But give me a break. It's a shit sandwich. I don't think Commando's a shit sandwich. <laughs> it's fun. But uh, just like the over the top. But here's the thing. Commando sets up a, th- a story and you get answers. Yeah. Chenny. If you hurt her, I'll kill you. There, and he gets Chenny. Eric at the end, right? Remember how I told you I'd kill you last? I lied. I lied. See? There you go. Answers. Just like over the top with Stallone, uh, arm wrestling truck driver works out while driving his truck down the road. What the hell is that? But I'll watch it. I I won't. Uh, We make a lot of fun. I've watched over the top within the past few years. I've seen it, but I'm never seeking that out. I just watched a movie yesterday, which I consider the new over the top, which is Real Steel with Hugh Jackman, which I actually really love. I don't know if I call it a guilty pleasure because I don't know if I feel guilty about it, but it's one of those movies that nobody ever talks about. It was a really good movie. Yeah, you like that. Uh, Again, though, these movies have answers within the movies. It was formulaic as fuck, but I enjoyed it. And then he says he'll watch it every time. But, yeah, if we have our top ten movies that you have to watch uh, to enjoy our podcast, none of the ones he's mentioned no. so far will be on them. Uh, I love this movie so much I could watch it all over. But Rocky Four, really? The plot, the story ends the damn Cold War by beating the Russian Ivan Drago and telling everybody to change. I could watch it right now, but its plot and story are awful. I like it. I do I like, like it. it, and within that Rocky deal, it's believable to me. Yeah. <laughs> he can I, stop. Like, it, go, it goes over the top at that point, but it does further the story and stay in, within the yeah. continuity of it where they kill Apollo yeah. Creed yeah. and even leads into the fucking Creed series That's now. That's what I'm saying. And then he says, how about Highlander 2, The Quickening? God, I love that the movie, but garbage. so many goddamn plot holes, it's not even funny. It even has Sean Connery. I tried watching that one time with my buddy Brett. I never watched it. I can't the Highlander, it. you know, the freaking immortals, they're now aliens. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't watch that movie. Uh, so I, is that he proving so his bad point? Cut it out of continuity. Is he proving his point so far? No. Number six, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two: Secret of the Ooze. I love this shit show. I'd still watch it. A super juiced uh, a shredder and fucking vanilla ice. Vanilla Ice, Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. Terrible. Uh, what'd you think of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Eric? I love Turtles 2. I had a great time. I watched that in the theater when it came out, and I'm like, I still enjoy that movie. It's like, you know, it's it's better than part three. Like, how, many part times three do you, yeah, how many times do you think you've seen it? Uh, probably about eight times. Okay, that's eight more than I have. 
I have yeah. never watched that movie ever. I never will. Uh, point is, I love and will watch these movies, but the plot sucks. The stories are terrible, but they are just fun. Just like the button. The, the button. The, here's the thing. It's, it's a different thing. This is a, a big thing that DC pushed. You can't tell me that something in a comic or a story, a plot sucks, the stories are terrible, but just because they're fun, that wasn't the button. The button was not that much fun. You had basically Batman going and being told by his dad not to be Batman. That's not fun to me. Was that fun to you? No. You had Reverse Flash come and rip up the goddamn letter from Flashpoint, which I almost had a tear in my eye. When that happened, you have a poor guy getting killed on the rink. The guy on the ice, dying on the ice, Eric. Poor Taylor. <laughs> poor Taylor. It didn't even make sense that Schuster killed him. Uh, and then you had Jay Garrett come back and get sucked back with, with nothing. And then I'm telling you, even going forward to this week, you get the whole thing. And Brett even was like, I know that Reverse, he's the one. He, I know Reverse Flash isn't going to be dead. He can't be dead. He can't be dead. Well, that throws everything out that we just saw any sort of importance to it in my mind. Uh, but he says, that's why it won't get 8s, 9s, or 10s from me. But the button arc is a whole probably a 7 to 7.5. It could have been higher with some answers. I think I probably ended up, I was in with the hype at first. I'd probably go a 6.5. Probably I'd probably go lower than that. Uh, really? Uh, anyway, back to my pull list. The Flash's stories could be better. J-Dub is average, and I really am not a fan of the cartoony art style. <laughs> this is like, he's like, I really hate it, but I, I like it. But when in Rome... It's a great freaking band. I promise. I hate when in Rome. Uh, so Flash at 598. Now his next one is Batman at 598. He says, why? He says, hell yeah. Tom King is an absolute gem, Jim. Just a gem. He's truly outrageous. Truly, truly, truly outrageous. Jim, speaking of Jim, King needs to bring back those hologram masks like in Snyder's Court of the Owls run. They'll never do that. And I have completely given up on Tom King. I really have. So I, I, I really don't. I, I can't say that. I'm still optimistic about the War of Jokes and Riddles, but everything we've gotten after uh, I Am Gotham has just been terrible in my mind. And, I'm just, and even just, uh, and you know, it, it's even besides the writing, but all this writing, he writes these things and he's like one of these guys who just seems to be able to throw anything out that he wants and, and all you'll get from it is, just wait, he'll tie it up and I've already seen him not. You yeah. know, even, I'm telling you, even the things that I didn't read the Vision series, but I saw people talking in the Slack chat and they were like, oh man, King's Vision is great. And you hear this all the time. But when somebody went to uh, read it, they're like, oh man, the narration seems like it's somebody or something important. And I saw like Brandon or somebody go, yeah, that really wasn't tied up well. So, uh, you know what I mean? Like There's the ending never... of Omega Man, I thought, I didn't Ome like Omega Man, but yeah, I expected and, something from the yeah, ending and there was nothing there. We talked about that, I think, even earlier tonight or whatever, uh, but it, it was one of those where people were like, oh, you have to give them a break. It kind of ended. They made it end because of uh, Rebirth starting or whatever. You still can tie up things. It's your story. Just tie it up. Uh, but yeah, and I love the I Am Gotham. I was all in. That scene when everybody was like, oh, Tom King, maybe this isn't his character. Then you got the I Am Suicide. That went uh, nowhere. Which was never garbage. tied anything up. Then you never got made the any I sense. Am Bane, which again, people were like, oh, this isn't good. I I'm telling you, I rated those higher than a lot of people. And these same motherfuckers then go and get this Batman 23. Out of nowhere, the guy's a champ. Out of nowhere, the, the same people were giving the guy six fives, all of a sudden give 110, and now they don't want to say anything bad. It's like he's brainwashed people. And then you have the button story, which he only really re wrote one script to. Yeah. 
and people are like, the, all of a sudden, it seems and that like was this, fucking full of I'm telling you, this button seems to have fucking brainwashed everyone. They fucking got a mind wipe. They don't remember all of the things. We sat there with that I Am Suicide, and we were so into Tom King and so into that, man, this guy shows you little minuscule things that tie in. We fucking went through those issues oh with God. a goddamn fine-tooth comb, only to look like a bunch of fucking retards. I fucking waste. I want my fucking three days worth of fucking time that I spent seeing if fucking Batman was using his right or left hand. <laughs> Saying, oh, Eric, look, he used his left hand. And they pointed out that Punch was left handed. name is spelled wrong. Wesker's uh, name is Yeah, and we're like, wrong. ooh, that means that they're pointing out that it's not them. And then we'll have this. And maybe Wesker actually isn't there. Or maybe this is, you know, you Bronze have a. Uh, Tiger's addiction. You have Bronze Tiger. Nowhere. And Bronze Tiger, he has kind of the same build as Batman. Maybe he's disguising himself because we see Batman's in the goddamn vent right above Bane. Next thing, all he does is backtrack fucking all the way so that he can loop around and fight everybody again to get to Bane, to let Bane beat the shit out of him, and then for him to give a wink, wink, nod, nod to Catwoman, who then breaks Bane's back. Bane is, you know, I know he's not on Venom at the time, Still a big dude. He's nude, sitting on a goddamn fucking crown of goddamn skulls. Where Hugo Strange sitting nude. I'm like, why is everybody just sitting around? And also, again, where is this whole thing of the, you know, there's also the tie-in to the Monster Man thing, where where you had Hugo had psychopirate, exchanged it with Bane to get this venom. Where the fuck did that all lead to? God damn it, Eric. All that, and yeah, you can say, well, that's more Steve Orlando's thing, but it still was set up in the Batman book. I don't even know. You had the whole Amanda Waller who had uh, Wesker and fucking, or yeah, not Wesker, had uh, Psycho Pirate and, uh, what's his name, Hugo, and, and never really had to do anything about that. Why did she have Hugo Strange and Psycho Pirate and just let them out with these people to get killed? She set up a whole fucking squad to get killed. Nonsense, Eric. Nonsense. Ay, ay, ay. He says, anyway, now I'm tired. But in all seriousness, it's the best Bruce Wayne as Batman book we have right now. Again, I, I'm not going to base my pull Tell list. Us midget and circus. Yeah, I'm not going to base my pull list on it's the the best of the shit. I, I hate to say it. I, I told you my pull list earlier. I don't have Batman on. I don't have a Batman book. And it does kill me because it should be big. But it's just... I read it, and I'm uh, half the time I'm bored, and the other half I'm waiting for answers we never get. Tell, I, I would love. I'm telling you, I'm gonna make a machine. I'm gonna stop now. I'm gonna uh, Kickstarter. I'm starting right now. Jim is gonna make his alternate timeline machine, and I'm gonna go back, and I'm just gonna switch names. I'm gonna switch Tom King, put that on the fucking Justice League book, and, and no different in writing, just the name. And then I'm gonna put fucking uh, you know Brian Hitch. On the Batman book, and we'll see if the fucking scores still jive of what they are. Because I'm telling you, everybody's so into Tom King, they're giving him a, a fucking benefit of the doubt. <sighs> Calm down, Eric. Calm down, you. I'm trying. I'm sorry. Yes, even better than All Star Batman. I am a roller coaster ride of emotions. You are. Where? <laughs> where's Mail Robot when I need him? I don't need to see any more about Bruce's mommy and daddy issues. But that's what we're getting now. Fucking Brett, you told me that this was going to be the best thing. 
but I can dig some more Tom King Batman. But that's all you're going to get is daddy issues. Now it's daddy issues of, he didn't want me to be Batman. Woe is me. I guess I, you know, I'm doing something wrong. It's great, too, that Thomas Wayne says, listen, don't be Batman. You know, do this. Raise your kid or whatever. But has no idea what the regular Earth that Bruce comes from. So basically, he's sentencing so many people to die for just yeah. saying that. It's nonsense. You know, sit and talk to him a bit. Like, hey, yeah, I know you're being Batman. You don't have to avenge our death. Listen, Dad, I just talked to a dead, you know, my dead mommy in I heaven. I just talked to mom in heaven. No, right? I just talked to mom in heaven and told her that it wasn't just about that, that I realize now I have to be this, you know, beacon of hope and help people because I want to do the right thing. <sighs> You think Wonder Woman, you think Apollo is going to say, hey, by the way, Wonder Woman, I see you saving all these people. Fuck that. Think for yourself. It's basically the most selfish thing that Thomas Wayne could ever say in a way that he's trying to be unselfish. It's supposed to be unselfish, but it's selfish now. He's in. He's fucking in the, the shit. He's a, he wants him to be a quitter. It's Greg Rocca. It's like Greg Rucka. Somebody said, fucking Greg Rucka went to Flashpoint. His fucking dad said, listen, don't write Wonder Woman. He's like, you're right. I quit, dad. Everybody fucking flips a lid. Everyone wants to be the world's greatest detective, Eric. Well, listen up, guys. He has not been the world's greatest detective for a long-ass time. And yes, I know. That's the problem. Make him that. So long, I feel like he's losing the title of world's greatest detective anyway. Tell me something he's done lately that was fucking mind-blowingly amazing. This is the problem. You're, you're telling me you're, you're telling me exactly my problem. It isn't been mind-blowingly amazing. It sucks. It doesn't suck, but still, you, you want him to, I want him to be a detective as well. It's so bad that people jump on a fucking uh, thing in that Batman 23 that is so laid out towards the end that they think that that was great detective work. My wife watches CSI, Eric. I know great detective work. That, <laughs> sir, was not great detective work. I've never watched those stories. I only know you have a mystery, you start at the end and work backwards, Eric. That's how you do it. Bubblegum rafts, butt head, uh, headbutts to the face. The league doesn't exist. He's clever at times with nothing more. It, this is the problem. <sighs> Damn, he's like zero for 12 right now and needs to take a page from Mystery Inc. How many of his villains know his identity break into the Batcave regularly? Why is this on his pull list? I don't know. If Gotham was Cleveland, Batman would be the Browns. He has lost his detective swagger, guys. Sorry to say. I, I, I'm with you. So why is it on your pull list? Even if we go back to Court of the Owls, he didn't believe the court existed right away, even when the facts were literally thrown, uh, throwing him out the window. It's because he did his detective work. He hasn't been that guy for a long time. So for what we got, and if you want a Batman comic, this is your bet. I'll take the Tom King of Queens uh, right now as my bat book. I, I'm, I don't want a bat book now. I tell, Johnny, I'm I take you. my bat book as Red Hood and the Outlaws. Okay, you got that. My bat book is going to now be... What other ones are there? Good luck. Super Sons, Eric. Number three, Injustice. Two digital, four times a month. That's what I did, too. Uh, so it ends up only being $4 wide. Best damn team book right now. Amazing. And I love the layout, the digital side of it, the writing, the art. Probably my favorite book right now it is mine. This is my number one book. Uh, no doubt. I look forward to it every damn week. Tom Taylor is my boy. Blue Ditch the Hitch. Come on, Justice League. Let's make this tailor-made. I'm with Agreed. you. Number four, Super Sons. Uh, for four bucks, why? It's Damien and John. It's Buddy Cup meets Goonies. 
meets Sister Act 2, meets Godfather 2, meets Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo, meets Homeward Bound 2, meets Manos, The Hand of Fate, or The Hands of Fate. Those two little scamps, that's all I got to say. And I feel like I saw John helping the Teen Titans in a preview, right? And I'm sure I asked Jim a while back, the over-under on John being with the Teen Titans, and he said never, just saying. He's saying that. He's not going to be in the book. He's going to show up. He, yeah. They're not, they're not going to spread that thin. And before Jim argues that John's not a member, he's just helping without a Superboy Con L, they're going to need one soon. This is a test run, a trial. How does it smell to the public? And the thing is, people will like it, but then you really don't need a Super Sons book. There's no. no reason to have Super Sons if you have John and the Teen Titans. So you'll see. Exceptions will be made. Hell, Starfire got to be fucking uh, 25. If not, when Dick was on the Teen Titans with Starfire, he was probably having sex with a minor. Just saying, if exceptions can be made for Starfire, they can be made for John. It's not exceptions. It's Yeah, and here's the thing. Where I say it'll never happen, if the book isn't selling, then they're going to do some crazy shit. It could happen then. But yeah, it's, The pre-Teen Titans. Yeah, it'd be, it would just be stupid to have and a then the book post with him. Titans. with them together because you already have that book but number five batman beyond 399 yeah, yeah and also i'm saying you have teen titans you you have jackson hyde who's uh, you know on the team and they don't know what to do with them starfire in the last issue of the, the lazarus contract that we'll talk about they didn't know what to do with him her either she just stands around so then starfire add, really hasn't had anything to do with this no and, and then you add john in the mix he is he's superboy so obviously he's going to have a lot of attention with him and it'll just be him and damien arguing uh, number five, Batman Beyond, $4. Why it's getting good. The reintroduction of Joker, Damien as Raj, uh, which we saw coming. It's holding my attention. I just wish it wasn't in our DC universe. I wish it was a different universe, completely a different multiverse. I don't know. I, I don't wish that. Uh, we talked, me and you talked about it. It is a shame that it's in the future just yeah. because you kind of see that. It sets whatever. things it's in hard stone to then. go. And yeah, I have a hard time seeing Damien as the demon's head and know our future of our current characters. For example, Bruce will never die or be crippled or lose an eye, a hand, etc. Alfred is going to die as well as Roz. Uh, I'm assuming Superman is gone. Damien will not die. Yeah, Superman's there. Yeah, he's there. Damien will not die. No dick, so he's dead. Uh, I don't know about that either. Or Jason or Catwoman, you get my point. Is Flash dead in this future, Eric? I'm thinking possibly. Yeah. How about Wonder Woman? Um, possibly as well. Possibly, I'm telling you, yeah. I don't know who's all part of the Justice Actually, Beyond at this point. The, the I don't thing, recall back to the, the New 52 that, Batman the, Beyond yeah. where we saw these the characters. The thing that Brett's saying, but like, though, uh, that's, you can pretty much say they're in hiding, possibly, yeah. or, you well, know, that's the anything. Fun of it. Anybody could show back up. Yeah, that's the fun of it. Actually, that's the fun part. The other parts are just, you know, kind of when they go to change something in the present day, how they're going to react to it and that and stuff like that. That's what I always uh, get worried about. But uh, I can only assume they're gone since we had world-ending shit early on when everyone thought Bruce was dead and Terry was spellbinder, but no sign of any of the other league. No, we yeah. had that. Yeah, we had that. We had that. In the, not in this know, series. Not in the, in this, the previous the, series yeah, leading up to this. deal leading up to it. I don't want to already know the outcome of these characters. And I know you'll say they could still be around. It's never said. Uh, some of those, it has been said. So that that isn't true. You, you'd have to go back in the New 52 and stuff and see what's going on and if it's the alternate timeline stuff and whatever. But, well, with all that shit that has happened throughout the Beyond title, why would none of them come back? The whole world was 
pretty much destroyed. Uh, and as we saw it, before, it, it looked like the Justice League had been turned into Brother Eye Cyborgs, but they were, the thing is that that happened, but the, the Justice League was put in stasis and mm -hmm. put away. Maybe there's a lot more heroes in different sections of the world that are, are still in stasis yeah, that need to be found. Stasis. Yeah, they, they would have to find it. Hell, talk to whoever is running around as Batman, even if they think Bruce is dead. Some type of con uh, contact would be made but by them if they were still around that but you just said most of them were in stasis they were yeah. you know kind of uh in in these tubes uh that makes all the destinies of many superheroes finite and i don't like that at all but again there are some that did die but we'd have to see and, and i'm telling you there could be something down the line where it actually changes everything up where this never this future never happens again yeah, kind of like what, another well, future's that's what's end to happen. Degree. i'm telling you this you see this and what how i explained it is is Basically, while we're reading these comics, we're like uh, we're like the Watchmen. We're like yeah. the Watcher. We're outside of time. We're watching these happen. So if if uh, what's it? Doctor Manhattan comes. He kills Bruce. Then they'll just change that. You know, if this is what really happens, and yeah. they're saying like this is it. Bruce is dead. He's never coming back. All of a sudden, that would change in the Batman Beyond book as well, but we would be watching it as it happens in real time. That's just how it has to Because we see Dr. Manhattan playing with timelines throughout this whole thing. He yeah. could go into the future and take that future away. Yeah, and in the meantime, they could say, at one point, we may see something so crazy that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we realize that we've been looking at an alternate timeline all along. I mean, yeah. all of a sudden you had something that we know shouldn't be happens, and then you'll be like, holy shit. But, but until then, you have to go with it. The big thing is uh, DC saying with the Rebirth brand, it's all in the same continuity and universe. But, uh, yeah, it's just that's just how it is. Now, I did hear some people, and they were confused because there is a Batman Beyond cartoon universe multiverse, but that's not this. That's it's different. its own universe within yeah. the multiverse. Yeah, yes. in the multiverse. And even so, that's why you do get things like in this past issue, Bruce's uh, yeah, a way revised, he you know, origin for Batman a Beyond. Revised, actually, not yeah. origin, but like where uh, Bruce stopped Retire. being Batman. Yeah, when he retires, it's a little different. But so. Why is it all? Why is it on my pull list again? Great story, love it, love it, love it. I don't like them changing why Bruce stopped being Batman, but otherwise I like it. I would like it more if it was on a different multiverse. And personally, I'm just gonna say it. It, it is until Dan Jurgens confirms it's on our multiverse's future. I'm not Universe. buying it. Yeah. Yeah, he says that he says multiverse, but I'm not buying it even if it has the Rebirth brand on that at the top. Uh, he has said it. He said it like three times, I've read. Uh, but that was mostly when he said it the first time, and then it got changed and things like that. But we'll see. It's just, here's the thing. The, the problem, like Brett wants it to be a multiverse or an Elseworlds type story. Yeah. They announced that, and half the people reading it drop it. Uh, Brett is one of the few who would prefer that, because when you do have that, then it doesn't have rules all of a sudden. You could do whatever the fuck you want, and that's what Brett wants. Uh, but I don't think I want that. I don't want them all of a sudden we find out crazy shit and things like that. I want it to make sense within the universe. So do and I. That's why I like it. So my that's total the one is, thing. It's so weird because, you know, if we had this whole doomsday clock and this whole Dr. Manhattan deal, like nobody's talking about that 35 years from now, so it couldn't have been that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. Uh, but again, like I said, you have to like kind of be outside of time and watch it in real time and see if one affects the other. Yeah. Uh, but we will. We'll see what's going on.
So it's total $23.90. Now let me say the $25 pull list is trash. How can you get close to $25? I still have a dollar to spend, but I can't or I will go over. We should call it a $24 pull list then. And not everybody goes your fucking route. And we'll see what happens because you need to add tax to that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, even just that. Uh, next thing they call, uh, and next thing we find out that they add fifty cents to the two ninety nine books. It's just, uh, yeah. Who's gonna come out? And then, so you're saying that before it should have been like the twenty three dollar pull list before they changed up that dollar. It's because that's the the only reason we went back to it is because they, you know, it's been a while, but also they changed up those monthly yeah, books. Yeah, see up how it affects dollar. your pull list if you yeah, only had yeah. twenty five dollars a month to spend. Yeah, so. If I take away, if I take one away, like a three ninety nine book, I can't mathematically replace it with a twice a month book. I'll go over. And if I take out a twice a month book, I can't replace it with two single issues, or I'll go over. It's bullshit, he says. Uh, now, when everything is once a month, then it it works with pricing. But until the twice a month goes away, it should be thirty dollar pull list. If it's thirty, I could add my runner up action comics for five ninety eight. Take me up. That, that's the struggle there, Brett. Right under thirty, we have more wiggle room with thirty, and my, we don't want wiggle room. We, that's the problem. You have to guess and say. Just because DC goes and ups their prices doesn't mean you automatically have more money to spend a month. The whole idea is you have twenty five dollars to spend yeah. a month. I actually, this is what I, you have to do. I don't know the exact math, but I think I remember my first pull list. I had like three cents left over worth. You know, it was right to the point. I, I yeah, did I think some mine crazy things. Uh, but yeah, I did some craziness. Like I had a, I may have had a, a, one of the, the digital things or whatever it was, but I tried to make it as close. That's the struggle now. Either you're going to go over and you get, we want you to have to drop a book like an action comics that you would normally put on. Your runner up now does not go in because DC fucked you by adding some money and stuff like that. Uh, or you have to drop one of your monthlies and add that. This in. is a game, Brad. It's, yeah. it's not nom. There are rules. Yeah. Point is, there is a bomb shizzle pull list. My drizzles top that. I get Flash twice, Batman twice, some type of Justice League every week. Two little scamps once a month, and a future Batman story out of Neo Quakertown. I mean Neo Gotham. I get a little from column A and a little from column B. Side note, I took 25 high schoolers to an escape room as a team-building exercise for student council, and no one pissed themselves. I say success. I would have yeah. went there, and I, that, that would not be a team building for me. I'd fucking try to cheat and sell out everyone. I'd escape and fucking close the door behind me. But if I had if I had a final question about the escape room for you two, ready? So I was trapped in a room with eight seniors uh, entitled 50s Diner. Sexy. So it was called the 50s Diner. So we had to break out of a diner. The record time was 47 minutes and I'd 10 I'd say seconds. use the door. Yes, I would too. I'd say I'll have what she's having. <laughs> I asked how much time we have left since I was interested in getting the best time in the escape room. People said 15 minutes left. And I'm telling you, if it got to 15 minutes and one second, I quit. If I don't beat the time, why the fuck am I going to stop? You know, I just stop. I'd say, okay, get me out of this. Thus, we, you wouldn't like these escape rooms. You would get so anxious. People would awesome. be crawling all over you. It's funny, too, because I think of it as the movie The Cube. Next thing you know, fucking, you're getting sliced up. Was that The Cube? Yeah. Yes. Thus, we were at 45 minutes. In order to beat the time, we still had about two minutes left. So I went over to the lock at the main exit door while the kids were still searching for clues. It was a four-digit number lock uh, to the door to exit. I picked the code using my detective skills better than Batman. Mind you, and open up the door at 46 minutes and 12 seconds. The owner said that we cheated, wouldn't put our time down as the best. The owner's reasoning was we didn't answer all the clues. Now, I'm telling you, Brett, this is like the uh, doing a test and not showing your 
work. I'm sure you yeah. fucking said that. By me guessing the lock code to exit, that disqualified us. So my question to you, did I cheat or not? I don't think you cheated. I think that's bullshit. Uh, no, I think it, it's a part of the game, though. You have to go to the whole, all, do every freaking thing before you get to the thing. So that is kind of cheating. Know. You're skipping steps yeah, to get to the end. Yeah, but like if we were in the cube, Eric, and they said you have to do eight steps, but at the end you just have to answer a question. You answer that question, you're out. That's all. It's the final thing. It's an escape room. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you fucking answer all the clues. It's like your life's on the line. you got to get the fuck out. I'm saying, though, this isn't real life. This is a game. There are rules. Yeah, it's just, I think I think that's nonsense. I really do. You're setting it up just to be in there. Now, again, if, if I find out that Brett didn't do, use his detective skills, he knew somebody that did it, and they didn't change the goddamn code, and he just did it, that'd be different, but yeah. I'd still go with it. But thanks again for all you do, boys. I'm excited, as always, for what's to come. Keep the award-winning site trucking along. Stay away from coffee, colon, cleanses, and don't drive angry. That is from Killer B. I just always, want to drive. Always get me riled up, Eric. Always get me riled up. But hey, it, it's annual month. We're allowed to get riled up this week, right? right. A lot of time to breathe, he said. And uh, Brett, thank you for the thank email. You, Thanks, Ben. Thank everybody who emailed us tonight because this is the last email section. And we're going to go off to finish the podcast with a bunch of fun stuff, Eric. Now's the time to hear reviews and Listen to what Jim will say. We'll find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We don't want to hear Eric Shay. Hello, love. We have one more book left, Eric. We have one left to go uh, going forward. And it's not my favorite of the night. Nope. And I have some inside info, Eric. It's not my worst of the night either, though. Inside info. Yeah, I I don't know if it's it's not the worst because I do like the art. It is Trinity Annual uh, if you're keeping score at home. it might be the most infuriating to me, though. It, it really drove me nuts because it, at the end, it just ends. It, it yeah. ends at, with a crazy forced-in tie-in uh, that will continue in August. And it, it seems like this book's playing leapfrog. Seriously, with, I'm like, come books. on, tell I'm one like, story. When, when, is, when is this going to end? Uh, but it is Trinity Annual, number one, written by Rob Williams, art by Gillian March, Tomei Moray, and Carlos M. Manguel. Rob Williams picks up the pieces from issue number seven of this series. And while I will never stick my nose up at the opportunity to see Etrigan in any book, this whole unholy Trinity story seems to lose its way a bit until it ends with some hocus pocus. And it's revealed that it all is just a setup for a story that will continue in August. After everything that DC has done recently, this shouldn't shock me, but it can still upset me, correct? Sure can. It can. Overall, however, this is one of the better issues of Trinity, uh, (laughs) but that is definitely the case of being the tallest midget in the circus, Eric Shea. Uh, the thing is, if people don't remember, and I've heard some people talking about this book that don't seem to remember, but Cullen Bunn wrote the original story that was sure in Trinity number seven. Now, the reason why that story came about was because it wasn't just shoved. It, well, it was shoved in. Yeah. It wasn't supposed to be an issue that was coming out then. What happened is uh, the Francis Manipool, does the usual writing for this book, had an issue where DC deemed it too controversial – 
Oh and my I, God! I think, I think it dealt with something along the lines, and you can quote me, but I wouldn't. I would never quote me. I, I say things like "keep your ear to the pulse on the streets," Eric, and stuff like that. Keep it like real that. in why, the field. Why would you want? Yeah, keep it weird. Keep it real in the field. Uh, what happened was it was an issue, I believe, where there was a terrorist. Uh, and the Justice League – actually, if you want to go with how it would have been at this issue, uh, the King Shark issue, seemed like something like that, where a terrorist had done something awful, but they weren't allowing him to get the justice that he should have gotten. So the, the Trinity swooped in, said, listen, we know that the guy – we know you're angry, but he has to have his day in court, something like this. Yeah. Uh, but but with everything going on, DC was like, we, we don't need – Shit no, like this. no, we don't want that, it, you know, craziness. So out of nowhere, you had this unholy trinity, which was called the Dark Trinity for the most part at the beginning, I believe, and they changed it because it kind of did not mesh well with what we already have. In yeah, because we already have a Dark Trinity. Yeah, so Cullen Bunn wrote this issue, and in fact, I talked to him, and he did verify that it was done a little bit before. This was not, you know, it wasn't like it was meant. It was just a story that was there. He did not do anything with this annual Eric and really to me how he explained it had no idea that this was coming out so they did not ask him what the story was now again maybe he submitted a three-part story that DC knew where he was going to go but it definitely changed and it definitely is a shoehorn in to just force into a storyline, which seems to be a regular running story starting in August in this book that's going to deal with all this nonsense. It's so, going to be so disjointed, though. People are yeah. going to have no idea what's yeah, going it's, on. It's crazy uh, because this book – I hear other people like loving this book. This book has not been good. It no. really hasn't. Uh, and to just – it now it's gotten to the point where it's just disjointed. It's all over the place. And – this issue, I'll give Rob Williams some credit. It's, you know, it's readable. You Look, got I'll it. give it Rob just... Williams credit on the fact that he's like, he came in and said, Lex Luthor's in this unholy trinity? No way. He's a good guy. And got yeah, him yeah. the fuck yeah, out of Yeah, I don't think that that period. was his doing. I think that they probably were like, okay, get Lex out and go because it happens and it happens Because that quick. bothered me in that issue and, well, seven. The only thing that bothers me with this is it, that throws away Almost everything we saw from the so issue that led the into this. Story. Yeah, we had Cersei, who at the point was looking at hieroglyph, you know, cave etchings that had the three of them, and that was pointing to their unholy dark destiny. Yeah. She keeps talking about a trinity that her and Raj have. The and, destiny but it's, they all have that includes yeah. Lex, but doesn't make sense now that Lex said No, Fuck Lex it, is Lex. gone, and she does say, oh, we'll see him later, maybe. But yeah, <laughs> the thing is, these Pandora pits are supposed to be tied into them being a trinity. This should not – they should not really work for them. No. Not that they even really – worked before all they well, did I don't was even know fight what they off really do no, i know well this is where my main problems with this whole story and this issue as well a lot of things happen and we're left not knowing what things because these pandora pits might as well be just you know hocus pocus magic pits that do whatever you want yeah. because all the, the evils one, of this world and others yeah. contained within these pits yeah the I, I don't understand it but yeah, at the beginning... That means anything could happen, kids. Yeah, yeah, it's so crazy. At the beginning, you have Cersei, and she's saying to Roz, hey, and I'm going with Roz now, Eric. That's just natural. I was saying all week, I, I'm going to change to Raish. I'm going natural, Roz, how I always said it. But yeah, she's kind of... She's the hype man. She's like, hey, Roz, listen, we have this trinity. Why is the trinity... Why are Diana, you know, Wonder Woman, uh, Batman, and Superman, why are they a trinity? And Roz, who's, you know, he's a tactical guy, says, 
oh, it's you know strength in numbers. This is why. This is why I have no. the League of Assassins. No, you. St- it's funny. I expected at the beginning. Listen, Ross, I'm going to ask you a question. There are no dumb answers. Okay, you can answer any way you want. Any answer. There's no dumb answers. Why do you think there's this trendy strength in numbers? You stupid idiot. Yeah, that's not it. Because she just no. shoves them off. She's like, no, it's, no, no. It's it's very reminiscent to me too that the conversation we kind of have though with Clark, Diana, and Bruce yeah. at the, at yeah. the restaurant, like we're like, they're like no, and I think Clark, that's what they're Clark, playing with. No dumb answers here. But. So stupid. <laughs> so stupid. But yeah, they're like, no, it's faded. Uh, why? You know, and Cersei even says, why then if it's strength in numbers, why don't they call the rest of the Justice League? And really, every every reader wants to know this answer. Exactly. I thought we were going to get an answer finally. I'm like, uh, my ears, you know, the answer is up destiny, oh, Jim. Yeah, it's destiny and trend. And they know that they'll be there when the rest of the world gets destroyed. They'll be there as well, just like us, Roz. Uh, yeah, and then Roz is like, yeah, but but Luther, he disappeared. He left. <laughs> now, the other thing, though, I know what you're saying. I know that you're saying you you have to get Lex out. He's a good yeah. guy, right? Why, why isn't he fighting them then? Why doesn't he go to somebody to get somebody else to come back? And, you know, why doesn't he go to Superman? Why doesn't he go to somebody? Because he's leaving two of the most evil people in a place that he has seen. Now, we don't know what these pits Look, do, but it no, seems like know. Lex might. Because uh, they I'm going to fought- play devil's advocate with this one, all right? Yeah. Lex. He has done a lot of things to try to gain street cred to make him look like a good guy in the eyes of the other heroes. Now, with this idea that he's supposed to be this big bad destroyer of the fucking world, we even had that with freaking uh. So he's just getting the the fuck out. I knew you were going there. He's getting the fuck out because he does not want to be associated with this. People come looking like. Hey, Lex, what's this cave painting yeah. about you destroying well, the world? The problem is, is he should know better because even then, Cersei has not written him off. So when they no. go to do something without him really stopping them, she says, ah, he'll be back. I'm sure of it. And she says, Luther, Luther will return eventually. Three of us are brought here, and our alliance is already written by hands unknown. She's fully in with Lex still being part of the group, and there are cave paintings and etchings <laughs> of him with them. You know what I mean? He's got to do something. He should have fucking laid waste to all this. Or and just you know like, what? In August, we might see he might come back and fucking say, you know what? I'm not with you fuckers, and I'm a hero. You you don't – if you want to say he's coming back, you know why I think he's coming back? Because Bizarro is involved. That's why I think, yeah. yeah. But again, that's a hokey tie back in. He's going to be coming back to, again, try to get rid of one of his other mistakes that he did. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a hero on the rise, Jim. He's made mistakes, but he's trying to get there. On the rise. That's right. I just – the biggest problem here is we don't know what the pits are. We we have no idea. They're just these things that are evil, and they're they're smoking. I see that, and I know when I grew up, anybody who smoked, Eric, they were evil. Uh, but then you go and you go with Clark. Uh, uh, listen to you smoking away, you evil son of a bitch. But there's Bruce, Clark, and Diana. They're having dinner. You get this whole thing, and and again, it's nice enough because we haven't really seen this since Reborn. Uh, but because of what we saw in Justice League and things I like, like that, I like the Reborn I'm, one way better though. This I'm, I'm is get- this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm getting kind of sick of this anyway, and I really don't like the way Clark is drawn in this. I think he looks terrible, uh, and Bruce looks like Bruce looks more cartoony than the rest of them. It just Diana looks good, I, but Gillian March is a little weird. off here. 
Yeah, well, they do. It, it's very odd here because they're having this dinner. Bruce has called them, and it's like they're supposed to be pointing out to themselves how close they are, but they really don't seem close at all. They no. There's no chemistry at all here. There's the whole especially thing with, after Reborn now. They shouldn't even have to deal with this nonsense no. because they've had a whole history now with yeah, the Superman. Yeah, well, I, I think that basically Bruce, it, it's a, like a timeout. He's like, hey, listen, we had some time. Uh, you know, we've been doing this stuff together. I wanted to meet, it, you know, without our costume. <laughs> On, but it's hey not there, like Hayseed. I know yeah, you can't a, afford much because you're a farmer. Yeah, I'm going to take you to the most so expensive weird. restaurant and still make you yeah, pay. Yeah, and then he's like, hey, I'm going to make you pay. Oh, he's not going to make you pay. Yeah, I'm going to make you pay. And it's just – it's supposed to be kind of goofy fun, Human I think, but it wasn't. Means fucking people over. Yeah, yeah. It was just weird. Well, in the meantime, they get a call. This is – I don't – you tell me if this is out of time, the way that the thing progresses, or if possibly Lex calls them. I don't know because it seems like Jason Blood calls them. And interrupts yeah. their – but in the sequence of the issue, we haven't even been introduced to him yet. So it's it's way out of sequence of what you what we get because I'm telling you, Clark says, hey, ho- hold on. I hear something. I'm hearing the Justice League alarm for incoming distress calls. And then Bruce or, – oh, no, Wonder Woman says, what is it, Clark? And he says, trouble. But that's just as we're introduced to Jason Blood heading Yeah, it's a weird progression. This. And it's a really bad progression to me. I actually even forgot about that part. Yeah, for some I, reason, I, like, I well, once we got to Jason again. Blood, I forgot all about that Justice yeah. League distress and, call. And the other thing is what happens is Jason Blood has been drawn towards this, this these pits like – you know, everybody has been, like Lex was, like Cersei so, and like Ron. It, it was all this predestiny shit that had yeah, to do well, with this that's unholy what I'm saying. Having this Jason Blood show ang- up and being called yes. as well does not this jive. This is what – it's like almost like when Lex is like, I'm out. It resets and calls oh, somebody else. It's weird. It, it doesn't make sense. Pandora it's very shoehorned in. But yeah, and they do have a plan B. But as this goes with Jason – and Etrigan eventually, it, it really gets away from that Trinity because even then Etrigan doesn't want any parts of them. So oh. this Trinity deal kind of gets set aside. If it was me writing, I would have had that that Cersei and Roz have to find a third and leave you wondering who the fuck it is. But instead they, they go even crazier. But as Jason Blood gets here, he's drawn to these uh, pits and he's going down in the cave and he sees the craziest painting on like, the what wall. What happened to the painting we saw before? Why is it now? That was goddamn, somewhere else. They, I'm I know, telling it's you, weird maybe just to have this. Yeah, that was I know. A- that was such a cool ass painting to me because yeah. it was these characters like depicted as if they were from ancient times from the people yes. that drew it. Yeah. This is straight up, you know, and what, Batman, what Superman, what you're saying is, costumes being devoured and what by you're demons. saying, the thing you're talking about is Cersei, Roz, and Lex. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the three. This is Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, and they're getting their entrails eaten by demons. That, that's basically the deal. Which it's funny because all of this, when we saw that thing, like you said, that you liked with the unholy Trinity, yeah. it seemed like this was like a timeless thing like this was destined this is from there it's weird because what's happening in this painting just seems to kind of happen in this issue and they avert it uh but even so you have jason blood then take a magical selfie he says which isn't a selfie it's It's not a selfie it's a snapshot no he's taking a snapshot why does he say selfie because he's not with it he just wants to try to be cool he's just weird but he sends it off he sends off this magical picture fly back to the heroes give them warning of the and the location this is how we used to call things a tweet yeah, the, the weirdest thing about this is why would this go to the 
you know, the voicemail of the Justice League helpline. Why didn't this go to the dinner and show? It's a magical fucking picture, but it seems like that's what ends up being on that that call they got. Because I imagine though, this entire time, Jason Blood has lived so long. He tries to ingrain himself with every culture and civilization. Mm -hmm. He is, you know, we don't see Jason Blood for a long ass time in between each time he shows up, and. He just sits there and tries to integrate his He's magic with social media in. now. I'm just wondering why does it go to the Justice League voicemail? But I, I, I can oh. just imagine that voicemail too, like you're saying. I was going to make a little. Does that sound like I'm on a voicemail now, Eric? I, I yeah, changed it works my voice. Like, hey there, Daddy O. What's going on there, crazy cats? <laughs> He's like talking all different lingo. I know hey, you bra. guys are the bee's knees, but you yeah. need to get oh, over here. Bees, knees, be here, be square. Yeah, yeah, be there, so be square. Crazy. But yeah, he's talking selfies. He sends us off. Somehow that magical picture goes to the Justice League helpline. Uh, just weird. Uh, then he runs into the League of Assassins. The League of Assassins. I like this part, actually. And I do love Etrigan. Uh, he's not as much rhyming and so stealing much. in this as I like. But it's Jason Blood still here in the League of Assassins. Like, hey, this uh, this island's under the protection of Raja Gold in the League of Assassins. And the hero's name is Death. And I, he's a badass. I mean, Jason Blood's been around forever. That's the thing. I like Jason Blood. I hate Etrigan. Yeah, I know. I know. I like both of them. I do like both of them. And uh, he pulls back his hood. It is Jason Blood. He tells him and says, oh, you know what? I guess you shouldn't have told me that because now you're going to have to die. And he then summons Etrigan. And, you know, it's the whole gone, gone, no form of man. Uh, you know, rise the, and demon, rise Etrigan. the demon Etrigan. He comes in the art here is incredible. I, I love it. I really do. I'm a huge Gilly March fan. We haven't gotten him in a long time. I do think this issue is a little down from what we usually get I think get the Etrigan him. stuff looks cool, but for the yeah. most part, I am not a fan of the art. Yeah, I'm saying this is not his usual deal. I said in my review, I still like it enough. It's not his usual greatness. Like that but, early yeah. stuff with Cersei and Roz, pretty much whenever they're on panel, I don't like it at all. Yeah, I don't I don't mind Cersei and Roz, uh, even though it starts to get a little Monster Men-like uh, in in the detail. So yeah. I don't like that, but I, do, I don't like his Clark at all. But as this goes, you have Etrigan now. The issue is kicked into... I don't know, nonsense overdrive, because now you're going to completely push aside everything that's been built up just to make... Yeah, just to make a monster issue with Etrigan and Jason Blood, and because he goes down, uh, Etrigan's going to go, he's drawn to the pits, he goes down, and that's where Roz there is like, hey, demons can still bleed and die, slices them only to get the blood, and Cersei's like standing there, if this was you, you'd be diving, because you'd oh be afraid God. you're going to get hepatitis, I'm and not it, by it that splashes, blood. and she's like, huh, I wonder what happens if demon blood goes in the Pandora pits, and this is the problem, we don't know what the Pandora oh. pits do, so we don't know so whatever is going to happen is going to happen and it basically pulls Etrigan in which does end up separating him and Jason Blood and makes fucking Etrigan this huge ass giant yeah, he becomes a kaiju out. monster. Yeah, a big kaiju monster who's going to go and stomp through this island and attack people just as kind of I, – I don't know. It's not it, – it's more – I guess I could say it's it's filler. Hey, yeah. oh, that's all it is. He's going to attack with this demon horde. And really, the way this plays out to me, the way he grows out of this Pandora pit and busts through this, ingi- this entire temple on this fucking little island, yeah. everything is destroyed in the Pandora pits are covered for eternity. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's so weird though. You know what I mean? He just comes out, but we don't know what happens. Why didn't 
the things before do that like why did it separate them why it's just this whole thing now i do like because you have the the regular trinity uh wonder woman superman and batman coming in on the batwing i don't even know why why is wonder why didn't wonder woman fly why didn't they hold batman do they want him it all it is is because they have to separate and batman needs a way to not get you know detained uh, i guess you know they want to go full speed in order to do that they need to have batman covered in something well, here's the thing. They're doing it, though, and it's ripping apart the Batwing anyway. He's like, hey, you know what? We can't do that. It's just, to me, it's it's complete nonsense. It, it really seemed like that. Like, also, how about this? Have Batman go. Superman probably can go faster than he is now. Have him go ahead. But they get there. I'm telling you, I think it's just so when they get attacked, Batman yeah. has some coverage be, so he doesn't get killed right away by demons. But really, they're just going to fight. Etrigan is now going to fight Superman and Wonder Woman. It just continues. There's nothing really really to it i i always like etrigan but there really isn't anything to this they're just gonna fight batman separates and they say hey go check out where that cave painting is uh and find out what's going on the problem is they make it seem like jason blood left this long message and things but we saw exactly when he sent it off he didn't say shit even that whole thing like i said when they're like jason blood sounded worried with that message when did he leave that message because we saw this picture just go off but it's magical voicemail it's magic but there's a a weird thing in this fight too where batman's there and he's kind of spelling out what he's going to do and then Superman can hear him, but then he can't and seems confused and doesn't go, you're going to die. It's really weird the way it plays off uh, because Batman says that, hey, they're pulling the the bat plane apart. She can't stay airborne. Then you see Batman and then the image blood sent, you find it. And then he's like, Wonder Woman, Superman, hold them back. And then Superman yells like, the bat plane, Batman, Etrigan's got me. I can't get to you. He's just said that he's ejecting and going to do this. Well, that's the thing is, like, when he says that, I actually took it as, you know, Batman ejected, he disabled the parachute, now he's just dive-bombing towards the ground, and that's what Bruce, I mean, Clark is worried about. But he's not even looking to where Batman is, he's looking at the goddamn Bat Bat. he's got me, I can't get to you, you'll die. But Batman's already spelled out exactly what he's going to do, he says, the the Batplane can't take it. I'm ejecting. I'm out. It just, it was weird. It was like a weird progression there. And Batman just separates. This is the part that I like, though. I like the Jason Blood part. I like that he wants to die now. You know, we've seen this in a lot of things. It's weird, though, because the whole thing is he walks out, the sunlight hits him, and then he starts reverting to an old man because the curse is lifted now. And, you know, but we can't have him die right away because he he has to have that exposition with the Trinity and shit like that and what it takes to, like, put the curse back in order. But I'm like, You are thousands of years old at this just point. Be you should a just pile of turn dust. to goddamn dust. Yeah, he should just be dust. But they, they, you know, they have to have that. But at least this is something good. It did remind me, uh, if you read the Batman Superman story by Tom Taylor in the New 52, uh, at the end, if you remember that, Eric, it was the guy who was being used. Oh, I remember. Kryptonian, the Kryptonian. And at the end, they just sat there and, and let him die with them while they were watching the sunset. It reminded me so much of that. Oh, wait, was he mean, Kryptonian or was he a uh, Daxamite? Oh, uh, he was a Daxamite. He, okay. But they thought he would remember uh, Superman thought he was Kryptonian at one point, but he wasn't. Uh, but yeah, but he was going to die. They were using him for his power and then yeah. they got Superman. So they let him go. He kind of was involved in kind of selling Superman out. But yeah, this is the Tom Taylor Batman Superman deal. If you can read it, it's really, really good. Uh, we'll we'll push that story anytime. Oh, uh, and really, people were talking about a lot of things about, you know, hey, who should be on books? I'd love if Tom Taylor was either on Justice League or this book. I think this book, he'd kill it too. So uh, do But I. Batman comes flying in. He's got his, you know, his goddamn fucking kite thing. He's like Kite Man now. He's flying in. Hell yeah. 
Yeah, he grabs Jay. And even then, like you said, Jason Blood should be dead. He is withering away, and Batman just grabs him as he flies by and just yanks Half him up. His bones He's are broken from this yank. He's killing him. But yeah, in the meantime, the the whole thing boils down to the only way they can stop this is to get Jason Blood to get Etrigan bound into him again so he could protect the world from Etrigan. So uh, Jason Blood says the only way you can do this is a sacrifice, and it's got to be a huge one. It's got to be humongous. And then that's where you have Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman are just like, we'll do it. We'll sacrifice ourselves for the good of everything. And it really threw me off. Just Superman, you've you got a wife and kids. Uh, yeah. It really, like, come on now. Just Wonder Woman sacrificing herself should be enough. And that still sucks. And it's funny, too, because Batman's like, you know what? Superman, he's at, I'm trying to get to the part where he's talking about how great everybody is. And he's talking, he says, like, Superman. They go back to that whole thing, too, about the connection. The most human man says, I know whose powers will always get him apart, like, who will always set him apart as alien, driven by those he couldn't save. A goddess of peace, alone in the world of constant war, forever cursed to lose to an unwinnable battle. Yeah. And the funny thing is, at this point, it seemed like they were in connection. They were in contact through the the uh, the comms because right. even Wonder Woman had talked to Jason Blood uh, about this going in. I'm telling you, Batman is waiting for one of them to jump in to say something about him. He's like, yeah, <laughs> "Hey, Superman, the most human man I know." Who's and he's saying, "Oh, oh Wonder Woman, a goddess of peace, alone in the world, a constant war." He's like, and. Guys, are you still there? Anybody? Anybody say God something about me? It. Nobody. He's like, God, I'm dying alone again. They don't say anything about him. Uh, but the sacrifice works. It actually pulls Etrigan back. It's a huge sacrifice. Unfortunately, Cersei interrupts it and then makes the craziest claims here. Like if she says, uh, she won't. And I like the whole thing. Hey, we're connected. I'll, I'm not going to let anybody kill Wonder Woman unless it's me. I like that. But she just says, if the spell requires power for these three to live, then Cersei will provide it. What power? Okay. What, is she, what is she doing? Because now there's no sacrifice. This nope. has to be a sacrifice. Nothing that I see that Cersei does is any sort of quote-unquote sacrifice anyway, but it seemed to be you Do know, I just have life. to say I'll do this? Is that the yeah. sacrifice? The yeah, willingness? I, I don't know what's going on. And in the meantime, they're talking about, and Roz is like, what the fuck's going on? You know, this is, we're, we're going to end up, the, the pits are going to be here. They're going to get them. And Cersei just basically says, no, no, don't nope. worry about it. Yeah, it'll be fun. We're not going to have anything happen. Thank well, I had the map. Yeah, yeah. But, it, it, like, this is all of a sudden this whole lead up to the sacrifice. It never happens, even though Jason Blood still gets to hold back Etrigan, and he goes in. And I do like when he's like, hey, what rhymes with crap? But I, I have a feeling in my mind, too, I think Jason would have been a little more pissed. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I just wanted to die. But he did tell them what they had to do. Yeah. And he's, he's a good guy. He's going to do that. And that painting's gone. The pits are gone. Like everything that they've had, all of this is now completely gone. Everything's disappeared. Cersei, Roz, the pits, the paintings, everything's gone. And we don't know why. We have no idea why. And we, I just, I just started shaking my head at this point. Thankfully, I, I have their map. Yeah, because that's where you go. And now they're in Antarctica. Weeks later, the pits are there. Roz and uh, Cersei are there. And it's funny, too, because if you see right when it starts, you have them talking. It's like, hey, it takes much to impress Raz al Ghul. Uh, but you were correct, Cersei. And then they're there with the pits there. The uh, Jason, Bizarro, and Artemis are already there. 
they're already standing. Yeah, you yeah. can see their feet. And I'm like, why isn't Roz saying anything now? Like, they're just there. And he's just talking. Hey, the Pandora pits can travel far. And then she says, thankfully, I have their map. Now, is the I don't understand. Is the map the the Dark Trinity? Is I don't the know. map something else? Did she get a painting? I, I don't know. And she's like, and what's mine is yours, Roz. Now they're getting sexy. They're tied together. And then she's like, oh, fate. It was written. And there's the Trinity of Trinities. Bizarro Red Hood Artemis. My friends, we have much to plan. And you see there and you see exactly you have Artemis. Uh, uh, Bizarro and Jason Todd there. Now, the only thing that worries me, not worries me, and then it says not the end, and it is going to continue in August. The thing that confuses me is, number one, Jason Todd is not going to fucking fall, you know, fall for any of this. No. I don't know if these are some of those... Uh, remember when we saw, we saw Wonder Woman, Batman, and uh, Superman come out of the pits already and fight the, you know, Lex, Cersei, and Rise. The freaking composite trinity we had. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if this is something along those lines because it just seems like th this is obviously just a cliffhanger we're going to see what's going to happen uh but no way are they the three of them willingly going to help these three against batman superman and wonder woman it, oh, absolutely it's not. nonsense so we got to see what's going to happen like in my and, mind for some reason they're they're fucking magically controlled at this point yeah, that's the yeah, way either, I took like it. i said either magically controlled and uh even so Cersei earlier, Roz did throw out the Animen out of nowhere yeah. to cut, and I'm like, ooh, maybe this something is something that they're doing. These are Animen with the Pandora pits combined, and you're getting something like that. I don't know. We're going to have to see, but it seems like what she's saying, you would think that they have to have the authentic trinity. Uh, dark Trinity, but we'll we'll see what's going on. We'll we'll see, or maybe I don't know. This what, is for just some reason, I took it like when she said the Trinity of Trinities, because now we have the the regular Trinity, the unholy Trinity, and then the Dark Trinity show yeah, up. I'm this, like, is that but, the Trinity of Trinities? Now, do we have to have three of Trinities? Yeah, well, a Trinity for each is, pit. I don't know. We don't because they only have two people. Lex yep. is not there with them. You don't have that Trinity there. It's so nonsense that they didn't resolve that there's only two of them. But we'll see. I'm, I said she said Lex is going to be back. Maybe Lex will be controlled. Maybe he will show up to, to try to stop it in some way. He'll be controlled. But there is no three trinities at the moment. There's nope. two and two thirds. That's nonsense. But like I said, I do like I'd like the art enough, but it's not as good as Gilliam March's normal. Uh, no, not so, at all. And the story. It is a bit of nonsense. It's weird because a lot of people are writing it off as, oh, it's just an annual. But the problem is it continues the story. So yeah, you and can't it fucked up what we had in the first story. Yeah, you can't just say it's just an annual because of what it does and what it's going from. So because of that, I gave it a 6.9. Uh, I think I could have even went a little lower. Um, but Etrigan was fun. <laughs> I'm telling you. I just don't understand any of – like. You had some fun, but the actual basis, it's like building on a, a fucking foundation of sand. You yeah. don't know anything of what the story is still after two issues, and it's changed. So I don't know. Maybe I went a little high. What, what would you give it? Okay, I'm not a huge fan of the art of this issue. I do love Gillian Marsh. This was a, some big missteps, I think, from like what we usually get from him in this issue. Yeah. And the story was nonsense because it totally rewrites everything that we saw happen in the previous issue of Trinity number 7. And, you know, going forward, you know, you have no idea what these pits do like we've been talking about. So because of all these problems and the fact that I don't like our main characters when they're, you know, Bruce just comes off as a dick. And they like it's so weird that they need to have this connection, even though they have an entire history now that 
that everything that we've built this whole series upon means nothing now because Reborn happened. So because yeah. of all of these things, I'm going to give it a 5.3 out of 10. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, like I said, I think because it's one of those. I only had two books to review. You had one. So, I, yeah. you know, you didn't like your Wonder Woman annual as much as I did. But read just doing two books, I think it was – I was in high spirits, Eric. Yeah. Because I do think I went a little high on both issues. I was just happy to get done and go to bed by 8. Yeah, old old man Jim heading to bed at eight o'clock. Uh, but yes, that is the podcast, Eric, and we're gonna wrap this up right now. This is gonna be a two-hour podcast, right? We have no I thought idea. we already had two hours. I, we probably did. This is the best. We're ending it, and we still haven't recorded the majority of the podcast. But we're nope. gonna end it. What? What is your book of the week, Eric? My book of the week is Flash. Yeah, mine actually is Flash as well. Uh, it's funny because I thought I went lower, but I, I did like the Wonder Woman annual, but it just I, – I think I gave that a 7. You gave it a 7, I, I yes. I did give the Flash a 7.9. So I, even when, with me yelling and saying it's nonsense, it still was probably the best book of the week. Uh, I'm trying to get my app here, Eric, to tell you what we are going to talk about next week. Now, we did have a reprieve a bit this week as long as – you know, we had four books. It's not that next week. Unfortunately, no. next week uh, we have a lot of shit. You want to hear what we I got to get started on my reviews earlier this week because I do have a lot. Yeah, I do too. And I, I think I'm going to try to do that as well. Though I say that the uh, the best uh, late plans of mice and men, Eric, this app takes so goddamn long to go. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of something to say to you. It, it's loaded now, Eric. We have Aquaman number 24. We have Bane Conquest number two, which is one of those. I'm telling you, until that is over, it's always going to surprise me every oh, yeah. time that it comes out. We have Batman number 24, which is going to be a kind of a wrap-up of everything, it seems, uh, before we head off into the jokes and riddles, the war of jokes and riddles. Uh, we have Cyborg number 13, Eric. I know you're looking forward to that. We have uh, that Dark Knight 3. That book me every time it shows up. Yes, Dark Knight 3, The Master Race number 9, which finishes the series and is so odd that they didn't have it come out this week. Well, it was supposed to originally. It never, I, it I, I guess it got pushed back again. Maybe it's one of those because we have it, – it's always delayed, so we usually only get it on annuals week. Maybe and it sells fucking gangbusters. So maybe they were thinking, you know what? Let these annuals and everything come out this week. Have it space. We're just going to throw Dark Knight 3 wherever, and it's always going to sell. It seems. Uh, Deathstroke number 20, which will continue off from the Lazarus contract to the Deadstroke. Deadstroke. Deathstroke no more. We have Green Arrow number 24. Uh, that's still the Star City uh, arc there. We have Green Lanterns. Number 24, Eric, a, a book that is going down in our opinion, right? We're, it's we're been two. down in my opinion for a long time yeah, now. Harley but you know what? I, I want to know what's going on with Vothum, so I want, okay. I'll, I'll look forward to it to a degree. Yes. Harley Quinn number 21, which will continue that future Batgirl story coming back to take care of Harley Quinn. We have Just League number 22, which is the Shea Fontana written issue. Uh, so no Brian Hitch. On and you know what? I was week. actually um, – I, oh, no, never mind. When you said the Shea Fontana, for some reason, I would just jump to the future. I thought we were talking about Wonder Woman because I actually no, just no, saw an interview today like with Shea Fontana have, talking yeah. about the Wonder Woman. And it seems like, you know, her run coming up on that about how yep. that it's all the compassion is going to stay and it's all going to be about the love and shit like that. Like kind of yes. Greg uh, Ruckus set forward but, except well, in the past. Well, we'll see if there's love for the Justice League. It's funny. I think that people are going to review that higher than what they usually would just because it's not Brian Hitch. I have this feeling, Eric. I'm not saying that's going to be me. I'm going to review it like I review everything, Eric, with a dartboard. 
Nightwing number 22. We have the blockbuster story starting, I believe, but I think that that solicit got pushed back. I don't know. I don't know. I think it got. I think that's why we had that one shot last time. It might be blockbuster this issue now. We'll we'll see. We have Superman number 24. There you go. We're going to see more of what's going on in that goddamn fucking. Hamilton County's terrible. County's fucking ridiculous. Uh, The end of the Fallen Rise of Captain Adam. That's the number six issue. Uh, I like the last issue, so I'm looking forward to that. And we have Eric Wonder Woman, Steve Trevor, number one, a one shot done by what this says: Tim Seeley, Christian Doucet, and Paul Radnond. Radnond. Yeah, I, these one-shots, I, I told Eric before that they remind me, we haven't gotten those in a while, but we did have a Superman Lois Lane number one back in the New 52, and we had a Joker's Daughter. I'm pretty uh, sure we had an Amanda Waller as well. We, we might have. I can't remember because I usually were doing, I was doing those, so we I'd have to look back. Uh, but yeah, the, they were all nonsense. So I, I don't have high hopes for this. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but I think I'm going to be reviewing that. So we'll we'll talk about it next week. We're going to talk about all those. Uh, on the actual site, we have our Marvel Mondays, where we review Marvel books on Monday. We have previews up on Tuesday. On Wednesday, we have our pop culture podcast. On Thursday, we have a spotlight, Eric. But also, we have a new thing that I came up with after Brandon talked about the Hall of Fame of reviews. I have a thing throwback Thursday. We're on Thursday. I kind of pick some relevant uh, older reviews from us. It's stuff that we did mainly back in the New 52. It, it should be. Yeah. Uh, of things. I, last week I put up Batman 44 because of all the flack that I was getting with Batman 23. I wanted to shove Eric's way. I did. I put up the Reverse Flash uh, Villains Month issue. I think it was 23.2. It the was. numbering, that crazy number, uh, because of Reverse Flash coming back. And then I also threw up my Wonder Woman 35, which was when Brian Azzarello ended his run of Wonder Woman because of the ending of the truth story. So yeah, if you check that out on Thursday, on Friday, we'll have occasionally have a top five. We also have on Thursday Reggie's uh, covers of the week. Things going on, or things are all Every goddamn day going on but yes eric that is it that is the end of the podcast and uh, what do we say at the end everybody have a great week keep it weird and we'll see you in seven see you in seven